it's Halloween weekend, so I hope all of you are in your best superhero costumes as you listen to the best goddamn DC Comics <laughs> podcast. Possibly spooky DC Comics podcast. Spooky scary. This is the mighty, mighty weird science. Yes, it and is. And I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. I'm Jim Warner. And this, if you're keeping track, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I surprise you there? <laughs> a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit of a delay. I don't know what to expect with that, yes, honestly. Every you time never you know. Go. I usually but, uh, surprise you, do I? Okay, what? Well, go back to your go back to your bit. If you're keeping track, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number ninety-five. Is this the cellar dweller? Is no. this the famed cellar dweller, Eric? Five <laughs> more episodes. Five more. That's Shit. it. Hello and welcome to the official, unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of Whoa. October 29, 2016. It's funny. All the notes that I've done tonight. What little notes I've done tonight. Never even occurred to me that it's Halloween weekend. <laughs> I always forget my youngest son, Logan. I only have two sons now that are going to be trick-or-treating. My youngest son, Logan, keeps yelling because we haven't gotten costumes yet. And he keeps like, he he's not very subtle. He wants to go to that Spirit of Halloween oh, yeah, store, yeah. the one that Jess worked at that one year. And uh, so terrible. it doesn't matter what happens. You, you'll say, you know what? I feel like grilled cheese sandwiches. He's like, huh. That reminds me of the spirit of Halloween. Just everything he says. And finally, I got so sick of it. I told him, if you do it again, done. We're not going. It's over. It's canceled. He did it again this morning. We were going food shopping. And I said, oh, you, what do you want to get? We'll go home because we go pretty early. Yeah. So I said, we're going to buy a bunch of things. What do you want for breakfast? When we get home, we're going to make breakfast. I don't know what I want for breakfast, but I do know I want to go to the spirit of Halloween. I said, canceled. I can really sink my teeth into a nice new costume. A nice vampire costume. (laughs) And then all he wants to do is get, uh, I want to get a costume. I want to be the Purge. I want to be the Purge. purge? I'm like, what do you mean you're going to be the Purge? He wants to be Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I guess he does. Then, then you know, the big joke for a kid that he's 10, almost 11, and uh, his brother, 13, Rafe, is 13. He's going to go. This is probably one of his last times. They're claiming 16 this is the last year, but uh, their their big joke is, oh, we're going to get clown costumes. Ugh. I'm like, no, you're not. Shut no, your mouth. No, you're Shut not. your mouth. There's enough problems in the world without you getting clowns. Not enough problems this week. We'll get into Seriously. a little bit about it if you didn't listen to the uh, the spotlight. And then there was another problem that happened later, the worst. <laughs> but uh, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network, Eric. Proud. I, I, I am right now, I'm teetering. I am walking the tightrope of losing my voice again. I kind of have it. Not quite, though. I'm grabbing it like Dr. Fate is grabbing on the threads, Eric. The threads. <laughs> and because nobody reads that book, they have no idea what you're no, talking about. They're like, what is he talking about? The threads. But yeah, I can I can feel my voice just going as we talk. I'm sure you by the end it'll right be going. Now, well, I have some halls. I have two coffees I, and three cups of barks all lined up. I'm sure that that only <laughs> means I will spill everywhere. every bit of it at some <laughs> point. I kept the lights on. Only because of that. And, you know, we like to keep the lights on here. And oh, you know yeah. how we do that? By getting emails from people at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Uh, you could join us on, yeah, and that's how it works. Uh, and when the electric company calls, or you know, when we have this on Podbean and they call for the money, I say, but people email us. And they go, okay, you're good. Look at all these listens. Come on, like, yeah. company. Clicks. Get on the trolley. We're back to paying things with clicks. Yeah. Twitter, Weird Science DC. That's taken off recently. There's a lot of people just going nuts with us on Twitter, and I love it. 
I so love I. it. I love it. I, I actually feel bad. Uh, and it happened again this week. It, it seems to be a steady thing for us. When the weekend hits, we are pretty much the whole weekend we're in podcast mode. We're either yeah. recovering from recording five hours with Reggie on, on Friday night or we're getting ready or whatever. So every time I, t- I check on Twitter, there's like 70 messages. 70 tweets and stuff, and I, I can't keep up very well, especially on Saturday. So I yeah, apologize. I'm better on a Tuesday. Maybe not even Tuesday. No, Tuesday's Thursday. not a good day either. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, and we are on Podbean where we pay in clicks. Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. You can go and follow us there if you like. We're also on... If you damn Yes. Oh, it's the cellar dweller. Uh, We are also on iTunes. We're on all those crazy things where you can get podcasts. And if you do get us on one of those and you would like to rate and review us, we'd appreciate it. No rate. You don't really want to. No rate and reviews. No ratings or reviews this oh, week. That's how it's weird. People are busy Even with, with their costumes and their trick or treats. It's. I. I would say to you, this is a very busy week for us. Uh, this podcast, I will tell you right now, seventeen books yeah. we had this week. That's a lot. I think it's the and, most we've ever had. And uh, though I, we talked right before we started recording. I have the least amount of notes for 17 books. I, yep. I had more notes the one week that we had an annual week with five books. I really, these books, I'm not saying they're good, bad, and different. Just not a lot for me to write down. No. I, I hope we find something to talk about. Usually we do. Uh, but yeah, I think in general. You got even, any good poop stories this week? Oh, I do. Uh, but it also, it seems like a lot of people were busy this week. I don't know if it's getting ready for Halloween, just whatever, because in my estimation, we have less mail as well. And I would love to think that some people actually thought, you know what? They got a lot of fucking books. Maybe I'll lay off the mail till next week. What it week. is, they had to read all of these books and didn't have they're a chance still to send them out. They're still they, reading, yeah, man. Yeah, they're still reading. Uh, but uh, you know what we do have, and we have a bunch of, we have Rant and Raves, Eric. And oh, this is the Weird Rant Science and Rant and Rave line where you can call. Toby has changed the game, but you can still call <laughs> 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452 Three two eight, followed by the pound sign. But like you have probably heard on the podcast, you can also record the rant and raves yourself and email them. Which I'll say the email again: weirdsciencedccomics at gmail dot com. It it tends to sound a little better that way. I will admit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have a bunch. We're going to play them right now. And as always, Eric, I would love to hear your comments as we hear the rant and raves. Of course. Uh, here we go. We're going to start with your man, Toby. What up to the Get Fresh crew? This is your boy Toby, miking it in from the UK. Um, I'm about to head out to a uh, Halloween party with my girl Debbie. We're uh, a little bit drunk, but not as uh, shit-faced as I was last week. I apologize for that, Any um, anyone who heard that and that was good. thought I was rambling. Um, but the first time I did one of these recordings for you guys, um, I reviewed the... Uh, what was it? Night of the um, see, I've, I've blocked Monster it from Man. my mind. It was yep. so horrible. Night, uh, Night of the Monster Man. That uh, clusterfuck. Of a crossover, but um, yeah, that was well received. So I figured what I would do is because I've uh, finally caught up on some comic books, I thought I'd give you another little read of my notes as I go through um, a small collection of comic books. Now, bear in mind, I'm a brand new reader to DC. I've only been on board since Rebirth began, so I have no clue about any of these characters. And I'm hoping that you know 
coming from a complete noob's perspective, I may be able to enlighten some of you guys who are very seasoned with these characters and know who they are. Perhaps I'm able to uh, give you um, an alternative point of view. A new so perspective. I've uh, just finished reading this week the first three issues of Superwoman, and okay. I'm going to read you That's my notes as they go. One. That's we go. very tough. Issue one. So there's some redhead woman on a farm, and Lois Lane has superhuman strength. <laughs> what part of the game is this? I'm only a few pages in so far, and the line work is really strange to me. Very thick black lines, it's functional, but it's a little jarring given the quality of the art in other Rebirth titles. By the time I'm a couple of pages away from the end, I'm confused as hell. Black Two superwomen, I know nothing about either of them, <laughs> except one is supposed to be Lois Lane, and the pages are absolutely cluttered with tiny panels. Everything looks a mess to me. By the end of this book, it looks like Lois Lane is fucked. What's Alana Lang? And who's this purple lady? I can't say I'm impressed. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. That's a tough one to jump Issue in. Issue 2. Really? Is still the guy that Shaquille O'Neal played in that one movie? That, that is and true. <laughs> the cluttered pages are still very present, which is causing a disconnect with me as a reader. Plus, there's a lot of dialogue that seems to confuse me. This issue is just a mess. I can't follow the story anymore. The page layout is bewildering. The art's a little better this time, but overall, I'm just not having a good time reading this. Comics are supposed to provide escapism, not a mess you have to figure out. I know, If you right? are stopping every seven panels and having to back up to make sense Try of what's happening, then that's a sign that the book is flawed. Don't. 5.5 5 <laughs> out of 10. Oh, it's and going finally, down. Finally, issue three. I know. This is more like it. The pages are far really? less claustrophobic, the dialogue uh, keeps the story moving somewhat, and the artwork is looking far better. I just wish I knew what the hell was happening. <laughs> it's like the first couple of issues of Deathstroke. People are talking, things are happening, but what does it all mean? Ultra Woman is a pretty awesome looking character, and so I'm going to stick with it. 6.5 out of 10. Oh, uh -huh. back Overall, it's okay. I hoped for better and was disappointed, but at least I'm seeing new characters I'm not familiar with. I just wish the book did a better job of pacing its story, toning down the heavy dialogue, and had panels for the art to breathe. That being said, if I was making this book, it would immediately be a 10 out of 10, because I changed the title to Lois Lane and Lana Lang's luscious lesbian lovey-dovey lickfest starring <laughs> Lena Luthor I'd as Lola Bido Letitia. With a title like that, who cares what's inside the comic? Nope. All right, guys, that's my reviews for uh, the first three issues of Superwoman. I hope you liked it. Um, hit me up on Twitter, at Toby Hagen, or one word. Um, check out my podcast as well. I'm going to plug it. Um, yeah. It's 42 plug Shades away. of Geek, and I'll be seeing you guys next week. Oh, and by the way, uh, I kept teasing. Uh, well, I kept teasing. I started to tease something at the end of uh, my um, call last week, which yeah. was about... Something that's going to be unveiled on episode 100. That wasn't a drunken rant. I will unveil something. Right. Um, Which we and, have uh, no because idea. Because a lot of the Not stuff that was mentioned on the call-in last week, it was all kind of garbled nonsense. So I'm going to leave a little bit of garbled nonsense here for you to figure out. All right, guys. Have oh, a good show. A See you next week. Bye. That's he did the backwards. He did. What part of the game is this, man? Yeah, uh, Superwoman is probably, if you ask me, the hardest book to jump in as a new breeder. And I know most of what's going on, and it, it's it's killing me. I, I have been the most uh, negative of all of us, you know, me, you, and Reggie, for that book. I don't like it at all. I think that it's overly complicated. I don't think it has any real focus. I just think it's nonsense. Uh, so, Toby, you are not in the minority, and I think Toby probably had rated that third issue better than I ever would, only because I think the I third issue 
I think the third issue was the one that not only had it been confusing, but then that's when the whole thing with uh, uh, Lena Luther just went crazy and yeah. made no sense no to what we had seen. So nope. first off, Phil Jimenez like throws us into a book that he doesn't explain anything. He gets around to explaining things, and they're all wonky to me. So I, I'm out of that book. I really, I I don't see it lasting more. You know, past a year. You know, twelve issues at yeah. the most. I really think it's going to last like eight issues, but we'll we'll see. I also uh, want to say that Toby uh, sent me a video earlier tonight with him at a Halloween party with his friends talking about like Happy Halloween, Eric Shea made my damn night. Loved all, it. All drunk. All drunk. All as hell. drunk. Ah, uh, yes. But the next rant and rave is from Christian, and here we go. Hey, Jim and Eric. Uh, this is Christian. What's up, Christian? Just calling in to to ask a couple questions uh-huh. of of Eric, really. Uh, first of all, Eric, after that conversation on Twitter, you revealed that you like Pepsi more than Coke. Yeah. I do. How delicious. could you like Pepsi more Pepsi than Coke? That, that's just like a cardinal sin right there. That's Whoa. like, it's just terrible. I don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> um, and also, I just wanted to ask, uh, Eric, have, have you ever... Uh, has anyone ever told you you sound a bit like Rafi off of the league? Just I, I, I was rewatching the league earlier this week because I because I wanted to rewatch all my favorite shows Makes on sense. Netflix, and he just sounds very much like you. And so just just wondered if anyone ever put that to you before. No, nah, no one's As ever always, said anything about the league. Keep up the good work, and uh, can't wait to hear the new episode of the podcast. It's funny, um, when I got this, I thought, I don't know, I, I, I don't really know the show either. So I went and actually they had a bunch of downloads of this Rafi from that show. Here's right. some of them. I, I actually see uh, oh, if, nice. if it sounds like you. Sliders. It, oh it's weird. It's Let's hear it. Does this, does this sound? It's fucking nonsense. I hate everything. I, that was from episode three. And then there was like episode seven <laughs> uh, went like this. I gave it a seven out of ten. It does sound a lot like you. Let, listen. You spoilers, about man. Show? Damn. I don't know. And then there's one. This is how he has an exclamation on the thing. Whenever they win, it's this. Boosh. Boosh. It wow. is. It's you. It is, it's dead on. Flavor. It is you. It's Rafi. Okay, the next one, and thanks, Christian. I'm going to check and out we'll the show now. I want to see if Christian has a Christian has an email later and also a uh, call-in review of Frostbite number two, Eric, that Vertigo nice. title that you love. You yeah. love that title. You've read it, haven't I'm, you? I'm sure You've heard I that Joshua Williamson does good stuff. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I've think you would flash. like it. Uh, Christian likes I am not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. But uh, here is the next rant and rave from one Richard... Richardson. Oh. Okay. Hello. Hello. This is uh, Richard Richardson, and I'm calling to be on the podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm calling to be on the podcast. Where are you guys at? Hello. I'm over here. Hello. 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 It's Richard Richardson. <laughs> Richard Richardson is, is like my mother. Calling and, and there's voicemail she and my mom. Voicemail. She does. She still she thinks, thinks it's an answer machine yeah, for the ages. She thinks it's an answer machine. She thinks that and the worst is this is how dumb she is. She is a dumb woman. She has her own phone. She has a smartphone though in her hands it's probably a retarded phone. But she has it so she knows how voicemail works. Still has are you pick it up? Pick it up. What the hell are you talking about? Thank God I don't talk She's to you. She's just wishing out loud. ever. 
saw her in the Walmart. I tried to avoid her. She freaking <laughs> came up to me and started talking. I kept walking away. She just followed me around. All right, here's the next like one. Like a lost, Spe- retarded dog. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the next one, here is uh, Mama. Eric, Mama oh, has shit. something to say to you. What's up, Mama? Eric, Eric, I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Have fun. I just, I just got a horrible vision of the future in 50 years from still with Jess. That's the way it needs that at the end. <laughs> oh, yes. Edit that out. Oh, I like that one. I told you that's my favorite one this week. I want to hear Eric, that again. Eric, I'm not a crazy bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about, but that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Edit that out. Have fun. It's just a vision of the future. <laughs> Brandon is under a desk right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, it's old mama, Jess. Oh, God. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mama. Thank Thanks, you, Mama. Jess. Thank, do you ever call uh, Jess like, hey, Mama, like you're no, A.C. Slater? No, not A.C. Slater. You're not A.C. Slater. You, you don't walk out of, like, the bathroom with the, the pink tank top. Hey, what's up, Mama? No, my, my pet names are more like Freak Face, uh, yeah, uh, Freak Beef face. Squatch. Ugly Ass. That's the best. You started watching Orf. Bob's Burgers and immediately yeah. started calling Jess Beef Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Where is my cell more? She just that is inappropriate. I'm exactly. angry about that. What's that? All uh, day. All right. The next one is from Dancing Mike. Dancing right. Mike has uh, sent in a rant and rave all about listening to the last episode, I believe. But here goes Dancing Mike. Hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. And hello, Mother. What's up, Dancing Mike? Anyway, I finally got through episodes, let's see, 93, 94, the Halloween Just for the Hell of It, and the Spotlight. So I'm actually caught up on the podcast now. I'm going through the old ones and listening to them. I'm up to, um, I'm in the middle of number four right now, so I'm... Yeah. I've listened to number one, two, three, going through four because I can't get enough weird science yes, DC I, I comic podcast. Apparently, he always likes them. Anyway, I got five <laughs> comics this week. Um, number one would be Batman Detective Comics number nine forty three. Um, art was good. It was a nice uh, setup to the um, Victim Syndicate storyline. Uh, looks like it will be interesting. Um, there's still Morning Tim's loss that that got kind of a little bit hokey. And um, it has Harper Rowe in it, so I give it a negative two because Harper Rowe is in it. Um, And for full disclosure, I haven't read any of your reviews on the site this week because it's been busy. I'm playing catch-up still. Anyway, Wonder Woman number nine. I'm enjoying this one. Again, kind of set up exposition. I like the way it tied into the Wonder Woman anniversary special, the interview. That was kind of nice to see that tie in. And um, some sexy time with Steve Trevor was good. And again, um, lots of setup. It uh, looks like it's going to be. Hopefully, the you know the lies will be concluding, and we'll see That's where that up. goes. Hopefully, it will be a bit more um, satisfying than the Ursh Kartaga um, conclusion. Kartaga. Batgirl number four. I started buying Batgirl around Burnside, and I liked the Ooh, character. Boy. I liked the change in direction. Didn't like all the social media stuff. But now that they're not drawing her in the anime style, she doesn't have the big the big eyes. Basically, what her mask covers is about the same thing that 
those little black strips that football players and baseball players wear on their yep. eyes. It's basically, that's what I the mask covers on her face now. So anyone who knows what Barbara Gordon looks like will know that that is Batgirl. Except so that Kai. is completely I'm ridiculous. Kai. <sighs> Raphael Albuquerque's art was better on this issue, but well, I, I when she gets back to Burnside, if it doesn't change pretty soon, I might just be dropping yeah, well, this yeah. title, especially with his art going away, and I just don't know what this title is doing anymore. It's uh, it's Me just better. ridiculous. Less said about that, that the better. Yes. Uh, Batman Beyond, number one. I really enjoyed that. Even though Terry was getting yeah, his ass kicked, there is an explanation for it, and I like the explanation. Yes, he hasn't trained for a while. He has to go back out there and get back in shape for being Batman, and nice reveal that he is a, spoiler alert, that he is uh, going undercover as a one of the Jokers, yeah. and also liked Bernard Chang's art a lot on this. I know in the past yeah, I've criticized I, I like it, but it. for some reason this issue First I thought looked really, man. really well. I'm really excited that Terry is back in the Batsuit, we've got all of our old characters back, and I'm really, really excited about Batman beyond uh, the, the rebirth. And there was the Wonder Woman 75th anniversary issue. I really enjoyed the Gail Simone story the best. Uh, that was very touching, even though it was kind of lighthearted. The, some one, of right? the art in the, a lot yeah, of the art in there was really beautiful. And yeah. I have to criticize, uh, you guys on the podcast, on the spotlight. You were talking about Riley Rosmo's art. I think it was a very, very bold decision for him to draw Wonder Woman as a, as a Latino male. <laughs> so anyway, that's about all I've got for this week. Um, I have very attached to this file something that I think Reggie and Chris should appreciate. It is a new theme song for the Cosmic Treadmill. I know they usually use Blinded by Blinded Me with Science by Thomas Dolby, but I think that Reggie especially will really appreciate the theme song I have put know. together for the Cosmic Treadmill and have attached. And until next week, spotlight off and see you in seven. Now I am gonna play I'm gonna play the, the song right now because it makes me laugh and also I don't think Reggie's going to have it in time. I think he's already edited the Cosmic Treadmill, so I'm going to put this because all it is is busting on Reggie's love of Blondie, and it makes me laugh. But then I'm going to, after that, I do want to comment on some of Mike's stuff. The Cosmic Treadmill is really fun. Reggie and Chris are number one. I'm a big Blondie fan, so this is my favorite song, oh yeah! Dancing Mike is the, like, he's like the Tyler Perry of singing. He loves to sing the ladies' parts in in all these songs for the most part, Uh, except for Klaus Mine, the freaking Scorpions one. But uh, the one thing... I understand the the concept, and we are going to talk about, obviously, Batman Beyond later, but I understand the concept of, you know, hey, look, he hasn't trained. Why do we have to see that? Why yeah. can't we have him already trained? Why does it have to? You know what I mean? It's like one of those things that it, it happened. It's half of the issue of this happening, and then the explanation is, oh, well, you have to understand he hasn't trained. Well, fuck and that, then. Have it that he trained for yeah, and have it train, have them already train. I don't even care if you had a one-page, full-page spread of a montage of him oh, training so that we can get to something good because this issue, uh, now Mike liked it. Yeah. I was not very fond of it only because I was like, Jesus, when are we going to start 
something. Uh, you know, we Especially went through with a, a monthly book. Yeah, we went through a whole fucking Batman Beyond with Tim where he got his ass kicked, and then you Ooh. know the whole rewire Ooh. thing that was oh, you know, then all of a sudden you get Terry, which everybody wanted, and it just seems like it could have still been Tim yeah. in the suit. I didn't get much of anything else. Uh, and just half of the things, well, we'll go into it, but boy, some of the, even the panel layout and the dialogue, that really threw me off. At points, I didn't know what what they were going for, the effect I, they were going I for. I didn't see the credits at first when I started reading this issue, but when I saw that freaking, you know, that yellow red panel, I'm like, yeah, oh red, shit, yeah. are Bernard Shag and Marcel my owl back on this? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yep, yeah. When I saw that, I just shook my head. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> we're back to that. The other thing is, uh, yeah, a Latino male. Definitely was Wonder Woman, but I want to point out that, uh, Mike, you like Gail Simone's story, and I did send her the tweet of the spotlight because we had we liked it as well. She said that she likes the podcast, Eric. She said that we're funny guys. We're she funny. said that gonna, she hears we do good stuff. I was going to write, but oh, am I funny like a clown? What, am I here to amuse you, <laughs> you Gail Simone? But that, that actually, that made Reggie's fucking life. Month, that, yeah. that, it really did. The Reggie loves Gail Simone. And that really made him very, very happy. Made me happy uh, as well. Yeah, it made me happy as well, as because that's part of winning, Eric. That's all it means to me. <laughs> I, I have a, de- I'm a dead inside, dead soul. It, all everything is is for me to just throw it in somebody's face. Somehow I hit Mike's thing again. But we're <laughs> gonna end the rant and raves with Trevitt, who I told him he got under the fucking the finish line or the deadline, it, six minutes. Before really? we recorded, this came in, so he he lucked out. Now we are we uh, we are recording a little earlier uh, this week because we do not want to go until five a.m. One yeah. thing is there is an NFL game in London tomorrow, so it's an early game. The last time this happened was the time we did the podcast almost till six, yeah. and I slept until three and that missed everything. Morning. I actually want to try to get done tonight, though I won't rush things. Possibly, uh, but sliders. yeah, I want to I want to get up and, and watch sliders. Okay, I'm gonna do you sliders. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I, I I don't know what what are your other ones? Uh, I give that a six out of t- a seven out of ten. I don't even know. I I play these all the time. That's a six point eight. Honestly, how about that? A six point oh, eight out of ten. Honestly, six point eight out of ten. Honestly, sliders. No, no, no. I like that stuff. No, I wish <laughs> I had the. Well, I have been reading comics all my life. <laughs> We're on episode 95. <laughs> You're bringing up shit from episode one. Stuff. Sliders. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I guess Dancing Mike has heard that one. The Well, especially when I said to you, the, the best one the Mortal ever. Mortal Kombat. Oh, my God. The Mortal Kombat. We just, it was in the news that the Mortal Kombat was going to have a tie-in comic. And I, all I said to you was, I guess you'll be reviewing that. <laughs> Of course I'm going to be reviewing it. I'm twice the fan of Mortal Kombat than you are. And I think I got mad at you. And I'm like, if you know Sub-Zero, you're five times the fucking fan I am. I was so angry at you. Uh, I think at the very beginning, it took me a little bit before when I was angry at you. I just didn't tell you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) So at that point, I was trying to be nice. We've been angry Uh, ever since. Those days are over. Over. When my dad died, he took a piece of me to the gates of heaven that I'll never have back. I'm like Barry Allen. I lost my heart. I lost my heart that day. Lost my heart and my supply of tasty Claire's. (laughs) Here's the last rant rave. It is Trevor. Hello, Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. What's up, Jim? What's up, Eric? What's up? 
I haven't gotten a call in for a couple weeks because <laughs> all the fucking slacker, man. He is. The fucking Listen. slacker. Slacker. Anyway, let's slacker. get down to business. <laughs> uh, so I'm calling today about a bunch of things. First um, and foremost, Steve Orlando. Uh, now, I've heard you guys say, like, he is, um, you know, people think he is in a good writer, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm just not seeing it. I don't think anybody's seeing it. Um, Night of the Monster Men completely fucking sucked. Uh, I think we're all in agreement about that. I'm not going to say much more about that. Um, but there is a point to bringing up Steve Orlando. Further on Steve, I'd like to say uh, Supergirl is okay. I'm not personally the it's biggest okay. fan. It's not that great. It's not awful. So, whatever. It's okay. Um, Midnight in Apollo seems okay, but it's only had one issue. The jury is still out Next week. on that one. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be writing JLA. Sure this guy is, is going to be writing the Justice League of America. Um, from what I have seen from him so far... He just doesn't seem like Confident. he deserves it, or uh, he's that caliber of a writer. It's exclusive. Like they're uh, I'm kind of scared shitless. Um, so he picked the team, I know that, and so far it is the Ray, uh, the Adam, Ryan Choi, not Ray Palmer, Killer Frost, Vixen. Each one of those characters is going to get an introductory issue and uh, I guess we can see their backstory and what brings them yeah. to the JLA, but I heard Killer Frost is going to be brought in through Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Yep. With Batman. Um, yeah. Batman gets her in. And Come the on. remaining three members are Lobo, <laughs> fucking Lobo, yeah. Batman, because having him on Justice League is not enough. You know, that's the money grab right there, Batman. I mean... Because if you could have a bunch of characters that people aren't really sure of, you throw Batman on there, guaranteed like a few people are going to buy that, right? And Black Canary, she's a busy girl. She's in a lot of titles right now. Batgirl is in the Birds of Prey and Green Arrow. This is one thing I have to say, side note, about uh, DC Rebirth right now. I love how every book has a good cast of characters. Um, whether the book is not that great, like Batgirl's and the Birds of Prey, or really good, like, Superman, or Detective Comics. Holy shit, I love that cast of characters in Detective oh, Comics, nice. especially Clayface. Anyway, uh, back to JLA. I mean, that team does intrigue me. I mean, that could be a fun team, but could be. it would have to be a writer I disagree. Crazy who's good at writing uh, a story, period, you know? I mean, I think we've seen from Night of the Monster Men, which is supposed to be kind of an event, I guess. I mean, I guess it's more of a crossover, crossover but it's still yeah. somewhat of an event. It's going to have its own trade. And it was. And I think the, the issues of Night of the so. Monster Men are not going to be in the Batman, Detective Comics, and Nightwing trades. So you think they would get a... The story would be good, but it's not. So, you know, I what agree. the fuck? <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest here. Orlando's not going to pull this off. I don't know what the fuck DC is thinking. It, this is like Brian Hitch all over again. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, don't make it that Justice bad. League has been really fucking terrible, right? Right. So yeah. we're going to have two Steve bad Orlando Justice League titles. Deadlines. 
That's all. Yeah. They I, I mean, I hope I eat my words. You won't. I hope it's good. So I don't no. want to get all down on the guy. Maybe this is the title that he'll do a good job on. Nope. Could be. <laughs> I don't. But I doubt it. I doubt it too. Okay, that's it for Steve Orlando. I'm done there. I missed um, two weeks. I think I said that previously. Maybe I didn't. Um, rambling. A uh, couple things I want to touch on aside from Steve Orlando. One is Epic Sax Man. Who is the Epic Sax Man? That's a I think we're all curious. We're all Epic Sax Man. Reveal yourself. It's okay, that's it. Um, oh shit! <laughs> what is going on over there? All things happening at once. Yeah, that's don't that's not great. The third time to us. Anyway, it's, it's epic sax epic man. Sax man. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and that's it. I had other things to say, but I'll save it for another time. Maybe an email. All right. Yeah. Uh, epic sax man on Twitter. It's a mystery. I have my sure theories, is. Eric. I'll tell you. It's not yeah. me. It's not me. I have some other phony accounts that may be me. Uh, not Epic Saxman, but I do have some theories. I'm not going to tell you who I think it is. You've been telling it, me, everybody this I week. I think it's Dancing Mike. That's oh, really? who I think it is. That's the, he. It's Everything is a little too on the money. I think it's you, Dancing Mike. So I think it. I, I don't know, though. But yeah. And don't worry, Dancing Mike. If it's not you, he's accused everybody to me earlier this yep. week. Because that's how you, that's how you make sure you're right by just mentioning said, it's you, everyone. isn't it? I'm like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I like, thought it was I'm, you like, at I'm one point. Like I know, really. That's the the only thing that stopped me. Like, if I'm Batman, I'm the world's greatest detective, and I think if you said Eric Shea, no, nah, that would take a lot of effort. Exactly, <laughs> it can't be Eric. Uh, I know, uh, just personally, I know that uh, it's hard to have two accounts. You got to jump back and forth, and that's yeah. why I do think that Epic Saxman is somebody involved because you only see him show up at, at certain points. It's not a constant. So I think it is a pain in the ass for whoever's doing it to go back and forth and stuff. But that is the Ram Raves. I will tell you, I but hate... Even if you're and, the Epic Saxman and then just write over and over again, I still believe. You just, I still believe. I said, I, I sent him a tweet and said, hey, Epic Saxman, I want you to have another album out, and it's called I Still Believe Still. That was, <laughs> that was my thing. And my voice is already going, Eric. It's starting to go, but I will say uh, this week has been wet. shitty. I will have some comments because our one news story is the announcement of the JLA full team. So we'll, we'll have that in a second. But I just was going to say, I did get in a car accident this week. I mentioned on the spotlight this the fucking guy damage. in a truck fucking hit me head on. I bounced off. I believe I bounced off either the steering wheel or the airbag. But if I really thought... What happened? I think that I hit the steering wheel. Then the airbag came up, fucking hit me. Whiplash. And um, I, they did say I had a, a concussion. I was having a lot of problems forming sentences earlier. This this happened on Thursday. Then we had that uh, the spotlight. I don't have that problem uh, anymore. What I do have though, today I woke up. To, I went food shopping. I came home. I got violently ill. I threw up like six times really? today. I freaking had vertigo. I was having all sorts of problems. So I actually ended up having to like get in the fetal position, turn off all the lights. That's why I went dark for a long point yeah, of, I didn't of talk time. To you all today, much. Yeah, because I ended up just laying there and I couldn't move and stuff. And then luckily I thought, bye, what am I going to do? Fucking go in the fetal position, have the mic next to me because the <laughs> show has to go on. But the other thing that happened this week, uh, is that Logan came home, or actually I went, I guess it was Friday, I guess it was just yesterday, yeah, it was um, get a call from the nurse at his school, 
And they're like, hey, Logan came down to the uh, doctor's, uh, you know, the nurse's office. He doesn't feel well. Oh, and by the way, his whole class has lice. Oh, good. And I was like, really? And then I'm like, oh, God. And then she's like, and he definitely has them. Uh, the weird thing, when I went to school, I remember for right now, a guy named Steve. I won't say his full name. It's kind okay. of embarrassing. But this guy, Steve, who lived on Tierney Court in our uh, development area, he, uh, he had lice. And everybody went nuts. And this kid was like labeled. I still remember him. I still remember him because of this. And it was such a huge thing. And if I think back, I really think that he had to stay home like a week. And everybody was was all upset. That was just because of the shame. Yeah, really. Uh, But yeah, when kids get lice nowadays... They don't even send them home, really. That's weird. They just tell yeah, the kids you, hey, have it. Hey, tonight, yeah, and really, you only have to stay. You have to go home, get the shampoo. You're in the next day. They really don't have much of a problem with it anymore. It seems it's not See, as like I'm telling I, you, that was I the worst thing when to I ever. Was five, I think it was, and I wasn't really. It was in a, like a daycare at that mm. point, so it didn't really matter as for mm. a part of school. So you, was. you were a scumbag, right? right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did you do? I have no. I, I got my head shaved. I know yeah. that, but I was, no. I was young. I have I have pictures yeah. of my head shaved, and my mom telling me, "Hey, this is when you had lice, you dirty little fuckwad." Yeah. Well, mom, here, here's the thing. Language. Yeah. Here's the thing is they came home and there was a, a letter. I guess they have a printed out thing of what what to do. Like this is what you do. What you don't, and it says you do not have to uh, shave your head. Da, da, da. I'm not fuck that. Yeah. I said, line up, boys. I got the clippers out. We look like a bunch of fucking mental patients now. We all, I shave my head. I don't think I have the light. I don't care. I don't want it. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go to the fucking airport, hand out fucking (laughs) flowers. Uh, we're, yeah, we all look like goddamn mental patients. Uh, and then the other thing is Tanya freaked out and she had to clean at, you know, you're supposed to clean the bed linens of, of where the, the person who's infected had. You know, sleeps and maybe the clothes that they wore the last couple days. She went all out. We had, I think it was, and the amount of wash we could not do in the house. There was just too much. So she went to the laundromat. I think she had at least 10 trash bags of fucking bed sheets and stuff. It ended up just at the laundromat, I believe, was $80. Oh, and God. she almost got in a fight with like seven people because I think she, <laughs> she took, took up, up she, all the dryers. Well, she shit? says to me because I I actually went home early uh, yesterday from work. I wasn't feeling that great then either. So okay. I went home and she's like, "Oh, it's the middle of the day. Nobody will be there." But the problem was is she got gathering the stuff. She didn't even get there till three, I think. And then by then people were doing wash. And I think Friday that night, I guess people get paid. They're going to go do their wash, whatever. Uh, people were pissed, and yeah, she did most of it. Then she ended up bringing she a the bunch, one on Fourth Street, uh, the one over near Dominic's Pizza. Uh, that okay. One. Yeah, so she was over there, and when she one. came back, she even at the point there was going to be a riot. They they were going to beat the shit out of her. I think somebody asked if that's your boy, meaning <laughs> one of the the blankets. And what she ended up doing was grabbing everything out of the wash. She didn't even dry everything. She brought it home to dry here, which saved us a little bit. But yeah, yeah. it was very expensive. Plus the whole thing with the car. We go to get a rental car because my car's demolished. Uh, we get go to get a rental car, and I Tanya went to get that because I again I wasn't feeling the greatest, yeah. and she I said just try damage. to get something pretty small, and she did. She asked for the smallest thing. It's this huge goddamn minivan. I'm <laughs> driving around in a minivan like a fucking soccer mom, 
But yeah, and it also a it has stick for that it has a high yeah. No, it has Ohio plates on it too. So when I went to work, uh, everybody was confused. They thought some somebody was showing up. There's also a bunch know. of idiots there. Yeah, they are. But yeah, that that is just telling you. So if I say anything crazy tonight, I will blame it on a concussion. And uh, that's what I'll do for the rest of my life now. But yeah, we're going to stop here. Uh, go on to the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. Yeah. Yeah, Eric's here. Wow. The the cellar dweller is in there. I hate the cellar dweller. This is the news, as the theme said. Also, as this was going on, I, I actually looked, and we got a, a listener mail. But also, it looks like Mike has sent us two more mail songs, right? As I was saying that, I'm really? looking now. Yep, he has two more. So that's awesome. you may hear some more mail themes tonight. But that's not here nor now or there sure or whatever not. you say, Eric. My voice is going. This is the news. So we your mind. Have- <clears throat> We only have one news item. I have a holes in the back of my like I have it like like I'm a goddamn chipmunk. Yeah, you can't click it, man. As it's going, I'm drinking my coffee and it is an awful. That is gross. Yeah, it's not very good, but I don't care. It's a means to an end. There is one news item that uh, Trevor was talking about, and I kind of held my tongue a little because I want to talk about it in full right now, and that is full JLA team. Announced. At least I think it's the full team. But yeah, this story is kind of a combo from IGN and Newsarama. But it Ooh. says Batman, Black Canary, and a post crisis looking Lobo are joining DC's 2017 Justice League of America title. JLA, it is there. Justice League of America. As revealed by IGN, the trio joined the previously announced members Killer Frost, Vixen, which it's funny in this news uh, story, they, they said Vizen. V i z e n, yeah. Somebody. You mean the Vision? Oh yeah, the Vision. Uh, the Adam, Brian Choi, Adam, and the Ray, scheduled to debut in February. JLA is intended by series Steve Orlando, a writer Steve Orlando, to dive straight into the mystery of Rebirth and make JLA the flagship book oh, of fuck. the DCU line. Here's what old Steve O says. I'm excited to meet these teams and unwrap the mystery of Rebirth and other events coming up. To really have JLA be the book that the DC Universe rotates around. <laughs> rotates around, said the DC exclusive writer. All these changes are happening in the book because I wanted it to be vital. I wanted right. it to matter. I want the DC Universe to orbit around the Justice League of America. You a big shot over there, Steve-O? He's a big shot. Uh... Though I will say, if you're going to go, go big, right? If you're going to say, go shit, just go. Yeah, if you're going to be retarded, go full retard, Eric. About Lobo, Orlando said, 
I like to think that we're giving people the Lobo that made him famous. And as time goes on, hopefully we can get him into how we got there a little bit more, said Orlando. He's the Lobo we all love, causing mayhem. You love Lobo, Eric? I enjoy Lobo. I don't, and it sounds, I don't like it. It sounds like they're talking about the old one that's dead, though. Oh, yeah, that, that's what they're talking about. They even showed so it. Weird. This is not the new Lobo. Now, remember, in the Lobo series that Cullen Bunn wrote in the New 52, uh, the new Lobo pretty much cut the old Lobo's head the fuck they right off. They made a point to say this is not that Lobo to the yeah, point where they and killed made it the old so Lobo. that he really couldn't come back. Though, you know, he always can. Yeah. He's got a healing factor, Eric. He'll I'm be giving you, people. What? It's so crazy to me, the idea of putting Lobo on this team, because they tried this in Stormwatch, and yep, all Lobo did for that run was sit there and say, I don't even know why I'm here. Yeah, I like don't know why I'm here. The whole time. Yep. This one, I bet he says Bastage three times in his first two panels. Oh, and good. really, if, if you're afraid of anything about this <laughs> JLA <laughs> book, I can only imagine Steve Orlando heavy-handed dialogue for Lobo, because that's oh, like right God. in line with what he likes with these action hero things. But... Hey, he continues. He'll be giving people what they want, but at the same time, he does have a code. The main man's word is his bond, man. I think that's important. That's one of the things that guides him through life. Man. He didn't say it then. I just, why did he say man? We find out a little bit what's behind this character. Not to soften him, but to give him more depth because he's still the hard partying, bullshit calling, bullshit calling especially. It's what I love about him. What about I don't the other, even understand what, the what they're writing here. What, what is this writing? But if it's anyone is there to remind them that they're taking themselves too seriously, to remind people that they're hypocrites, it's him. I, I never thought that of Lobo. Did you? That he's going to be like, man, you're a hypocrite. Uh, he's, he's, I, I really, I'm, I'm afraid of Lobo at, uh, under his hand. It's just so weird that DC made such a big deal of getting rid of that Lobo just to bring him yeah. back here. I, it's it's a rebirth there. But what it's about legacy. the new Lobo, Jim? It's just, here's the problem with me. I just don't see Lobo hanging with any of these characters. No. At all. It's if, like Zod being put, on the Suicide Squad. I was going to say, if you were going to put Lobo anywhere, I'd like him on the Suicide Squad, where he has to be there or die, and you can kind of go with that. But Lobo and Batman, people are intrigued. Like, oh, my God, that's so awesome, Lobo and Batman. I'm like, why, why the fuck's that intriguing? I want no parts of it, really. I think that this team, though we have said in the past that we wanted more diverse teams like a Justice yeah. League or whatever, this team is nonsense to me. It really is. I am not – if you ask me what is your favorite – like you have to have a character that draws you to the book, right? Batman. You would think. The Ray? I, I love the Ray. Oh, my God. I can't wait. No, Batman? I have my other Batman books. Ryan Choi? He's not even the best Adam, Eric. <laughs> it's the worst. Killer Frost, Vixen? Come I do now. like Killer Frost. You like Killer Frost enough to buy this book for Killer Frost? Well, I don't have to buy You're the book. You're bullshit. I'm you wouldn't it. have, though. You wouldn't have bought this just for Killer Frost. No, I wouldn't have bought, I would have bought this just because it's called JLA. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I go by the team, and this team might be the worst team well, I've sorry, ever if, seen conceived. If I saw the team of the original JLI, I wouldn't have been like all about that either. Yeah, but, but it's I, a fun like, book even that, else. it had a couple fun characters. I, I don't think this seems like any bit of fun. Like, really, just having Ryan Choi, like, you're going to get the idea because he is 
really spelling out the rebirth part of it. So obviously Ryan Choi is going to be on there, so he you know he can explore uh, the micro. Got to go to the microverse, yeah. Yeah, and I just don't see why any of the other characters would be with him. And you mean the Ray wouldn't be down? Not the Ray. I don't think the Ray would be down with Vixen. Justice League of America spins out of the upcoming Justice League vs. Suicide Squad event. Orlando said Batman's membership in JLA comes about from a conversation he has with Killer Frost. Uh, without giving too much away, I would say that the inspiration of the scene, perhaps parado- paradoxically, paradoxically nice. comes from the events that happen between Batman and Frost. I can't read or talk to it show him. It seems what? that Rebirth is all about Batman reforming villains yeah. now and putting well, them on a superhero team. To show him that the world changed and heroism has to change with it, said the writer. It's a reality check for him. Batman is someone who thinks that he always has everything under his thumb and under control, but he has a moment when he realizes he has to rebuild, he has to change, he has to redefine heroism. The call-out is that he's not the only one. There's maybe people that he can help do it, and even more importantly, there's people he can surround himself that with that can help him do that for him himself sounds like just what detective comics it doesn't sound like anything different i'm reading i'm telling you i'm reading this word for word from what i i got from this the site this is the worst written story i've ever heard where's martian manhunter at jesus christ this is ridiculous as for black canary she comes in the team for two reasons according to orlando her hand-to-hand fighting skills and her grassroots fights for social justice alongside green arrow she doesn't lord above people with a mask. She's in Seattle. She's seen by people. She talks to people. She listens to people. She's there, as Batman says, to keep him honest, to keep him in line, said Orlando. He knows what he knows what he wants to do, but it's a little bit out of his comfort zone. Honestly, she's there because of the immense amount of respect he has for her and what she does. Like being in a band. I'm telling you, none of this... It intrigues me at all. It makes me worried. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now you have a black canary there because of her social justice warrior fucking nonsense. I, I'm telling you, this does not sound like fun. Uh, Hopefully Vixen gives the, us something. That's the only thing, though, that you would say. Like Even like you said, JLI, crazy team, but then you're like, you know what? Might be some fun. You, you, yeah. you don't have characters. Uh, first off, I don't know. These these characters don't seem like like Black Canary's in there. She's in two other books. She's in Black, uh, Birds of Prey and yeah. her, uh, Green Arrow. So you, nothing is going to happen to her. So right away, the others maybe that's like one of the draws. Like you know, Vixen maybe they'll kill her off at some point, or at least you'll How have that you. suspension of disbelief yeah, that yeah. something could happen. But really, you know, I just like looking at the Justice League United team too. You had Green Arrow, Hawkman, Martian Manor, Star Girl, yeah. Doc, uh, Adam Strange. You know, yeah. it was a weird team. And, and you know what? Like Equinox. It sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> Nobody terrible. liked it. This is that what is we're terrible. saying. This JLI. You're saying the fucking thing was canceled. What six issues? No, it, it went a while. It, it didn't last at all. It was done. It, these things that we keep pointing out are failed titles. This isn't like, you know what, this reminds me of this that lasted 50 fucking issues. This is another one that comes late. I think that a lot of people will jump on it because the Justice League book has just been fucking terrible. And They're going to jump this on it and think, oh, it's a continuation of where we left off in the last JLA book. Yeah. Nobody knows that anymore, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We had a podcast during the New 52, correct? Yes. Right? What the fuck? Where did these people go? Because nobody, it seems, knows anything about the new 52 anymore. And when this is announced, nobody's going to fucking say, oh, my God, it's a continuation. Where's Catwoman? 
Nobody's gonna no, say no. that. Nobody's no, gonna no, sit no, there not, and like not, not even that. Just I'm talking about the JLA that fucking Brian Hitch is doing. Oh, well, I'm talking about the JLA before uh, not, even I'm that. I'm not talking about Justice League like, of America. Like, no. I don't think anybody, you know, half the people listening don't even realize there were two JLA fucking oh, titles yeah. in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, the, I'm, I'm best, thinking best. The best part of that book was Vibe and Hawkman, and it fucking did not yeah. last at all. And uh, again, I when I said that JLA was fucking terrible, I wasn't even talking about Brian Hitch's one. I was talking about the Jeff Lemire book that went nowhere. That book oh, that's did Justice nothing. League United, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Justice League United. But yeah, the JLA book. Who wrote the JLA book? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Uh, Do you I remember? have no idea. No. Yeah, I, it's weird. I think maybe even Jeff Johns had a bit of that. I can't remember. That book was nonsense. Somebody, Baz, Catwoman, Green Arrow, somebody right now Hawk has Man. a tear going down their fucking cheek because they bought seven of those fucking covers for that number one with the different I flags. I three. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But yeah, I, I think that, first off, when it was originally announced, and I don't, again, I don't have anything against Steve Orlando per se. I just, when his books are announced and they come about... I have to be, you know, not even cautiously optimistic. I just got to be cautious, be cautious yeah. because it it always burns me. And the Supergirl book, like Trevitt said, it's okay. Uh, it's not horrible, uh, but it's not great. The his Midnighter, that first issue we had, it was okay, right? I like the second one as well. Yeah, but boy, he. Uh, he tends to go south quick, and I don't know. I have not. I can't say in general that I am confident that he can handle a book with seven characters. I just don't know that right now. We're gonna have to. We, wait we haven't and seen see. it so far. So yeah, yeah, and I do like some of the people were mentioning those one shots, and I believe Trevitt uh, mentioned that as well. I like that, and actually. It's it's like a, a double-edged sword that I think a lot of people are going to maybe say pick the character they like. Maybe they'll pick them all. Like, yeah. but even if they're like, boy, I, I'm interested in Vixen, I'll just get that because you know once the JLA starts, they're not just going to be a cold open. They're going to have to draw you in anyway, even if you didn't read those. It, it just makes sense. Uh, but when those one shots come out, I think that's going to show you right there if you should get involved in the book and hopefully. Those are okay, and and it is. I, I hope it's great. I'm not reviewing it. I'm telling you right now, not it, Eric, not it. I guess that's I all we, day. we haven't even talked about it yet, so we'll have to see what's going on. But yeah, I I'm not that pleased. And when I saw Lobo, uh, somebody tweeted me is how I found out. And they're like, hey, you know, did you see the new JLA? All the rest of the people, and it's Lobo, Black Canary, and, and Batman. Isn't that awesome? And I wrote back, that's fucking nonsense. I don't, I don't like Lobo on and a team. And then the tear went down really the don't. face. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just don't like that. And you're right. It's because I had to read and review that Stormwatch book where he showed up and they had nothing for him to do. And no. he just sat there bitching and moaning. Bitching. And he was gone. Yeah, he's a fucking intergalactic fucking bounty hunter. He's working with Batman. You calm Doesn't down, you bastard. Like, here's the thing. Right away, I'll even say a little sneak peek till later. How did Batman treat Rose Wilson in the Deathstroke book? Not very this well. Week? Did he not say that she's a murderer, that she's a piece of shit and should be in jail? Lobo is fucking blown up fucking planets. And, and there he is with Batman. Batman, oh, look at me. I love Lobo. He's my favorite bastard. Yeah, maybe he's turned a new lease since he got his head cut off. Who knows? It doesn't matter. 
like roll like I'm saying, this isn't bad. Like it's bad. Hey, are they gave like, Clayface do, a second chance. It's, yeah, but I don't ever really get the fact that Clayface really murdered people. He just likes to have fun. Eric, Clayface just wants to have fun. D- disguise himself as different people. Maybe get laid now and again. Who knows? But yeah, that that's, that's called rape. I really until the book comes out. I, I don't want to fucking have people just – I like to talk to people on Twitter. I was just going to say, don't fucking message me. But uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind talking about it. It's just I, I really think that this – it looks like a crapshoot. It looks like they just got a bunch of characters, put them all on the wall, and they threw fucking darts. And whoever it hit, it hit. And then at the end, they're like, holy shit. How – like really, it seems like this team was put together, and then they're like – this team would not fucking stay together, and that's why Batman's there. That's the only reason it seems Batman's, Batman's there. Batman's always there. Yeah, but it's still, it's nonsense. Nonsense. But yeah, we're going to stop this mail fucking our news. It's got me all in a tizzy. No, oh, jeez. I'm telling you, it's so much ridiculousness. I'm sure other podcasts are sitting there, oh, this is the greatest news ever. No, no, like everything else we got going, I'm going to take a wait and see like stance because, you know, something could surprise me and I want it to yeah, if it can. I'll surprise you with a fucking right hook. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to take a wait and not hate it as stool? much. I'm going to hate it now as much as I'm going to hate it later. Here's Mumbo Jimbo. Ah, ah, ah. This book will suck. There you go. I can't even do a Mumbo Jimbo. My throat hurts too goddamn much. What do you mean you can't do a Mumbo Jimbo? Oh, yeah. I mean, He's a completely different person. No, I got a concussion, and somehow my my concussion is keeping me from calling him, Eric. I can't call him down uh, from the heavens. Break this illusion. Yes, but, yeah, that's the the news. (laughs) Here, we're going to move on to mail section number one. Understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man. <laughs> so when I'm talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame, I always mention Eric Shay. First one will be the regular one. We'll start now. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. Such a long way to make go. it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear. Mail with Jim. Mail with Jim. You cannot help but dance to that. Mail with Jim. 
Whatever. And we got to get to my mail because, of course, I didn't download my mail. But <laughs> tell everybody how they can find the mail or uh, send in the mail. Well, I'll tell them as I get this. But, yeah, to get on the mail segment, all you have to do is mail us there. That's that's all oh, yeah. it takes, right? That's all it takes. That's, i got to stall here. I'm stalling. Uh, why didn't I download the mail? I, I have no, no idea. idea. I had everything ready. We even started early, and I was all excited. We're going to get this thing done. I got it now. Yes. Email us at, what is it? It's freaking Weird, Weird Science, Science DC, DC Comics, Comics at gmail.com. And we read everything, and I mean everything. The first mail is from Alex M. Alex What's M. Up, says, Alex M? his subject line is getting to the front of the line. Yo, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Weird Science Wrecking crew. So I usually send my email Saturday afternoon while hungover, and I find that I've usually one of the last emails read. The thing this week, I'm not picking much from DC except Hard Traveling Heroes, and maybe with the Wonder Woman 75th special, except last time I picked up the Detective Comics 27 and thought that was okay. So he is a little wary. Yeah. Because you even pointed out that it was like the Detective Comics 27. At Very the point, much. I don't know if it would be worth it. Spoilers, you really liked it. So now it's Friday, and I still want to get ahead of the line. So why don't I send out this email? <laughs> Better do it now while I'm at work at the Fruit Company. It's just consciousness straining yes. going out. So I have a bit of a gripe with Hard Traveling Heroes, the only comic I picked up this week. Look, I like the story so far. It's funny, and it's just great satire of DC Comics in general. Constantine's Ashenine anti-smoking helmet is the best. The main thing that drags down this comic is all the fucking swearing. The problem isn't the fact that it's swearing in a comic. It's the fact it's that redacted. all of the beep, beep, beep swearing is written with this beep, beep, beep asterisk. I wish I had a beep. Uh, and let me tell you, after the – actually, from now on, the swearing thing for us is going to be the uh, slamming of the door. If I And actually, I can't even do that. I can't have the mail up at the same time, it seems, so we're not going to do that. But yeah, he's mad at the all the asterisks and stuff because of the beeping work, like fucking at this fruit factory. It takes me out of the comic. However, then that it's a pretty good comic, which it was, right? Yeah, it's all right. I was down this issue compared to the it rest, wasn't as great as it. it wasn't as great as, as it had been. But I still did enjoy it. And I did like all the Constantine parts. But anyways, since I didn't have to talk too much this week, I wanted to give my own top five list with what I call the top five weird science comics from this decade so far. So here they are. Number five, FBP, or Federal Bureau of Physics. In a world where real-world physics goes awry, agents of FBP attempt to save the day by taking care of psychic disasters. Written by Simon Oliver, current author of Hellblazer, this series started off well with some great art. It quickly tripped on itself and never really recovered. I lasted about ten issues before I stopped, but it was a really good concept with some great art from Robbie Rodriguez. you ever read FBP? No, I have not. Number four. Punk Rock Jesus, written, drawn, and inked by our man Sean Murphy. This black and white story told the tale of a company that goes ahead and clones Jesus so as to make the star of his own reality series from birth, only for this Jesus clone to start, yes, a punk rock band. The story is only six issues long, but it kicked ass the entire way. While it may lack the science these other series have, it is enough to pass the test. I have read that. I really enjoyed it. I did not read it, but it was like the talk of the town while it was going on. Everybody was... 
And the, the thing is, that was probably my first non-DC comic that I really read after we started the site. Right. Uh, because, like you said, all I kept hearing was all about it. So I was like, oh, it's only six issues. I read it. I really liked it. Number three, The Ultimates, Eric. You're not a fan of The Ultimates. I am not. I hated them. It's weird. I out. think that people of your age seem to really be against The Ultimates. That has gone away. People really like it now. A beautiful series drawn by one of the best artists in the game. Another guy you don't really like, Ken Rockefeller. You're not a big fan. And written by one of the best newest writers in the game, Al Ewing. This Marvel series goes out of its uh, out of its way to discover the hidden side of the Marvel comic, a uh, cosmic, and parallel universes post Secret War. It might be the coolest Marvel book out right now. Number yeah, two. I have, not, I have not read that since it originally came out. I want yeah. to say like 2001. Yeah, you just it. It gives you a sour taste in your mouth. I didn't like any of the Ultimate Universe when they first no. came. It's and now it's it's fully in. So yeah. you should you should give it a shot. Number two, Black Science. Rick Remender's Black Science had one of the best starts of any image series ever, throwing the reader into the group of scientists jumping through parallel universes. Beautifully drawn, the series constantly draws me back in. That's another big one that I hear about a lot. I've not read it. And uh, basically because it's way into the series, and I don't yeah. have time to catch up. Catch up. And now I'm the uh, Condiment King. You know, um, you know why Condiment King ran to the bathroom? Why is that? Because he must turd. <laughs> What do you think of that? I just came up with that. It's actually That's not good, bad. That's a good joke. Number one, Manhattan Projects. Doesn't get more weird science-y than this one. Einstein and Oppenheimer are just two of the scientists getting all the resource and power they need to do whatever they want, including access to parallel universes and fighting enemies like the FDR AI. This book from Jonathan Hickman and Nick Patera is funny, epic, and pretty badass for a story about scientists in the Cold War. And yeah, I've heard a lot about that book. I have not read it. It sounds fucking awesome to me. Yeah. I love... See... I love alternate history stuff that is nonsense. I do not need to see – I don't need to read any more stories about if the fucking Nazis won the war or, you know, World War II or if Japan fucking took over. And I don't like the stories that they go into, uh, you know, excruciating detail to prove how it could happen. Right. I need shit where there's an FDR AI and fucking Einstein is going to parallel so You don't want to read a story where the South wins the Civil War. No, I do not need, you know, the, I forget the one. There, there is a really, really big one, like bring on the Jubilee. I can't remember. I Do you know what I like to have to deal with stuff nonsense. like that? What's that? Sliders. Sliders. But yeah, sliders to me, though, is the nonsense part of it. it yeah. They try to make it a little, like you like uh, Timeless. The new TV show. Uh, the thing that holds me back on those things, I do not need to see real world things. I want fucked up shit. I want a robot Abraham Lincoln <laughs> who's going to fight a dinosaur uh, flown by Teddy Roosevelt who's actually a cyborg. That right. is fun stuff for me. That's what I want. And, and throw in anything steampunk, I'm in. Yes. Yes, Eric. Slide. <laughs> Well, that's it for this email. Congrats on not shitting yourself, Jim, after that accident. You're a real funny. I, I did not shit my pants. It surprises Achievement me. Achievement of the year. Yes. By the way, while listening to the spotlight, I almost crashed my car, and I, too, did not shit my pants. Hope you enjoyed the list. I did enjoy the list. I think, I think I'm think i going to have to read Manhattan Projects if I have the time. Written yeah. and lettered by Alex MPS. You should call this podcast. Good job for not beeping your pants. Beeping your pants, Eric. Beep, I didn't beep, shit beep, my pants. Your pants. Never said if I peed them, but I didn't shit them. 
Just let me tell you, I'm a little more like Batman than you think now, Eric. Your world's greatest detective? No, I didn't pee my pants either. Like, the fucking asshole, too. I get out. This accident happens. And I get out. You didn't from peeing your pants. Guy immediately. I was just joking. I didn't pee my pants. I got out. The guy immediately starts to fucking, you know, give me shit. And then I just, all I can think of right away is, am I hurt? And can I beat the shit out of this guy? And the <laughs> answers to those were no and possibly. The guy, the guy was a lot bigger than me. Yeah. I think that I could have taken him. If I really, I could have cold clocked him right in the fucking face. That's just not he a good never, idea, though. He never would have seen it coming. Never. Like, I didn't see him coming because I swear to God he didn't have his lights on. Knock his fucking lights out. The next email is from Brian from Arkansas. Brian? Brian starts, hey, guys, just a random thought while listening to Jim wishing for the DC Unlimited app. Did I ever say that, that I wish God, DC yeah. had an app Here like Marvel? Did I ever Brian. say that? Yes. I don't remember ever mentioning that, that they should have an app like Marvel. I would love that as well. Maybe we're one step closer to that now since AT&T owns DC. And that's all he said. Brian Weston from Conway, R. Kansas. I, I don't think so. They're just against it. They really are. I, I don't understand. Sliders. Ryan. Ryan uh, is the next email. Thanks, Brian, from Arkansas. Ryan's next. He's from the Columbus Comics Corner podcast that you guys should check out. Uh, he says, The Just for the Hell of It Halloween episode was one of the best non-comic book things I've listened to in a while. Awesome. I couldn't help but laugh the whole time, and I hadn't even had a green cigarette yet. They make those green cigarettes there? I, I don't understand. No I'm really enjoying the Young Animals. Is that a St. Patty's Day thing? What's going I'm on? really enjoying the Young Animals title so far. I look forward to see how these pan out. I like the chances DC's, DC are taking with these titles. I've even dropped Titans and Batgirl on the Birds of Prey to read more Young Animals. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I plan to give Titans another try after they get past this abracadabra arc. But I think I'll have to forget about Birds of Prey until I hear things have turned around. I'm still patiently waiting for JSA to get a new book, and I hope it is in the works. Till next time, keep it weird. Thanks, Ryan. Thank and you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. And yeah, the JSA book just seems to just be on the back burner. I don't know. It what seems like we're about. like leading our way there, though, slowly. Sliders. I'm clicking my. Uh, <laughs> I, hear you. I just put it in my mouth because I'm losing my voice. Hakeem. Is the next mail? Have you heard me ever mention Hakeem in the mail section? I can't say I have. That's because he's a new listener. His subject line, new listener of the podcast. Hi, guys. My name is Hakeem. Been listening to your podcast since episode 90. It's very rare to find a comic book podcast that treats its listeners with great respect. Takes the time to read all the mail and feedback, not hit you up with a request for money every other hour. The nine-hour podcasts have now become part of my Monday routine, and for that, I salute you guys. Keep doing what you do. Is he he making fun of me? I think he is. A little about myself. I'm somewhat of a relapsed comic book reader. Haven't bought or read a single comic in the last 15 years. It wasn't until DC announced Rebirth that I decided to jump back into it. Since May, I jumped headfirst into Rebirth, practically buying every single title, aside from Batgirl, Harley Quinn, and Supergirl. He doesn't like strong female characters there. Apparently. I was blown away with many of the storylines, and since then I could not stop buying anywhere from 8 to 10 titles a week. That's that's winning for DC. That'll happen. Now, here's where shit gets uh, goes bad. 
It wasn't until I began listening to the podcast that I finally was able to see some of the flaws in the storylines. Oh, shit. Although, although I needed no help with Night of the Monster Men or Justice League. Yeah, nobody needs help with those. <laughs> Since then, I cut my list by half of the Rebirth titles. And while my enthusiasm for Rebirth has waned since I began listening to you guys, oh, I wanted to take the time to thank you for saving me money, I guess. I feel bad. I actually, when I read this, I it's a very positive email. And I'm glad Hakeem listens, but it just, it actually makes me sad that that's not our purpose. You know what I mean? No. That's not our intention. It, we don't have a purpose. What the fuck? Who has a purpose that does a 10 hour podcast, stays up till 5 a.m.? If that's my purpose and your purpose, somebody kill us. Where's my but, job? uh, it really isn't our intention. We just, because we read these comics and we tend to kind of point to the, the craziness of them, and we're kind of just having fun. Yeah. I, if, if you like a title, don't listen to us. Absolutely I mean, nothing. listen to the podcast, but don't listen to us. If you're like, boy, I like this Batgirl, and then we start yelling about something, just still like it. And I, oh, we, oh, please I hate, like it. I hope so. The thing that I hate the most is when people say that we're negative. Not that Akeem's doing this. I'm just on the side. I hate that because I don't. It's funny. People are going to laugh. I don't <laughs> consider myself a negative guy. Oh, no. I don't. I just, I, I, I'm very realistic, I think, in my mind. And you need to go take a, a look at the man in the mirror. It takes a lot for me to, like, really have a lot of fun. So I just kind of read these and, and point out some of the flaws that I think. But I, I hate to think that I've you know, lessen the enjoyment. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a positive fella. Yeah, uh, he continues. Hakeem continues. I had one question to ask you about the current DC Comics lineup that I've been curious about. I've not read my, my, many comics since DC Rebirth number one. All I hear is how DC is apologizing for the New 52 with its current lineup. If you have read the New 52 titles, which we have, do you guys, that's the shit, Eric. We were in the shit. Do you guys believe that DC fucked up its characters, as many media outlets, outlets claim it has with the New 52 that is? And what was your opinion of the reboot? Reboot. Do you think DC messed up big, or do you think that talk is somewhat exaggerated? That's Hakeem from Montreal, Canada. And I, I would say right away you're going to say that it's not a reboot, right? That that bothers you when you no, see no. that. I it's knew that. I, I actually could hear your the well, fucking no, I, gears I gonna, grinding. I wasn't going to bring that up actually. Okay, but yeah, I was going to say that I, for the whole. I like the new Fifty Two. It wasn't until the last year before the uh, rebirth branding. That things got out of hand with the DC YOU. Before that, though, I, I had fun with the stories. I love that. The problem is, is yes, I do think it's an apology. But the, the issue will be, if this makes any sense, DC was not apologizing to me and Eric. No. We were in, and especially me. You were into comics before the New 52. I was not. So what they well, were Jim, apologizing for. comics like all huh, of my life. Oh, my goodness. I'm fucking more of a goddamn <laughs> you know, Mortal Kombat fan than you. No, I think that uh, basically what they were doing were the people that were taken aback by the reboot of the New 52. And also, they, they started to hear it was a darker universe. It really was. It was yeah. like Christopher Nolan's Batman hit. Everything had to be dark and gritty. So they went with that in the New 52. And, you know, characters weren't allowed to be married. They took away Lois and Clark as a couple. They, they did a lot of things. Batwoman and Maggie. Batwoman and Maggie. Like everything. It was an apology to that sort of thing. The thing with me is you're apologizing for something that I didn't know. It'd be like apologizing to me for somebody slapping somebody in 1952. I wasn't there. I don't know anything about this slap. Uh, but yeah, I do think that it was 
for other people who were in the comics and then were were taken aback or, or you know upset about the new 52 and i think it's done a great job i, I, I just look at it for the dcyou because that was yeah, fucking terrible but even that then things really that's when things fucking the wheels came off. out of control yeah, things got really bad and i think that not even sully again, could save that no, shit no, yeah really blend that plane <laughs> upside down the uh the thing is, like, you always see these trends and how one thing's a reaction to the other, and they really tried to to reel it in and do things. So when the DCYOU happened, that was there, like, okay, let's get back to the fun uh, with other books. But the problem is they had their main characters go nuts. They had Superman without powers. They had Batman was dead. Well, Bruce Wayne dead. Batman was Gordon in a, in a fucking robot bunny mecha suit. Things got crazy. And uh, so that was the best time. One role was, was just like, terrible. Yeah, and let's just, you know, fucking reel it in and get back to what people liked. Uh, but as far as God. as far as far uh, Rebirth, I, I love it. I really do. Um, I'm at the point now that I think that I'm at a kind of a holding pattern that I don't know if it's that I'm getting worn down a little because of this bi-monthly shipping. That's part of it, I think, because all of a sudden you're just get every other week you're getting these books again. And it's kind of, I don't know if it's getting too much or whatever. And then not a lot has been happening. It seems in like the, the writers are on cruise months. control right now. And they're not yeah. really like, they're waiting to, for something new to happen. Well, so they yeah, can write they're waiting stories. for what appears. They're waiting for this Justice League and, and the fucking Suicide Squad. Yeah. I don't know. Because not all the books are are affected by that, but it does seem like a lot of these books are are on a holding pattern to start something else big, and hopefully Until that happens. What it's telling you, hopefully out, not doing anything. the only thing I'm I have hope for is that next week we get that beginning of Damien and uh, John and Superman. Yeah. That that crossover, the kind of crossover there with them, and I hope that that's something that starts like a whole trend. You got Batman uh, going to fight Bane. Things are starting to pick up again. Um, I just I don't know. I just right now I'm a little fatigued from the whole well. thing, but uh, you'll see tonight. I, you know, that there'll be a, a mail coming up that people think that I was so positive during that spotlight, Eric, that they were wondering what the hell happened. Well, Brain the, the real Jim, who I still say. Not a negative guy, Eric. Oh, no? No, not a negative guy. But you'll see that that Jim coming back later uh, tonight. But I also have a mail that came in late. This will be the last mail of this section, if I can pull it up here. Uh, mail came in. I wanted to read it in this section because it is another new mail. And it's from Melanie. Melanie says, good day, Jim and Eric. It's like, good, good day, Jim and Eric. Now, today, I'll tell you, we were coming home from shopping. And my uh, youngest son, Logan, did like a crazy British accent. And then I started doing it. And him and Rafe said, I have the fucking perfect British accent. Oh, yeah. I was so happy. Good day, Jim and Eric. That, I thought I would drop you a line. I, I, I thought I would drop you a line. We watched uh, the trailer for uh, Crocodile Dundee today. We were trying to figure out what movie to watch. Yeah, they were like, "That's nonsense." And we moved I actually on. got excited. I'm like, are they redoing Crocodile Dundee? Is fucking Paul no. Hogan coming out of retirement? We were just going, going through. Uh, I, you know, I haven't mentioned on the podcast, but we got one of those Amazon Fire Sticks yeah. and kind of have uh, what they call jailbreak that bitch, Eric. Yeah. And we're watching movie after movie. I might even watch Shawshank Redemption. Awesome. 
No, I won't. Uh, I thought I would drop you a line, though, admittedly. I've been enjoying our exchanges on Twitter. I'm a new listener, only been listening for a couple of months now. It usually takes me a couple of days to listen, as I only listen during my commutes to work and back and while on breaks. I have only just gotten into reading comics as well. My brother was a reader when we were teenagers, though he is a Marvel guy, mainly X-Men and Silver Surfer. He's trying to get back into it again, and my younger brother is starting to read now, too, though he is a Marvel as well, and Cap is his focus. I am the lone DC reader in the family. <laughs> Tell you, with us doing the Marvel stuff, I don't do the Cap things. I'm kind of a Cap guy myself. If I actually just, we stopped everything, and I had to read something, I think I'd get really into Captain America. Oh, hell, even I, if you I had to go it. and watch any of the Marvel movies, it'd probably be Captain America those the first are my favorite. or the Those sequels. are the ones I watch right away. Uh, yeah, I love those. But yeah, Captain America, just to me, that it's just such a great like callback character. It reminds me of all my old-time radio shit that I'm... I'm a Spider-Man guy myself when it goes to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, I thought that... Well, we'll talk about it in Detective Comics. Luke Fox shows up, and at first I thought they were going to try to make him like a uh, a Spider-Man. Did you get right. like a Tony Stark fucking vibe with him? Because that's a what bit, I... Did. yeah. And, and I don't see anybody... Like, all these people, like, they really push Iron Man, but I've never really met anybody who just comes out and says, I'm an Iron Man guy. Uh, but yeah, my interest in comics started this late the, uh, through listening to Kevin Smith and his podcast and also a little of his TV show, Comic Book Men. He talks to writers and artists through his podcast, Batman on Batman, got me interested in reading the stories they were discussing. And yeah, I actually, that was one of the first big uh, comic podcasts oh, I yeah, listened to. I have always had a liking for Batman and had seen all the movies and TV shows, and I thought I would get reading as well. The Arrow TV show got me interested in Green Arrow and then The Flash. That's awesome. Batman Green Arrow and The Flash were the beginning of my pull list, and I have to say that I, it is rather substantial because I decided that I would give everyone on the Rebirth a go. Okay. And I have only cut Deathstroke so far, but I'm contemplating cutting Superwoman. Again, if you're a new, li- a a new reader, it is so hard for anybody to get into and, and enjoy. But, uh, man, I, cannot, I really cannot imagine... A new reader oh, just jumping not. on that Superwoman it's book and knowing me, and anything that's, that's going on. This. They don't even they don't even do a good job of even explaining any of the characters at all. No, that's weird. I was also consider considering cutting new Superman as I had issues like Eric did. I had issues like Eric did with the first issue. I have issues with the concept of Superman in general, but I stuck with it. I'm glad that I did. I like that book. I want to I've ditch. I've had issues. I still enjoy the hell out of yeah. it, though. I want to ditch Hitch. I like that. That would be like we'd have <laughs> signs: ditch the Hitch. But that, I is just that a good can't headline for like a title on an article. Yeah. Ditch the Hitch. I uh, I might drop Blue Beetle soon, though. I might uh, give it one more issue. Three's a charm, after all. Yeah. This issue is this issue is a weird one. It's not bad. It's not bad enough for me to say to drop the book. Though. I know. It's not great. It's but still it's a lot of the same, horrible. but there's some interesting things going on that I can, yeah. like reading about, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah. fucking weird. And uh, uh, Mel says, I'm I'm a list maker. She likes to make lists. We, yeah, me so am I. Me and you love lists. So we, you come to our area at work, and there's it's just list. fucking no – I, I saw it on paper. yesterday. I get there, and I, I see just like 80 slips of paper where we have like uh, – Best Justice League team. Like, just stupid shit and that we write up And then when you there on. On, on Thursday, I saw the list you had. I added one to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're making up goddamn crazy-ass list. I'm a list maker, so here are my top five of the Rebirth so far, not in any particular order. All right. Wonder Woman. I'm going to ask you, what do you say? Wonder Woman. 
Yeah. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> Cyborg. Know, yeah, what are we doing here? Cyborg. Cyborg is yeah tough nay. for me, uh, so I'm going to say nay right now. Yeah. He, uh, she says he is slowly becoming my favorite hero of DC. That's cool, though. That's um, awesome. That's weird. I'm trying to think. I, I actually, I'm, I'm still intrigued by the book. It's just every time an issue comes, it's not my favorite, but I'm still intrigued. Uh, Green Arrow. I'm getting a little off on that with myself, but I'd have to say, say nay right now. From what that's we've one gotten. of those, like we were saying earlier, when I said there's some fatigue and all that. Yeah. That's one of the issues. That uh, and the Flash are the two big ones. Say, in my mind. It's so weird with uh, how things tag together, or, you know, yeah. go together in your mind. Green Arrow and Flash go right with, you know, the same with me. Both Green Lantern books. She likes both Green Lantern books, and she says, "I know I'm cheating a bit there. Uh, <laughs> I really am enjoying Green Lanterns." Uh, the Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, I hope it gets going. I, I really do. That's such a weird thing. Cause you know, I'm like, Green Lantern's been my favorite character. Kyle Rayner was my Lantern. We haven't got a lot of him, but I'll go, I'll fall back on Hal Jordan if I have to. Yeah. I like the Green Lantern so much, but these books are just kind of middle of the road for me right now. Like, the Green Lantern title has gone up from where it started, yeah. but it's gone up to the middle of the road, really. It's one of those, though. Um, I'm interested in both Simon and Jessica. Me as well. Uh, because Simon, we always like. Jessica, I like the interaction. It's something new. It does seem yeah. fresh, though. At the beginning, the bickering did go on a little too long, though. You hated it more than me. Uh, just how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps title is really just a greatest hits of what happened before. It, it really seems to be like, hey, you like Sinestro? Watch him fight Hal, and the Green Lantern Corps will get here sometime. And it's just starting to wear on me. You remember uh, how Guy Gardner was a badass? He's still yeah, really. A badass. We're gonna show you. He's naked. He's not gonna do nothing, but he's gonna be a badass. Yeah, he's gonna yell. Here's the the next one, the final one on our list: All Star Batman. And I do enjoy them. I, I, I know that, that has been a, a seven point, actually a seven to an eight out of ten yeah. for me every time. I enjoy the I book. I like it. I I like the crazy I don't villains. Like to, I don't like Rita's art though. I know. Well, it'll be he'll be gone soon. I don't like shots either, though. Yeah, so. Well, that's it. Enjoy your Halloween. Cheers from Down Under. The Thank Thunder you, from Down Under, Mel, which is Jenny's Hex on uh, on Twitter. Okay. Which I, yeah, I told you. You had actually just responded to her I about, I believe, was it Titans. the Titans book? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah, you guys had a little Titans talk. That's another book that just kind of keeps fun. It's like it's on a fucking treadmill that just It'll doesn't get go somewhere anywhere. one day, Jim. We just got it's to on a fucking exercise home. bike. You just keep going. You burn like you're on the exercise bike for like fucking three days and you burn seven calories. Fucking nonsense, Eric. Jim, Stay away from that shit. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that is it for the first bit of mail. Uh, we're gonna come back with the books. All right. No.
for the reviews, Eric. I love that. Time <laughs> for the books. You know what else? I like that we say that we do reviews, and you know what? We actually do. Yeah. I, I, I Sometimes I listen to these podcasts, and they're like, oh, we're going to review 10 books tonight, but they never do it that. They just tell you what happened. Nobody Here's says anything. Here's the synopsis and no score. It drives me nuts. It's driving me nuts, Eric. I, I really need something to pick my spirits up. You know what that means. You yes, always know what that means. Look at all those chickens. LeBron James. Oh my goodness. Boys have a penis. Girls have <laughs> the a same vagina. It's true. Over and over and over. Watch your profanity. I will, sir. I will. Watch your profanity. Yes, I will, sir. There you go. I've now made my money. I have to hit five sounds at least during a podcast. I have done it. I, I've not been big on the sounds tonight. I know I'm I'm a little off. I'll tell you, this concussion shit is, is fucking fucking terrible. I almost didn't even think of a word. Here you. The guy is drunk. The guy is <laughs> drunk. Yes. I like turtles. I like turtles as well. Look at all those chickens. I heard that the big news was that Vine is going down. I heard uh, that that's as well. where, yeah, that's where a lot of those come. And somebody out of the blue did message or not message us, but tweeted that the only vine that ever needs to remain is the look at all those chickens. <laughs> uh, that thing makes me smile, and seeing it as well just makes me happy. That's the one thing in this whole entire world, besides my family. What about the leprechaun? Besides my family, that that makes me happy. But the problem is when I hear "look at all those chickens." It's just pure joy to me. It never, when I hear this one, who else in the leprechaun say yeah? Yeah! I start to worry for that guy and start to have other thoughts about what's going on in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, the, the look at all those He's chickens. Doing fine. I, I could see me there with her just running through the, the fucking birds and laughing and, you and know, her parents calling a, the police for having a grand old time going up to her like, Hey, aren't you the look at all those chicken girl? Give me a hug. Next thing I'm, I'm on the list. She's 13 years old now and has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. She's trying to just like the, I like turtles. I like turtles. If, if you want to know, out of any sort of reason why you would, but if you want to know what my son Rafe looks like, look at the I Like Turtles kid. <laughs> Rafe's a spitting image of that kid. And really, at points, I would have him say that to me, and then he got mad. And I will tell you, he's very, uh, he's very shy. Not shy. He's very, um, what is it called? He's upset about his ears. I, I can't make words up in my head right he's now. He's got the cab doors open. He's very concerned about his ears, so when I made everybody shave their head, he really went kicking and screaming. He did not want to do it. I said, you're doing it. That's it. I'm not spending another $80 cleaning fucking bed linens. Bed linens. What the fuck? But yeah, this is the books, Eric. So all leads to the books, and I don't know. We have a lot of books coming at you coming up now. I, I'm not real big on these books this week. I will Neither am I. Uh, I got one are, that I was really into. Well, I had a couple. Uh, the first one that we're going to talk about uh, tonight, I liked enough, but it's one of those, it's just getting back from that Monster Man. Uh, but before I do go into that, we do have a website where we put up all of our written reviews. It's weirdsciencedccomics.com. We do review all of these books, and they usually come out around midnight on Wednesday. Or in so, this case yeah. with Dr. Fate this week, Thursday, because I was a little behind. Yeah, but so you had a lot of books. Yeah. I got all mine up. I've, I've yet this week. 
I, I said to you, was it, it was Flash, right, that I said I had to apologize to people because I <laughs> fell asleep in the middle of reviewing it, and then I woke up and finished. At that point, I still had two more books. I legitimately fell asleep while writing a review, and then I woke up, and I was like, I'm going to go to bed, but I actually thought, nope, I have not had a time where I did not review any of the Rebirth books on time. It will come eventually. It does for everyone. I think, didn't you have a Green Lantern's the one? Yes, but that just came out like, you know, a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, so that's the thing. This will happen eventually where I will just have to go to bed or whatnot. And I didn't want this week to be the one to have. I want that in my back pocket, Eric, to to fucking cash in. (laughs) Better in your cap. Yeah, but uh, there will be spoilers. If you haven't listened to the podcast uh, before, we spoil the shit out of everything, as you say. And yeah, and the reason, because I like to talk about the book, so do you. It's hard, and if you are a non-spoiler podcast out there, I know that half the podcast I'm talking to other podcasts, if you're a non-spoiler podcast and you have to keep mentioning that you don't want to spoil shit, start spoiling it. I'm telling you, that the people can listen to it later after they read the books. Having a spoiler or non-spoiler I don't think affects anything. Except that you can talk about stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of them use that to hide their, you know, not knowing shit. Oh, I wish I could tell you what happens here because I don't know, but we're not a spoiler podcast. I'm telling you, I don't like to spoil stuff in my reviews, but I skirt that issue. But yeah, I can end, you can always end with the, who, wait till you see what happens at the end. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm like, who the fuck is that? And you know what? I don't have to look it up because I don't spoil things. Right. Ah, yes, the meat and cheese of the podcast. Now, when I do have to look shit up, I'm an idiot about it. I was even doing it, I think, uh, a couple of these books. Uh, no, there was a tonight, couple tonight as well. Where, uh, I was doing it. I am freaking reading the book, and as soon as I see a character, I start looking shit up when all so I have I to do. do is turn the goddamn page to find yeah. out. I, I, I actually started looking up. I, when we get to it, I'll tell you. I'm like, I was looking up this fucking guy. Uh, oh, I know what. It was Deathstroke. I'm looking up Luis. I'm like, who's Luis? this Luis? <laughs> <laughs> There's no Luis. That was not Luis enough for there. me to play on. I'm like, I am not looking Don't up Luis. Look up Deathstroke Luis. You're not getting much. That's <laughs> all I do. But yeah, I try to do some research. Yeah. I try. First book, uh, there's going to be some research in this first book if you didn't read the new 52. I, I think that this was a weird issue. It is Detective Comics. I'll just tell you right now. Detective Comics 943. And before I go... If you didn't read any of the New 52, there's going to be a bunch of characters in this that you're going to be confused by. And I would say that some of them are worth going back and finding out about them. Uh, but avoid Batman and Robin. I'm going to say the, avoid the big it. one that you really should read is Batman and Robin. It is. And don't do avoid it. Avoid it. No, don't do it. Don't, just read. Just when you get to see when you this is a little hint. You're reading these and all of a sudden somebody says a full name. First name, last name. You don't know who that is? You look that Wikipedia. Shit up. Go yeah, to Wikipedia. Right. Just read who they are. That's all you need to do. You don't have to go back and read nonsense. But yeah, just do that because that happens a couple times in this issue. But yes, it's Detective Comics number 943, written by James Tyne in the fourth, art by Alvaro Martinez. He draws the hell out of this book, Eric. Raul Fernandez, Brad Anderson, and Marilyn Patrizio. Patrizio! Patrizio! Where are you? Where art thou? Patrizio! The Monster Men is over, and it's time to start up a new Detective Comics run. It starts off pretty good, if you ask moi. This issue is all about the cameos and the guessing game of who will replace Tim Drake on the team. I love Harper Rowe. 
but I hope it's Luke Fox, Eric. <laughs> I just Luke, Luke Fox. I hope will get it's into both. I, I think it might be. But and possibly Luke, Jean see, Paul that's the for thing. some fucked up it, reason. I want I want Batwing. I want Batwing bad. Why? We're big fans of Batwing. So the problem is if they use Luke as a tech guy, which is kind of a you might not get Batwing. Harper is really spelling and, out. She's no longer Bluebird. She yeah. uh, she can tech. She's the new Oracle. See, Boom. We'll get we'll get both of them, Jim, and this will just spit into the new series. Fucking yes. back, uh, fucking Batwing and Bluebird. Batwing and the Birds of Pra. How about that one? Pra. I don't know what that means. Pra. What do you think of that? I don't oh like- yeah. Some fucked up looking guys show up at the end and they are pretty pissed, Eric. They are ugly. They, the, the, uh, the victim syndicate looks like it was probably your worst nightmares is if you ask me. They are fucked up, but the book no, starts No, my worst out. nightmares were the fucking, what I always considered, I, I forget what they're actually called off the top of my head right now, but the, I would, like, almost like the victim syndicate in the Batman and Robin series where it was all those characters that were hurt yeah, by they, Batman. Actually, they were funny. They had the oh. boot print, the guy with the boot, boot print, print in his one face, guy had the, bat, the fucking the battery. Because even head. when I told you the victims, that you're like, oh, is it those guys? I'm like, no. Nope. No, these guys are fucked up. I'm actually, really your biggest nightmare is... The fucking Ninth Circle and the fucking uh, Inferno. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I don't know. That's bad, but I'm telling you, that one from Batman and Robin Eternal, we had those three guys that were molded together and yeah, just that fucking burned victim blob. Yeah, was yeah, they are fucked up. Um, I will say right away, before we even start the, you know, what goes on in this comic, I do think in general that it's a shame uh, about what happened to this comic with Monster Men. Because Monster I think Men Monster Men in general is a shame. Well, Monster Man came in right after Tim Drake died. That was the last we have seen from this proper detective comics. That was a month ago. In the meantime, during the Monster Man, you got a bit of that interplay of, oh, I'm sad about Tim dying, you know, all that. So what ends up happening is this book did not get the chance, and James Tyne and the fourth did not get the chance to properly do it himself. He was the one who killed off Tim, you know. Again, we always say killed off, but if you, you know, whatever. He's, he's missing. Um, but the, he never got to do a proper send-off and, and a requiem issue, if you want to call it that, for these characters. And it's a real shame because he tries to force it in this issue, and some of the things did not come off true to me. A little overpowering. Because it's been a at least a month. Because we've seen before in the Batman book, it was even a month after that. Like month a month or so has happened. And James Tynan is still going to have to try to show you, oh, everybody's mourning. But it just doesn't hit as hard as it should because we we it's a month later for us as well. But it starts off with people are protesting and people are protesting Bruce Wayne. And it's funny to me because this is always one of those things where when they try to do this thing that people are mad at Batman, it's hard for them to express that. Because yeah. Batman is a vigilante that nobody supposedly knows who he is. So you can't just have – people aren't just going to protest outside a library down with Batman. They always seem to go against the GCPD or Wayne Enterprises. And it well, always it's not is hard that. when the freaking Wayne Watchtower program becomes goddamn – Well, yeah, that's – well, that's – they don't even spell that out here. No. But, yeah, to me it's always just – you always have to go at Wayne Enterprises. But even that – it's always, oh, you you supplied tech to them and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, all that in Batman Incorporated. Yeah, and it's just a weird way because you can't – can't really have people aren't going to be outside the bat cave picketing they don't know where that is you know? superman <laughs> might make that happen who knows yeah he might but uh it starts off with somebody has what appears to be red spray paint uh 
over or the Wayne blood. Enterprise. It says no more and then has a, a bat symbol. And to me, it is supposed to look like blood as well. That's supposed to be, to me, the symbolism. Yeah. Um, Renee Montoya is there with uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman. And if you don't know, Renee Montoya has been the question. And I laugh when I told you that she's like, hey, what happened here, Renee? That's what Batwoman said. She's like... That's the question. Ooh, she Ooh, said it. She, she said, said the question. It <laughs> made me laugh. But yeah, they're talking about that Lucius had showed up for work. He was uh, on the phone uh, with Vicky Vale, kind of talking about a an interview. There's a whole thing where we wanted to have it when the numbers were correct, when bad, you know Wayne Enterprises was doing well. But it's this whole thing about what happened in the city and all this craziness. Well, he got attacked by this victim syndicate. You see them. They get off an elevator and they're fucked up. They end up doing... And you, you hear people, Lucius, this other lady, are kind of like telling how it went. You just get the idea. These are bad people that yeah, are doing disgusting things. Yeah, bad guys came in and things. fucked everybody yeah, up. And then bad guys also, came in. I'm, I'm looking at the panels. I'm like, all right, they came in. There was a green guy who poisoned everybody somehow. I'm like, green? You mean that guy in the green jacket? Yeah, it looked like, like the green, green jacketed guy. guy. He yeah. does kind of have green hair. <laughs> does he? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it, we don't know m- much about the characters. So no, we're kind of giving you a little it. bit. There's that crazy... Almost like a, uh, actually to me, looks like a Cassandra Kane all in red yeah. uh, at the beginning. There's one guy who looks like Lurch. You got, the, you know, crazy. You got that guy who looks like a fucking dwarf or a witch or a hobbit like or something. Like a toad to me. Like a toad. Uh, but yeah, it comes in, kills these guards. And the big thing was it didn't look like they were after anything. They were sending nope. a message, Eric. They were sending a message. And the weird thing is, is that. Uh, Kate says to Renee, oh, my God, you know, we got to go talk to Batman. And Renee's like, no, that symbol's your color. They yeah. might be after you. I'm like, no, they just had one color of spray paint. Seriously. You know what I mean? It, it's such a – Who wants to go into a goddamn hardware store and buy multiple colors no, for a just goddamn – just even that or, you, you know, you're tagging things. You don't got time for that. They're fucking they're, – they're doing this after they killed some people. They got to get the fuck out. That, is, I, that was the weirdest line in this book to me when Renee says, I think it has something to do with you because nothing ever plays into that at all in this issue. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's it's just weird. Um but yeah, they they want to get a hold of Batman and see what he thinks. In the meantime, Batman is in the Belfry, which they don't spell it out either. But that's where yeah, they said kind of his see cell it was. It's weird though. I wish they would have spelled it out more because I think some people would think that that he's in the Batcave. But they I, really I like, did say, "What's that?" I like the fact that they have the uh, the red Robin suits from this series in the Belfry, but he also has the other red Robin suit yeah. in the freaking Batcave. Yeah, it's like, pretty cool. This guy suits hanging up everywhere, don't you? Yep, all over the place. He he doesn't want to. Don't forget, Eric. That Nobody one in France, forget. he's got one over there too in the catacombs. Oh, yeah. All over the place. But yeah, he's talking. Batman is talking to uh, Jacob Kane. Uh, obviously, he wants to know where Colony is, and he's, he's the only off. one talking. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Jacob's not going to tell him shit. But I love the fact that Jacob always calls him Bruce while Batman <laughs> is in the, the cow. Off. And you know that it pisses him off so much that he just keeps saying it. Oh, and it just it makes me laugh I so honestly much. don't know what the hell you're supposed to call this guy. Because especially in Deathstroke when he fucking yells at Rose Wilson. They're like, my name's not Batman. I'm like, yeah, I know. the fuck is your name? Man? I know. That was weird. But yeah, you have him here. He, he slams Jacob into the fucking wall and he, he's frustrated. You can see Batman's frustrated because he does want to know what the fuck's going on but also the other problem is jacob does say you know you don't scare me and that is the big thing that batman runs on 
But also, because Jacob knows it's Bruce, you get the idea, maybe, I don't know, I don't know how much the common criminal really does know about Batman having a code. It really throws that into me that because he does work on fear. So yeah. they only, but you don't see just some bank robber and Batman shows up and the bank robber says, you know what? You, you're not going to kill me. I know what you have going on. That's Jacob, the I don't know. I'm not as afraid as death as I am of being seriously, seriously hurt. Well, even that, uh, Jacob knows him. So Jacob knows. And also I think Jacob knows that Batman, it, yes, Jacob's a dick. It's still, you know, a relative. And I break his goddamn arm back. Yeah, I just, I think, I think that he realizes he's not going to do anything. He might try to scare you. He might slam you into a wall like he does. And and also, like, I'm going to make you. He's really separating himself from the team at this point. I think he's really pissed off too that he can't handle this on his own. He needs Batwoman because that's the only person. And because that's what Jacob says, it ends with him. Like, you know what it's going to take. You have to make me. You know, you have to let me talk to my daughter. And uh, I don't know. Does he still think? That he can convince her of what he's doing is good because it's not just like, oh, well, Kate shows up and he'll tell her everything. It, it seems odd to me, but yeah. I do think that he still thinks that he is doing the right thing and he can convince her of it. And I think that what's going to end up God happening a bit. Up. I also think that what's going to happen a bit is Batman, he's going to try to get this whole thing. Like you said, Batman's on his own. Kate calls him out on it later. I think that he's going to use all of this that's happening now against Batman. Say, oh, man, he came in. He's fucking roughing me up. He never <laughs> called you. He never wanted to get a, you because he knows, you know, whatever. It happens. Jacob's a piece of shit. But I don't even not, know if Jacob will go to that point because Batman's not even roughing him up that no, bad. You just slam him against no, the wall. No, but I still think that he's going to use that. But it's funny that Batman, his big move then is to turn off turn the, the lights. lights. <laughs> yeah, that'll show him. We didn't know that Jacob was afraid of the dark. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? Take this. Turns yeah. off the lights. And then Jacob's like, but my light and my cell's still on, Batman. <laughs> you stupid idiot. But yeah, this whole the whole issue here is to, again, it's going to have to remind us of what's going on because of Monster Man. But yeah. it's also the thing. The team is in a bit of disarray. Tim Drake died. Batman is kind of trying to do things his own way. Taking I think he's also, hard, as you know, he and would. I think he's taking it hard. I also think that he doesn't want to throw people into danger right now because he, people keep dying uh, on his watch, I, Eric. Again, so. it's going to be weird going to the Deathstroke and saying that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a whole it, the weird thing that Deathstroke to me when we get to that book, it is really like it's in continuity. It doesn't feel like it's <laughs> it doesn't because, line up. especially this week because of this. Then you have Damien in freaking Teen Titans. Like, not nothing lines about up. Him. It nothing lines up at all. Uh, but yeah, Batman he cares calls. about everybody except for Damien. <laughs> I know he. I don't know. He doesn't care. He's weird. But yeah, he turns off those lights though. But then he calls, he calls, uh, Kate. Kate's riding around, zipping around on her motorcycle. As and, a Batwoman uh, does. That's where she's like, hey, uh, Batman wants to know what's going on with the team or whatever. And, and Kate spells it out. I sent Orphan and Clayface to the mudroom to train, but I can't get a hold of spoiler. I'm starting to get worried. And Batman's like, oh, she needs time. And that's where, Kate says, I'm not sure I agree. The only time she's come in lately, she's been distracted. I don't know if she can be the soldier she was after what she's lost. What happened then in Monster Man? 
Why she was a goddamn soldier? Why is what did she you was. let her by herself and really fought with Batman? At one point, they lost contact with her and Cassandra in that goddamn cave, and it was because shit went wrong. Yeah. Batman kept saying, "I've got to go and see." Kate kept saying, "No, no, no. Trust the process. Trust that she's like uh, Joel Embiid." Trust the you, process. Within that month between Monster Men and here, shit has gone downhill for fucking uh, Ka- uh Kane. Think of her fucking Stephanie right now. Stephanie, but yeah. it's still it's weird. I told you the one thing that I did, I kind of can go with. Tim died. The Monster Men happened right away. And one of the best things when any sort of tragedy to me happens for the person for the is a distraction. It doesn't help you get over it though. Nope. It's a nice distraction at that point. So I do like that. It kind of seems that, but it's not really spelled out. I wish that she would have instead saying, I don't think she can be the soldier. I wish they would have said, listen, uh, you know what she did? She kicked ass during the Monster Men. Even at the point where her and uh, uh, what's it called? Her and Dick were on the rooftop. Like she yeah, really she was, was going all out. She was. She was one of the biggest heroes. Um, I wish they would have spelled that out. Like, no, she really kicked ass. But now that she, there's she not that distraction. Jim, if you got the air to 130 degrees. Yeah, she knew it. She was smart. Remember, she <laughs> even did almost all of that even to the point where it even upset her a little because she was figuring things out that I'm they were sure saying she, stuff about Tim. I'm and pretty she sure was she kind figured out where Hugo smart. was too. That's what I'm saying. She was the one who kept figuring stuff out as if she was the Tim's replacement for yeah. the smartest person in the room. And maybe that fucked her up, but we don't, we don't get a lot of that. We, we just have the thing where, hey, she's distracted. We've all lost stuff. And that's where you see Batman. He's been talking and there's Tim's outfit. Tim's outfit's there. It's kick ass. Still don't understand. Me and you both, neither of us understand how he gets those masks to hover. We have no idea. Uh, and Batman's there. And it's funny when I look at him in the picture. I always just look for strings for some reason. Am I a yeah. psychopath? Yeah, I, I, now, I actually look for – to me, it would be like a little like pole that comes, that comes up yeah. and connects to through it. Through the freaking uh, – the neck there's, hole? There's nothing. Yeah, no. yeah, through the neck hole. There's nothing there, Eric. It's magic. <laughs> Batman's there. He looks like me like any time my kids try ghost. to talk to me. Yeah, really. Every time my kids talk to me, I got my hand there. I'm like, oh, God. But yeah, he he actually looks a little fat too. <laughs> Doesn't does. he look like he has I was a belly? Like that in the, the last page too, where he's just sitting at the computer. I'm like, yeah. why is he looking a little chubby? Why is he sitting like that? Because he's guilt eating. He's eating everything in sight. <laughs> like that's the thing. The big trope is for Alfred always to be trying to give him food and him, him being too busy. Now Alfred now is utility no, belt. Alfred Alfred is fucking working overtime, and yet yeah, Batman's belt is filled with Twinkies. There is no batarangs anymore. He's with <laughs> Out a Twinkie. Ah, oh, Batman. You big fat so. Time to get uh, back to the mudroom, Batman. Yes, well, this all leads to finding out what Stephanie is up to because they, they want to get a hold of Stephanie. She is actually uh, visiting her old friend, Harper Rowe. And sure is. it's awesome. And for people who read the New 52, actually, I say that some people hate Harper. Some Mike people are like Mike. Dancing Mike hates Harper. And I think the people who hate Harper have a thing where they really thought that Scott Snyder was forcing her into, you know, that whole Batman and Robin Eternal uh, and all the, like, really forced her into everybody. Yeah. And I didn't mind because I love Harper. That was, I had other issues with that whole story. And I loved Harper the minute that she showed up. I really Me did. as well. So I was a big fan. When she went off to college and she was done, it really shocked me because we had that whole Batman and Robin Eternal to really prove that she was going to be one of the Robins. 
and, and then was, rebirth happened and was capable of doing that and then she just disappeared and again if you weren't reading the new, the new 52 and you read this and you don't know who Harper is, she came about in the earlier run of Scott Snyder in the new 52 where she was – it was like a Tim Drake. It was very Tim Drake-esque. She wanted to find out who Batman was. She kind of upped the – she really upped him a bit with the tech going on. She had cameras watching him, and then she wanted to become her own vigilante. Yeah. Batman punched her in the face at one point <laughs> because he didn't want her to get hurt. He figured if you're going to get hurt, I'm going to do it. Punched her in the face. She has yeah, a it's brother. It's almost like the victim syndicate here where they come in the Wayne Towers and they kill people to say no more victims. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, really, it's it's a bad you know a bad way to, to prove your point. You're going about this all wrong, buddy. But yeah, uh, she has a gay brother, Cullen, who I also love. She has a piece of shit dad who is in jail. All this. Oh, was really good about this. Robin Eternal. Yeah, what all this led to was Batman and Robin Eternal, where you find out that Batman kind of fucked up and pretty much ruined Harper's life yeah. without her really knowing, and she was set to be the next Robin. Uh, so she is a big character. Though, like, again, Dancing Mike's probably listening right now, shaking his head. He didn't like I, – I really do think the only thing he doesn't like about her is that Scott Snyder really tried to force her in. So she was kind of – she left. She was not going to be involved. Seeing her here, I really like it. She is a tech a hero. She's yeah. a tech person who also goes by – She Boob. makes gadgets and hacks yeah, shit. Yeah, she makes Smart. gadgets. She does this. In this, she even mentions that Tim and her were working on a new – fucking energy grid to help the people. I don't know how that would fly with the regular people in Gotham. I don't know how legal that is. That's what I'm saying. The Gotham authorities may, you know, like, try to like stop that hush, shit. Is this like a situation, like free cable? What are we talking about know. here? It's like me and that fire stick. Eric, <laughs> I'm watching movies. I, I just don't, I don't even think about the legality of it. I'm just enjoying shit. Uh, but yeah, th- it makes sense. Stephanie and her are friends. Uh, Stephanie, I think at this point, she wants to talk to somebody about what happened. She doesn't want to talk with somebody on the team. She no. wants to talk to somebody else. Harper has been through the shit with her. And Harper so was she close goes, to Tim as well. And Harper was very close to Tim. At a point, I even had a problem with how close Stephanie and Tim were because it did seem to be going the route that Harper and Tim were going to be dating. Yeah. And that kind of was shut down. Then cute ass Stephanie swooped in and stole yeah. away. Yeah. So Harper even says, "Listen, my Bluebird days are over. I've locked the the costume away. I'm doing more good as Harper Rowe. Yeah, I'm she's a tech going girl. To college. I'm she's doing this and she's helping volunteering at the yeah, free clinic. She's volunteering at the clinic with." John Paul Valley, which is very odd for, for him reason. to show up. It's Asriel. Now, we did have him at the beginning of the series getting the shit kicked out of him. Uh, but here he is, and it's just, it's weird. Like, at this point, I like seeing Harper. John Paul shows up out of nowhere doing nothing. a little too much. And I was, yeah, I was like, what's going on here? Uh, but again, I think that, all the castaways of Batman just have yeah, to volunteer at I the think, fucking Tompkins I think that Tynan is kind of giving you a little... You know, he wants you to go like, oh, my God, Harper's going to be in this book. And then the next deal is, oh, my God, John Paul, because Asriel could be on that team. He could be on the team. And then it happens later with Luke Fox. It's all like a big Um, tease about who am I going to get. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, Gotham's most talented. Gotham's got talent we got going on. But, yeah, they're talking. and, And it's funny, too, because Harper to me says, Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, actually, Stephanie says to Harper, how are you doing all this stuff? She's like, you know what? It, it's 
crazy when you actually get enough sleep and then forces Stephanie to go to a gala, uh, a gala after Stephanie says she hasn't slept in months. It's like she doesn't practice what she preaches. <laughs> Stephanie's like, I don't think I can make it to this. I haven't slept in months. Oh, no, no. It's all about Harper then. You're not going to make me go back and watch anime with fucking Cullen and his boyfriend. Fuck that. And, yeah, they're going to go with Cassandra. And then you cut back, and right before, and, before and for some you reason get we cut, see one of the victim syndicate in the background yes, sitting on you a see light that pole. crazy one that looks just like Cassandra to me, but red. I and, actually thought it was Cassandra when yeah. I first looked at it, and until we saw the reveal at the end. And for some reason in Gotham, it's still fucking lightning out. Yeah, it's always lightning there. That's <laughs> what they should do. They they don't need this extra grid. Just get fucking lightning rods. You know, you'll fucking fuel the whole deal. Yeah. So you end up going back to the Belfry in the mud room where Cassandra and Clayface are fighting. Clayface looks like, I said, a, a third-rate fucking Dick Grayson sure with does. this outfit on, and they're fighting man-bats. It's pretty cool. It's kind cool. of a cool outfit, though. It's something, I like it's something it. you'd see like in the Legion of Superheroes or yeah, something. Yeah, I like it. And they're, they're fighting it out, and they're, they're kicking ass. Cassandra gives uh, fucking... Clayface, a crazy high five, that high five that almost breaks every bone in his fucking body. Which and is I like weird it. because he shouldn't really have bones. I know it's just weird. It, it kind of seems like it just puts everything out of whack. Yeah. Uh, but that's the big point here is Clayface has been awesome in this whole series. But he says, "Hey, Bat Computer, give us the biggest, ugliest bad guy in the Bat Computer ready for punching." And the Bat Computer accesses it and gives him a Clayface. I, I don't think this thing is ready for punching though. No, it, it's it's so big. It's humongous. It's eating houses. It, it, is big, it is bigger than any of the kaiju monsters we saw in there, yeah, the Monster Man. It's humongous. But it is a sad thing because there's Clayface, and now he's reminded that he is a piece of shit. And You're also, not monster. even that. He's reminded that Batman thinks he's a piece of shit because that's in the back computer. That is the shit that Batman put in there. So I, I don't know if he's if it even goes so far as him to think like, why hasn't he taken me out of the computer? I've done everything <laughs> to help this guy. And really, of all the heroes in Detective Comics, in this team, I think that Clayface has done the most personally with Batman. I mean, the guy fucking made a bat suit around Batman to fight yeah. Kaiju. Uh, he's really gone over the top with him. Uh, but yeah, it, it it gets him sadder. He's sad. Cassandra's not Cassandra. sad enough to miss a gala, though. No, and Cassandra's there always with this, like with her three words. That's all she's got. And uh, but it's always there to comfort people. And you're supposed to be like, look at her. She's the one that's damaged, but she's helping everyone. Look at her. They keep trying to make it look like she's they, doing something in this yeah, book. They don't have anything for her to do. They really don't. But I do. If anything, I like her and Clayface together, though, because they're kind of two side characters. So they just have them in the mud room all the time. Clayface is a sad sack. And Orphan doesn't say shit. Yeah. That's, not, yeah. that's not a great team just, right there. Just have them in the mud room fighting. But they go to this gala. This is a big gala where it's Luke Fox showing off this non-lethal tech, this crazy, you know, gadgets that he has. After I coming said, in on a flying car. It sounds it, it feels a lot like uh, Tony Stark. Uh, he comes in a flying car. In the meantime, while they're going there, Bruce Bruce is taking his relative to the gal. It made me laugh because people will know that that's Kate all over it. Yeah, and they're like, down with Batman. They're like, wait a second. Down with marrying your cousin. You know, it's really weird. No more kissing cousins. I thought it was so odd that they go there arm in arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I do. It's really weird. Uh, but, yeah, while this is going on, 
uh, Kate is kind of telling Bruce, hey, listen, you've, you've backed away. We know that Tim died. Get over it. She doesn't really say that, but she's like, you know what? Everybody had real loss. You've been keeping away from us. I know that you've been in, in town. You haven't come to see us. She actually even acts like, like a jilted girlfriend a bit. Uh, in the meantime, Alfred is in the front driving the car, laughing his ass off, and it seems very odd. That's Not, right, Master. Okay, that's, tell here's Master the weird Bruce thing how about much it. of a dick he is. Yeah, the thing, though, is that if this is me, say I am Bruce and I'm Kate, this is going on. Alfred's like, huh, I need some popcorn. Bruce is not upset. I, if I was Kate, I'd be furious. I'd be like, don't make a fucking joke of it, you fucking asshole. <laughs> because it really is. He's making a light of it. She has some real concerns. And I think this is, this is an issue where we're starting to lay the foundation for things to come. Like I said, Harper, maybe Azrael, maybe Luke. This, I think, is the beginning of Kate Kane deciding to leave the book. Uh, if she leaves the book, but going yeah. out on her own as well. Because we I know she has her own series she coming doesn't, out. Yeah, she doesn't like the way Bruce is going about this, and I do think it's starting a little riff that it's going to make her leave, but we'll see. But Luke shows up. And if not I love that, Luke. you know her daddy's going to help with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Luke. I love Luke Fox. I love Batwing. They, they do go a little over the top with them That's here. The thing. I really like Luke Fox. He just has not been Luke Fox to me since his Batwing no. title was canceled. No. Like even when he was in Batgirl, he always seemed a little weird, especially yeah. for get, like I have Luke Tech. I'm not Batwing anymore. Yeah, this, this he seems really weird. Like Luke Tech is is okay. It's still just in its infancy. Like yeah. they're going on like this is like Wayne Tech. Uh, now he is. It is a gal. He's throwing, and he seems to be trying a little harder to get this whole thing going uh but it still seems like he's too like kate kane doesn't like oh he's always in the tabloids to me since batgirl left like he wasn't in the tabloids then as far as we know and since she left it's not been that long for him to be this like piece of shit that kate is is spelling out i do think that kate does goes a little too far with it like and for especially some reason, she she doesn't even think about the way Bruce Wayne is in public yeah. and the whole public like you know he now he's like a throw th- I can't say the word philanthropist a philanthropist yeah thank you it's um, it's but yeah. like we had this whole playboy persona that we're also used to with Bruce Wayne as well that yes. Luke is really going over the top with and as really well here. even go further than that that that's she doesn't seem to understand that but still he is still Batwing. Yeah. So even if Kinda. that, even, even if what she knows he was. Right. And so even if she doesn't like this public persona and can't get it to her fucking head that it's, you know, he has to do that to keep everybody off the trail or whatever like that, at least she should know that he did his best as Batwing. Maybe she doesn't like the way he did things or whatever. He still was Batwing though. Batman still trusted him. He was one of the Bat family. And she just acts like none of that mattered. So, oh, even before that, he was an MMA fighter, and he's a piece of shit who only cares about himself. No, he was still Batwing. And he also, Lucius Fox's son, who was one of Batman's, you know, Bruce's best friends and, and confidants or whatever. But it's still, she is so over the top against him that I guarantee you he's on the book. Eric. <laughs> he has to be. There is no reason that she we would need be this. drama. And again, I think that this is set up where she thinks Bruce is going over her head, not keeping in the loop or whatever. This will be the call. Hey, 
Luke is on the team. She's going to be pissed. I, that's, you know, this isn't even my control and I, bull, bullshit. And then Luke will have to prove himself, you know, that whole thing. Uh, yeah. but as this is going on, all the people are taking pictures. Luke's doing a little interview. Uh, a, a big explosion comes, and then we end with this victim syndicate that we don't know anything really about. Not at they all. just say, you know, we got Lurch, Gotham has guy, all these needle hands, men. and it, it just to me, face. yeah, to me, the biggest thing that is the uh, the forced issue with them is that you just so happen that everybody's processing Batman, and that's kind of what they're all about too. Like, hey, Bat- you think Batman saves people, but there's victims left in the, in the wake. That's us. We're the victim syndicate. And it just goes hand in hand with these protests that I don't understand really because these people are protesting Batman and everybody who's involved when Batman and all of the vigilantes got everybody out of town and yeah. saved them from giant kaiju monsters. They, why would you be protesting them now? It's very, the like you guy said, ends up looking like Lurch somehow that's a problem yeah he does look like lurch and I, i'm telling you that one hobbit looking one to me i don't know why it looks like <laughs> a toad yes, it does a toad. Uh, i hope that we have like they had in blue beetle where they showed the posse i hope that we do have like a credits page where we are told all these people kind I, hope of so as well. I don't think we will needle uh, hands yeah, <laughs> your dad would have been the best with these <laughs> these titles of like sunglasses man and and uh, red person. I don't Lurch know what he'd say. From the, the Adams family, toad, the toad, the tumor. Uh, yes, the tumor. Oh, uh, we good. But yeah, they want payback. That's the next issue. Payback. Uh, really, this issue I liked. I did like, I liked seeing Harper. I like seeing Luke. And I do hope that this means that they're going to be in the book. And I, because whether or not you hate it, whatever, I, I'm glad if some people can get to know these characters a little more and judge for themselves if they like them or not. Because I love Luke and I love Harper. Asriel, because I wasn't a big, you know, reader before well, what even we that, saw that, of him in Batman and Robin Eternal. Terrible. Yeah, the Batman and Robin Eternal. Asriel, I was not really Asriel, interested as well. Uh, and here's the thing. You know what's weird to me now that I think of it? You have Asriel. He's out and about. Batman has talked to him. He went in. He got the shit beat out of him by what appeared to be other Batman. Remember at the Collar, beginning of the yeah. series. Why didn't he get Asriel to go after Bane with him? Because he's already faced Bane. I think that would have been pretty cool. And they didn't go that route. But, yeah. uh, yeah. But yeah, I like the art in this issue a lot. I think the art is great. I like the panel layout. I like all that. Uh, I gave it an 8.8, uh, just because I like that it's, a, it's a setup issue. It really sure is. is, but you needed that. You needed something like this after Monster Man get everybody going. And I think it does a good job. I just wish that James Tynan was given more of an opportunity to do the mourning for Tim Drake in his own book then have to kind of pick up the pieces of Monster right. Man and kind of add it because it did seem forced. Uh, what would you give it? And I like the art in this book enough. It's just that the story overall didn't wow me. I was reading. I like to see Harper and freaking, you know, uh, you know, Luke. But like even throwing things like Azrael in there, it just seemed like, yeah, I don't got really much for you. So look at these characters. Yeah, the Azrael was weird. It, uh, it just didn't feel like a lot going on. And because uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, the one thing I will say that as you're talking about that, I will uh, – mention it's funny because they do seem to want to add a character to replace tim and yet they still don't have anything to do with cassandra she, she no. doesn't have anything to do anyway so they, instead of mixing her in a little more they're going to go that route but we're going to move 
on to what always follows, Detective. It's your book, and what is it? Action Comics number 966, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Steven Segovia, Art Thibber, and Rob Lee. Lois Lane continues her foray into her doubles life in this issue, and we really find out nothing new besides for the fact that Lois is going to abide by her doubles wishes and assume her life and finish the book of Superman she was supposed to write, and that some big bad apocalypticians have come to Earth, and it looks like they're going after Lex Luthor to kill him. Yes. 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 This is a... Uh, sliders. I'm uh, telling you, I, I hate, like, uh, I always want you to be wrong about shit. You were yeah, so right about this one. I knew it. What were they going to, they're going to have Lana Lang show up in this and give you answers in, in another book. I don't even know that they have answers in her own book coming That's up in the, the next I'm fucking you, year. In my mind, they already think that that book's going to get canceled. So they had to like, you know, take yeah. uh, some of the issues of this to fill out the story of no. it. All it was, was, Hey, we need people to know about the Superwoman book, so get Lana in this bitch. Fucking get Superwoman so people go over because she does nothing here. And and even the stuff that she does, it, it's it's so forced. The dialogue between her and Lois just doesn't seem right. Uh, with everything that 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 Lana even has seen, uh, it just seems weird. And then Superman shows up and he's fucking. Big. I really think that at this point, Superman would have looked into the Superwoman anyway without yeah. even like, you know what I mean? No, that, maybe he has because he didn't even tell Lois about like, you know, the fact I that know, he didn't even talk it, to the Solana. He shows up though and just, they, they seem to, uh, Lois and, and Clark seem to really go the route of thinking that the Superwoman is bad. And it's weird to me. Like, they really, to me, it's very aggressive when, when all of this is going down. And Lana, I, Lana, actually, if you say, Lana has a right to maybe be like, well, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. I, but to me, it wouldn't be this way. She would go, and to me, she'd be like, oh, my God, what, you know, who are you? Because I saw Lois. She seems to remember Lois as being a great friend. Oh, yeah, I didn't that's see it. But even when she goes like this would be like, oh, my God, I saw my friend die. Who are you? Because I don't I'm confused. This is so like, who the fuck are you? you Honestly, fucking, bes- you besides know. from what we've had lately in the series where everybody seems to have a doppelganger going on, you see a doppelganger. Shit means bad news right yeah, there. It's weird, though, because the one big doppelganger she's seen is Superman, who wasn't bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't bad. He helped her. And if you don't remember, it was the rebirth in uh, Superman when they uh, Lana went to go get the ashes of Super of Clark, this new 52 Superman to bury in Smallville. And that's where Superman had shown up pre-Flashpoint Superman here. Hoping that he would come back to because life. Because he wanted to get him back to life. Uh, so they that's how they met. So weird. this is the problem with this goddamn rebirth. I will tell you right now. To talk about this book and the Flash, you, oh, you mentioned so Wally bad. West. You got a oh the old Wally, the new one, uh, the, uh, the pre-Flash one, Superman. Old, this, the old the Wally just calls himself the Flash for some reason. Oh my God, something's got to sort out. The, <laughs> the issue starts out, and I know you had already told me before it, so it's not like you're spoiling anything. But you said to me. Boy, it starts out with, with John and Clark, and they're teaching John, you know, Clark's teaching his little boy his fucking powers and yeah, seeing what's going on. Yeah, use some telescopic vision, see that satellite app. And it's great. It. It's good it's times. It's really good. And it's it's one of those where it's weird, though, because that's what we're getting in the Superman book. So I think that this is a book, Action Comics, that I really think it is still struggling with an identity, where you have all these different that's a million things. different goddamn you things. Have, yeah, you know, now it appears... You, you have Lois, yep. who it appears that it's now she's hijacked the book to be about her now. 
And really, I know that they're not real characters, but somehow this character in the book is hijacked it, Eric. It's, it's, <laughs> everything's about her. And uh, it's also Lex. You have the Clark that showed up. Like, there's sure, so no. many things dangling. And it's weird to start with this because I expect this to be in the Superman book, though I still like it. And uh, we got that dangling thread of Geneticron going on, too. Yeah, all this stuff. But, yeah, Superman's in space. He's trying to show uh, John, you know, learn some powers. Uh, He's showing him a supervision, but it's different. And it's good. It's good because we're learning some of John's powers, but they're really stressing, you know, they're not the same as what we knew or what we think or what Superman's powers are. And, yeah, he doesn't have X-ray vision. He He can't fly. Supervision. He can't fly, which I always forget. (laughs) Uh, And then this one throws in something new. Where it's weird too because they're in space. They're looking at. See, uh, I don't think they're actually in space. I it's think weird. Just they the might air. not be. It's weird because the way they spell it out, it does look like they're in space and then they come down. But yeah, he's looking up at a the Cosmos One space station. So he's using his supervision. You're right. He's not in space. But at one point, they're like, "Hey, you want to go home? I'll race you." And Superman I just looks to throw off. him. He I swear did. he flew off though. No, yeah, but it's weird that why did he throw him? It's so weird. Because uh, he's that's a super he, boy. Yeah, but it does, without knowing, you think that he's flying. Because all of a sudden, and they do go into that goddamn tunnel of theirs at yeah. one point, and it's John running and Superman flying. And John's like, home. hey, and they race. And John beats him home. And Superman's like, holy shit, you're fast. And it and, actually shocked me. I'm like, holy shit, we're doing yeah. some new stuff with the powers. That's cool. He's actually yep. faster than his daddy. And it, it, it makes me think that either he's going to – it's going to be that Superman versus the Flash race, maybe right. with Kid Flash because of the kids, whatever it might be. But they'll probably have that at one time. It's very it, – it's definitely – something is going to happen in the next couple issues that John needs to skedaddle the fuck out of there because there's no reason to show this and stress it like this so much. He's going to either have to get out of something or go to save them, uh, but we'll see. But, yeah, they're talking now just like – in the I yeah, even if was, they don't, I actually just like the idea that we're just seeing the, how his powers differ you, from his father's. I event. think that it, I think that it's going to be sure a they force will. thing. Uh, what happens now is we already had Lois telling John about how when Superman. Now this was, I believe, in uh, was it in Superman? I don't even remember. But Lois recall. telling John, "Hey, listen, actually, I think it was Trinity, uh, where Lois had explained oh, yeah, to Trinity, John, right. hey, you know what.'" Uh, your dad's now assuming the Superman role. He's not going to be here every morning when you get up. Uh, he wants to be, but he's not. He's just not going to be able to. Superman basically tells John the same thing with You're Lois here. Kid. Yeah, really. I th- I thought like, boy, John keeps getting this talk. He is going to be on his own uh, because yeah. Lois is going to be yeah, doing more at the Daily that. Planet, and you know she still loves you, but she just doesn't want any parts of you. It's funny. That it's almost like Superman should say, listen, uh, Clark should say, hey, you know, your mom, she kind of likes you. You don't really feel that need that she has to be special. <laughs> Not the way uh, pills and wine, yeah. So she is off. When she's here, she's drunk. When she's bad, you know, when she's done with that, she's going to go off to the metropolis, okay? Just don't feel bad about it. She just, just doesn't like you. Just learn to make you your own much. dinners, kid. It's just weird because, yeah, he's there. But here is the big thing where Superman is going to make fucking food for John. He's like, hey, you hungry? I'm going to make these big giant meatballs. And then mentions Oliver Queen's chili. 
And I'm like, was, John has no relation to what the hell this no. is. You know, he does not know the old Green Arrow or anything. It's a weird and you thing. It's almost like a wink, me. wink. You actually yeah. had to remind me in one of the like last issues of Green Arrow where he brings up two the issues ago. I forgot all about that. Two like, issues that's a, ago, that's Oliver spelled thing. it out to Black Canary. Hey, I'll make you my classic chili. I'm like, what is with this? Are they going to actually start making like you can buy Oliver's brand chili in <laughs> in stores because they are pushing it so much now? To mention Oliver's chili in in Action Comics, so weird, especially uh, to a but, character who has no knowledge of this. Yeah. But John likes it. He says that's awesome. They just sit around and tell stories about the time he had to blow fucking Oliver's chili out of his ass. Yeah, that's all they're gonna do. But yeah, yeah. burns going Actually, in, burns twice. I, it's not coming out. Son. I'd go. <laughs> I'd go with that. Yeah, you you think you saw skid marks? I'd go with that more than what we get with Lana and Lois because Lana's there, and like I said, it's very, it's very combative with yeah. with them. Lois is there to, and basically tells Lana to get the fuck out of the apartment at one point, but. uh also, uh, Lana wants to know, you know what? I saw Lois die. Who the fuck are you? It, yeah. It's weird, though. It's not, I don't ever get the idea that Lois here is doing anything wrong against the other Lois. I, she looks like, a, you would think it's a doppelganger and just maybe just, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. And, well, it's not uh, even like Lana does anything like, you know, attacks or anything. She just has her power but on. But she and looks she's, so she's mean. Some she doesn't seem nice. You see her in everything that they show her is everything of her just looking angry. Well, and, as and, we've learned in the Superwoman book, they were best friends, Jim. And to have some woman friends. come into the apartment that looks like her when you know just, she's dead. Like, right away, she does say, like, she recognizes, like, you're not Lois Lane, which... Nobody else can tell. No, not at all. And Lana, basically, if you're going to say her powers let her know that, I don't know. But one of her powers seemed to be like she could tell when people are using Electra. I don't know. This yeah, is no, where that, I was That totally threw me off where she actually – like when Lana yeah, mentions the fact that she's – like you must be the other Lois. I've seen the other Clark, the other Superman. Yeah. Lois secretly makes a telephone call, and in my mind, from this red Superman power, she should be able to know yeah. that's happening. And, and the call is back home. And, uh, home, home, but yeah, uh, the call is, and it's one of those, like, you know, I could just imagine Lois talking like, oh, you superwoman, like really being lame with it, with the call. But Are you yes, threatening me? Yes. Superman gets the idea and he heads off and he gets there. But <laughs> even at that point, that's when Lana is starting to realize like what's going on. Like, oh my God, you know what? Yeah, your Clark might be the, you know, the guy I knew, but yeah, he goes, he tells John, you stay put. I'm going off and just shows up. And, and when he, he shows comes up, in, I swear to God, he broke through a fucking wall to get in broke there. Broke through a wall. He also comes in and fucking heat vision is firing up. Like he <laughs> is not showing up. And it's funny because when you look, he's there. He says, step back to Lana. This is Superwoman. He has to have heard about her. It is so weird that he comes in like this. The best, though, is Lois behind is such a piece of shit. Looks like she's laughing about the whole thing. Like, yeah, you want to fuck with me? Look who the fuck like, showed it's up. It's almost like a girlfriend at a theater talking yeah. shit. You're supposed yeah. to kick somebody's ass now? It's so weird. And uh, Lana says, hey, that didn't take long. Hello, Clark. And it's weird. Like, now she seems to have known about the guy. <laughs> it's really odd. I, I didn't like any of this part with Lana cuz then Lana depowers and says, "Hey, does this help?" and they're like, "Lana Lang." And then you get the whole thing where, "Oh my god, you're superwoman." Yeah, and now it's they, recap time. Yeah, and now it's recap time about Lois and this whole thing that the the new 52 Lois before she died, she sent a letter 
to this lowest cost. Again, now we're talking this it irritates me that I have to, you know, pre-flashpoint <laughs> this and but yeah, sent this thing for Lois to show up at the apartment and it all just leads to her wanting her to finish this fucking book. And to uh, assume really, her life because her friends and family yeah, can't deal with the fact yeah, that they she's can't dead. Tell you, you think at this point she's going to tell you something important. There's nothing. No. Yeah. And really all this tell, is this whole time I'm waiting why was Lois dreaming about you? Yeah. Why did there's she wind nothing up in the to fucking it. Woods? Like you said, the whole thing is finish my book and these people aren't going to be able to take me dying. So instead of, you know, telling them that I'm dead, just assume my whole fucking thing and then they'll be happy. It's so weird. It's very forced to me. And, but this also leads Lana to kind of be like, oh, you know what? I've been having bloody noses too, and I'm and afraid that I'm gonna it's, die. It's so weird that she's a weird. She's afraid that freaking Superman and Superboy will be fucking affected by this. And Carl's yeah. like, look, we didn't get our powers the same way, so we're fine. Yeah. And while Lana is on the verge of tears about what may be happy yeah, to her, she Lois just shuts done. that shit down. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to assume the life of Lois Lane. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? The whole thing seemed like you see Lois there, and she's probably tapping her foot because the the fucking whole thing isn't about her. It's not on her, yeah. Yeah, because Lana's like, oh, my God, you know, I watched uh, Superman die. The solar flare hit me as well. I just saw what happened to Lois, and, yeah, she's getting the same things, headaches, freaking bloody noses. She thinks that this she's going to die. This is shit we should check out a bit, She maybe, doesn't you know? know what's going on. There's Lois, like... Enough of you. I'm Lois Lane. Look at me. I'm going to assume it because, boy, I wouldn't want to tell Sam Lane that his daughter's dead. I know. I couldn't. Perry couldn't deal with that. Perry wouldn't like it. So it's so weird. Right away, if this meant anything to any of these characters, Superman should get Lon and say, let's go to the fucking Fortress of Solitude right. and figure out what the fuck is wrong with you because I don't want you to die. And really... When Clark went to Lana, we don't have in another that, one of you to take over your life. We yeah, check and then that, out. yeah, they'll show up. Superman, when he even said, you know what, I had my Lana. Like Lana, though it's not his Lana, still means a lot to him. It's yeah. still Lana Lang because and, this Lana uh, Lang was a, meant a lot to the actual New Fifty Two Superman yes, as well. And even even to the point where there's Lana. We just heard her say about Lois and all this. You would almost think to yourself. Maybe this is something tied in with this new Clark. While we we don't think it is, we think it's more Geneticron nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Superman wouldn't think that. Like say like let's Pick go up any see goddamn what, lead yeah this let's place. go you see what nothing. the fuck's going on. You know how you got superpowers. You have blood. and I will point though the one thing I did like about this is such a Christopher Reeve fucking Superman. I'm going through this whole thing and every panel to me he looks like Christopher Reeve <laughs> uh, with the curl in the front, which Hands I really like. But yeah, yeah. But all this is about Lois, this whole thing, and that's what but not gets the me. thing I want to find out about with well, this no, goddamn dream. Nothing is solved. Nothing is solved at all. All this is is Lois announcing she's going to take the place of the old Lois Lane, and the we end. get nothing. And with the whole thing, we need some answers to one of the storylines, and we're yep. not getting anything. In fact, it continues. Uh, Lois goes back to work. She's going to assume Lois. So she goes to the, the Delhi planet, tells everyone, hey, I'm here. I'm going to get this shit done. She I'm going to work hugs on this Perry. I do think, Lex. I don't know about you. I think that Lex knows it's not her. He, he is too smart to be face to face with her like this and not know that they, if Lana knows right away that that's not Lois, 
Lex certainly does. And I really do think that that's going to play out later. I hope and so. I, I didn't even think about that. And I don't even think that Lex – it's not anything that – it ups, it may upset him because he doesn't know, but it's not like something that he's going to just say, no, 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 you're not that. I don't think it's going to be that. I think that he's just going to be like, I know what's going on. What the fuck? Because remember, he wants to know about Clark. He's yeah, been he, trying already, to figure he knows about that Superman. this other Superman is yeah, not Superman. I think, yeah, and I think that's this is where he gets that whole thing where, you know what? I know it's, you know, I know you're not Lois Lane. You're, you are Lois Lane, but something else is going on. But he and never says that in this that. issue. No, he doesn't. But I'm telling you, just the way he looks at her when he's leaving and how he acts, I really do think that he's on to her. But nobody else. Perry hugs her. Uh, she's going to do this book. She's going to give a chapter a week. Everything's fucking hunky-dory. And then you go to Red Hat Man. Red Ball Cap. And, yeah, Red Ball Cap. So what you have is you're not getting any answers, so let's throw some more questions at you. And, yeah, yeah he goes. He has a glowing arm. He calls Zaid. Which I was looking up Zaid, Eric. No, I, I did. There's nothing. I, I found nothing. Me uh, too. But yeah, these are the guys who, remember, he had that portal to Apocalypse. Uh, you see it there. You see it. I don't know how he calls this guy. Like, no. In my mind, you need a boom tube for that shit, but he just fucking calls this no, guy. Down he has out of some nothing. sort of portal, and then he shows. You see, that is Apocalypse with the Superman symbol. That's what happened when Lex became the god of apocalypse yes uh, during the dark, the dark side, side war. war uh that was the thing everybody were getting these godlike powers that's when batman was on the uh moby's chair all this lex with that armor if you weren't reading he became the god of apocalypse they, they he actually pretended he was clark sure and did. said that he was clark kent he became that who was supposed to be uh, the original god of apocalypse yeah, who was going to be the god of apocalypse and it was great and lex used that to be a hero now. So it, it really was great. Armor. And really, again, the people who just jumped in and rebirth, I think that they could go back and read the Dark Side War at least, and you could catch up pretty quick. I and also as say you the death read, of Superman. And as the you final read, days of Superman. Yeah, and as you read it, I think that you will start seeing things like, oh, my God, that's how that happened and things like that. I think that yes. would be a good idea if you if they're interested in doing that. But it that. seems these characters are pissed off that their guy yeah, left them and possibly murders off. people because they're he very wasn't there to save off. them. So when they say this criminal, this murder of epic proportion will die, they definitely are talking about Lex because yes. the whole arc coming up is the trial of Lex Luthor. And yes. uh, Superman is going to have to save him. So, yeah, it says next Men of Steel. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's Lex that they're after. There's big trouble. And maybe they're even pissed off at Superman, though. This wouldn't be the same Superman as that one that happened for not doing anything before. Who knows? But yeah, Lex is in trouble. He's in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this issue, there was a lot of recap, a lot of just nothing to me. And yeah, it it's really been was the a problem. It's been the problem with Action Comics for me since the first issue. It just, they don't want to tell you any answers. And I like the characters, but the story is going nowhere. And you just keep getting more and more mysteries. Like this issue, you got nothing of Clark, the no. Clark Kent that showed up, and that people really Didn't are interested in. Didn't answer to the mystery that we had with Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah, you just get Lois saying, yep, here I am. I'm going to write the shit out of this story about Superman. I'm not going to think about these weird-ass dreams like, ever again. What about your son? Yeah, he could take care of himself. Yeah, Kathy he's old enough. He's 10 years him old. Kathy. You Might know well what? be a man. Next thing you know, soon. Oliver. It'd be funny if the next issue, Oliver, is actually there making the chili. He's actually his babysitter. It'd be <laughs> awesome. Then I'd laugh. But uh, what did you give this? I gave it a 6.3 out of 10. I love the art in this issue, but I did not care for the story that much yeah. at all. 
Yeah, I love the art. I'd probably give it a six out of yeah. ten. It's just not going in. Right there, you have been giving a steady seven. Steady dose of seven, seven fives for this story in yep. action comics. So, yeah, even you are getting fed up. And this is like the big book for I, you. I'm telling you, I was interested out. in the last issue. It's just this, you know, there was no conclusion, really. It's just, yeah. okay, we have this storyline just so you know that Lois Lane is doing stuff in this world. The yeah. end. Yeah, that's really what it was. Uh, the next book, I kind of have the same idea. It's another one of yours. I know I didn't send you the outline. So I will tell you, Eric, it is Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond number one, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Mialo, and Travis Lanham. Terry McGinnis is back in action and on the hunt for his former lady love, Dana Tan. But it looks like our hero has been out of the game too long, and he gets his ass kicked left and right by dozens and dozens of Jokers. With his ass getting a little flabby, Terry decides that he has to go undercover as a Joker to get to Dana and shut the Joker's town down. Yep. I, I don't know. Uh, there's two things that I, I know or don't know, but I know that the thing that most people got pissed off about the Batman Beyond series that we had in the New 52 DCYOU was, you know, people wanted Terry McGinnis. But yeah. the other thing was that Tim was an awful Batman Beyond. He was, he was always getting his ass kicked. He never stopped getting his ass kicked. So did Dan Jurgens like, read any reviews or did anybody come up to him? Was everybody a yes man to him? Tell, because nobody wants this. Nobody wants to see Batman Beyond get his ass kicked. And well, it's, whether it's, or not it makes sense, we talked about it earlier. It, it does make sense in the grand scheme of things. It, but so does, you know, if, if a movie, you, you don't have everyday life scenes in the middle of an action movie because we want to see the action. This would be like you go to see the big action movie and the big star gets his ass kicked because they explained to you that he had a headache the night before and didn't go to sleep until he 3 didn't use steroids this time. Yeah, Shit you got don't, real. You don't need that stuff. Uh, you want you, you're giving us you know twenty some pages. Give us what is exciting and fun. I don't need well, to see this progression. And and really at the end, all this is leading to is Terry maybe finding Bruce again, and that's how he'll start training. I don't know. Why do you have this in here where you get this whole thing, oh, he hasn't trained. He's not up to snuff right now. What, can you tell me why? Well, that's the thing. is we Like the action comics, we don't really get a lot in this issue. And you know, people might say, well, calm down. It's only issue number one. But after having an entire series of Batman Beyond where nothing really happened and Batman got his ass kicked, hmm. it looks like we're starting right out of the gate with giving excuses of why we can't have our hero. Yep, you know, excuses you don't want that. indeed. Right for a rebirth. And like, again, it's supposed to bring the character back and give us what we yeah. want, but and, you can't just say, oh, I'm sorry, can't do that right away. Why not? And, Come on. and you, you have these jokers, and the big thing with them, you don't, if Terry was full out, you know, on, on point, as the kids say. Oh, yeah. It still wouldn't matter to me. I think he still would get his ass kicked eventually because oh, they just have numbers. They, they, I've never seen this many Jokers before they, in my they life. They outnumber him. This is like him. a zombie outbreak but kind of fucking shit. But at least show him go down swinging. Have him just kick some fucking ass until the number game just it, it goes over top. You know, he can't deal with it. With the venomed up Joker that he was fighting initially and even in the last issue yeah. where he's getting his ass kicked. It makes sense. This Joker has fucking venom, but... He seems to know how, like, we. everybody knows how to stop a Venom fucking guy. Yeah. You cut the goddamn tubes. That's well, what really, you do. 
if you're going to be a supervillain and you have anything like the the venom, uh, try to make some sort of uh, concealed tubes because yeah. that's all people are going to grab. That that's all you're going to grab. It happens in video games. It happens in the Arkham games. Uh, I, even, so, I even put in my goddamn review. It's like apparently Terry McGinnis has played all the Arkham games and seen all yeah. the times Bane's been in a cartoon because and he because, yeah. goddamn tubes. And because we've seen it all those times, you just kind of roll your eyes. And whatever. The other thing that I know, Eric, is that those all-dressed chips that those fucking Canadians like are fucking awesome. Because I, I, ju- I was just fuck? shoving them in my mouth because a little behind the scenes, we had to take a break between the two books here, uh, between Action Comics and Batman Beyond because you had to use the bathroom. I went downstairs. And my son Rafe was watching basketball while eating those all-dressed chips. Yeah. I couldn't stop. That's I. You probably were like, what the fuck's taking him so long? All I, I did was That was a long pee and you weren't back for a while still yeah all i did was go downstairs i wanted to grab some more fucking halls and there those chips are i couldn't stop i ate them all and and i, I was I pissed fucking your voice up oh my god i was eating them <laughs> they're so good they are god good damn it but yeah uh again i like the idea of the jokers i think that it's very intriguing uh bringing back the joker i don't understand exactly what's going on in fact it seemed like he was alive last issue yeah, and now this here, he, it seems like yeah, yeah, now he's kind of not, but whatever. Um, I just and had a is problem. Is he rocking a big old mustache? I don't, it's weird. I don't know what that is there. I, I don't might know. Just, I mean, he should be just deteriorated anyway, uh, but it's Terminal that that's there, right? Uh, terminal, he, yeah. He goes by Terminal. The Batman uh, Beyond villain who I said I didn't know, but was a big deal apparently. Yeah, he was, and he's, he's yelling at Dana, and I really – the way they do this, the panel layout to me and this whole issue is a little confusing. I was a little thrown off where you have these side panels where you're showing some things. And even as they go on, like, we the toll booth and you didn't pay. All this shit going on that I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But it does yeah. lead to just uh, Terry getting his ass kicked, but also Matt uh, showing Max or taking Max down into the Batcave. Uh, Which I was is, little, the, in my mind, it's the most progression of the story we get. Yeah, that, it it's was. I was a little thrown in. off about that, though, when Terry shows back up and doesn't really say anything <laughs> about it. I would have at least thought he'd be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, Matt, why can't you keep a fucking secret? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in that progression, you did get that, you know, red and black fucking panel that that drives me nuts and again what gets that, me with that's those the panels, one that actually maybe had to go back like oh shit is this bernard Chen? Yeah, yeah and even when when you get those they're always in the weirdest spots you know what i mean it's like not the biggest spots i don't know and but yeah she, she sees the back cave for the I first know, time but that's, that's a good like, spot for it, it it's not a crit like to me this would be like when when terry decides he's gonna get the fuck out or you know it's when she sees she's in the back cave uh, but yeah, then Terry gets his ass kicked. I really, I have no notes at all for this book. There's nothing because to not say a about lot this happens. Book. No, uh, Terry is going to get his ass kicked by Bane, uh, Joker, until he realizes he can pull the tube. So he does yeah. that. But the numbers are just overwhelming. They Jokers all just start attack him. Out of the goddamn woodwork. Yeah, oh, and, and slashing dice. Uh, to me, 
the big point was Ball when snap. they slice him. And when they slice him, it did remind me, it's the exact thing to me, Empire, uh, Return of the Jedi, when they're on Jabba's skiff and Luke gets hit in the hand. And then you realize, oh, my God, his training isn't done. You know, he isn't exactly the greatest Jedi ever yet. And that's why I thought they threw that in. You're supposed See, to realize. Honestly, when he got hit in the head, I thought that was just to remind everybody that he has a robot hand from Empire. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, though, to me, that was also like, oh, he isn't ready. He He's pushing the issue here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when Terry gets cut in the shoulder, it's one of those like, oh my God, he's not ready. The Jokers are all, and the art is incredible. I love the art so much. I just want to know the point where we got away from this almost holographic, hard hologram suit yeah. that we had in the beginning of the last Batman Beyond and went back to the cloth I suit. I just think that they wanted to go back to what people... I, here's was such the thing. a cool idea, though, to in me, the other though, one. it's weird because what they think people really hated... And what they did hate to me is a little off. Like they might have thought, oh, we don't like that holographic suit. Me and you, I wouldn't say me and you were the biggest Batman Beyond fans. No. You were more than me. But I like things that but are Jim, cool. I have been reading yeah, comics. <laughs> I have been reading comics all my life. Uh, but yet they think that. It, to me, Dan Jurgens in his mind thinks, okay, all the people didn't like was the person in the suit. They didn't like Tim in the suit. We got Terry. This doesn't feel any different. No. It doesn't to me at all. This could have still been Tim and not changed anything really except, you know, Matt's his brother. But it didn't matter because Tim was even treating Matt like almost like an adopted brother. Anyway. He was. Yeah. And so you're you're not getting anything like the biggest new. change it seems that we have is now Batman Beyond's eyes are red. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you wouldn't like, hit a guy with glasses, would like, you? We're not, like, it's weird, though, because I guess another new thing we're getting is no one's talking about the end of the world that just kind of happened yeah, a little while ago. the end of the world or Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's mentioning him. I told you, I think Tim is out of time now in this country. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Uh, not for the way timelines work. No. But uh, the way they spell it out, Max is there. They trust Max. That's okay. That yeah, is the progression. Like you have Matt and Terry, Max Terry's in the back cave. Terry's always trusted Max with yes. his identity, so it makes sense that she'd finally be let into yeah, the back cave. it's fine. And in fact, I, I wouldn't have even minded if it wasn't Matt like, hey, blindfold yourself so I can take you down. I wish that shit would have went wrong and they just had to go down. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he no, does. It was, it was just a lazy Matt. night. There was nothing really going on at home. There was nothing yeah. on Netflix. Hey, let's go yeah, check out the nothing. back cave. Let's go. I, I want to go check out the back to. cave. Uh, you can see the back cave, but you're not allowed to know that those stairs that you see right behind you to that door, that, that those don't really lead here. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. He basically opens a door and goes downstairs. Uh, but yeah, he figures out, hey, listen, I, ha I haven't trained. And he does. He flies away. The Jokers are fighting him. And he's like, I cannot, I can't win this fight. He flies off. Matt all of a sudden becomes a piece of shit. He's <laughs> like, my brother's a quitter. No, your brother's alive. Your brother it, was you know, about to die, fucker. I don't like seeing him getting the shit kicked I out I wish Tim Drake was back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but he had to leave, and he has to regroup and come up with a plan and even spell it out. you got to sew that goddamn suit bag up. Yeah, and he says, I went into this without a plan. I don't mind that. I don't mind that he gets that suit on and thinks that it's back to normal. Yeah. I'm going in and kicking ass. Oh, shit, ass. Dana's in trouble. Let's check this I, shit yeah. out. I just don't like seeing him get beat up all the time. And no. if it's the whole thing of like, boy, I'm glad I trained or I did this, whatever, 
Uh, well, that was almost the exact same thing we had when Tim Drake was in the suit. He stopped being a superhero for years. Yeah. He was out of shape, and that's why he got his ass. I actually think the suit the doesn't work. That when you put on that suit, you think that it has these things. It doesn't, and it's it, almost it makes like you putting on the greatest shit. American hero suit without actually having yeah, powers. You don't. There's you don't no instruction know. manual. They don't have the instruction manual. You start <laughs> flying around upside down and shit. But yeah, uh, Matt's like, yeah, I can't believe it. my brother's a quitter, and he's like, no, no, no. I, I'm. I got to come up with a plan, and the plan is to dress up as the Joker. And they say, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. He's going to dress up as a Joker. He's going to go in Jim, undercover Jim, and then kick. When did ass. he have time to change his costume? I don't know. It's very <laughs> quick. In, I'm done. He has all this Joker stuff on. Full change body his costume. Yeah. Paint. Where did he get the costume? It's just he there. Dyes his goddamn hair. Can we say that maybe this is holographic technology that we have in the no, Batman series? I'm not saying that. I think that it's full on. Looks cool. I it like does. the look a lot. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. He slipped into a phone booth. That works, right? People have phone yeah. booths all around. They don't even have phone booths now, let alone no. in fucking Neo Gotham. 35 years from now. phone booth. Hi, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's nothing to this issue, no, though. It's very no, disappointing for issue one. Really, I'll tell you. Here we go. Bat- Terry gets his ass kicked by Joker's web. Dana, he decides he's got to dress up as a Joker and go undercover. The end. There it yep. is. It's it's not a horrible story. It's just that after all of the issues of Batman Beyond, I really want something to grab me and push me forward and say, God damn it, we're back. Uh, this is what everybody's been. And I can't even say we're back because I, I am not a huge Batman Beyond fan. But from like you guys like, like Mark writing stuff. in what you got, I hear these people talking about it. I want something that I get that feeling that I see these other people have from prior things, the cartoon, yeah. whatever. You I want to know. A volume 2.0. Yeah, I want and I want to have the hype. I want to see why people are continuing to wait for this book to get better. And they really are probably the most patient fans that we have seen in all of the things that we've done are these Batman Beyond fans that just keep waiting and waiting. And Mike's waiting. Yeah, and Dan Dan Jurgens is just. I don't know. He just seems to think that he rules the roost and he could do things at his own pace. This but is really, one of the any book I really hoped we would have got a new creative team going yeah, for any rebirth. book though that needs to come into this rebirth with a bang. It's this because that book Purple just was nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. Uh, yeah. What what did what did you give it? I really enjoyed the artwork. I'm saying Bernard Chang and Marcel Mialo. They uh they've been up in their goddamn game from what we got yeah. before. I gave it a six out of ten purely on that, and I like the like the interactions we have with Matt and Max and like yeah. Terry coming back. I like where and it's like, funny kind of going. There's just yeah. not a lot to say. And I still it's like funny the because you say this. Back. I'm yelling, uh, you know, about this issue. I still might give it. It's tough, like a seven, maybe a six five between a six five and a seven. Because it's not that it's awful. It's just I want more. After all we had before, yeah. maybe we're supposed to not remember that because they don't seem to. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's just I want more. I thought that this issue was going to be the one because I didn't mind the rebirth. The oh, rebirth issue was, you know, all right, we're going. This didn't do anything else except get Max in the deal and then have him go undercover. I get, I'm going to give it a 6.5. But I do give those all-dressed chips 13 out of 10. Nice. I love them. I, I can actually taste them still. It's one of those where I'm licking my lips to still get some of that taste, even though I have a halls in my mouth. It's, it's disgusting. You. I love them. 
I'm fucking, I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to tell you, we're going to take a break for mail, the mail section too. I'm going to Walmart and buying 10 of these fucking bags. I'm just going to eat them on air. That's what I'm doing, Eric. That sounds we'll like be, good radio. After I go to Walmart, I'll be back in three hours, and me and you will do mail section number two. Okay, Eric? All right. All right. So when I'm talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame, I always mention Eric Shay. Some people like to hear the news. Some people love all the reviews. The thing that I look forward to. It's mail, it's mail, it's mail. Mail with Jim. Mail with Jim. All the nonsense we think of, stories of the things we do, everything that we send in, we love that it's going to mail with Jim. With Jim, with Jim, with Jim, mail with Jim. Jim, with Jim, with Jim, with Jim. Mail with Jim, Mark. Yep. Oh, God, Got I love you. Love How about you, Mark? Sorry to keep you waiting all that time. I'm Thank fucking you. tired of shit now. That was fucking 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I love those little dress chips. I, I really, I can't get enough of them. I love them so much, just as much as I love hearing uh, Dancing Mike sing about me. Sing about me, Eric. I'm going to have to put these chips aside. That's not There was a enough. section in that song where I actually thought he was going to say he loves mail section number two, but he just said mail with Jim. Like, oh, yeah. it rhymes so much better with he mail section really number two. Uh, it's, that's not really good audio, listening to people eat chips, right? I'm used to it. I have my voice where I can do like all oh, my crazy voices, but I can't because I, I have a sore throat, Eric. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I really do think I just blew my voice out. It's over. You always yell at your forever. family. It's what happens. That's what happens. I got to finish. I got chips in my mouth. Now Spent four years in college screaming in a band, but now it's just your family. Blew your voice out. Yep, blew my voice out. But uh, this is the mail section number two. It's going to start with Mark, and you know that Mark loves Batman Beyond. Sure does. And that's what he's going to talk about. That's why I put it right after we talked about that book. See what he says about it. Sup, Jim and Eric. I think so, it was Jim last month who described my relationship with the Batman Beyond book as an abusive relationship and <laughs> pretty much hit the nail on the head. I did say that. This whole bringing Terry McGinnis and the main continuity thing has been one big abusive relationship for me. First, we get the amazing zero issue for Future Zen. It was a different take on Terry, but I liked it, and I wanted to see where it went. Then the rest of Future Zen happened, and while I liked everything we got of Terry in it, he really didn't get a whole lot of page time overall when you look at it. Then they kill him off to replace him with Tim, which sucks. 
But on the teeny tiny bright side, at least, it was the best characterization of Tim since the New 52 started. Now, he says that Tim had some problems sure in, in the New 52 in general. So, yeah, that, that might be a bit of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> then the Batman Beyond book started, but we were told not to worry. Just hold on until we rush through the Brother Eye stuff so we can get to the fun stuff. Meat and cheese, yeah. I was like, okay. I can get behind that. Nope. Then we get Cuvier, Tufton, artificial constructs to scare the populace, friggin' mind control, and Tim's stupidity. But then issue 11 happened, and it looks just like the show, and it wasn't a half-bad issue either. Things were looking up. Then the rest of the series happened, hitting you across the face with its stupidity, undoing everything that has happened and making a complete waste of time. Then we get promises of change with Rebirth. Plus, Terry is back, and it looks like it has finally taken those stupidity management classes classes seriously started dressing nicer and things start to look up then then something happens you're not sure what it was or who it was but it happened and all that progress is gone and you finally begin to question why you are still here this is kind of what i was saying (laughs) because these fans including mark especially they fucking they they'll just go down with the ship they love the character that much as you might guess I didn't like the issue. I know I'm getting uh, this to you late enough that you won't have a change to re uh, you won't have a chance to reread the issue. But if you replace Tim- Terry with Tim, this issue you would not have to change very much. And I'm telling you, oh yeah, we decided- I'm not lying by telling you this. I didn't read this email before. I just yeah. printed it out, and he's right. I said it. I was not stealing his thunder. <laughs> it really that issue had nothing that told you that Terry was there very much in the book to accommodate this. The rebirth issue, however, you could not do this. It was very much Terry as opposed to Tim last issue. But in this one, Terry might as well have been Tim. I fully, fully agree. As As for the art, no Bernard Chang. Bad Bernard Chang. Get off this book. (laughs) I loved how last issue looked. But now we are back to the same old, same old that I've grown to dislike. And I don't think I didn't see that waste. And don't think I didn't see that waste of red and white panel you snuck in. I know this is Max first time seeing the back kid but it really felt like a waste of a panel i I agree it was just (laughs) of all the shit that happened that being the the panel just was like you're supposed to think that's the most shocking thing that you you saw ever it's just thrown in there and feels pointless and lazy plus like you said she knows who we just to me i don't know what what does she call it then too like the bat lair yeah (sighs) so stupid now, for the thing I had really hoped we could move past, continuity issues. So, in the Rebirth issue that precedes this one, we are told it has been six months since the events at the end of the last series. But Terry says he is only gone for, and I quote, a few months. So, how long exactly was Brother Eye around for? Terry went missing at the beginning of the invasion, but he describes it as only being gone for a few months. Additionally, Terry has been back and active as Batman for six months now. And while I could understand him not being quite as good as he was before he was controlled by Spellbinder, the fact that he's still out of shape and hasn't been training makes me feel like uh, Tim utterly worthless and out of character oh and we have Batman getting his butt kicked again last thing Terry got changed in that Joker's outfit really fast (laughs) (laughs) really I I would not be opposed at some point we have to have Mark on and, and we'll talk if he's willing to do that we should have him on for Batman Beyond and we'll talk because we, we all the three of us are right on point with each other yeah. the things that annoy us are, uh, and really like I said I really it's not my book it's not a book that I but it's still things like that do anger me because I want even a book for you guys that that like it 
Sorry about the long rant, guys. Have a great week. <laughs> Stay classy. It's so funny. It, it was funny that, that, that changing in the outfit, that is really something that you have a problem with. That I was I just do trying to make a care. joke about from when we got back to Dr. Deadless. I yeah. wasn't that concerned, but after we started talking about, yeah, maybe it is that holographic stuff. Who knows? I'm telling you. That stuff never bothers me. What, what just bothers me is I'm reading a book that just bores me. Yeah. And really, and he's right, though. He has been Batman Beyond for a bit now. They have, they have cleaned up. Like, what was he doing? He just, he really was resting he's on his laurels. He <laughs> thought he thought that he had it. He thought that he's like a, a football player that retires for two years, thinks he can just come back, Eric. He just can't just come oh, he back. He was like in the minors with Rewire. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Next one's from, uh, and thanks, Mark. Next thanks. one's from G. And G's subject line is, quit drinking. Oh, man. Hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I so, just finished Weird Science Podcast episode 94. Only six more to go. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I need to cherish each episode. I will play. Now we're starting to get like this is a thing again. Okay. Uh, idea. We're not quitting just yet. I will play each episode in half speed to cherish your audio MP3s <laughs> you even longer. You do that. We sound fucking drunk as yeah, shit. Yeah, we did it's that at one point. We, that. Actually, we had a long time, uh, like a month or so. That each time I would drive you home, every day, we would play the podcast at half speed and laugh at ourselves. <laughs> like, I think you're right. And it made us laugh so hard. I'm still reeling from the debacle that was game six of the NLCS. Uh, yeah, the N- NLC series, the, the national... I, I don't even know what I'm saying. Oh, it's a hockey dog. Yeah, yeah the, the fucking baseball playoffs with the Dodgers versus the Cubs. Oh, yes. The NLCS is what it is. He says the NLC series, it threw me off. I couldn't believe Kershaw, the best pitcher on the Dodgers, gave Cubs all five of the runs for that game. I knew there was an 80% chance that the Dodgers wouldn't beat the Cubs, but, man, that was not the way I wanted to see them go. Poor Dodger fan. I'm sorry to hear that you and your dad had an estranged relationship, Jim. I actually reconnected with my father this year after not talking to him for about seven years. I actually just called him up and asked if he wanted to grab a drink, and we just caught up. I haven't seen him since May of this year, so I'm probably overdue for another drink with him. I think I just realized one day that even though my dad was a piece of garbage and gave me and my mom a hard time, like you, I learned that at least he taught me not to be like him if I ever became a father myself. Anywho, Eric, I was saddened to hear that you quit drinking. Yeah, you you quit drinking until your next drink. I quit. Um, I drink maybe what twice a year. That's not quitting drinking. You just don't drink. You just don't go places that drink. Uh, tonight you're recording. You actually had a chance. You would have went to a uh, a Halloween party sure tonight was. if we weren't recording. You would have drank. You just yes. would have. It's you know. It's not like you're like, oh, if I went there, I'm not drinking. You just don't go places that where you drink anymore. I, I stop going places so I don't drink them too. No, you just, you just don't. Yeah, you used to go to this place, the pub, this bar, yeah. just for the hell of it. But I think you were bored. It, that, that's what this podcast fills that boredom that you used to have on the weekend. I like yeah, and when I start drinking, I can't stop. No, and just and I'm making you know, just for myself. everybody. You would go like, and the place is called the pub, and you yeah. would say, "Hey, I'm going to the pub." You, this is to Jess. Hey, I'm going to the pub. She's like, "Oh, we're going to the pub." Oh no, no, not I you. I, I want to have fun. That's yeah. what you'd say. I want to have fun. Poor Jess would just fucking frown and go sit down. So now you know why she yells at him all the time. Oh man. I'm not a heavy drinker. Plus all the comments I make. Yes, but I have an occasional beer when watching a movie at home or a baseball game. I have even I even have three bottles of Scotch whiskey, Johnny Walker Black, uh, Ardbeg Agendal, and Glenlivet Nadura Petite 
whiskey. I, I don't know any of these. That I, I, got I, open up. Of, I got a bunch of beer and different things in the fridge I just don't touch. Yeah. I have not had alcohol in our house for years upon years that I open up depending on the mood I'm in. I will tell you, I am a very happy drunk, though. When I get drunk, I'm fucking the life of the party. When I'm at a bar, I also order an old-fashioned with Japanese whiskey and brown sugar. Fucking fancy. I get fucked up on old-fashions real fast. I feel it has a better finish than one made with the American whiskey. Ooh, la, la. Uh, Jim, what is your favorite beer? My favorite beer is actually Newcastle Brown Ale. Uh, it, it, English beer, obviously. I really like that. Uh, liquor or cocktail? I'll tell you, I never really drank a lot of cocktails. I tell a mean cocktail, Eric, when I'm, thinking, you know, but I don't really drink that liquor though. Uh, when I was in the band, we drank a lot of uh, shots of Rumple Mints, and uh, like Jägermeister, it just become really yeah, at terrible, that point yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, just stuff. Uh, really, to me, for the most part. Anything that I'm going to drink that's alcoholic, it's for one reason and one reason only. That's the shit face. I don't really care for the, the taste of any no, of it. I'm not, I'm I not do like that at all. I like, uh, like I said, I like Newcastle Brown now. I also like uh, uh, Pilsner Urkel, uh, which I've had in the past. I a lot Just of my because friends you like these, Steve Urkel? No, a lot of my friends are these fucking crazy-ass, you know, fancy beer drinkers. Yeah, my friends have are, all this too. Stuff, and I really, I got beyond that. Eric, I would ask you the same question, too, but I heard you hated Asians, so I didn't want you to step down from your <laughs> Caucasian throne to answer my <laughs> humble question. Fucking Reggie, see what there. he does? Yeah, and he says, what is your favorite drink? Uh, right, I usually just go and I get a Miller Lite. I used to drink a lot of Yingling, but it just got too heavy for me. So I just been if, if when I do drink, it's usually just a Miller Lite. So Yingling had a problem. They came out and endorsed Trump, and a b- bunch of people are, are boycotting them now. Really, I didn't the, see that. That's the local. But no, I I quit us. drinking liquor a lot a long time ago. I was just sticking with beer, and it just became Miller Lite when I do drink. I like Shirley Temple's. Oh, uh, yeah. A, yeah, I do. A little Rob Roy for you. I no, I, I, I don't drink any shit. <laughs> I come home and I'm just miserable, and, and drinking is not going to change that. So I don't. If I would do shots, I had my friend Liz make. I couldn't even tell you what's in it anymore. It was called an evil tongue, though, and I'd take shots really? of that just because it looked like ecto cooler. You, you, you take me uh, as a blowjob uh, man myself. A little sex on the beach for you. Oh, yeah. A little Tahitian treat. Navel. Yeah. Fuzzy navel. You, you, you got yourself. Nipple? I don't even remember anymore. I don't know any of these. I'd rather listen to your sweet, lengthy, girthy, elongated, stretch podcast than the short, brief, compressed, diminished, little, pithy, undersized DC podcast that your quote-unquote competitors put out. Me as well. Yes. Damn. No, you don't ever listen. You don't No, but I would around. rather listen. You'd sit and listen to your goddamn Nintendo Switch podcast. I'm a horror podcast. I'm a ghost podcast. podcast. I'm there, the one. I'm listening to the DC stuff. I'm the one with my fucking nose to the grindstone. Is that what they say? Hope you guys have a great week. Sincerely, G. Thanks, G. Yeah, we we tend to have a long-esque podcast, right? Yeah. Long-esque. The The next one is Brian from Baltimore, Eric. Ooh. Brian from Baltimore. I wonder if he knows Dan Stransky. He's from Baltimore, isn't he? No, no, he's not. Oh, did I just, as a subject line, did I just experience Jim Warner Rebirth number one? 
<laughs> what it do, Get Fresh Crew? I decided to get off the bench and jump in the game to interact with my favorite podcast. Nice. I'm the first to admit I'm a relative noob to the world that is weird science, having only discovered this delicious weekly dose of sarcasm and very close to middle-age angst right before the launch of Rebirth. But I've enjoyed joking with you guys on Twitter. He's B. Prineheart on Twitter, and yes, he jokes around with us and eagerly await the main podcast and the Weird Comics History Podcast in Spotlight every week. My absolute highlight every week is listening to Jim lose his shit over the most <laughs> mundane things, such as the technical minutia of the all-you-can-eat buffet. That's not just minutia. That is fucking, that's big stuff. Jim's and a positive fella. Apocalyptic rants on the most... <laughs> Egregious, egregious nonsense from like keep i'm the worst reader from the house of dc see i get it i'm an og born and raised south central pa york county eric oh, nice. native with a low tolerance for stupidity which is the reason i moved away from that shithole the moment i was able to i'm also closer to 40 than 30 at this point so listening to jim go off on a weekly basis <laughs> is cathartic and soothing to me and reminds me of home yes the hate flows through me too it's a daily struggle to not give into it i blame three mile island i blame limerick for my fucking nonsense <laughs> exactly. so imagine my surprise to hear the hope and joy pouring out of the face hole of my favorite pessimist <laughs> was this jim Warner rebirth number one what the fuck where's the jim i know and love nope it's a head injury thank god jim buddy rest up take a few days off and come back to us soon i was all fucking yeah i love those two books that we were talking sure. about Probably the first time that the spotlight was like something we just love like that. But jokes aside, I wanted to offer my thoughts on the Teen Titans number one issue that dropped this week. All I can say is what a great setup. This is what I've been waiting for. The art was gorgeous. And the thought of Damien, uh, the tyrant in charge of the group, of up to this point directionless and just completely unused Teen Titans is thrilling and terrifying at the same time. I think Damien has a sack big enough to take charge and be the leader <laughs> Tim could never quite seem to be. It's weird. Tim, they, they didn't know what to do with him, I think, because even near the end, they tried to make him look like a dick. Remember when they're like, yeah. you, you uh, did studies on us and all this to get the team. Well, we were like, of course that, he one, did. At the one point when Raven first showed up, that you know, he was making out with Wonder Girl, then he was yeah, making yeah. out with freaking uh, Solstice. And like there was this whole thing with Trigon and Raven kind of possessing him. We never did anything with. So yeah. it was just this dickhead this well, entire again, time. Well, if again, you, if you want to talk about it, maybe this was that whole thing that they're, you know, oh, it has to be dark. It has to be angst-filled and all this. And nobody liked it. No. But I've been burned before. Yeah, I know that kind of pain, and you're going to have to take it slow with me, DC. So we'll see. But if Rebirth number one and issue number one are any indi- indi- indication, uh, I think I am. I'm, I fucking have the concussion going. I'm brain hoping. damage. Oh, yeah. I also wanted to add my opinion that I don't think the idea of Raja Ghoul's Demon Ninja Squad going after the Titans is all that far-fetched. He does point out that this is their final test before he can unleash them on the world. Maybe he's deemed these targets a worthy challenge for each of them. Or maybe you're right and Damien is just being a little bitch and doesn't want to get his ass kicked alone. Yeah, you'll hear us talk about that a little later. I'm curious to see what you guys thought of Detective this week. I enjoyed it personally, but please, no Bluebird. I'm done with that. She was never one of my favorites. She was never one of my favorites to begin with, and I just don't see what she'd bring to the table with the rest of the team. But I get the sinking feeling she's going to be joining our bat friends sooner rather than later. She's just going to be the tech person. She is a tech, you know, gal. If she even comes back at all, it seems like it's a lot of things like out in the air. Like, yeah. Huh. 
This I just the it. way this that she it. said she has her like she when she really spelled out that she has that bluebird costume in the in the closet locked away and not and getting it out. That really was to me like wink wink. I will be there, but don't ask me to be bluebird. And yeah. really, people like Dancing Mike. I remember he did not like Colin. He thought Colin was forced in there. I like Colin. I want to see more of him playing video games and watching anime, but I do like him. And and really, I I forgot to make the joke. I really wish that the boyfriend that's there watching anime, Midnighter. I was thinking that when I read that, too. Yeah, when I read it, I'm like, Midnighter's over for some anime. He's a little fucking door right in there. He took the back door, Eric. Uh, Of course he did. But yeah, uh, I like Colin, though, and I like that uh, her and, and... uh, Harper together, him and Harper. What am I saying? Uh, but I do think that that would be pretty cool. But I also like Luke. But he says, Jim, I know you like her, but I hope that's the concussion talking. <laughs> no, I always did. I, I'm telling Eric can tell you. It was before the podcast when she first showed up. And it's weird in my mind. I want to say like issue four of Batman, but I'm really not sure. It might even be as soon as like two. Uh, but the minute she showed up, to me, it was like, it was so good. I really liked it. And, uh, then he punched her in the face. Yeah, oh, she yeah. She was never used in the beginning. No. And she disappeared for a long time. Oh, yeah. And Tim's still dead, as we were reminded more than once in this issue. You know, just in case you forgot. Uh, Eric, I agree 100% with your review of Action Comics. The father-son scenes with John and Superman were awesome. The art was yeah. beautiful. And I love the ten wrists the Man of Steel is able to express. But maybe those are my own daddy issues sneaking through. <laughs> Me too. Enough of that nonsense. <laughs> I could just see that your dad teaching you your fucking supervision. Thanks for the continued great work. He was. He was really. buying those big, thick glasses yeah, for me. Yeah, really. That's your supervision. <laughs> I, I know that your mom could give you He-Man characters without arms and convince you Skeletor did the damage. Nobody's giving you those goddamn Coke bottle glasses and telling you you have supervision. No way. I've seen them. I put those glasses on. I saw the future, Eric. They, they were, <laughs> they're so fucking thick. Plus, the way you have them. I... I really this week, I did take that picture of you when I DP'd you that yeah. one time at, at lunch. I really do want to take a picture of just your glasses sitting on like a table <laughs> just so people can see how fucked it's up like they are. like a fallen hero right They're there. They're so fucked up that anybody who comes near you besides me... Those things, you fucking rip them the fuck off your face right away because they're so bad. They're bad. (laughs) And then I become, I really, I used to be the person who lost everything and could never find shit. You and those goddamn glasses. The other day you're like, I can't find my glasses. And I'm pointing at them. They're there. And you're like, I don't know what you thought I meant. You're like, no, no, my glasses. They're right there. I can't see goddamn it. Yeah, you're like, I can't see to see to get my C. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And the comic relief you provide every week, he likes. Look forward to the podcast on Sunday. I have a feeling it's going to be a long one. It's all, it's going to be a long one. It's going to be funny. I'm going to say this, but it's not going to make sense me saying it while we record. But I think that this one's going to go up early. Uh, because the Eagles are on tomorrow night. I want to get yeah. it up early, but by the time people get it, it doesn't make any sense for nope. me to announce on something they're going to get that it's going to be early. And Jim's going to be recovered from his injury and will be full of the re- regular amount of piss and vinegar I've come to expect. Have a great weekend, guys. Brian from Baltimore. Thank you, Brian. Ah, uh, that Baltimore. I'm telling you, I go to Baltimore, and boy, that, that oh, what is it called? I always the gallery? Forget. Yeah, whatever that whole section is. It's called something else, like the fucking water line. 
What is it called? I don't know, man. Seaside I can't Heights? remember. No. no, it's whatever. Whatever it is, it, it's a huge thing. The Baltimore whatever. You you go a block away and you're in fucking Baghdad. Oh, yeah. You don't go near, away what from that What the hell mall. is it called? I can't I even know, remember man. what it's called. The Harbor? Yeah, whatever. The har- Yeah, I guess it would be. The Baltimore Harbor. Yeah, one block in, you're fucking fighting in Iraq. I don't know what's going on. Fucking people you the worst just is trying I'm to fuck- kill you. I was there one morning. Me and my buddy just went there on a whim because we were drunk and didn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. And uh, we're hanging out early in the morning. There's this guy fucking trying to beg for change. He's like, hey, man, you got any change? He's like, no. I was like, come on. I've been spending all morning setting this thing up. I look over. It's a little teddy bear sitting on the sidewalk with a fucking styrofoam cup between it. It's like, no. you spent all morning on this. I think yeah. I know what the problem is, buddy. Hey, well, yeah, Eric, and then I ran. The, the guy's like, homeless. Yeah. The guy, what do you think? He, he has some skills? If you had skilled, what you think he's an engineer? He just—he's an out of luck engineer that just happens to be begging for change. Yeah, changing two, cigarettes is all they want. One block, one block away, and you don't know where the fuck you've gone. You, nope. Everybody with this. Oh my God, the Baltimore Harbor. And it is. I, I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Uh, Brain damage. You're there. And it's like everybody's told you, especially like our area, that's a big place to go. And it's so nice. And you got to go there. God damn it. You fucking lose your way for a second. You are fucking dead. <laughs> we we went there and uh, we went because my wife and son, uh, Rafe, went to go see Billy Idol in concert. That's why we went. You went all the way to Baltimore for nah, Billy Idol. We wanted to go there for the harbor anyway. And we, me... And Ethan and I don't even think Logan was born yet. I think it was me. No, he had to have been, but he was real young. We, the rest of us went to the aquarium, which right. was nice. I'm not a big aquarium guy. You, you know what I really hate? We went to the Natural History Museum in, in New York and I don't like museums that are filled with dioramas. I, I think that's bullshit. I fucking hate dioramas. I, I'm against them. I'm, I'm making my stand tonight. No dioramas, Eric. Fuck that. I want to see a fucking, you know, a big woolly mammoth You're, you're going off on a rant about dioramas. I want to see a skeleton. I don't want to see some fucking diorama with, with fucking Indians making a goddamn canoe. It, it always reminds me it's like a sixth grade project that they fucking gathered <laughs> and put in this goddamn thing. It drives me nuts. I'm, t- I'm getting mad at this right now. And this anger is from a eighth grade trip. That we took to that goddamn thing, and I never was able to express myself, Eric. Now I have the forum. Fuck you, 1983. Fuck you, f- fuck you, dioramas. Ah, I didn't like them. And you know what? The other time that drove me nuts was night at the museum because all those were goddamn dioramas. Yeah. I don't like them. Brandon's next, Eric. Just say no to dioramas. His uh, subject line: Crash Week, like Shark Week, but more expensive. Sup, fellas. It was one of those weeks for cars to be wrecked. Jim, so don't feel too bad. Remember his car? He sent that picture of his car getting wrecked. You said, I should take a picture and put mine up. That thing, you don't even, you can't even tell it's a car. The roads are, in my girlfriend's case, our driveway. All must have had Mario Kart banana peels laying fucking everywhere. It was early Monday or Tuesday morning this week. I was sending pictures to Jim of my car because for the second time in less than four months, mind you, my girlfriend has decided to beat the shit out of the driver's side of my vehicle with the bumper and wheel wells of her car. That's because you haven't put a ring on that finger. That's That's why, Eric. That's why. This, this isn't. 
Yeah, this isn't minor little car kisses either. You know where you bump a car and nothing really happens? Oh, no, sir. I got estimated this week. This prince, this princess has racked up $3,500 in scratches, dents, and nicks to my poor car. He had a fancy car, though. I, I will tell you that. No, Eric, I didn't hit her. But if it happens a third time, I'm not saying I will. Three strikes, you're first, out, man. Come on. Your first patron uh, fundraiser might have to be bail money to get me out of jail. <laughs> I mean, I can't drive this car at night because any cop will think I'm clipping cars on my travels down the road. Like He's I have a bottle of I have a bottle of Everclear riding shotgun IV in my veins. Hell no. That I think it might be. It may be this. It's her plan to keep me home and saving money for this imaginary ring she thinks she's getting one day. You better not let her listen to this. I'm getting right to books because I have like goddamn eight Marvel reviews to get done this week between Holiday Volume OT at work. Uh, so time is precious. Yeah, and just to remind everybody, on Monday on the site, we have Marvel Monday. Shit is hitting hard for Brandon. How I've mean? had a couple weeks with nothing. I've had no Marvel reviews for a while. Brandon has like eight trillion. So. I had two last week. I did one, and the week before that, I had zero. Yeah, I think this week, though, I get hit a bit. I think I have like four, so I got to do this. I know people might think I hit my head, but I actually enjoyed Flash more than Detective for the first time since Rebirth started. I just felt like Detective was boring to me this week, checking in on everyone a little bit and yeah. setting up the next story with only brief glimpses of the bad guy. It's the Monster Men made this it had to happen. Meanwhile, Flash, while not focusing on Barry, actually got a lot more invested in Kid Flash. Also, I love the goddamn art on that issue. Whoever he or she was deserves to make another appearance in soon. It's Jorge Corona. I actually still will stand by my statement that I would believe that he would do very well on the Teen Titans book now that John Boy Myers left. I uh, liked but, everything he did in We Are Robin. Yeah, that's it for DC because my stack is heavy right now and I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, I got <laughs> to get to the bottom of it. He put, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, this is a stream of consciousness, man. Jesus Christ. He has to get to the you bottom gotta, of gotta it. You got to go potty, buddy? <laughs> Still, but I read those. Anyway, just a couple notes on a couple Marvel books I'm not covering in his minute. Civil War number two, number six is such a hot garbage mess unless you have mental problems like me and need to complete a run of prints you've started, especially minis. Stay the fuck away from this thing. I have no, I have no idea what's going on in Civil War. I don't think anybody does, including fucking Brian Michael Bendis. What Brandon tells you, yeah. I think. It's a mess. I might actually even mention it again in the Marvel Minute. This book made me so angry. I channeled my inner gym reading it. almost wanted to put the damn thing in my toilet like it was a bag of jalapeno <laughs> chips. I refuse today. When we went shopping this morning, no jalapeno no. chips. Fuck that. Absolutely You're going to put them in the toilet? You know I'm not happens. getting them again. Yeah, we got salt and pepper chips instead. They'll be in the toilet. Can't you get any good flavors? Fuck. I don't like those. I didn't pick them. I picked the all-dressed chips there. Damn That's right. That's all I needed. But – uh the kids like those salt and pepper chips. I think they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you just get chips and put some fucking pepper I know. on it? It's the pepper. It's too peppery. Yeah. Meanwhile, that's it. The salt and pepper chips are now on the list with dioramas. <laughs> Meanwhile, Spider-Man Deadpool, although the ending was very rushed, was a hysterical comic. One of the funniest issues I've read in a long time, and sure beats the pants off that Harley humor for sure. I'm down for crash jokes and stuff, but I don't know if it's the way they're written or what. I just don't find that book funny at all. Well, that was as a strange side rant. He says, I, that's it. My fellow crash bro and Eric, go Bills. 
Brandon at bmuir3660. We're going to go up to Brandon's Thank mom you, in a minute where he may mention how much he hates Civil War II number six, but I know that he <laughs> will mention Vision number 12, which is one of his favorite books well, probably of all book. time. I really do think that if he sits there and thinks about it, it's one of his favorite runs of all time, and it's coming to an end. This is the final issue of it, and again, it's Tom King writing it, and then he signed exclusive with DC. So that kind of screwed up the Vision book. And it's ending, but we'll hear what Brandon thought of it now. Nice. How are we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon. I'm coming at you this week for the Marvel Minute. Um, instead of doing a, a new Marvel Now book, one of the new ones, I'm going to wrap up Vision uh, in the Vision series, so issue number 12. And that's written by Tom King, uh, Gabriel's, I'm sorry, Gabriel Hernandez Walta uh, is the artist and color artist on the issue. Um, and we're going to get right into things here. Um, so we're picking up uh, where last, last issue left off. I can't talk today, forgive me. Um, and that was with Vision's wife, Virginia, uh, sneaking into um, the Avengers jail and putting her hand, phasing her hand through Victor Mancha's body and squeezing his heart, killing him. Um, this prevented Vision from, from doing that, uh, which is what he... Kind of fought all the Avengers and arrived there to do. Um, so she basically took care of it before he could. Um, so we're picking up the events here uh, in a police station. And the phone rings and then these two cops are sitting around just kind of BSing with each other. Uh, one of the cops answers the phone and, and Virginia, Vision's wife, is on the other end. And, and she starts confessing to, to basically all the murders and things she's been responsible for uh, since this series started. Um, so they basically recap it for you uh, with a little bit of Virginia Flair added in. So so she protects the names and, and faces of some of the people in the events, namely the family, um, so that she kind of takes the rap for everything that's went down. Um, her killing the Reaper, then going over to uh, her daughter's friend's house and confronting his father and the father pulling a gun and killing his son and then her knocking him on the head um, putting him in a coma she's saying she adjusted Vision's memory so so that he couldn't report any of these incidents basically um, protecting him from any wrongdoing Uh, also taking responsibility for for the death of Victor Um, and then then just kind of taking a sip out of out of the water in this floating vase of Zenla that that is hanging around in the house. Um, You you don't really know what effects it will have on her, but um, usually how things end in in this series have not been good. So we'll wait and see what happens as far as that goes. Um, But as she wraps up the conversation with the police and hangs up, she kind of just sits down in in the dark living room on the couch. As Vision arrives home, um, he, he walks into the house and goes up the stairs and starts changing his clothes as this narration uh, picks up. And basically the narrator is telling us that, you know, well, when you have parents and you have kids um, and you're in that situation, you, you'll do anything for your family and, and no matter what. So they're kind of setting the tone for what's going to happen here. Uh, Vision gets changed. He arrives downstairs and sits on the couch next to his wife. Um, she starts having a conversation with Vision, um, kind of spilling the guts 
her guts to him, saying how Viv won't talk to her right now because she she told her about the death of CK and the neighbor. Um, also, that she beat the shit out of the dog and killed the dog. Um, so Vision's just like, oh, uh, she she kind of starts stuttering at some point in their conversation and. Um, starts spilling her guts again to Vision, saying that she took a sip of the vase of Venla. Uh, I'm sorry, Zenla. Um, you know, w- which will have bad effects on her circuits. So basically, kind of melt her from the inside out. Um, Vision's asking her to phase uh, to get rid of the liquid inside of her, and she's saying she's at peace with her decision and, and she wants to go through with this. Um, she just kind of wants to rest her head on Vision's shoulder for her last moments. So there's just a page of them uh, sharing some silence and Vision really not okay with this. You can see the pain on his face. Um, the story does continue a little bit and it's just again these two sitting here enjoying Virginia's last moments. Um, she basically says that, that she took on the responsibility of killing Victor and turning herself in and, and giving everyone all the evidence to prove uh, what she did to, to protect Vision. And she did this because uh, earlier in the series, she, she did, she took a petal off uh, this flower called the Wonder Gone Everbloom. And when you eat this flower, you, you get visions of the future, basically. Um, what she saw in the future was was Vision basically destroying everything and uh, kind of fulfilling Ultron's ultimate vision. So in order to prevent this from happening, um, because he ends up doing it for his, he loves his family and, and uh, his wife. So to prevent this from happening, um, she has taken the water out of the vases and la. Uh, and kind of sacrificed herself to avoid Vision having to become a villain, uh, essentially, is what it boils down to. And uh, as that comes out of her mouth, she she passes passes away in Vision's arms. Um, And that's the end of Virginia. Um, She's no longer with us. She has passed on. we pick up the story with uh, a scene where we find out who the narrator uh, that was kind of feeding us some information throughout the book was, um, and that was Scarlet Witch. Um, and she's walking along with Viv, kind of along um, the pool in Washington, D.C., between the Lincoln Memorial and the, the Washington Monument. Um, we find out she was telling this story to, to Viv, basically in an effort to, you know, m- make her forgive her mother for, for the actions she doesn't want her to be mad at her mom forever and, and you know these are the choices parents make to protect their family um, she also ends up kind of doing a whistle thing and Sparky who is the dog the mother killed kind of comes running to Viv um, so Sparky is back he's not permanently dead uh, we find out Tony Stark was the one to resurrect him um, and and once that scene is over, we see Vision and Viv kind of resuming family life in the suburbs as uh, Viv gets ready to go off to school. Um, her, her and Vision kind of say their goodbyes there as Vision walks back into the house. Um, 
for a moment we we have vision breaking the fourth wall and kind of telling everybody to be quiet and go shush uh and we see that he pulls out um something from underneath the floor and he is working on a new robot possibly a new viv uh so maybe this future will come to pass after also it's a it's a pretty cool ending actually um despite all the tragedy and everything vision uh has been through he he still wants um you know his wife his family back and he's he's willing to possibly um deal with the the shitty future uh to to see it come to pass again uh, and it ends with him kind of eerily singing like a a horror movie row 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 your boat um so that so you know you know how I do things guys I tell you to buy it to borrow it or to forget it altogether and there's not going to be much suspense behind this one um I I've updated you on a lot of the uh vision series as it's come out probably since uh you know the the start of the series so all of them have been a buy and this one is going to be no exception to that rule it's a buy so uh, if you can't find the single issues in stores the trade paperback to complete the series should be coming out soon I'm sure they'll do probably a hardcover with all 12 issues in it as well you guys got to go pick this up it's a great great story one of the, one of the favorite one of my favorite comics personally um i i've read and enjoyed since i've got back into things Um, so Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez Walta uh, deserve a, a round of applause and uh, a kudos on their their job done over these 12 issues. Um, that's really all I got for you guys, other than to tell you if if you're looking for any suggestions on other Marvel books um, to avoid this week, stay the hell away from Civil War number two, issue six. That is a hot pile of garbage. Um other than that bunch of reviews from Marvel Monday this week uh, and tweets of the week on Sunday uh, so look for that stuff for me. Uh as always pleasure bringing this stuff uh to you guys in your eardrums. Uh if you got anything to say to me, holler at me on Twitter beamer3660. Um I'll talk to you guys later back to Jim and Eric. All right. That was Brandon. Sure was. That was Brandon. Brandon sent me a note. I think he's playing laser tag tonight. That's weird. He's on some crazy team with teenage girls, he told me. He's <laughs> got to he's got to carry the team. They're all on his shoulders, he said, but he got tired or something, couldn't play the third game and they got routed. Uh, but yes, that was his vision uh review and we're moving on with our books, Eric, and we're going to start with uh one that me and you switch back and forth with. But you are the one up the plate this week. What is it? <laughs> I, I know what you're what trying I'm to saying. say that. Jesus I don't know Christ. what I'm saying. I'm already getting tired. It's not even that much that late compared to what we usually are at. Yeah. And I'm still tired. But yeah. Uh, what what book am I fucking rambling on about? Wonder Woman number nine, written by Greg Rucker with art by Liam Sharp, Laura Martin, and Jody Wynn. Finally, a book of mine is giving us something new as Barbara Ann Minerva, now cured of her cheetah affliction, tries to locate Themyscira as Wonder Woman reconnects with Steve Trevor now that Superman is dead and buried, and we find out that the person controlling Sasha Bordeaux is Veronica Kale. In the end, Barbara points to an island that she visited in the year one interlude as a way for Diana to get home, and once her and Steve are there, it seems like Barbara was correct. 
Only this doesn't seem like any Themyscira we've ever seen. No. At least in the series. Well, no. But, yeah, the whole thing is, you know, they're really going to push in this whole issue and going forward, I guess. And it kind of does make sense that Themyscira is in a place that's not where it is. It's kind of how you get there. and It's a spiritual thing. You have to have, you know, the patrons. And that makes sense to me. Because if not, you just have everybody just happening to find it or going to it. uh, Especially in a GPS fucking world. Yeah. And it also... uh, makes it a cool thing that Steve Trevor ever got there because it's not something you can accidentally crash land on, uh, the way they're spelling it God's got to get you there. They have to want you to be involved. You have to be worthy, whatever the case may be. And, yes, Steve Trevor was, and he got there. So I like that. Uh, I don't know. This issue, I did like it. I know you liked it. You told me that you didn't know if I was going to like it. I do like it, though. Again, this is another one, and it's kind of goes hand in hand with all of this issue or this episode of the podcast. It's another kind of not much happened. Uh, I don't know. I actually thought more happened in this one than any other book I have so far. I, I don't. I didn't think so because the whole thing they have Erskataga. He's a house plant. Yeah, uh, he's a potted plant. Yeah, you know what? Is Steve Trevor a fucking retard? Why would you take this former god that might be a potted plant and give it to somebody who's scarred, Eric? You know anybody scarred like that is no no fucking good. I'm telling you, it doesn't even matter. I'm making a joke, but the minute that he gave her that plant, I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Why you gotta would put you? It your, you gotta put it in a place for top men to study. It. No, top they didn't men need jump. it for anybody. They're gonna use that goddamn plant against them. It's over now. Uh, but yeah. Other than that, they go shopping. You see Barbara, uh, uh, freaking Diana, and Etta Candy shopping. Uh, really, to that there is whole not section. Much this bit. No, no there's that not whole much section is nothing. It's just to show that people worship Diana. And, you know, it's one of those like, hey, you know, you got to watch what you're wearing, Diana, or what you pick out, or it's going to trend and it's going to do this and that and the other thing. Uh, the biggest the, part of this section I've really enjoyed, though, is where, you know, Etta and Barbara, please go out the back. I'm going to go see these people. And it's all about how she doesn't need to do this, but she knows how much it'll mean to these people. She yeah. goes out and talks to them. I like yeah. that section. I don't know. I do. Maybe call I, me I sappy. Just, I, I'm telling you, for a book that we're, you know, wanting to know what's going on or whatever, that you take that little bit out and put it in that Wonder Woman 75th anniversary, and I'm fine with it. But here to me, it's it's nothing. We didn't learn anything new. Uh, yeah. We didn't get anything from it. Well, we got uh, a little continuation where, you know, what Barbara Minerva is back out and about. She has no cheetah going on, and she is going to continue to help Wonder Woman finds yeah, the mascara. But even that, we knew that was good. Like, nothing in this made me think, like, oh, my God, Barbara is going to help her now? No, I, I pretty much figured she was. Uh, I said I like that little bit about the, you know, it's not just something you can find on a map. It's, it's yeah. spiritual, whatever. That's fine. Uh, and then you see a little bit behind the scenes of what the, the bad guys are doing. And even that just seems, I just, I don't understand what's really going on. 
I'm saying though, it's uh, Veronica Kell, who was like a Greg Rucka created character before when he was doing Wonder Woman. It's all about she does not like Wonder Woman for being so accepted in a man's world, and she believes it's because she has this power of the gods that she's able to get by so quickly. And she really just doesn't like the character, wants to knock her down a notch. Mm. So I like the fact that we reintroduced this Veronica Kell with her Empire Enterprises, and she is this fucking mastermind behind shit going on. Like Sasha Bordeaux, and a couple issues ago, we saw that she was being controlled by this orb, which we see, you know, as Almost like a communication device here that uh, yeah. Veronica's talking and being updated on this Wonder Woman situation. And I don't know. I There is not much to this. I like having a face, though, like a name going on to yeah, what is I going just, on. I don't – it doesn't really interest me that much because for the most part, the, the thing – like she's not the lies – because that seems more of the gods and things with the gods involved. So it's, yeah. it's not like she can be that involved. And this whole thing just – it doesn't interest me. But we know bit. we have a mole inside with Sasha Bordeaux because yeah. she's being controlled by uh, Veronica here. And yeah. we also know that now that Urs Cartaga is in Sasha's care, Veronica wants that potted plant. Yeah, she wants that plant. That's what I said. That's you know ridiculous to even give that. And it's weird too. This is a god. That they went to get, and he, Steve Trevor almost seems to give it to her as like a gift. Like, right. oh, here you go. There's no way. There, well, there's it, no way weird, they're just going to be able to give this, it off like that. This potted plant to me doesn't even seem to feel like it's Urs Cartaga still because we found out that all the daughters of those villages were turned except for seven because they sit, stayed behind in this cave system to yeah, make, sure, make that sure that they he are the guardians. Go. Exactly. It doesn't come back. But it's so weird I don't know what this plant is going to he do. is that plant. He yeah. did turn into that. So it, it's just weird that the plant isn't right where it was and these girls are around it. It's weird that they just take it back. And Steve America. Trevor just seems to go like, hey, uh, you want this? This would go good in your house. It, it just seemed weird to me. Uh, top men. Top men indeed. But, yeah, even having that mole – it's not. It doesn't do anything for me because it, it it's probably going to turn into something later. Yeah. But this story itself isn't anything that a mole is causing problems with. It's not like all of a sudden Diana's like, oh my god, you know, Edda, all this shit's going wrong because something that it's not. It's more of a thing with the gods and her, with her origin story tying in and what she thinks is right and wrong or whatnot. So, yeah, this mole thing might come in later. But in this story right now, I really could care less. I really could because the big bad really is only what she thinks her origin is and whatnot. Even the Erskataga thing kind of was getting on my nerves because that's not really what I want out of the story anyway. Right. It just seemed to be something to tie Steve Trevor in. And then you get the the issue goes on where Steve and, and Wonder Woman are on a quote unquote date, Edda yeah. says. And the art is incredible. The I art is really good. Diana so looks much. so good in this part. But yeah, it's one of those where this seems to Jeans be. Jeans and a tank top. It's a good look for her. Yeah. And it seems to kind of want to say like, hey, you know what? I know you were dating Superman or whatever. And Diana kind of starts with the whole like, you know what? I don't look at it that way. I I don't see things the way that you and man's world does because she really does seem to like they have to have a way because Superman is dead. They're yeah. not dating anyway. You, you got to address the go, elephant in the room. Yeah, you have to go about seeing what happens. But it's weird how it's spelled out here where Wonder Woman is just like, you know what? It's just what I who I'm with at that time. It exactly. really does She's feel good like at loving. That. 
Yeah, she's but not good at romance. No. And then she's like, Steve Trevor, I'm going to kiss you right on your lips. And right, then they start kissing. Like but even then, it just seemed to me, it was like, okay, I like that enough. Well, we're getting back does, to the legacy with this. No, it does go to the Diana. legacy. But even then, like because this issue just, there's not a lot happening to me. And uh, they get a call. Uh, Barbara has figured out that it's not a physical location of the the. the the Themyscira, but more of a spiritual thing. But she thinks she's found out. Like you said, she has been to an island. She thinks it's well, that. I'm saying, I think it, this is. I honestly just jumped to conclusions, thinking it's the island she was on, and that you know, no, it probably point. was because she I says she wants to get the 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 uh, the maps because she wants to point out, and she thinks it's one of those that if I get a map from now and a map from six months ago, we're going to see that shit has changed. And they're like, no, 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 I, I don't think it's that way. But she does point out, and they're going to go. She's going to have to – she's trying to help Diana. Really, what can she help except but say, hey, I was on this island that I think was Themyscira before. Let's go check it out. Well, there was and, a thing, too, where like Diana clearly still has her powers, but – Barbara believes that one of her powers that she had before was being able to just go to Themyscira whenever yeah, she wants. Well, I think that, that was because be I don't even think they were saying it was quote unquote a power. I just think that they she had that connection and she could effortlessly go there. They say like she yeah. was able to go whenever she wanted because she was in tune with the patron saints of them and Themyscira herself. And that's where, if anything, the lies and her not getting back is because I, I think what they'll say is she's kind of been corrupted a bit by man's world a bit. I think that's one of them. And I think that's why they're showing her like, you know, hey, people look at me. I'm shopping and all this stuff. Uh, I If it's the gods, I can't say that she's really been, you know, honoring them. Except for being Wonder Woman, you don't see her doing a lot of things. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, well, they, they, they point out too that this island that she was on, she believes it to be a thin spot between this kind of yeah. world that she'd be able to like easier penetrate to get yeah. back home. It's so just, like, again, it's just it, it kind of you can look at it as kind of hokey. To me, I like it because it explains something. Like I said, it explains why uh, you know the Nazis don't just show up there at some point or whatever yeah. because it's not a real it's not a tangible place all the time it's something that you have to be in tune with she's just become out of tune which um, I'm saying even in that year one interlude when uh, Barbara Minerva she shows up on that island there's nothing there it could still except be that crazy dark that fucking, tree yeah that dark fucking tree well they go they go to where they think it is and uh, Diana flies they land on an island they go and, and the weird thing is is Steve's there with her yeah. uh, which is odd and also they see you see Hippolyta it's not the Hippolyta we know of this is a no. blonde haired woman it, it looks like it could be her mother but it's not her but yet Diana has no idea even Steve Themyscira looks like, he looks like it's kind of war torn. Oh Everybody's yeah, it's, it's destroyed. But yet, what's weird about it is when Wonder Woman's looking and you know, hey daughter, welcome home. Diana's not upset. She doesn't yeah, she seem does to know shocked. any difference. The no. weird thing is, is Steve does, and I don't know if it's just the way the art was done by Liam Sharp, but he does almost have that. What the fuck are you happy about? This is fucked up. And maybe he's going to be – maybe it's a weird thing where he is actually more in tune uh, with it at the moment. But, yeah, I think the lies are also going to be this because, yeah, shit's gone wrong. It See, does I not actually, look right. I started thinking during this, besides for the fact that Themyscira is all fucked up, um, 
Wonder Woman's mother in the New 52, she was dead. She was blonde, so I thought they were like, there was something similar to that, but she is dead in yeah. that continuity, and in this, possibly, um, it, she did not look exactly like we saw her in the year one yeah, part of yeah. the story, but I don't know. I almost, I had thoughts like, okay, we're almost doing like a New 52 kind of riff with the blonde hair and maybe like the Warriors, but yeah. it still doesn't add up because the mother's dead. Yeah, yeah, and it just, like I said, I, I would think, I don't know how they're going to play it because she could be alive in this new continuity. That could have yeah. been the lie or whatever. But yeah, I think that showing her as a blonde is the only real way for us to be like, holy shit, shit's different. That's not her. So yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's really her anyway. Uh, they do mention earlier even about the whole, uh, her being, uh, the god of war, all that stuff. And it was kind of neat how it tied in. Yeah. But they even made that almost seem like it was a rumor. Like exactly. it wasn't like set in like stone. Almost like it's so. nonsense. Yeah. Like people are so, rumbling. There's rumblings about you yeah, being the yeah, God of War. They, yeah. You know? It was kind of neat the way they did that. But like a I'm, whisper I, down the lane situation. Yeah, just the whole thing to me, though, really just not a lot happened. And you get at the end, and, and it's only one more issue. The lies are over. The next issue of your issue, uh, the lies end. And right. then I, who knows what's going to go on. I don't know if that affects the year one story and that stops and we're going to be more combined or how it goes, I have no idea. But yeah, it says at the end, next, uh, uh, Wonder Woman number 10, year one, part four, bullets and bracelets. Kind of nice. sounds cool enough. Yeah. But yours is the conclusion. The lies are revealed and we'll see what happens and it must have to do. And you know, I, I don't know, but I'm telling you though, the lies might be revealed, but that doesn't mean that she's done with that story. You know, she could continue off to like fight the lies, do all a bunch of different stuff. She just, the end of this arc. Yeah, but just saying revealed. conclusion. It just yeah. I means to me they're going to move on to whatever is next. And yeah, she might fight some things with. And it. you want to think some Veronica Kale action? Yeah, I think it's more that she's going to be fighting Veronica Kale, not the lie. She's going to see what's going on, and then she's going to get on to. They're setting up this next story already. That's why in here it just to me it was just kind of just set up that didn't mean anything yet. So I was kind of taken aback by it, but I did love the art. I oh, really yes. did. I even did. if it didn't mean anything, I like the part with Steve and Diana. Uh, I like that's them gotta be being together. But it just with all the things which and it's even if you didn't like Wonder Woman and Superman being together, uh, I don't see anybody upset about this. Yet everybody seems to want to fucking get lose their shit over Barry Allen liking Jessica fucking Cruz for one yeah. date. Yet here Wonder Woman basically just says, "Eh, fuck it, Superman's gone. Let's make out." And I don't see, I've moved on, baby. Yeah, I don't see anybody upset with it. Uh, but it's weird because I was more upset with this than I would have ever have been with Barry and Jessica. It just seemed wrong. I don't know why, <laughs> but it just seemed it made me think that Diana was a bit of a floozy. Uh, I don't about like your mother like moving on after your daddy. No, I just don't. I just don't think that it just made her the explanation to me had nothing to do with well, you know what, Superman's dead and he would want me to move on. They were broken up before he died. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it just seemed they really seem to love each other still. No, it was Wonder. Remember, Wonder Woman showed up. Superman told her to get the fuck out, and he didn't want anything to do with her. And I was so mad that she showed up at the uh, the Fortress of Solitude, and they still weren't really together. They kept mentioning to each other that, oh, you know what, we're not dating anymore, but I still care about you, and we have to work together. There was all that shit. They were making Uh, out. Yeah, only that one time though. And that was, it's weird. But this, to me, her explanation basically was, you know what? I just love what I want to love and, you yeah. know, go on with it. And it just seemed He wrong. had a big dick. 
It seemed wrong. He's gone now. You got the next biggest. Obviously, I'm going to be with you. Yeah, but, you know, and not only that, but, you know, she's supposed to be, you know, at least bisexual. Yeah. And, uh... If not full out lesbian, because of where she grew up, and we even when well, that was obviously it's not full out lesbian. Well, that's how they were spelling it out for the most part, because you were mad. Like, what does this explain with Superman? This is nonsense. And uh, they were not boots. Yeah, well, I know, but it just it just seems stupid. And actually, the more I talk about it, I really didn't like this issue at all. I like the art a lot. <laughs> uh, this is my least favorite issue of I Wonder Woman. Like we've it. Had. it just nothing happens. And what happened just seemed forced to get to a conclusion of the story. But uh, anything else you want to say about it? Because it really is. That's what shows you. Not a lot to say about it because nothing happens. It moves but, very fast. Yeah. What would you? What did you give it? I gave it a nine out of ten. I and had I a good would, time reading this and everything that we dealt with. Man, I'd probably. I'm gonna give it a five point one. It's just about a fuck you five to me now that I talk about it because nothing happens and it's such a. It ends with Erskataga last issue, and this is just let's return the the flower and let's get on. It nothing happens. It just it's ridiculous. But yeah, I didn't like it at all. I actually thought when I read it the first time, I really liked the art, but really I I could care less about it. I really could. But uh, the next issue I liked a little bit better, but not as much as other people. It's the Flash number nine. Written by Joshua Williamson, art by Jorge Corona, Ivan Placenza, and Steve Wands. The issue of this issue of Flash is nice, ties in the Rebirth special, and gives me a couple things I've been waiting for over a year to see. So why am I still bored with this whole goddamn story? I think I'm still suffering from a Godspeed hangover, and while this is a step in the right direction, it's going to take a bunch more steps to get me back on the trolley. And this is a one-shot story. This yeah. is the the Kid Flashes of what what Two the worlds. they even call it. Kid yeah, Flash of Two Worlds. This is another fucking bunch of nonsense. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it, the, the weird thing about this issue is we are on Flash number nine, and they've taken a side to really try to tie it more into Rebirth, uh, and it just seemed very forced. I, yes. I like, I want it, Wally. Kid, this is the thing. It's going to drive me nuts this whole time. I like New 52 Wally. Yeah. I always did. The thing that I had the problem, everybody, oh, my God, Black Wally, oh, Black Wally. I didn't have any problem at all with him being named Wally West, with him being black, nothing. The only thing I had a problem with the whole New 52 is they didn't know what the fuck to do with no, him. No, he had nothing they going on. They showed up, and they did nothing with him. At, at points, he kind of started looking like he was, you know, and he had Speed Force powers. Oh, it he was helped so, a little. It was but so yet he, weird. It seemed like he got some speed force powers, just a little bit. It started going. He was visited from himself in the future, who seemed to merge with him, and then I'm was telling also you, I never got. Storm. You always say that. I never got that he merged. He showed up not. because they had that. He was playing dodgeball and all that, yeah. and that stupid thing, and he was upset about his powers. And that when that other himself in the future came, all he said was. Listen, it's going to work out. You have powers, just you know, use them wisely, and then disappear. He always had the powers. He even had powers that issue beforehand. Yeah, I know because he, he was zipping around. But after that, I didn't think he had any more powers or anything of the sort. That's why I think that they ended up having him getting hit by the Speed Force storm that made him have these extra powers because they didn't have any sort of defining characteristic of him being in the Speed Force. But yeah, the, the whole thing. With him in that future Wally just seemed to be future Wally showing up and telling him everything was going to be okay. 
And so then we moved it on really from seemed there. like he was like he could not control his powers at that point. He would just start like fluttering well, and vibrating. He was open. that. But and remember the whole that, thing. He was able to use them. But here's the problem: the whole thing in that whole issue when he was there. Remember, he wanted to know who Flash was. He right. kept saying, "Won't you tell?" Me? And he's like, "Nope, I can't tell you. You'll have to learn that yourself." If he merged, he would have known. And I mean, like in my mind, we're not like merging like that. I mean, like that Wally became a part of the Speed Force and entered him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't think anything of the sort. Only because he had those Speed Force powers that were yeah. going wonky, but we never saw anything after that where he really had powers. Because then we went right to Rebirth. That was one of the last issues. Yeah. Then we went into Rebirth, and he got hit by fucking Speed Force lightning. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that it was. They just, just keep giving. A, and like I'm saying, the way I see it, they just keep giving this guy powers because they don't have anything else for him then, to do. And they had nothing for him to do. And the problem with that, it continued it to Rebirth. Like, you had him get hit by the Speed Force, but you couldn't get him involved. Then no. all of a sudden he goes there. Mina's going to train him. She dies. Uh, and then, no training. You know, so now at least we've gone where Barry knows that Wally has Speed Force powers. But you have this whole wonky thing where you have the other Wally there that he's like, I want them to meet sometime. He also, Wally doesn't know that Barry's Flash. You got all this craziness. Iris has no idea. Uh, but then she did, you know, when he said, yeah, and that yeah, was the Iris whole big thing. N- now knows that. Yes, like, that's uh, why I think that as it's going about on, this is so fucking yeah, bad. I know it's crazy because, because you, you have old Wally, Wally who old doesn't Wally, want her to know. You have old Wally who calls himself the Flash. You have yep. the Flash, and then you have Kid Flash, who's also Kid named Flash, Wally. Who's Wally? It's crazy. And fucking yeah, hell. People on the site, people going nuts about this whole thing. I understand people being frustrated by it, but it's only frustrating because you, you just you don't know what the hell to call people. No. We said Wally West, the old Wally West, needs to get a new name. I don't Seriously. care if it's fucking fucking impulse hot whatever. pursuit. I don't <laughs> care. Just give him a name, something, uh, because it's crazy. Well, in this. You have Kid Flash. Uh, it starts they off. They call funny. him the Streak, Jim. They call yeah, him the Streak. The Streak. Uh, it's funny because at the beginning, Iris has been getting these flowers, and Barry is pissed. <laughs> I'm like, every. Huh, I thought he had a girlfriend because he really does seem either he seems very jealous or he's just intrigued by a mystery. Just joking about too. He even says the one point is like, "Let me fingerprint those." Fuck off, yeah, Barry. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden they have a problem where downtown the bridge is going bad. And it's funny because they all skedaddle out with the craziest excuses when they're all heading there. And it's weird for Iris to be making up a lie. Like you would think that Iris can just say that's her job. She's going to go there. But no, it's she funny. is. I'll say it. She says that the Flash is probably going to show up there. i got to yeah, go. Yeah, it is. But she never really – yeah, I guess she does. But, yeah, uh, yeah I love Wally. Like, I got homework. Barry's I love Wally's files. art too because Wally actually – the art makes me think of him like tiptoeing away. He's Which like, Wally, yeah, Jim? Which Wally? Yeah, the Wally. That's the only one here at the moment because <laughs> right after that they go. They're trying to save people. And this is what I've wanted all along. I've wanted Kid Flash and Flash to work together. Yeah. And I really like it. I think that it's pretty cool. And for once, Joshua Williamson is not going to overplay it where you have fucking Barry for three panels say, that's what I always needed, a yeah. fucking partner. We, we've seen this a hundred times now. That's the whole thing that led him uh, astray with fucking August and Godspeed was he wanted it so bad. I like that he just accepts it here. And, uh, 
you have Wally, who is kicking ass, and he really wants to impress Flash. And his big thing, he wants to know Flash's secret identity. He wants to, you know, have Flash know or know who he is and be in still that inner circle. out a bit. Yeah, he is. And I like it because it really is going to lead to some trouble. Because when he finds out it's Barry, you would assume that he's going to be a little bit taken aback and a little upset like why I'm didn't you, you trust if, if me he, before if he gets pissed off in my mind like barry will be like hey just go talk to the other wally he calmed you down last time just yeah. go talk to him well they're doing this and then the other wally shows up and i telling you i love i love the kid flash art i love the art of the backgrounds i love i do not like any regular adults in this kid including flash is the only one i like yeah, yeah i like kid flash a lot i do not I, it's like all of a sudden, Jorge Corona, who did the We Are Robins, yes. the minute that a, a character hits their late 20s, he does not remember how to draw them because <laughs> they are off. They are I was weird. You, I was telling you before the show, it seems like every character in this, except for Kid Flash, is in the middle of having a stroke and their faces oh, yeah. are slumping down the one, one side. The one guy that Flash is saving. Now, oh, I yeah. get the idea that you want to kind of show that there's speed, the speed going yeah. on. But boy, he does. He looks like his face is melting. I think that he just opened the Ark of the Covenant. He's about <laughs> to die, Eric, because he looks Top fucking men. crazy. Top men, indeed. <laughs> uh, but I really do like. I like the idea of the Wallies together. I hate that you have to come up with names for them. Yeah. But I really do like them I, together. I, I like the three they, of them. When they first get together, when Wally shows up and talks about stealing the speed away from this explosion so he can yeah. stop it, yep. and he's like. Hey, Flash, we got another one of the Speed Force guys here, Mike. I mean, the yeah. like, uh, Speed Storm shit. I'm like, that makes sense. It's all he knows. Yep. And it's so, funny, too, because you remember then, not that you forget, but you remember, uh, you, you're reminded that the Wally is a young kid. Because, yeah. and I think it goes really well with the fanboying that we just saw, like you pointed out. Because all of a sudden he's like, no, no, this is an old friend of mine. You know, here he is. He's the Flash, too. And Wally is pissed. Yeah. It's like, and it's not that he's pissed for any other reason. It's just, you know, hey, I wanted well, to have my time with the Flash. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to have time with the Flash. And this fucking guy, they're old friends. Fucking bullshit. Uh, so begrudgingly, Wally goes and shakes the other Wally's hand. And shit goes wrong. And I fucking don't understand it. Open, I don't I understand it. I under, well, here's the thing. I do understand the concept is... To me, they're never supposed to have been together. The, like the every, older Wally is not supposed to be in no, this universe. he's not supposed to be there. And I even take it even more that the young Wally was never supposed to have Speed Force powers to become the Flash as well. I think that shit is really wrong, the whole thing. And I think it is playing with people going like, oh, Black Wally, not on my watch and bullshit. I think they're playing around with that idea. And this makes it right. At the end, it ends up making it right because Barry goes wrong and he becomes evil. I don't understand it. I don't know I, how. I understand the fact that he's like, oh, I lost my heart and all this. Like, you can understand that a bit. See, but I is this what we're supposed just... to think that Wally, that this is what happened to Wally when he no. left, that he got really mean? Because you don't get that. Never. It's weird. Okay, and, they, they point out in this issue how when Barry starts freaking out, we could see this happen in the rebirth number, Flash yeah. rebirth number one. And I went back and read that before we got on the podcast yeah. tonight. And the most we got out of that is Flash just started having visions when he was at the freaking crime scene that was very reminiscent yes. of when his mother died. And yeah. he just had like visions of Zoom coming back, Godspeed. He just had visions going on. Here, yeah. he has his visions. But it also makes him a complete asshole for yeah, I have the no idea why. Yeah, the asshole bit makes no sense. And they're really sh trying to show you 
uh, or press the issue of like, oh, you know, this is what happens when things go wrong. That's when you get the bitterness and you don't get the love. But where do you get that the heroes are assholes? Because he is a fucking dick. And he, he tells the reverse special did not seem like a dick to me at all. While no, it didn't seem force. like and he didn't seem like like. People didn't remember him, obviously, but it wasn't like he came back and like, huh, I remember you, you fucking asshole. You, you fucking called me a dickhead and then disappeared. It's all of a sudden, all this seems to be, and, and this is the, the thing I have, the, my major problem with this whole issue is the forced nature of everything in it. And yeah. this is just for him to get mad and yell at young Wally. You're dead. You think your uncle is the fucking reverse flesh? No, he's really your dad. He became that because of you. And yeah, he's like, what? Now, it's funny because I pointed That's out to you before. Right. Daniel he, West didn't yes. even admit he yeah. was your father. Yeah. Oh, it, he is at the end of fucking, he's the biker gang at the end of fucking weird <laughs> science yelling shit at them. Uh, it's funny, too, because Barry goes fucking mean. And I, again, you, what is affecting him to do this? The Speed Force? Why would the Speed Force make him mean? Uh, but he says to them, like, you wouldn't understand, you you two. You, my parents were taken from me, but you two, you were abandoned by your parents. And I'm thinking, that, that's worse. That's yeah. worse there, Barry. Why are you so angry? They were abandoned. Your, your par- yeah, exactly. Your parents are gone not by choice. Theirs yeah, are gone it was by a tragedy. choice. Yeah, it was a tragedy. What happened, you know, you had some issues, uh, but their parents just decided they didn't want them and nope. left them. And it's it's ridiculous, and that's when he says to young Bobby, I respect your them both. Then your father would rather you call him uncle than dad. I'm, I really am waiting for you. you. Took a shower with a beautiful woman, <laughs> and you uh, had to wear your jeans. Yeah, and they're like they don't understand it, and that's where Barry then goes off on the older Wally. And he's like, and you, you think what it takes to fill my boots? I have no legacy. I'm waiting for Wally to go, no, that's not what I think. I don't know what you're talking about. Because what he says to young Wally is something that hits hard. Yeah. I don't really think anything that he's saying. Like, Wally doesn't even believe that this is really Barry no. in his own way. It comes he off really odd. shit is up. Yeah, it comes off really odd. But, yeah, uh, they realize that the only way they can bring him back, the Wallys, by joining hands together and grabbing him. For I don't know reason. where they get up with this. I don't know where they come up with this. Is it like I, a wishing machine? I don't know. And even to the point where wh- why would young Wally think this? Why would he have this idea? Where is he and, getting it? Oh, and why well, does Zoom seem to be talking yeah, to fucking Barry and Zoom comes mind? and kind of whispers to him. I think it's Mina saying, thank you, Eric. Uh, Wally then, hey, hands across America, this bitch. Let's yeah. bring him back. It's and the only they way to do. solve problems in the world. Yeah. And they bring him back. He's He looks exhausted. I do like the art of him right there. Yeah. That he looks and he's like, he starts saying it. Hey, I'd never feel those things, but I lost my heart. And then Wally says, it sounds like, and it's really going to say, he's going to say, that sounds like what happened to me. And it's it's not. It doesn't no. seem right. Well, then, that's the weirdest part, too, because somehow this affecting Barry is pulling him in the speed force. And I'm like, but Wally was taken out by Abracadabra in this. It yeah. wasn't like he was he was made he was forgotten because of Abra, but he was put in the speed force and seen by this other thing. 
But yeah. like, it doesn't really like go together with Barry because you know Wally needed to be remembered. Barry's just all right. Let's let's lock hands and grab a hold of this guy. Yeah, let's sure grab he- a hold of him. And then since we're the two flat, and it's weird too because the thing that caused him to have this happen was them, them grabbing holding hands. hands. They went to shake hands. So why would these two grabbing him? Is it is it because fucking uh, young Wally was pissed while he did it? Now he has to be positive. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know what? Maybe if he wanted his speed powers to be taken away, or, I'm not even going to oh, get into that garbage. Uh, but it's, it's really weird. wishing powers. Is I'm what telling it is. you, it's, it's so weird, and it's so forced, and that's where Wally's like, were you telling the truth? Is uh, Daniel really my father? And Barry's like, oh, you know what? We found that out after he was arrested. And to me, I wanted to grab fucking barry by the i wanted to reach in and choke him out and and why wouldn't we have known this by now he, that is a while ago he was arrested a Honestly, long time ago i really always thought that daniel was his father i why did too his uncle but why why did you know why weren't we aware of this why wouldn't barry have talked to iris about it up till now and, and maybe see iris that? knows as well who knows i'm sure she does she would have to it's just because he even says, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm going to find out. Wally just doesn't read. Yeah, it, it's just weird. And uh, yeah, even so, when he got arrested, yeah, they realized that from all the records and stuff. So everybody, yeah. he, you, I think that you would have thought you would have thought Wally was at the trial. He loved his uncle, who was yeah. his dad. I don't know. It's just, it's very forced. It, it's okay. The I thought part, that, though, is I really hope we get to see Reverse Flash again because yeah. his character changed so much in Suicide yeah. Squad. See what I he's going really on now. The character. Yeah, but I don't even think that they're even going to play that yeah, as he comes being back, Reverse he's Flash. Be evil again. He's just, I, according, as far as anybody read the book in The Flash, I really don't think he ever left jail. Or Barry would have been fucking livid, probably. But yeah, I don't, nobody ever said, oh my God, you know what? He's not here anymore. He got transferred. It's just that Suicide Squad was just, he showed up on that. I think they're going to write that the hell out. I liked it though. Uh, yeah, I loved it, but I, I don't think it's going to go, I don't think it's going to jive in this continuity. Uh, because they always just seem to think that he's just there. And I think Wally is going to go and talk to him, I would I would imagine. But, yeah, he runs off. And Barry's like, man, we should go after him. Wally's like, no, no, you got to run things off. <laughs> like, I don't know. I wouldn't trust him this angry with the Speed Force. But there's this little bit, crazy bit, where he runs into his buddy Chunk. And uh, Ch- <laughs> Chunk was there playing dodgeball that time. Sure I, I told you. I thought it was going to turn into Team Wolf. But here <laughs> Chunk's like, hey, you know what? We're going to go down to this guy. This comic store uh, has this teenager guy. He knows all about the Golden Age, and we play D&D. Why I even just, have this part? I don't even say a teenager guy. It's a kid. I'm yeah. like, how is Wally a kid? Yeah. Why even have this part? I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – but it's not what – it's not Wally. Wally just shows up then. Honestly – I really, I don't know. I really kind of thought that they were talking about Wally when he, because he's like, the next panel, it's just Wally waving. Hey, you know this no, guy? No, because no, Wally goes, and that's when the guy goes, you know this guy? He's, yeah, I'll catch you later. They, that, okay. guy, that freaking chunk's heading off to play D&D like a loser. Or some whatever Like a little Jim this. Werner. No, Wally, just, <laughs> really, it's not Wally. It's just a weird progression where if I If it is, if hey, it's Wally, can... then he's been fucking moonlighting in town, fucking setting up a long <laughs> is, con. <laughs> It'd be so funny. He's like, hey, Abracadabra, I gotta go right now. I know you have Linda Park. I got to the comic shop. We're, we're playing the fucking, you know, the fucking keep on the borderlands <laughs> downtown. I gotta, I gotta go. But yeah, <laughs> they, it's weird too. Like right here, 
uh, Joshua Williamson has to like kind of say like, listen, they they got to recognize each other. We I don't need this. You know, we have to get on with the story. Yeah. So they do recognize each other. Wally claims that it's the red hair. Uh, but yeah, they go on. They but kind they of talk. They won't tell each other. Like Wally will not tell the younger Wally no. his name. I'm like, God no. damn it! No. Come on. And he won't tell who Barry is. He no. just he won't give it up. But they're talking, and it's nice enough. He's telling them, you know, how things are and how things are going to be. And and really, uh, he knows exactly. Well, not exactly, but he knows what the younger Wally's gone through because he almost has that. You know, he is Wally West from the the whole deal, and he kind of has a parallel thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but he tells how great the Flash is. It's nice. I, it you is know, a very nice says, moment. You know, it's one of those where, you know, Flash hate the way he's Wally a great looks. guy. The older Wally. And, and then, yeah, I know. But then they have that whole thing like, hey, listen, Flash is going to challenge you to a race. He's going to let you win. Don't let it happen. I'm like, I don't, what do we think? I don't need this, really. It, it's just, it's okay. Uh, it's a nice moment. I enjoyed it enough. It's okay. Uh, but then he wants to teach him how to do the slowing down the powers, you know, the speed force and stuff like that. And they go off and run. It's a big Yeah, he needs, him to, he needs someone to train him since me yeah, is dead. and he's going to train him a bit. But it is weird because he's got to leave. He can't be there that long. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to train him a little because, like you said, Well, apparently the there. abracadabra shit is already shut down. So this isn't yeah. the future of the Titans. Yeah. Books, so. But even so, you're not going to have him just disappear from the Titans. They're going to have that. I, I don't think we're going to see much of hey, him. If Black uh, Canary can be in background, the birds of play, Green Arrow, and JLA. Yeah. The thing, Wally though, is they, they really spell this out as a one-shot because Wally is skedaddling out. Yeah, he is not staying. But he, he talks. He sits down and talks with Barry. They do mention the abracadabra, but it's one of those where they can't get too specific. So it's like, hey, you know what? We did this and that, but it's not real specific. He does admit that he was the one who leaves the, the flowers for Iris because he does yeah. love her. She saved his life, he says. He just uh, can't but, tell her who he is yet. Yeah, he doesn't want to tell her yet, which is still odd to me. It really is. Well, it's uh, almost like the Linda Park situation where he has this big connection with this yeah. woman who has no idea who he is. Yeah, yeah. But even then, you don't know because he's never gone to her. She might just out of nowhere know who he is. It's you true. don't know. I have yeah, but then there's the weirdest part where they're talking about Abracadabra, and and Wally looks terrible. But Wally's like, you know what? Abracadabra was the one. It made the world forget about me. But And Barry out of nowhere goes, but he's not the thing that changed history. We know that now. And that's when Wally even goes like, how? And Barry says that every foe I've ever faced by myself or with the Justice League, the guilty always returns to the scene of the crime. Whoever stole time from the world isn't done with this yet. So basically he's saying whoever did this big thing, which we think is Dr. Manhattan, yeah. whoever did this, it can't be Abracadabra because the person would return to the scene of the crime, which to me is this world, and that's what Abracadabra did. Yes. Well, how does he get this? This is only to kind of say like, hey, guys. Please don't think it's this nonsense abracadabra. He's such a lame character. Please yeah. don't think that he did it. Barry just out of nowhere. Like, Barry, if he said to me, or said to us, I said to me, if, if in this he says, well, you know what? I can't really put it into words, but when I was in the speed force, I, I could sense somebody else. He does go a little later with what happened, but tell me something. Not just Barry just saying, nope, can't be him because... That person's going to return to the scene of the crime because Abracadabra did. He sure did, did return to the scene of the crime. So I don't but know where Bally, you're Barry's you're jumping to conclusions. The, if you're reading the Titans book as well, though, even Abra in the last issue was saying how 
there's something coming up, you know, that, oh, yeah. like it changes everything. So his timetable has to be moved up to destroy Wally West yeah. because something is coming. But Barry doesn't so, know that. That no. should be Wally saying that. Agreed. Wally should be telling Barry this. You know, say like. Well, Wally that, doesn't know that either. This is like well, average monologue. Yeah, but you know himself. what I'm saying? At least Wally might know. I don't know how Barry knows anything about Abracadabra he and how vision. he's not the big bad. Yeah, he had visions of fucking uh, Captain Cold and Gorilla goddamn Grodd. fucking Gorilla Grodd and a bunch of the black shit flash. and a beautiful mind fucking shit on a blackboard. It, all of a sudden, he's the fucking expert on who's involved with the changing the fucking universe. Uh, but he does say, you know what? I was in the Speed Force. I had a vision. I don't know what it was, but it gave me hope. And that's the big reveal is that he saw Jay Garrick's helmet. And yep. yeah, so yeah, if you're confused now or you, you, you don't have enough speedsters already, uh, we're probably going to get another Where's one eventually. Where's Jesse Quick at? Uh, I think they're going to be the whole Mercury? army of them. And I think that at the point where we do get this big giant fight, I do think there will be Jay, even Jesse Quick, all of them together fighting. And you'll have like, you know, these separate books. You'll have the, the Flash Brigade Versus See, now with, the with, shit and all with that. With all this going on, I actually have to think back to the Ben, uh, not the Ben Percy, the fucking, um, the hell was his name? He did the last Teen Titans arc when it started. The one uh, that you were reviewing. Uh, I did it with, uh, what's his name? I, I don't remember, remember either. Uh, oh God. I, I, Will, uh, Will Pfeiffer. Is Will who Pfeiffer, I did. thank you. Yeah. When Will Pfeiffer was doing the Teen Titans run before, he out of nowhere brought Bart Allen back, yeah. the Kid Flash. So where's he at? What's he doing? Yeah, I know. Again, I think that there will be a book. It'll be almost like I, I think that when they do this huge event, and this is just me pulling shit out of my ass, but when they yeah. do this huge event where you're going to get the whole, you know, Watchmen versus, I think that it's going to be something along the lines of how Convergence was, where you have all these different books, you know, all tying into a main book. And I do think they're going to have one that just has a crazy amount of flashes in it. And we'll see if I'm right, because boy, they're, they're really adding a lot of flash characters <laughs> in, which is weird after that speed force nonsense to me. Now the speed force storm almost seems like that was like a mistake. Like they, they did that and realized, boy, you know, I, I don't really like the story. Let's get rid of them and get the real flashes in or whatever because let's, it just seems weird now. Let's say we do this because it was always funny to me too because we get this flashbook saying like whatever, forever crisis if it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have Barry Allen the Flash, Wally West the Flash, and then Jay fucking Garrick the Flash. The Flash. And then they bring in like say Bartor, Kid Flash with another Kid Flash. With another Kid Flash. And, and they and better then two Wallies. I'm telling you, they better have a scene where somebody comes in, Batman comes in, hey Flash, and there's seven of them. What? Yeah. And then they're like, okay, let's fucking sit and down he and come up with names. It's so funny too because of how much Barry stressed to August that he had to come up with a fucking name. He hasn't said to Wally like, hey, you know what? We better get together and come up with something here. Uh, but yeah, I I like this enough for being a nice issue. It's, and so, it did, it's so weird with him being the Flash too, because in this I, I don't know. get the idea that there was there was no uh, crisis on Infinite Earth, so Barry never died in this continuity for Wally to actually become yeah. the Flash. Yeah, it's crazy. It, ah. It's crazy. But yeah, things just whatever you can. Yeah, I'm just fucking pretzel. <laughs> but uh, I I liked it enough. It did do a bunch of things. The the main thing to me in this is that I really did like young wally kid flash and so you're getting something and where i was going to say earlier i don't know how much it really means to me to change 
uh, reverse flash from being his uncle to his dad. It really doesn't change anything really for me because Wally was already upset and yeah. already thinking that he might be, you know, you know, he was my uncle and I, I don't know. I, it might be, I might be evil as well because of that. Just making him his dad now, is that going to be like up Just the ante of that? Person. Because I wasn't really interested in that. I really wasn't. But that seems like you're really going to, you know, hinge on that now that he realizes it's his dad. But like you said, it, it, it's weird to not have it spelled out before, but we all thought that. I did. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I actually thought it was quote unquote uncle. I didn't. Yeah. I just thought it was. But uh, yeah, and I don't know how that's involved. Like now, uh, where he goes to try to find his mom, I don't know. But I'm not that interested in that. I want him just running around with Barry and being Kid Flash. That's Even fine with, with me. That, if Kid Flash wasn't hanging out here, I'm happy with him being in the Teen Titans, and that's yeah. it. Maybe yeah, occasionally like showing up in the Flash. Now this is the the way this is. Like you said, oh Wally, older Wally can be here and in Titans as well. That for some reason that seems odd to me. But to have Kid Flash here and in Teen Titans does not seem odd to me because <laughs> we just haven't gotten any Kid Flash yet. So right. him being in Teen Titans makes me wonder, like, what the fuck? He's he's been Kid Flash for two weeks and now he's a Teen Titan. Like, like really, why why Damien would even target him at all in not even being trained yet? It seems weird to me. So I can make that jump, but the Wally older Wally just seems weird because of all the things of him trying to be back and wanting to do other things, and then he's just here with the Flash all the time. But I don't think he will be. Uh, but speaking of Teen Titans, Eric, we're gonna go off to them. And then we'll be back with uh, Wally. So we have two big Titans books coming up, Teen sure Titans do. and Titans. Here it is, everybody. Teen Titans, number one, written by Benjamin Percy, art by John Boy Myers and Chim Charlampidis. Chim Chim Tari. That's what, is that, is that Chim Chim That's what it sounded uh, like. I assume it's a, uh, some Greek, Greekish name, right? Sure. Probably. Damien's 13th birthday was a real bummer. Alfred made a disgusting raspberry and angel food cake. His daddy didn't bother to show up, and all his grandfather sent was a dead bird and a death threat. Luckily, he can play with his new friends, the Teen Titans, who are ready to kick his ass after breaking free from captivity. It's the happiest birthday he's ever had. It is. Poor Damien. Fucking hell. Yeah, but I think he liked getting, you know, I think he likes the the, the scrapping. Yeah. I think that's what made it exciting for him. Well, it's fine because we, we talked about this off the air type thing about this whole issue and whatever. And first off, I think this is some of the best art that I've seen just fitting yeah. the book. I itself. love John Boy Myers. Oh my God. It's all, and you know what I'm saying? I, I always make fun of that whole thing. Oh, this art was a perfect compliment to the store. It is. It, it's perfect. And In now this he's case, gone. it really is. And I I'm love this so highlighting mad. of the characters. Yeah. I think it looks awesome. Oh, it's I'm great. so mad that this art is not going to continue in this yeah. book. Right now, like, I like the where we're going to the story. I like the team members so far. The art is really the draw right now. I yeah. like seeing how uh, like John Boy depicts all these characters. Now, here's the thing. To me, the art is the, the major thing that I love, but right behind it isn't the story yet because we, we don't really have yeah. one uh, starting, but the characterizations are spot on. They're great. It's Benjamin really Percy, promising. And like, I, I know that we I, give I, Benjamin Percy some, some crap a lot of times. I think that this is a book that we're going to see a little more of his writing, uh, like what he has, maybe like see his chops, because really oh the Teen Titans here, it's not a 
you know, fight for social ju- – you know what I'm saying? It's not what yeah. he does with Green Arrow. The stuff that we don't like in Green Arrow I don't think even fits here. So it this might is not just, apply here, yeah. Yeah, this might just be him saying like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a fun book. And he really has shown in these couple issues – to me, that he knows the characters. At he least. really, like he really handles this big cast to individualize the characters. Yeah. You know, uh, give them each individual like styles and like motivations, and yeah. just through their actions and words. And and Eric and I were t- talking a little bit yesterday, and I think that his Damien is pretty much spot on. No, it's, you know, it's as great. what I as what I think he's going to be. That he yeah. he acts that way. Yeah, the biggest he, problem I was telling Reggie is I have is that goddamn Teen Titans cartoon is now programming that I have to hear Beast Boy's voice like yeah, in the cartoon. Yeah, uh, that's true. But even but even it works, the though. yeah, and even the individual Teen Titans, including uh, Wally West, Kid Flash, who nobody's had on a team like this, and has only right. been really. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, uh, and Eric knows, I don't know how many uh, issues of the actual Flash Reggie that you were reading in the New Fifty Two leading up to uh, Rebirth I, I was, and the Rebirth. I was pretty much done. By well, if you up. were, yeah, you really didn't miss much because you didn't ever really. Wally would show up occasionally and get upset, you know, and be pissed, run away, whatever. And this probably is the best characterization of him since maybe oh, yeah. this week in the Flashbook. They he's really he's been around for a while now, but he I could never say that he has an actual voice. No. Like if he talks, like no. I know what Wally's gonna say here, but. This is probably, like you're saying, this is the best we've had so far, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And it doesn't go against the little bit that we've had in the Flash book. It's like an expanded edition of it. I think it's really great. And even, like, Alfred has been one of the worst characters we have fed. Now, (laughs) he's gotten a little better recently, uh, but in the Bat books, he's great here. This is like the perfect Alfred to me. He's snarky, but he cares. He he does worry about Damien, but knows he he can't really do anything about it because Damien's sitting there with his birthday cake. And and also, it's an expanded version of what we saw in the Rebirth special. Where we That's saw what I was going to say. We, we saw some of these panels, yeah. or we saw yep. something like this, right? And he blew the candles out, and we said, oh, my God. And Eric even said it when we were recording, the three of us, and said, oh, my God, he's a teenager now. He could be a teen titan. And That's it was right. like a subtle thing where I don't think a lot of people picked up on it at that point, saying, yeah. like, oh, my God, that signifies. And, and in those panels, the progression of those panels, it was Damien. You saw – a bunch of different characters showing what they're going to be. Even Gotham and Gotham Girl at that point, they showed. Yeah. So it was giving you this hint of what everybody around the DCU was doing at that moment and what they're going to lead into. And it was leading into, you know, the Teen Titans. And it's great because Damien's there. And like you said, it's it's a weird juxtaposition thing with Damien that he is a little boy. He's 13 now. But he also he needs his dad. His dad isn't there. Eric knows what I'm talking about. We all need our dads. But the thing is, though, he doesn't. But he does. You know, no. I mean, Why it's more like Eric Tell just me. wanted his daddy to come and watch Puppet Master uh, books. I think that Damien. In, Deep inside just wants Batman to tell him that he's the best Robin or, listen, you're Batman now. I'm done. It's not like he wants Batman to come and eat the cake with him. But then again, there's that little bit like that. There's oh, The best Damien to me is when you have the asshole, uh, I'll say cocksure Damien. You, like <laughs> yeah, you like that term, don't you, Reggie? The cocksure oh, yeah. Damien. That also you get a little sneak peek that he is still a little boy. You got that boy peeking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it's always fighting its way to get out. And when that happens, 
the first person to react is usually Damien, and yeah. he gets back to being a cuck. But it's also, I love the other thing in this, where Alfred even, you have the Rebirth book that was pushing towards this Teen Titans one. Now you have a Teen Titans book. It's kind of pushing towards the Super Sons. When, when Alfred says, like, aren't there any kids your age? It also means the Teen Titans as well. Yeah. But I, th- I thought of John right away, that that's another person that, you know. I, I just like that Damien's making friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. And it's funny too because that's people seem to think Damien is that like he's only a one dimensional asshole, but really what what you just said is true. This is how Damien thinks he makes friends. Like he really thinks that in the end if he proves what he thinks is right, that everybody will accept it and become a Which friend. Which is both because, like a Damien thing and a 10-year-old boy thing. You yeah, know what is. I mean? Like, you think you can impress people by, by overpowering them, yeah. you know? Now, I'll ask Eric. I, I think Eric, Eric, at one point, I thought you told me that the, your 13th birthday, that year was like your best year ever. Did you tell me that the one time? No, it was not me. Okay. My, my best uh, birthday was when I was five years old and I got my He-Man action <laughs> figures. That's ridiculous. But yeah, do you oh. think the 13th birthday is the worst? Because really, most kids at that point, they're gunning to be a teenager. Like oh, yeah, that's, that's a big thing to, to proclaim to people. Like, you hear it when you're 12, especially if you have older brothers, which, you know, Damien kind of does. But it's like, you want to be that teenager. I say the worst birthday is everyone, the last one for me. Everyone <laughs> sucks. You didn't like your bar mitzvah, guys? Is that, I what, did is that the not. problem? They spell out the bar mitzvah. I had the You didn't, you didn't enjoy your, your first drink of Manischewitz, right? I, I did not. And, uh, at the bar mitzvah, do they carry you around on a chair? Because I'm down for no, that. No, that always no, seems like fun. That's, that's, that's just a wedding. wedding. You, Eric, you were a fat little kid, though. They, they would have yeah, had some that, problems. I want someone to carry me for once. Eric caused three hernias that night. Three hernias and a slip disc during his bar mitzvah. He became a man that night. But yeah, this all leads to Damien, who had the Teen Titans, you know, tied up. We saw that in the rebirth, where he has gathered his Teen Titans, per se, and uh, he has them all captured. And you go into that, and I really, really like that I even said to you, Reggie, before we recorded, but I also talked to Eric about this since the Teen Titans rebirth, that one of the big things, even people asking us and mentioning in mail even, that the thing that people didn't understand the most was Goliath. They don't know Goliath. They didn't read the New 52. They have no mm. idea who Goliath was. And in fact, I heard a couple people saying that they thought it was something. Because remember when Raven was passing out and you saw the silhouette of Goliath and the yeah. eyes and it just looked like a bit. Uh, some people were even saying they thought that Goliath was a monster that Raven created with her mind that Damien had just like scooped up. Mm, that maybe they they came up with this idea that that was part of what he did to Raven was to make this month. But, you know, even when you see Goliath, because he is kind of chained up, uh, you yeah. know, the kind of. Uh, but, yeah, this actually explains at least enough that you realize who well, Goliath is. And like, I thought that and, was good, too. ECYOU, the end of the New 52, like during the series Robin, Son of Batman, this whole thing was all about how when uh, Damien was still with the Al Ghouls, he had to have this year of blood where he went, yes. went around and conquered places and took treasures and brought them back for the Al Ghul name and family. Yeah. And Goliath was one of these things that he, as a baby, he found Goliath and he raised it to this big monstrous yeah. brute. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty just, much just yeah. another pet of his like he has in the back cave, like, yeah. you know, Bat Cow and freaking Alfred and yeah. uh, Titus. And what I like about this is he kind of explains it to them, and you get that right away you see that Goliath is not as bad. Because when they first show him, and the art is incredible, when oh, uh, yeah. the Titans are there still, you know, the Teen Titans are all uh, 
what do you, I, I want to say tied up, but they're they're not really they're tied. They're in their uh, Incredibles machine. They're, they're yeah. in the Incredibles deal. And there's Goliath, and he looks just like – he looks like a devil monster. I and know. then after Damien kind of introduces him, he comes over and, and licks freaking – Just a big puppy dog. Yeah, because that's what see, he is. I and he says – I see someone having done Wikipedia research, and they would think Goliath might be Trigon. And they'd yeah. be wrong – but at least they would have done their fucking Wikipedia well, nobody, research. Nobody does research. We, we have seen Got this. Right. I mean, this is something that we've learned in Rebirth. We learned that we like legacy, and people hate research. I, I'm yes. telling you, I don't know. This is just a little hint to other people who do reviews or podcasts. Uh, when you see a, a named character pop up, look it up. It yeah. may be something that has happened before. Don't make up a story. Don't try to say, and really, all these people especially, there are a lot of podcasts and people who are friendly with us that I'm not pointing fingers at them at all, pointing fingers at some other people. But uh, when they don't have a podcast where you go, oh, do you know this character? And have your co-host say, I don't know. It must be something they came up with at Rebirth because there is a good chance that it's something that was in the New 52 and maybe something important because, yeah, Goliath isn't – important but goliath was around a lot if you looked at any he's become of become important in damien's mythology yeah. now and damien yeah. he's very important i'm saying in the dcu he's not exactly you know try guy There's like you're saying cow. but if you would look at even one page of the robinson and batman book or a cover it, you might have seen to see damien riding goliath yeah, yeah riding him standing with him especially like the last big page of the robinson of batman was was him on goliath flying away and uh i love goliath i always have though you know he's, he is what he is he doesn't do yeah. much but i love in this because with all the teen titans there there's goliath and beast boy is kind of like what the fuck i've been making these fucking animals now there's even more like holy crap yeah, he's like excited funny. about it I love yeah he's, he's excited i can't wait for the first time he transforms into oh, a goliath yeah. type yeah. monster and uh, so they're there, they're tied up, and this is where you get a lot of your characterization because Damien is explaining how easy it was to capture the people by saying, like, oh, look at you, Beast Boy, you're so, you know, concerned with being the star and all this, and I did, you know, and even uh, Starfire, you're concerned of your own little thing, you're caught up in your drama, I didn't even have to do anything with others. With yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, really, if you're going to badmouth people, Starfire, pretty, she gets off pretty easy. <laughs> you really <laughs> like people, and you try to yeah. help them. There's, See, the but thing there's, is, as much as I like this issue, I still have an issue with Starfire because I don't understand why she would be on the Teen Titans. Is she supposed to be 19 now? Because well, she seems a little bit older to me. Here's the thing. I will tell you that while I was reading this, the, the thing that I like about it is because, first off, this isn't the normal, like, Hey, I'm going to make this team. This is an asshole Damien who's deciding what he needs on the team and spells it out that I picked you guys because, first off, because they say that they're yeah, all targeted. That's the yeah, number one reason. At the end, reason. we have that. It's but just, it's also it the reason of I get the idea that. that Damien breaks rules no matter what he does. So <laughs> I'm fine with it of him thinking, yeah, you know what, Starfire, I know they're called the Teen Titans, but she's pretty powerful, so I'm going to grab yeah. her. With Damien as the one. What is she like? She's under 25 for and, sure. And Damien like recruiting it to me throws yeah. all the rules out. It really does to me because he is—he uh, doesn't go by rules. He doesn't care, especially I'm going to recruit a team by capturing them, bad-mouthing them to the point where they fight me so I can I prove that they work good as a team, which that's what they do. It's and it's awesome. And such like a, again, like a little boy thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah. a total misunderstanding of people and the world, you know, just yeah. uh, 
I remember being a kid, like my best friend when I moved to Quakertown. We only became friends after we fought each other. Yeah, and that's and yeah, that's the, common with little, especially the, little boys. Yeah. And yeah. really, for little boys too, uh, with Damien, like you only you think everybody thinks the same as you. So if if the only thing you care about is power and being number one and winning. Uh, that's Jim how, Warner? Yes, that's this would be me getting a <laughs> hockey team together. I would be like, you know, hey guys, and I'd be assholes to him thinking that that's how I'd like when you check a guy who has CP, you, <laughs> you want him to know that you're treating him normal. Uh, he may go. not like that. Uh, but yeah, to me, Damien is spun on because this is how if Damien, if, if it was the opposite way and Kid Flash was the leader and they're like, you know who we need? Damien. He just turned 13. I go by the rules and he just went to Damien and said, Hey, Damien, you know what? You should be on our team. Damien would fuck you. I don't want to be yeah. on your team. But if, if somehow Wally could go and knock Damien out and show that th- there's a re- – Damien would have been right in and probably would have been like, yep, you know what? You're my best friend now because he just, <laughs> that's how he does things. He that's is how so, you get respect from Damien. Here's the thing. You know, otherwise, like, even in the new on the streets. Yeah, in the new Hell 52, yeah. Damien wanted to, to show Dick that he – you know, liked him. So he went and got Dick's first fucking villain, a tusk, and cut the tusk off and sent it to him to show him, hey, you know what? I wanted to take care of this for you. And by the way, I'm better than you because I could do this. Like, that's, yeah. that's Damien. That, that's what he does. I'm still afraid he killed Tusk, though. I know. I know. But he did come <laughs> back. That, that Peter Tabasi brought him back by accident. Uh, yeah. But he's, Damien has set this up. They're all there. Uh, incredible up, but there is a flaw, and you you find out at the end it's all set up. All this, anything that the the so-called Teen Titans do here, Damien is set up for them to be able to do because uh, Starfire just gets pissed and says, "You know what? We don't have our powers, but I still have strength." And she Oof. just busts the this, this shit open, and they go after Damien and Goliath. And it's funny because. Uh, Freaking Gar turns into a gorilla and attacks freaking Goliath, and he just swats him away. <laughs> just punches him with like brass knuckles or like metal yeah. knuckles or something. Yeah, metal knuckles, like... right? And he turns into an octopus as he hits Kid Flash. And right there, you you if you weren't a into the Teen Titans, this you yeah, and that and you also yeah. are like, okay, I get it. Beast Boy is the jokester. He's there. Uh, Kid Flash will deal with it. So they are yeah. kind of, you know, they're going to be back and forth. And you kind of got that before anyway. But, yeah. This is going to be the thing they tried to establish with Beast Boy and Bunker. Yes. That never and really – No, and it didn't. It was just sort of like they you knew well, they wanted it to be that it's way. It's like Beast Boy and Cyborg in the cartoon. That's what yeah, they, exactly. they keep trying exactly. to get that pair. Like in, the, in the last Teen Titans, the way that, like, they really pushed this Beast Boy and uh, Bunker bit is out of nowhere – Oh yeah, they share an apartment together. They must be best friends. Yeah, and they yeah. never really explored that more. But it's this just is like I'll quip here, you quip there, that's it. Yeah, it was it, always it, them saving each other during the battles, but like there was there was never like you say, there was never any development. This looks like like this this we hope there will be more scenes like this yeah. to show oh, yeah. us their relationship as we go along in the series. No, and it's funny too to me because at that point he turns into an octopus, Beast Boy, to kind of cushion the fall against uh Wally. And Wally said, man, couldn't you turn into a bird or something? It's funny, later on you see him next to Wally. He's a bird then. (laughs) It's like he just turns into that then. So it's pretty funny. But yeah, the Teen Titans then, uh, they just beat the shit out of Damien and Goliath, and then you see Damien. Well, actually, you know what's funny is only Starfire beats the shit out of Damien. She just basically blasts him. Raven takes care of Goliath with a sleepy spell. Yeah, puts him to sleep. I'd like to see that too because not every iteration of Raven does she have like 
a wide variety of magic powers. Sometimes yeah. all she can do is that healing and that, you know, out of body thing. Yep. So I, I like the implication. Soul cell. Be yeah, doing and it actually, like, you, you figure since this is the, magic, you know? yeah, this is the first issue. So uh, Ben Percy is establishing their power sets. So and, yeah, you, you have that. Reggie, like we've been talking about in the Raven series, we really don't like that bird look she's been having since the new 52. And it doesn't look like she has that here, which I'm happy as hell about. Yeah. Because I don't know why they added that to her for the New Fifty Two. I never liked it. I wanted to be uh, gone it, forever. It was awful. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is what this is what that miniseries is going to end with her, or probably next issue she'll be wearing this. Yeah, I like this I a lot. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. So I yeah, love it. Yeah, it does. But yeah, that Damien's walking away like he's defeated, and then he smiles. He's like, <laughs> "Yep, I proved to you. You know, you're, you're weak individually because he did. He captured them all individually." But uh, in, as a group, they broke out, they fought him. And yeah, like you said, Starfire may have been the one that delivered the blast, but as a team, they did join in. And uh, yeah, right, a, right away, too. Up best. All yeah, these and, characters thought they were teaching Damien, but all along, all Damien along, was teaching he them. He was teaching them. And then it's <laughs> funny because he says, unless I'm wrong, you've got the makings of a super team, and I'm never wrong. And right away, you got Kid <laughs> Flash whispering to freaking Beast Boy, who's on his shoulder, who does this guy think he is? And I'd lo- I'm telling you, it's weird i love the interaction between them and it's only probably three paddles and oh I'm yeah like, there's not much good. at all it and works it's really funny. well though and it's, it's funny because and yeah and it's funny yeah. because you have the leader is the youngest one and so you have to have these jokesters it's not going to be damien but yeah and he says listen and it, i i laughed too because it was one of those almost like saying the name of the title in a movie because he's <laughs> like i'm robin son of batman oh yep. he said his old book yes, and uh, I, I said to reggie <laughs> we were talking that next thing and he's like and this is the new teen titans and it's awesome because in the background because of his cloak and all this stuff there is a bat shadow like a shadow of batman behind him like he's either stepping out of batman's shadow with this or whatever i really just thought it was cool as hell uh i thought the i thought the issue was ending there there's been so many times in this rebirth that yeah right there that they have like great times where you can end an issue, but yet realize then, oh no, we're only at fifteen. Oh shit, pages. twelve. We have page to keep count. going because boy, that that really. It, even if it ended there, there there are times like we say about the uh, the Jim Lee parts of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, people would complain or whatever. It, it's pretty good up till then. If it ended yeah. there, I, I would have been fine. But yeah, that they're gonna react and say, you know what, uh, this is ridiculous. And then you, you get in the whole thing with uh, Tim Drake. And Damien even says, you know what, he was a great guy. And yeah, these these people, uh, especially, you know, Raven and uh, Beast Boy, they quit because they just stopped because Tim died. They, they yeah. ended. So it is, to them, it's a little more personal to start yep. another team and that you have another Robin there and, and whatnot. So it is a I, little I like, odd. too, how Beast Boy has heard stories about this Robin yeah. from Tim Drake. Like, yeah, oh, it's shit, good. it's this guy. Yeah. And it's even funny because it's one of those things like, yeah, you know what? I, I I think that Tim Drake's a hero or whatever. But, he, you know, Damien, me and you have said it before that he really didn't. Damien and Tim Drake had no connection. No, not, not at all. Not at all. They didn't seem to get like, along Damien didn't or even care. care. For yeah. him at all. They no. didn't get along. That was, well, no. that was It seemed connection. like he somehow had more respect for Jason than for he did Jason. for Tim. He did. Yeah, I that, think that he respected Jason just because – and there was that Talia connection too. But I think he respected him because he died and came back, especially after Damien died and came back. Tim and him were just like – they were in the same room together, but they didn't really – Dick, well, they Dick were like Grayson the closest to being to being like brothers. The same and, you know, age. I don't know, I don't know if it applies in the new Fifty Two, 
but when Damien was brought on, he wanted to basically take over Tim Drake's yeah, place as Robin, yeah. and Tim was like, ah, no, you know, I'm not yeah. going anywhere. And then the New 52, they just didn't Girl. do anything. And also, yeah, if you want to get down it, to it, it as well, uh, Tim just kind of forced himself in. He really was, you know, wasn't really a quote unquote son per se. Uh, as no. much as like a, a Damien's guy is Dick, who he was Robin to Dick's Batman as well. So they yeah. had that connection way back. Uh, but yeah, Tim, it was odd. And the, the way that this is done, Ben Percy doesn't overstep it with the Tim. It's not like Damien's like, you know what? I've been crying for five weeks because of this. <laughs> and oh my God, I never could step into his shoes because that would be wrong. And Damien, like myself, I'll point out again, is not one of those dicks who will pretend he likes somebody just because they died. There's no way that, that Damien's going to say, you know what? I can't take Tim. He always thinks he can take everybody's place. So he doesn't say it. I think it's very well done. Uh, mm. but yeah, and I would actually wouldn't even be cons- like, uh, it wouldn't surprise me later on if he talks a little bit of shit on Tim and this was just a way oh, to yeah. get everybody on his side. Just like, yeah. Oh yeah, Tim, he was a hero and all this shit. Just like, yeah. Oh yeah. We like Tim too. Cool. Yep. And it's funny because uh, then they're like, you know what? You're, you're looking for a team up. Ask your friends. And that's where you, the only Aww. thing, the only thing that kind of made me like, eh, you know, that's kind of weird. But he's like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> he's all, and then Goliath gets pissed and he kind of cheers up again. But then he, you don't see Damien. It's not a, he's not a laugh fest. He is all no. business. And he says, right, even when he turns around to talk to them after that, he's got a scowl on his face and says, you know what? I, the, it's 13 is going to be the worst year of everybody's life. I'm going to make it the greatest. And, and you're part of it. You're, they really don't have a choice. No, they they are Teen way. Titans. He doesn't care. And yeah, and this is the best part for me and the whole issue actually is when he's, uh, he, Tim, or Tim, uh, Damien, spells out exactly what the team has been and to me it's also the book itself and he says despite your best efforts over the past few years new 52 the yeah. team titans have been losers criminals a joke but it's true that's yeah. what the book yeah. was the whole time reggie how many times did you tell me it's like these these heroes in teen titans don't even like each other why yeah. am i supposed to like them if they, they don't, don't like even each fucking other. like they each don't other do, they don't act heroically i've always no. said that of everything in the new 52 there are a lot of good the teen titans were the worst yeah. most maligned group in the whole oh, yeah, time definitely. i think you know and just, they kept trying to reboot it oh, and renumber it and never it got so the bad. the essence of what they needed to do which is to have pretty much a fun book where the, yeah. the younger heroes act like heroes that's all you need. Yeah. You do not look need. look out for each other. A yeah, you bit. don't need squabbling and and this sort of thing. I, you could kids can go find that in the lunchroom. Well, the at thing school. is, you show the squabbling, and then when the chips are down, they yeah. they unite, and that's what yeah, makes them unite. a great and team. And you realize that they they're friends. Yeah, other, yeah. It's and when ridiculous. they renumbered them for the DCYU, that it took that weird route where they backgirled it a bit and all became all about social media and yeah, freaking yeah. becoming stars and all that shit. I'm like, yep. it's yeah. not what I want out of my heroes. And then and it now, even like lost its way from there. It kind of got like. Kind of which went totally off the rails. At, yeah. uh, but nobody knew what to do with this team. No, no they really nobody did. And uh, there, the last bit of the team building here is Ben Percy smart enough to realize that no matter what, Damien saying all this stuff and like, hey, you know what? 
some of these guys would just be like, maybe all of them, fuck you, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, so sure. you have to have another tie-in of why they be together. And that's the, you know what, there's another reason, because if we don't join up, we're all dead. And he shows that they are all targets from somebody. Uh, immediately, I, I was like, oh, no, what's Colony back in town? It, it seemed a lot like why Harvest. they got the Detective Comics together, though, as well. Like that whole thing with people being targeted, that Batman went to get him. Uh, but you find out at the end it is uh, Raja Ghoul. Uh, because they yeah. go back and they show that he got a present and he opens it up and it's basically a letter from his dad saying, you know what, you're coming back, uh, your place is ready. Has it from dead his grandfather? Yeah, yeah, from from Raja Ghul. and yeah, and uh, it's weird though because I can understand Damien being on that list oh, because of Raja Ghul and the connection there. I don't understand a connection between Raja no, no, Ghul no, and no. the rest of these characters. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out. Maybe think he that, just I thinks think Damien's that... bullshitting it. I think he's making that up just to force them to join because he tries everything before showing them. Yeah, that, you and know then shows like, him that. I think he's just like, oh yeah, look, my grandfather's after all of us, so we all got to get together. And really, Raj Ghul could be, really give a shit about it. Yeah, any it's of them. weird though because it's it does care. end with Raj saying, you know, your hunt begins with these other young. Uh, you oh, know, assassins yeah. type thing, but maybe that's after. Who knows? We could even go with that. He sent Damien that crazy ass letter because you know Raj thinks that that's a cool letter. Send a dead bird that symbolizes <laughs> what you well, are. Did your grandfather you know, sent you that yeah, too. Yeah, all the time. My grandfather you know, always sends me. Keep doing what you do, right? Yeah, he sends me a dead fucking squirrel or something. <laughs> hey, keep doing what you're doing. By the way, here's a snack. Uh, but yeah, maybe Damien at this point has already said to him, like, you know what? Fuck you. And this is where you get the, this team. The fact that Roz has assembled a team obviously is going to work out well for them fighting a team. But I definitely think he would send a bunch of people after his son because Damien yes. can take on fucking 40, yeah. you know, League yeah. of Assassin guys. Yeah. No problem. So it's almost uh, like a silly little game. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and it, it's weird. But I, yeah, like I, team, I like the way this, these guys oh, yeah. look. Azar Ghoul's like a mummy demon Frankenstein team. I'm digging ninjas. Yeah, they're, they look crazy, <laughs> but I do like them. And again, a lot of that, especially that last uh, panel with them, is oh, the man. art. The art's incredible. I, I really like it. Uh, and I really like this Raja Ghoul that looks a lot like the Raja Ghoul that we saw at the end of Deathstroke. He has yeah. that, almost the same exact look of the New 52 Deathstroke. Uh, okay. Which I like then, but boy, even when you see uh, Infinity Island, it's fucking. It looks like it's from He Man. I know it really does. Man. And it's the whole like, thing looks to me like one of the coolest looking cartoons that you could ever have. It really <laughs> does. The whole thing just looks great, but it's not. It's weird the way John Boy Myers had done it, and we say all this, and this is his last issue. But it it's cartoony, but not as cartoony as say like a Gotham Academy. No. It's, it's it's to me. It's almost perfect. I'm telling you, I don't go on and on about art a lot, but this art is so good to this book, and it's done. And I, I don't even know who has joined up for the thing. Again, research. I should have researched yeah. it. Uh, and personally, just on the side, I did talk to John Boy Myers. See, I'm dropping names now. I did really? talk to him the night a little on Twitter. And, and boy, he said, I who the hell are you and how yeah. did you get my Twitter? I said, boy, that art is fucking incredible. And it's a shame you're not going to be on the book. But, you know, I respect whatever happened. And he just like, please don't message me again and, uh, <laughs> and blocked me. No, yeah, he just said go. thanks. He said thanks and whatever. But it's so good. I'm just paging through it. Even just like I'm looking at that Alfred at the beginning. It's so good. But you know, but, I, uh, I said to you before we we did this. As much as I really am going to miss John Boy Myers in the book, and he adds a lot to it. Uh, I think if the art is 
good and and you know another artist fits it the writing is really promising and yeah. really solid and the way yeah, the yeah, dialogue so is good yeah. uh definitely though this is still in a in a state of it could be something good you know yeah. where we're just sitting in the first issue so it's i can't it makes me very excited and i think that my enthusiasm isn't really indicated so much in my score because i'm still holding back gotcha i think i'm still feeling wounded from the new 52 here's the thing too i think that this is another one of the books that me and eric talk about a bunch of times i think that a lot of these that are coming later because we have like say green arrow like uh, oh man or like flash or whatever all these books that all of a sudden you got this rebirth and the first issue and you were so into it excited yeah and then it's kind of died off i think that this affecting some of the the thoughts of these books as well because i'm telling you if i had to tell people listening what i actually think these the rebirth in this first issue remind me the most of it's red hood and the outlaws where it's almost to me they are two great issues together but you're just getting a little bit each time but because it's so far all the other books the bi-monthly stuff's on the issue nines and things like that where we've already had the ebb and flows we've already been burnt on some of the books already and uh But, boy, I, I love it. But, yeah, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it an 8 out of 10. All right. What would you give what it? A strong 8. Nope. I give it a strong 8 out of 10 as well. But, I like, do. Reggie's talking about, like, how he's, you know, it's kind of wary still. He's just trying to work out nah. the process. I've had been on Benjamin Percy's books for so long. Like, I did the DCYOU, uh, nah. his run of the Green Arrow, and it was yeah. terrible. Regular Green Arrow for the you know, it was good when it started. It's kind of getting a little lackluster now, and I'm afraid that, like, what's going to happen to Teen Titans as we progress further with him yeah. at the helm? I give it a 9.0. I was going to give it a 9.0, oh. but I'm giving it a 9.0. I liked it the most out of all of us, and I'm not, I'm not bringing any baggage in. I'm telling you, I'm going to treat this like the one, the books when we first started Rebirth. And I think that if these first two issues would have been at the very beginning of Rebirth, I think that we, I think you guys would have even went a little bit higher. Just awesome. now Eric has this Ben Percy deal. But I'm telling you, I, I think that as two just issues together, I think they're two of the most satisfying from Rebirth to a number one that we read since we started the whole thing. Since it's like Rebirth. Since the because, car accident, you're like a new man. Well, it might be the concussion talking. Yeah, but that's all. <laughs> I, I do. I love this book. This is now, if we went and did our uh, $25, $25 rebirth yeah. special deal of what we'd have in a pull list, I might have to put this on my pull list. I might have to rearrange this. Is this rearrange weekly this. or is it monthly? This is monthly. All right. I think it's monthly. Well, right? I told you before, that, that do or die pull list, I already dropped Blue Beetle to put this yeah. on there. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to add this. I really, really like it. And Damien, that I, the best thing I could say for these first two issues is that Ben Percy knows Damien, and he's the linchpin yeah. of the whole thing. And yep. if if he knows Damien this well, I'm I'm good. And this is almost already the Damien book that me and Eric wanted when the Robinson of Batman, the Robinson of oh, Batman yeah. book. Yeah. We, we didn't get what we wanted. This it's is already more of that. And, yeah, and then you throw Raja Ghul in with it. It not my favorite villain especially with dane and it gets you know a little too personal or whatever uh and when when raj is involved it's weird that damien wouldn't just go to batman but he de- that's the thing it always works out because damien doesn't go to people for help so it does work out and what's the next book eric titans number four written by dan abnett with art by brett booth norm ratmond andrew dollhouse and carlos m manguel with abracadabra kidnapping Linda Park, Wally West is all about feeling sorry for himself until his friends come along to tell him how much they love each other and that they'll always be besties. 
Once the team gets their yay friendship moment on, they decide to go after Cadaver, who's showing up in three different spots in the city, so the team split up to hit all three, only to find their doppelganger supercharged with power. As our issue closes, it's up to Wally to save his friends or save Linda, but he only has time to do one. Oh, Abra, Cadaver, you're so old school. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. It's not even save all his friends. It's pick one of the groups of friends and... Yeah, and really, the whole thing boils down to that Abracadabra thinks that if Wally goes too fast, he's going to get sucked back in the Speed Force and disappear that's again. That's the plan, yeah. That's all he wants. That's that's the whole plan, and really, that's all this issue is. Which, which, is, not, which is very odd, because all Abra did was make Wally, like, be, make the world forget about Wally. It wasn't, you know, yeah. He, I, yeah, he has this whole Linda Park thing that he believes, you know, I got to get rid of Linda Park because this is Wally's anchor that get, always gets him out of the Speed Force. That's not the case here because Barry is his anchor now. So him even getting sucked back into Speed Force. Oh, Barry, what's up, Wally? I remember you. Come on back, boy. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know if he thinks that if he gets sucked back in this time, there's no coming back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's happened issue, a lot of times. There's not a lot of shit happening here. It, it really, no, this is this is pretty much a rehash of everything we've gotten so far. Yeah. And it's very disappointing. And to the point where Wally is just feeling sorry for himself because yeah, Linda yes. is now kidnapped. He's like, I should have just stayed in the Speed Force now that I'm out. All my friends are getting hurt. What yeah. Woe is me. Which and we then, had this before already. Yeah. We had this with him upset saying, maybe I was better off not coming back. I'm hurting every. You get it again. And... And then, then you then add Lilith to the mix because she thinks the same thing. She's yeah, a failure. Oh, this is my fault because I didn't yeah. like you know I got Linda and like caught. No, no, we're all good friends here, uh, yeah. Lilith. Don't and worry. Hey, well, come when on, not, yeah. everybody, come on. Dick Grayson steps up and it's like, no, man, you know we're all friends and we're all gonna give give me a high five. And and then oh. there's Wally like, man. Dick's always a great guy. And I, it just, I understand it, that they're friends, they're on. teammates, but this scene, this scene seems so over the top with this whole yeah. friendship thing. Yeah. It just, I it don't just know seems why. Pushed. It, it seems really like, does. It seems like Dan Abnett wants us to remember that they're going to stick together and they're great friends. And it really is just crazy. And nothing else really happens except, no. like you said, Abracadabra keeps changing the, the plan, you know, Prey doesn't change it anymore, but that's all he does. He has his doppelgangers. He ups the ante with them, which is very weird to me because really, you want to stop Kid Flash, uh, Kid Flash, you want to stop Wally, kill him. I think that would solve everybody's problem, well, his problem. And it seems like he might be able to do that because he supercharges these doppelgangers to the point where they they can't be beat. They are over the top powerful against like, the titans they, they were actually putting up a great fight against the titans the first time they were out the only thing that made it work like they didn't win is that these titans have experience over them now with the supercharges there's nothing that could yeah, be and done they to even stop make them. it yeah they make it like this supercharge is, is unbelievable and and wally even can tell like shit's gone wrong oh my god but yet all he's doing is this crazy roundabout plan of making Wally go 7,000 miles in, in a second to try to save people so he gets sucked in the Speed Force. No, it's, it's, kill him, and, and then your problem's throwback. over. It is such a throwback to old comics. Like I felt so silver agey reading this yeah. book because we have this whole, like, you know, the hero's choice. Who are you going to save, Kid Flash or Wally West, whatever your name is now? Yeah. But, like... uh just even like to the point where when our Titans they split off and the t- 
teams of two to go find these different spots. They find different younger teen Titan doppelgangers of themselves. They have to fight. And when Kid Flash, God damn it, when Wally West I know, I, is confronted I by Abracadabra, he's like, you know what? All your friends are about to die. And you know what I'm going to do? going to make it even worse. He fucking poofs them to yeah, further he locations them to across the, the country. Locations. Of course, oh, God, like no. the most known locations yeah. in the DCU. Gotham City. And yeah, Coast and City, even you know? that, even the Silver Age bit, but it's even Abracadabra himself might as well be in a 1920 movie twirling his mustache. <laughs> it, it, he really, I'm surprised, like that no, I'm surprised that Linda Park, though, isn't on a railroad track ready to be run over by the train, the incoming train. It, it might as well be. She's being lowered into a vat of lava. Yeah. yeah. It's just, but everything is just nonsense. You, you have these fights where... The, Which we've already seen them that's do. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the greatness of that or the wow factor of that, gone. You do not have that anymore where you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like young versions of themselves. Even then, it seemed hokey. I like and that. Now it seems... Now, though, in this issue, it's it's just ridiculous because we've seen it already. Yeah. And there you go. You know, oh, there's Donna Troy. She's getting beat up by this. And there's, uh, you know, Lilith. There's Roy. Uh, the, the best part of the goddamn whole issue was that Roy and Wally are together. And Roy has to get into like a little seated position where Wally carries him while he's yeah, running. That's, that's the best part. It's <laughs> hilarious. And he's like, you know what? You can put me down now. That's we hilarious. We got in a car. Yeah, but but then, you know, you have the little uh, Dick Grayson and little Kid Flash going to fight them. And, you know, it goes down the whole thing. We've seen this already. And The only just, thing new that we get is fucking Abracadabra actually saying, I'm going to try to make Wally West, like, go so fast he gets sucked back into the yeah, speed. You, you find it. out his, his plan. That's yeah. his plan in the end. That's why he grabbed Linda. He he spells out everything too much to Linda. Like he is definitely an old school villain definitely. who's going to tell you the whole plan, but also tell her. Yeah, also tell her that That's hey, true. by the way, you two should become lovers eventually, and you know, it goes Just right now. <laughs> yeah, almost goes as far as saying like. Hey, you have kids. He doesn't go that far, but he says, you know, you're his anchor. He thinks he loves you. He knows you. You may not know him. He knows you. You were lovers. He, you're his anchor. Like really spelling it out to the point where he is going to make this happen. Uh, when the, you know, when this plan is thwarted, then Linda's going to be like, oh my God, I didn't know. Maybe we should get to know each other, which they kind of were about to do anyway. Uh, it's just weird. But then you, you just have these doppelgangers who are overpowered, kidnapped, everybody but wally and take him away and then wally has the choice when abracadabra confronts him and says you have you know it's the hero's choice like you said but he knows that wally's going to try to save maul wally yeah. even says it i'm going to save maul oh i'd like to see you try it really taunts him into it and wants him to go fast to lose himself into the speed force and, and i'm telling you we, we had so much stuff that was just like you know nonsense to me we were fighting the same fights we're hearing the same dialogue and like when he was about to go off to go save his friends, I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I realized that's the last page. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember like there's so many different issues that we've had where we, we say, man, I thought that was the cliffhanger. That would have been an awesome cliffhanger, but we have five more pages. This one, it ended. I'm like, really? That's what we got here. And really, I, I wasn't angry because 
I don't have much invested in this book anyway. I kind of uh, do. <laughs> but this is the book. Yeah, but really, what I do you the, have invested? Because we I haven't gotten anything. Characters. I like But we team. haven't gotten I, anything In my yet. mind, this is the series. This is like the title that is going to get us to the next point where we're going to yeah. learn. And things. you know what? It's not because we had the title before that had more than this. I think the Flash title now has become that title. I think this is just going to be Wally trying to get his feet footing in the world again because it really had nothing, and they really pushed everything about Rebirth into that Flash book that yeah. we just we were talking about earlier. Uh, this you're just it's Wally wishing that he didn't come back and then trying well, to save it's, everyone. It's weird. We've been having little like reminders to the people throughout a couple of issues in the past couple of weeks. Like we had Saturn Girl and the other Batman. And yeah. uh, I, I can't think of any other goddamn off the top of my head, but we had this whole like conversation about Rebirth and Flash in the last issue. Well, even and, in that, issue, uh, we didn't mention, issue. even in Action Comics, they mentioned Saturn Girl and that. It, like, he has a quip. Wasn't that yeah. the Action Comics? Yeah, yeah it's it some weird deals. Uh, I know yeah, this... That I can understand, though, just because it's the pre-Flashpoint Superman. Yeah. He had dealings with her and yeah. stuff like that. But, but it still is to make you... They're really pushing Saturn Girl all of a sudden. And, and just even, having her and, mentioned there, I think it's so when she does come back, everybody's like, okay, I'm I'm in. Yeah, and even seeing Jay Garrick's helmet in the Flash issue for this week, it's like, you know, everything is just giving little reminders. Look, we're still doing shit, don't worry. Yeah. Things yeah. are going to pick up again. But, like, this one, I just... I, it and really let me happened. down. I really thought this is going to be the book that was going to yeah. put me over I know, the hump. But this, like, is, you know. this is issue number four, and we are like one inch past what we started the whole series at. Yeah. We have not moved any further. In fact, this issue might as well have been that first issue where no, you know nothing else happens except now Wally has to run around fast to save everyone. That's it. It really is weird, and you even get the point where I don't even understand half of what happened before, why Abracadabra didn't just go full on out and do this right away. Uh, you know, I know that one point they said, oh, we're going we're gonna to test them and see what they're up to and see what they got. Uh, it doesn't make yeah, sense to me now no. because now you just overpower them and go take them. Yeah. Just do that right away. Yeah, yeah. There was no reason not to Shoot do this. Shoot your wad right away, man. Yeah, just do it and end it. And really, like I said, just kill them. Kill Wally, and that's, you have that's all you want to do. Yeah, and it's not like you can say now, oh well, I I can't kill him because in, in his death he'll become more of it. No, that doesn't matter. It's not Obi-Wan in, in your future. In your, I'm just saying, like it's not even like they know him back. What Star Wars? And, well, tonight? yeah, it, but it's they can't even you can't even say, well, if I kill him, the love that that they felt for him, he just came back, yeah. and it's just weird. But, I don't know. I have nothing else to say about this. I don't know if you do. No, I do not. Honestly, we're right there at the end. I have nothing going on. Yeah, yeah nothing much happens. And what you know you I re- what I realized, too, while we're just doing this last bit here? I don't think we set our scores for that Flash book. Oh, didn't we? Okay, well, going we back did. to that, I gave Flash a 7.5. What okay. did you give it? I think I'd give it a 5.5. I really People do not care like, for the Jesus audience. Christ, you back. assholes. Yeah, I gave it a 7.5 back then to dial back to Flash, but I, I did like what uh what happened with Kid Flash. But Right. But for this so, yeah. issue, I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, I'd probably give this a 6. It's I just, really I like the art in this issue, yeah. Yeah, I do like the art. And uh, that's it, really, because oh, everything else is just the same and it's starting Episodes to Episodes off me. the rails. Yeah, really. I don't. I I would think that I'd edit that score back in, but I don't like working that hard. No, I'm absolutely not. Going to go back to that. 
Who would do that, Eric? But uh, we're going to stop. It is weird that we didn't say that. I think I that know. was more because we had we did go from that into Teen Titans. With Reggie, and yeah. And we had recorded that beforehand. I was just wanting to segue into that without, I don't know. We're, we're nonsense. We're a bunch of <laughs> uh, But, yeah, we're going to go from here into listening to Dylan give his review of Injustice Ground Zero number four. And I mentioned before, yeah. you should know, Dylan is from the DC Bros podcast, so I'm sure he'll mention it. I tell him that he should mention it every sentence. Totally. Uh, but, yeah, if he does or doesn't, go check out the DC Bros podcast. But first, listen to his Injustice Ground Zero number four review, and then we'll be back with the third mail section. Hello, Weird Science. This is Dylan from the DC Brothers podcast coming at you with another Injustice Ground Zero review today. Um, this week is chapter four of the Injustice Ground Zero comic that is taking place during the game's story and uh, let you know how I feel about it here. Uh, so we do start out with Harley Quinn. She's continuing beating up that regime police officer, and she eventually does. And a little earlier, she does zap the life out of him pretty literally because uh, she uses her uh, little joke buzzers. And if you recall from last week, she is uh, fighting that police officer because uh, Gary was shot in the chest and he's going down. But he's actually not dead. And uh, it was pretty much a huge... uh, huge fight for nothing really because throughout this time she was monologuing to herself about how dark it feels in this world right now because she lost Gary but I mean it's nice but (laughs) it it just felt like a waste because he's actually alright and uh, she takes him to the doctor that they have and uh, he's gonna be patched up pretty alright during that time he actually reveals his real name as Kurt and she's kind of surprised that uh, it's pretty boring to her, so because it doesn't rhyme with the number uh, with the names that she's been giving her goons, so he just uh, she just continues to call him Gary. Uh, and throughout this whole exchange and fight with that officer, um, Green Lantern has been just fighting. Sinestro. It's really awesome art here, by the way. Uh, the fight is really cool. It's very cinematic. Throughout the fight, they don't talk. It's just Harley monologuing still. Uh, the, the monologuing writing is fine. It's just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me, this issue. It was just, didn't feel quite natural, I guess. Uh, and so, another of her goons comes in while she's attending to Gary in the doctor's room that she's at. And his name is Terry. And so Terry tells her that there's something that she needs to see. So they they run along the rooftops and they get to a point where they see the doppelganger uh, Green Lantern that we actually saw earlier uh, for a brief second as she was just uh, taken down, as he was taken down, Wonder Woman. And he, him and Hot Girl actually are beating up Batman there. And so Harley was about to jump down and try to rescue Batman, but something catches her eye. And it's actually the Joker, which is a uh, kind of stunning revelation in this little series here because uh, Joker died at the beginning. So th- 
through Superman's punch in the chest. So there's definitely some doppelganger parallel universe type of stuff going on here. Um, but I was a little let down with this chapter. I was pretty bored with it. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't something I was expecting, I guess. Uh, I was expecting more from it. The the cliffhanger of the Joker is really leaving me intrigued to get to the next issue, and that needs to hurry up. Uh, thankfully, we'll get that this week, and we don't have to wait so long for another revelation to come to pass. Um, again, the art is really good. The story's good. The writing's good. It was just... I feel like this was just... Uh, not really filler, but it was like dragging out the this section of the story for some reason or another. If uh, if I would have rated it though, which I did, I'm giving this a seven out of ten. The art's good, the writing's all right, um, but I was just bored, and uh, I still do love this series, but I need to go to the next one <laughs> to see how that is or. I just hope it's not a downward decline. I really hope something happens. I'm hoping for Harley to kind of having a trouble kind of accepting that Joker's back because she's just gotten away from him and she's trying to start her life in a different direction now that she's on her own. So I kind of hope that they play with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, 7 out of 10. Honestly... If you just know the cliffhanger, that Joker's in it, that he's coming back, and that Gary's alive, this was a very skippable chapter, honestly. But if you are a completionist and you just still want to pick it up, go ahead. It is still 99 cents a week, so you're good there. Um, again, my co-host Damien wasn't available to come on to this review. Uh, he's still been pretty busy. And I'm trying to get this out as fast as possible because i got a busy weekend ahead of me too. Um, but you can find us both on this week's episode of the DC Brothers Podcast that comes out uh, this Sunday at midnight. Um, you can find us on Twitter at DC Bros Pod, and you can find our podcast on uh, iTunes and Podbean at the moment. You can also check out the latest episodes on SoundCloud since not all of them are on there. But uh, yeah, so for the DC Brothers Podcast... I've been Dylan, and this has just been my Injustice review time here on Weird Science. Thank you for listening, and see you in seven.
Romance going on. <laughs> My brilliant mind, Eric. Just come on in. Just come on in. I got an open mind that you could all come inside. Uh, this is mail number three. Oh, Mike, I love you. Mail number three <laughs> starts with Chasanga. Chasanga says, "Hey, Jim and Eric, which up, books Chisanga? would you uh, would you think should be monthlies and should become bi-weeklies? My picks for monthlies would be Justice League." This doesn't need an explanation as to why it should be monthly, but then that wouldn't improve the quality of the book's story and art, so it might stay weekly until Hitch hopefully leaves. Uh, two would be Flash. The first arc felt too stretched out to reach eight issues, so maybe less might give us more story. My picks for bi-monthlies would be Titans. This book could have benefited from the double shipping since I'm getting bored with the current story arc. Yeah. And number two, Red Hood and the Outlaws. I can admit that it's good uh, right now. And of those, I do, I wish that we were getting more of Red Hood, but you had mentioned to me at work when this email came in and we were talking about it. Uh, it's weird because you go from a monthly and change it to a bi-monthly or, yeah, bi-monthly, then you don't know that that could, Dexter Soy might not be exactly. able to Exactly. I don't want to fuck up the art. I don't want to fuck up the writing for yeah. us because right now it's solid. Um, the, the thing with this is it's tough to go one way and not the other because I would say there are some. I think that Green Arrow would do better as a monthly. I Me think well. that Flash might as well. And Aquaman Justice as well. League, Justice yeah, and Aquaman. Justice League should not be. It's just that the story sucks, and yeah. it's not going to change. No, if you have it three times a year, ten times a day, it doesn't matter. It sucks. Brian Hitch really should get off that book. But these others is. I don't, Aquaman, you're right, right on with that too. A lot of these do seem to be stretched out a bit. And Cyborg maybe, as well, in my mind. Yeah, Cyborg, maybe they, they can tighten it up. Uh, it's just Flash. I, I even like this one a little bit. It just, every other week having it just, start, it's starting to get me just down on me it. As well. And, and Green Arrow is starting to get there as well. And I was pretty positive when Rebirth first started with that. But yeah, it just it doesn't seem to have enough meat to it to keep going twice a month, and that's the problem. But yeah, I would not. I don't have any that I would say would be better that are monthlies that would go down See, to, or the, more to buy monthlies because it, the ones that I really like, I do think that would it, they take a hit by going by monthly, and I don't want to see it take that hit. One thing I would like, like we just talked a whole bunch of shit on it before, but uh. I'd like to see the Titans become bi-weekly. Yeah, it's weird. I want that story to move faster because but it just, here's the it's thing. so goddamn slow. The only thing I can tell you is Dan Abnett does Aquaman bi-monthly, and that's when you want it to shift to monthly. And I, 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 don't, I, I you care know what more I mean? about this Titans than yeah, I do Aquaman. Yeah, but really, I don't know that you'd get any more. And honestly, I, 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 might even sh- out more. I might even put Green Lanterns on a monthly schedule instead of bi-weekly. Really? Yeah. It's Hal Jordan, weird. I would keep as a bi-weekly, but just because, you know, it's Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and I want to see where that goes. Nah, I'm telling you, you want to ask me my whole thing if I really had my, uh, you know, my way? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I wouldn't just go back to monthly for everyone and just yeah. get back to how it was. And, you know, sometimes it does seem like uh, 
when we had the monthly books and you had like Bruce Wayne died or even Damien died or big things. It really was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And it really – you got that tension? I have no tension right now. With no. these bi-monthly, you're just like, yeah, I'll find out. And really, it seems so quick for us. We have a podcast, and then the ones we talk about, it's we get them early. So it's yeah. not even uh, two weeks we wait. All of a sudden, shit comes in. We have the books for next week already, and I'm already like, god damn it, that's happening? Like yeah. I've already read Justice League uh, for next week, and I'm not allowed to talk about it, Eric. That's why I'm telling you, I actually stopped reading books early because I didn't want to fucking say anything out of, yeah. like, you know, like, I got it confused in my head Yeah, about because we get confused. About. I end up reading a couple. I will, I'm not going to say one bit. I'm not going to tell anybody one bit, but I have read Justice League and Batman for next week. But then, because of that, it just seems like I just read Batman two days yeah. ago. And it just, no tension is built for me at all. And it becomes almost like, okay... Give it to me again. Here we go. And we also have to review it. We don't have to. We could just yeah. quit, Eric. Just quit. But because we do that and we deal so much with them, it just ends up just stockpile. In my mind, they just keep piling up with little to no effect anymore. Yeah. I'm getting desensitized to these goddamn books that I don't want that. So and you can tell by our scores. And just Chisanga to, to say what I would want. I would want all of them to be monthlies again. And uh, because really they're only bi-monthly to make more money. That's the only reason. And yeah. I think that some of them have no fucking reason. And people, the writers are still trying to adjust with how to tell a story in this manner. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah. Uh, the next email is Repairman Jack, and he says, what's up, guys? It's been a while, as I feel like I haven't had much to really substantiate an email, and I feel Twitter most of the time is more convenient. And he does talk to us on Twitter a lot, yeah. and in the comments section. I like when Repairman Jack comments. Me too. Uh, then I remembered I never shared my theory on what Snyder and Capullo are working on that is bigger than Batman. I could be crazy. This could be too easy, but I think Snyder is working on the first big DC event that is going to involve the three Jokers. Now, he did, here's the thing. He didn't even just say it's bigger than Batman, but he said it does somewhat involve Batman. Now, that might be a red herring. He throws it out, but it could be the three Jokers, which would lead to what I think they're doing, but we'll go on with this. It's something big enough to satiate uh, people looking for answers to rebirth, but not big enough that they have to answer everything. It's also commenting that uh, something that will require more than just Batman and would be considered big. The reasons I think this is mostly the elements of the book that have been prominent so far in Rebirth. You have Batman asking or not asking for help being a big deal in at least three different books. In Superman, Batman tells Clark to not help without being asked. And Batman makes a big deal to point out Batman has never called for the Justice League of Gotham and shows that he's willing to when he knows he has to. There's other instances, but I think it's weird that I, I, it seems to be recur a recurring theme so close together in so many different books. And yeah, and Detective, they have the same thing. He wants to do everything on his own. Yeah. I think Batman, and also he wants to do everything on his own, but he's allowing this team to be involved. So I think Batman is going to find himself in some serious shit with the three Jokers suddenly becoming aware of each other and going after Batman all at once. If we one just him. recently killed him, I can see three of them being a big enough reason for him needing to ask for the Justice League help. Remember that he did, Joker kind of killed him. It was more Bruce being a fucking hard-ass pain in the ass. And even with and that, the, the Joker that almost killed, you know, supposedly killed him, 
he became human again, like not even human, but he became normal again, and then it seemed like he wanted to kill himself or be stopped so he didn't have to become yeah. the Joker again. Yeah, I actually think that that's he is one of the Jokers because he was the the new Fifty Two Joker yeah. that did show that, and I think that three Joker story when it comes about would be the other Jokers or at least one of them going to him and trying to force him into being the Joker again, and it's going to be one of those where he's going to be a Joker uh, against his will. And it'll be almost like the story of you can never escape your destiny type of thing. And that may lead into this. We'll see. So three jokers is just so weird to me. I know. What do you think? What do you guys think? Not something along those lines. What do you guys expect the first big rebirth event to be? Now, he's not including the <laughs> Justice League. I think what he's saying is the first event that really pushes the rebirth story. Forever uh, crisis. Yeah, I actually... I think that it will be something that's the setup to what ends up being the uh, the Watchmen thing that they're right. going to go. Whether it's not Batman, and it may involve the, the three Jokers as well. I think it also involves, you know, that's going to tie into the button. Whether or not we find out the comedian is one of the things. The problem is, me and Eric were talking about this this week, and it's starting to drive me a little nuts. If you have the whole Watchmen in this universe. Does that mean they're all alive again? Because they're not all alive. No. Like, does this mean the comedian is suddenly alive again? And he's one again? of the jokers? Because people seem to think like, oh, you know, you have the Watchmen, and I think one of the jokers the comedian. But if that's the case, why isn't the comedian dead? Why yeah. isn't he dead? Why is Rorschach, why is he alive now? Everybody, oh, that's going to be one. He's going to go against the court. No, he's dead. And I don't know why people just Throw that away. You know what I mean? It's just, I we do. talk about it a bunch of times, and it, that just doesn't make sense if, to me. If anything, I think, you know, Dr. Manhattan left his world because how fucked up it was and went and created a new one. Well, and, and the thing that goes with me is they really spelled out that whole end of Watchmen, you know, the whole thing with Adrian and talking and all that. That was part, that to me means that everything's, it's still game on. They're dead. You yeah. know, the, the people who are dead are dead, who aren't, aren't. And I don't know what's going to go on, but I do think that this first big event next summer, if this is what it is, it will be something may touch on the three Jokers. I think it's more going to be the setup for the summer after when we have this big fucking huge summer event, which I would think is happening. Uh, and I hope it's one of those like you had when we had Convergence. Uh like good old manship, he loved it. But what we said, it just it wasn't enough. They really crammed it in quick. I want to have if you're gonna have a big event, fucking take your time. If it takes two months and you have all these different books, fine. Just make it good and yeah. see how it goes. Make it coherent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you may have to shut down all your books while you do this with these different titles and things like that. Just do it right. Don't yeah. fucking rush through it. Don't half-ass it. And have everybody on the goddamn same page. Unlike every event that you seem to have. And fucking and nobody knows what's going on. You have futures end events where fucking it, it seems like rules are different in that as well as convergence and things. People weren't told anything but no, make a cool story. story. Exactly. Yeah. Detective Batman and Robin and Batman were so different in stories. Yeah, then you have like G.I. Zombie where everybody's on a goddamn fucking aircraft carrier outside of Gotham. I, what is going Gotham's on? Because Gotham's overrun with zombies apparently. Yeah, oh, zombies. Very weird. But yeah, I I just, 
I, this three Joker thing. Nobody remembers GI Zombie. <laughs> I know the three Joker thing kind of bothers me though. It just it is it well. really it just seems hokey and just like a shock thing. And really, the more I think of it, when when it did come out, people did say, "Oh, the one must be the comedian." I just laughed. I thought that was ridiculous. I don't know. It's starting to think. No, I, I'm it's starting just to the think idea that, of having three Jokers in my mind just takes away from the character as a yeah, whole. Yeah, and and the whole like this is where a lot of times people will say you don't want to give a origin story to the Joker because you don't want to. T- that's not you know you want him to be a force of nature. That's crazy. If you want to say to me. Oh my God, the three Jokers, that explains why he can be all over the place. I don't want that to be explained. No. I want that to be a mystery and, and so crazy that it's, it's fucked up because you know what it is? It's the Joker. It's, how, he how is, I spent all of the endgame pissed off because I thought this Dionysium was a thing where the Joker was immortal. That pissed me yeah, off too. Yeah, because it, it just ties him down too much. He doesn't have, he can change his look. He could change everything. Now, I do go with my, my opinion. When you do hear a Joker origin, it 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 can be anything because yeah. it's always going to change. They even play with that in the movie and stuff like that. But really, I I hate this three Joker idea. It does not intrigue me at all. I hate me it. either. But he says he uh he continues. He actually wrote back because he forgot to say something. I forgot to mention that another reason it could not be the Joker's is that both Snyder and King have seemed to say that it's John's problem to deal with this whole three Joker thing seems that Tom King and, and Scott Snyder don't want any parts of it. <laughs> that they don't even want to have to explain it, but we'll we'll see what happens. Uh the next email is Travis. And Travis says, uh his subject line is week of the twenty sixth. He wanted to let me know. All right. He is correct. Hello, fellow weirdos. I hope your week has been good. Oh my god, what? The Batgirl book is still ugly as dog snot, but it finally has me wanting to read the next issue instead of sadly dreading having to read it again. Wow. That makes you one of us so. <laughs> My book of the week this week was Wonder Woman number nine. Yeah, I'm not there either. Well. Even though it has never actually managed to be my book of the week before now, it has consistently been the book I look most forward to, other than Detective Comics. I never have been a Wonder Woman fan before, but wow, this book is just great. Her whole characterization is just perfect. Always confident, never overbearing, never weak, even when the chips are down. There have been so many ways they could have slipped up by now, but every time I see, every time I see, it's always a home run instead. Case in point, this issue. The part where there is a crowd gathering outside where she's shopping. She goes out to address the crowd, and there's a little buildup as to why she is doing it. It would have been so easy to go wrong here. Literally, I think any other answer than the one given would have left a bad taste in my mouth. But, she did it because she knew what it meant to the people out in the crowd. That is exactly what they've been building up uh, all along. Just perfect. Add to that the couple of humorous lines. They've been unduly mindful of her wardrobe and Steve being very okay with her kissing him. And there's no way anything could find uh, pace this. And there is no way anything could outpace this for a book of the week. Just awesome. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, I really got to the point where I was hating it when we were talking about it. I just, I love that uh, book since rebirth started uh where other people were confused at the beginning and were off i was intrigued but now i'm starting to get very very bored very quickly and, i like that scene too travis yeah i i didn't i actually actually it threw me off a bit i know what you're saying like oh that's what they wanted it made me think that she was also enjoying being a celebrity and i i was thrown off by that because yeah you could have paris hilton at a, a thing and people taking pictures and you go, oh my God, she's just being cool because that's what they want. 
No, everybody would be like, look at that fucking pompous ass, a fucking piece of shit. So I really didn't like that. I, I wish that she would have went out and said, like, hey, everybody, yeah, I'm nobody you should fucking, you know, look up to. I'm just another person like you. Yeah, I have superpower, whatever. Something like that. Instead of her just going out waving like she's the fucking queen. <laughs> she's a princess. I had no really bad books this week. I guess my pull list is getting cleaned up pretty well. Last week, America's Sweetheart asked what books I'm reading since he disagreed with my book of the week. You said you like lists. So here are all the things I read this week that were not as good as Wonder Woman era. Action Comics, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Detective Comics, Flash, Hal Jordan, Teen Titans, Titans, Civil War II, Nighthawk, Prowler, Hulk. And he said this could have probably been second best. If not for letting Black Panther survive the battle. Spoiler, he said. <laughs> Where is my... I don't even know. I have not used many fucking sounds at all tonight. I'm, no. There it is. Spoilers, man. Damn. Are, this is back Damn. to the basics, Eric. Back to the basics. Spoilers, man. Damn. A 6.8 out of 10. Yeah. That's funny. I was just watching right before we got on an episode <laughs> just, of Sliders. I don't know why I even put that one on there. I forget what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, that's who I wish was right in Wonder Woman right now. Greg Rucky, you sit down. It's now time for LeBron James. LeBron James, Eric. This is how we do it. Here we go. We're going to make up for the lost time. Yeah. Come on. You know who else does it like that? LeBron James. You are correct. LeBron James does indeed. Now, I can't comment on the Marvel bits, but I will uh, agree with you that Wonder Woman was the best out of all those books this week. Um, I actually liked, uh, Detective more. I actually, with all my scores, Flash more, but the re- and Teen Titans I thought was way better. I thought Teen Titans was awesome. Uh, and also he didn't read the Wonder Woman 75th anniversary. I thought that was better as well. But, uh, he also, he ends with thanks and always remember Batgirl used to be good. And yeah, I did not like Batgirl at all I. this week. Uh, but that is the third bit of mail, Eric. And what we're going to do is we're going to go off now, I believe, to hear Christian talk a little bit about the Frostbite book by Joshua Williamson. He right. has his recorded review of that. We're going to hear about get that. Get your vertigo and, on. Yeah, get the vertigo on. I'm, I'm stalling because I'm trying to figure out what's after that. Uh, I guess we're going to continue after that with Reggie's stuff. Which, yes. Which we'll talk about how Jordan, we'll talk about Backer and all those lovely books. But we'll be back with Christian and then us. Hey, this is Christian Faltz coming at you with a Vertigo variant of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am reviewing Frostbite this week. It came out, uh, and it is written by Joshua Williamson, art by Jason Sean Alexander, and colors by Lewis NCT. Uh, This issue uh, was really good. The art was pretty amazing, uh, especially the... Uh, very, I want to say, very restrained use of color at times. Uh, and the, be- the best example of this is in the first page, where we get to see nothing except for a very faded out talk bubble. And the next panel, it gets more more in focus, and we see the word. We actually get to see what it's saying. It's saying "mommy," and then each panel it gets more and more detailed with the color and the drawings. And we see some, and eventually we get to see that it's a little girl calling out for her mom. This goes, uh, cuts to basically, uh, the main character, one of the main characters, Keaton in the train, in the, in a, in a train, and they're 
she's talking to Barlow and Vic. And turns out they they just got into L.A. where they are going to resupply uh, and also get a transport to be able to get up to San Francisco. We also get a bit of description of L.A. Next page we get a big panel which takes about three-fourths of the page where it says Los Angeles 57 years into the new ice age, 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which that which we already saw how Mexico City, which is even farther south, was only at 22 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, geez, talk about ridiculous amount levels of cold. Which it is the ice, new ice age, so I mean, but still, that is still ridiculously cold. Anyway, this is, Los Angeles apparently is the last big city before, uh, in between them and their, uh, destination, which is San Francisco, to get Victoria to the lab, so she can, so what her dad told Keaton was to synthesize a cure for the disease frostbite that's been going around. We don't really know much about the disease yet, except for the fact that it, when you get it, it slowly freezes parts of your, uh, your body until you turn into a giant basically a uh, popsicle and die because you're a giant popsicle uh, they uh... anyway g going back to the story they uh... split up with barlow going to get a transportation and keaton and victoria sticking together and going to get supplies they go to a heat shop where this surfer dude dressed guy apparently is a sales clerk there which, this place must be hella warm. I mean, it is a heat shop, but Jesus. It's 10 degrees outside, and this guy is literally wearing, like, swim trunks and no shirt. He is, like, your stereotypical surfer dude. And anyway, she explains that they go, they're going in there because the people that are, the men that are chasing them would never look for them in this shop because... Uh, she would never be caught. She wouldn't normally be caught dead in a shop like this. Uh, and the guy can get them all their supplies. And then she, uh, Keaton asks for a private booth to, to to chill in for a little bit. Uh, tells Vic to stay where she is so she can go and goes into this private heat booth. Takes off. Uh, her glove, and that's when it's revealed Keaton has frostbite, which is not good. Frostbite is basically a death sentence. It kills every. If you if you got it, you would die from it. So she's basically sitting on death sentence there, and that also gives us more of a more of a show of why she she really wants to get Victoria to the lab in San Francisco because she she wants a cure because she knows she, without a cure she's dead. Anyway, she next page she leaves the the uh, private heat booth, g gathers the supplies, and the guy also gives her some really strong legal painkillers. At which point Victoria goes, "Hey, what are those for?" And she's like, "Oh, I have an old knee injury from when I played in the snowball leagues." And at which point Victoria's like, "Oh, really? What position did you play?" And she and then Keaton's all like, "Oh shit." At which point, luckily, they run into some people being checked for frostbite on the streets. So, it kind of interrupts where that conversation was going. And then we get to, we get to find out more about this disease, frostbite. Because first issue, all, all, we, all we know so far, 
because all that it told us first issue was that it's a disease that slowly turns you into a popsicle. And this is where Victoria gets to explain a bit of what frostbite actually is. It turns out that it developed in the ice, don't really know what that means, but that heat actually makes it strong. So the fact that the Ice Age happened actually probably stopped all of the human race from dying from frostbite because the cold actually stops its spread. So really it like uh like Victoria says it's uh if if which which uh, uh trying trying which I liked uh there's a part where she's like if ever if it was the warm temperature Victoria says if it was the warm temperatures of the old world that it would have spread like wildfire and everyone have been fubar and then Keaton asks, what's FUBAR? And Victoria's like, I don't know. That's just something my dad w my dad used to say. Which, I think it's funny because... I always like the, the, the term FUBAR, which is... Which, if you don't know, is fucked up beyond all recognition. <laughs> anyway, uh... After she says FUBAR is something that her dad said... Uh, said, she gets real sad because, you know, her dad's dead. Her, died first issue... What Victoria doesn't know is that first issue, uh, what, her dad didn't die from Fuego's men. It was actually Keaton who killed him and just blamed it on them. And so Keaton feels a bit guilty about it and kind of excuses herself for a second. And and which point, once she's out of sight from Victoria, pukes and gets real pissed. And she's trying to alleviate some of her guilt by saying he deserved it, he deserved it. Because he is one of the people that did, the only actually the only living person left that did cause the uh, ice age that exists in the world of frostbite. Anyway, uh, then then Barlow shows back up and says, "Hey, I found a transport." At which point they uh, go to the people that are selling transport, and they go to a real sketchy and shady part of town. At which point. We see these three guys that are also the cover art of the of the issue this this week uh, this month. And she asks a bunch of bunch of questions, and the main guy gets kind of pissed. And then Barlow tries to smooth everything over. And as he's trying to smooth everything over, turns out uh, the the Jack Frosts called Jack Frost because they're a bunch of rich kids that are basically slumming it to get, you know, get their kicks. They uh, pull out their guns and try to rob Keaton, Barlow, and Vic, at which point, like, Keaton immediately cuts the guy's throat and then kills another guy, at which point the, the third guy just goes, fuck this, I'm out, and, and runs the fuck away. And then they start running to the transport because it turns out that this transport is stolen and the cops are about to come in on their ass and the person that they're running from basically runs LA he runs barter town he is master blaster and so they're trying to trying to start and get the fuck away it won't start and Victoria luckily knows what's wrong with it and can fix it and just needed to kind of jiggle with something real quick so that the engine would start and they as soon as the engine starts they floor it the fuck out and it's 
Afterwards, Keaton asks Vic, like, hey, how did, how did you know how to fix that? And she tells her, yeah, my dad taught me that. He really wanted me to be into engineering like him, but I, I went a different path. I went with biology. And Keaton has another look, a look of guilt on her face. And then they're, then they're off heading to the Bay Area, and we get to see the last panel where it looks like some weird tribal people are just kind of hanging out watching them. So next issue, I guess we'll see what's happening with them. All in all, this is a really good issue. Uh, I liked it a lot. The art, the art is just fantastic, and the story has has gave us gave me at least enough detail to where I can sink into it, but not enough to where I I I feel like I know what's going to happen. So it still got me wondering what's going to happen next, and I really enjoy when a story gets to find that line of. Uh, tread that fine line of giving enough information but not too much information. So I'm really looking forward to the next issue and I give this whole thing a 9 out of 10. I would totally recommend this. Um, if you can find it, I uh, I had a problem trying to get the first issue back when the first issue came on the shelves because it's, as soon as it hit the shelves, like it sold out of my comic book shop and and I tried to grab him, and they didn't have it, and then they had to order it, and it was on back order, because apparently that happened to a bunch of comic shops. Because it sold pretty well, I think, more than most people thought it would. So, like I said, it's it, it's good. Definitely grab it. As always, you can find me on Twitter at, at cold underscore Christmas. Uh, you can also read my reviews on WeirdScienceDCComics.com where I review a couple comics every now and then. And uh, also, you can go to my site, SaltyPlayground.com, where I review uh, comic book adaptations of TV and movies and B-movies. And you can also listen to, check out my podcast, and where, I, where me and a bunch of friends talk about movies and TV that have been adapted from comic books and B-movies. Which is that's a podcast called Salty Playground. Uh, you can iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, as always, thanks to Weird Science for letting me do these things, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, and we're back. Yeah, we are back. It's we are now in the uh, quote-unquote Reggie section of the yep, podcast. The Reggie era. Uh, even if we have it no, has begun. There is no young animal book. Uh, still plenty of others, including yeah, one that probably should have been a Vertigo book. And I even said to Reggie earlier in the week, are we even going to talk about this fucking book? I insisted. I and insisted yeah. that we had to. It is a DC book, but we're going to get to it later on. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's Vigilante. Hey, Vigilante. you're giving up spoilers. Yeah, Your voice the, is the very, first book is very gonna... sexy, i got to say, Jim. Yes. You really sound a lot, very much oh like God. Humphrey Bogart. I can't talk. I, I think Sweetheart. I sound more like Jimmy Durante. I don't think I can oh, hurt it anymore. Geez. I don't even know what the hell's wrong with it. Every time I talk, it's like it fucking like the, sandpaper. Uh, it's like jerking off with sandpaper. And by that, like I mean very pleasurable. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, we have a bunch of books we're going to talk about tonight. I'm sure I'll lose my voice at some point within this first one, which is... 
Al Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number seven, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tamu Mori. Wouldn't you know it, Hal Jordan goes supernova, taking out Sinestro, Lisa Drac, and Warworld in the process, and the Green Lantern Corps shows up late to the party. Yes. But, but what about all the recap, Reggie? Oh, well, uh, so Hal Jordan, his dad was a test pilot. Oh, what? Wait a second. Yeah, Time and, out. Uh, <laughs> what is this? What is this? Rebirth? Something going on different? <laughs> if you if you tell me next that somehow uh, he became a test pilot and overcame his fear and then Abin Sir came and willed the ring to him, I'm going to leave the room because that's that's not my Hal Jordan. That That's an amazing <laughs> guess. Uh, yeah, that's, that's aye, exactly aye. what happened. Seriously. Uh, they, they definitely reiterated that for seven really? issues. Really? Now, so. if you tell me the next thing we find out is that Sinestro was his teacher and, <laughs> and then, and then Hal, uh, turned him in because, and that I'm out. I, yeah. It's, uh, I'm, pe- people I online, seriously- I saw people loving this issue. This is the most recap and it is issue what? Seven. Yeah, that is yeah. fucking I was nonsense. Going, I was going on last issue complaining about the recap. We had no, like, who doesn't yeah. fucking know this? Well, I guess you have new readership in it, so you need a little Not bit. Not at but seven. Need, now, now we do it twice in a row, yeah. and I'm like, and, what the, how many times are we going to reiterate this Here, shit? I also want to add into the fact that we also are dealing with a Green Lantern Corps that has not just been doing nothing in this series of seven issues. I pointed it out on the podcast, yeah, on the, yeah. uh, the spotlight, spotlight but... This is now the 19th issue of the core doing nothing. Now, it does look at the end that they've arrived, but it's funny. Like you said, they're late to the party. So when they're yeah. arriving at the end, pretty much the shit's done. It's, so it's done. They yeah. literally show up to fucking yeah. greet the, the winning party, basically. Yeah. With coming, returning they're waiting back at home plate to high five Hal Jordan. Sword. That's all it's, they're doing. <laughs> they, they come they out of the did. dugout. Nothing at all. Nothing. It's so frustrating. Like yeah. the fact that this, the fact that this has Green Lantern Corps in the title is a ripoff. And it I is. looked at this whole series and this book as a ripoff. That's hey, all that's it is. Why, that's I mean, why Hal now, gets the lead. With, yeah. with, the, with the rebirth issue, let's not even count the rebirth issue. This is twenty one dollars. Yeah, you know, twenty one dollars for a story that doesn't even have. You know, one of the you know t- the team in the title even no. really doing anything in it. No, you, know? you have you have Guy Gardner captioned, and little, the other thing, Eric Shea. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> people are going to Eric Shea couldn't deal with this. No, people no. are going to say through this whole thing, and even with this issue, especially is the whole. I said it's like shock and awe. It is Sinestro versus Hal. It's what people seem to want, and it, yeah, the, the concept's art, cool. The art yeah. is incredible, but even them together. Sinestro and how this so-called fight is recap them yelling recap at each it's other. It's the same thing. And it's then the Sinestro basically saying, saying, and they basically took their word balloons from other scenes. Yeah. And they yeah. just moved them onto this. And you know, you know what, what else? I mean? Like they're saying also, the same shit. And also got the Empire Strikes Back, you know, battle between Luke and Darth Vader and added yeah. that too with the, you know, <laughs> the, the shit. I, how many times can I see? The, the teacher or the student is now because I'm done. It, it is yeah. so freaking ridiculous. And yeah, it, and it ends in a very forced way to kind of reset everything. And really, this could have been the rebirth issue number one. It really could have. You have the, I mean, the, in the a recap. Sense, if you gave, if you gave the number one issue a 10 out of 10. Well, then you might as well give this one a 10 out of 10. Yeah, because it's it's the same same thing. thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It actually, after the number, after the rebirth and the number one, 
everything else kind of treaded water. And now we have to get back to the story. So we get it again. And it just, it it really, I don't know. I saw all over the place with people going gaga about this. Anybody going gaga. I didn't really look out there and see the things. I didn't even know what Reggie gave this book. I'm like, I went in this, I was excited because I kept my head in the sand, didn't know anything else was going on. And I'm like, okay, how Jordan versus Sinestro? This could be really cool because we know that Sinestro has parallax within him. And we know mm-hmm. if fucking Hal goes fucking like Gaga, yeah. he's going to turn into pure willpower and shit's going to get real. Mm. And yeah. there was no payoff. No, I no. see right now I'm looking at the comic book roundup. Two 10 out of 10s. We have nine four, nine one, all of them going, this is the best issue we've had. This uh, Three in a row... Uh, reviewers are saying that this is a classic arc that'll be remembered for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I forget I barely remember after this it now, weekend. Fear yeah. really? <laughs> no, you will Jesus. remember it for years because it's the same shit we've gotten for 10 years. Right. You know, if I say to you, remember that arc that Hal, his dad, was a test pilot? <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh one. that one. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> The, the star of this whole series so far to me has been Guy Gardner, and he's yeah. done nothing. He's done yeah. nothing, yet he, he I really totally like him. Pointless. He was yeah. totally pointless in this yeah. whole And still I like thing. him the most <laughs> and because then, it's as, Guy. As you talked about, you see him still being tortured, and he's just saying the Green Lantern oath over and over. And, and if you look at this panel on the second page in that sequence, I really do think the, the rest of the slaves being you know made to fear, they're all mm-hmm. saying that the Green Lantern oath and everything, and he's getting everyone, you know, invigorated, bringing back their willpower. Not and afraid. In yeah. the next second, the next panel, Sarnik Natu comes and just basically frees everybody. And yeah, there yep. you go. So it didn't matter. It didn't do anything. He didn't, you know what I mean? It it they all would have died without it. They the worst part about out. this is that we have all these people who are captured to be brought to World World, the same as Guy Gardner, so they could be a part of this fear engine, which has never been explained. All no. we know is that somehow it's supercharging the yellow lantern rings, and that's it. We yeah, don't know how or why. It, it no, doesn't even look like there'd be anything that's going on there that would actually be fear. You know, yeah. increase the fear visions that they're, they're <laughs> yelling. And I'm like, what What fear visions? I do see that their eyes are being mechanically kept open. You get that whole idea that, you know, if they were like at a bank of videos now, like Clockwork Orange, but it's not. They're just there. They're hooked up to a machine, and they look like really they're just being tortured, you know. Yeah, and and what what you're be saying, like engine, yeah, you know? like you said with with the Green Lantern oath, they're saying they could have been singing "I Love a Parade," and it would have yeah. been the same. That really, to me, it's just a distraction. It's one of those guys trying to distract them so that they don't give into their fear, but yet they're yeah. they have well, the fear something engine. Else. Yeah, they, yeah, and they are, but yet they're whistling while they work, which I hate whistling. <laughs> But the the thing is, why is this increasing the fear? Because what happens then when Sorna comes and frees them while Hal and, and Sinestro are yelling, and then the whole thing Sinestro even says, like, keeps giving Hal, Hal like, the last chance. Hey, last Give chance, you can join side, me. Hal. Last chance, yeah, you can know, join me. And it really is Luke and, and, and Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. But then when they break open the fear engine, like Eric said, we have no idea what it is. It's just no. a name to me, and guys hooked up. That's when Sinestro starts losing his power. Oh no, the, the, the fear reserves are decreasing. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's and that's where Hal's like, bingo, time to fuck you up. And then they go to town, and I really, I mean, the art is incredible. Yeah, I'll, really I'll give you that. The art he is rams, awesome. He rams a locomotive against him. Oh, know, yeah. It's just, it looks awesome as and hell. And there's, I, you I know, a lot of big panels and just <laughs> you don't crazy like, you don't shit. Like that? 
A well, choo-choo uh, train. Yes, choo-choo <laughs> train. Even they even have that that really big uh, page where there's the Green Lantern, you know, pretty much War World blowing up. Yeah. And I don't really to me how there looks a lot like Parallax. Uh, and but it's a really cool panel. But really, yeah. that's that's all you're going to get from this if you're. You know, if you agree with us, I again, a lot of people don't, but there's no. a lot of really good looking art and nothing else going on new. Everything is recap, repeat to kind of set everything up. And we've said we talk about Teen Titans where you had the rebirth and then you had that number one issue. Not a lot goes on. It's set up. This is the seventh issue. And yeah, it really need, does feel than, like the number one things by now. Yeah, this should have been uh, the number one issue. It really yeah. should have. And then you go on because that's when the the Green Lantern Corps shows up, and they just they don't know what's come, going on. So All where, of a did, where did that hit. fleet of ships go? Remember they had a fleet of ships. They that say was, that they were they, apparently they, damaged. I don't yeah. know. They Didn't say really that they them. protected them with the shields because they said, oh, there was minimal damage with the, you know, they even say, like, the warp drive uh, things were, you know, they say. Oh, yeah, I see a couple a few of minor stuff. injuries and uh, no damage, moderate damage to the front ships in the fleet. And, yeah, like you said. I, you barely see them. No, I mean, you barely I, see them. There were, like, really, 300 yes, ships there in was that tons. Fleet, you know? And, really, it's funny because it's like uh, Robert Van Diddy realizes that we don't care about these ships. It's fucking nonsense. Well, we just want gonna, the core. I would have been into them if they were going to, you know, do something. You yes. know, if they were going to be involved no, in some attack on War World, that would be kind of no, cool. But if they're not going to do anything, then I don't give a shit. Wouldn't you have I want to see that, the Death Star trench well, and add some more Star Wars. Eric said at one point that um, Sinestro, because, you know, uh, everybody wants to fight Hal Jordan. Sinestro's like, nope. You're not doing it. Get the fuck off, War World. This is my fight. Why couldn't the Corps have shown up right there and fought these other Yellow Lanterns that are, are leaving War World at that point? It, because, like Eric said, they're only leaving because it's going to blow up and you can't yeah. you can't decimate. That's what I realized yeah. right away. I'm like, okay, our killer wants to fight. Sinestro says, I ordered yeah. all of you to leave. I'm like, when did you do that? And plus, yeah. okay, everybody's off their fucking thing now, so I guess we don't need War yeah. World anymore. But don't Basically. don't make it don't make it that obvious. By having them just go and fight the arriving Green Lantern Corps. And then it's not as obvious. Or no. when Sinestro and Hal are fighting, all of a sudden it's like, we we got signals of, you know, 400 Green Lanterns. And then Sinestro's like, what the fuck? They're not supposed to be here. And then off the Yellow Lanterns go off to fight them. Not Sinestro basically saying, get off a of war world because this shit's blowing up. This they, they, went, they went in the other direction. That's yeah. why they got uh, It's so they ridiculous. That's the perfect deal to have them do something, both the the, the Green Lantern Corps and the Snestro Corps. And that would be yeah. a two-core clash. I mean, it's happened a yeah. million times, but if well, we're going to go back this... to familiar tropes, let's do it. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Even we have this whole setup, though, where you know Snestro is imbued with the power of Parallax. This is a big deal because Parallax is an entity of the friggin', you know, spectrum. You know, it's all the power there is. And then we have the idea that Hal is going to be turning the pure willpower yes. himself. This is supposed to be the fucking, like, the fight, fight of the ages right here. Yes. You know, fucking rumble in the jungle. Type of shit. And then all of a sudden Hal's like, okay, now I'm going to let loose and just, like, starts, like, tearing the armor off of Parallax. You can't do shit. Some reason, listen, Drax isn't affected, even though she's right there. And then explosion, the whole world, world is gone. It seems like Sinestro is dead, Alyssa Drax, and Hal Jordan. But you know that shit's not going to happen. Of no. course, yeah, but, but you know. yeah, and then. But where's this fight? I'm telling you, they have set this up to be like the most, the biggest fight you could possibly imagine in the DC. These other people in reviews seem to think it happened. Uh, it, no, it's just yeah, it wasn't that. It wasn't. It that is crazy smoke and mirrors. It's really yeah. smoke and mirrors, and it's 
it's one of those where you're having this big deal, but like you just said, you're like, oh, it looks like this happened, that happened. You know, it didn't because Hal Jordan isn't going to die. So don't even pretend. Don't even fuck with us. The book with him in the title, although. Yeah. Yeah, don't might, fuck with us like that. They might have him convalesce in a hospital bed for like 20 issues, but yeah. he'll be there. Like when and he was dead in the Green Lantern, in. him and Sinestro were in the dead zone for a while. You could bet. Yeah, for that, yeah. Still. They had him, you know. He'll you be, don't he'll think they're going to die. Like Suzanne Summers on, the, on her last season of Free yes. Scum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then at the very end, the, the core shows fun. up. They, the core is just, oh, they're just late. They're late yeah. to the party, like you said. Yeah. They show up like they're going to kick ass, too. It makes me laugh because the shit's already happened. And that's where the other Yellow Lanterns show up, but they are the good ones, the ones that don't like what Sinestro's doing. The one Sornik told us about. Led by Sornik uh, with a uh, freaking, almost like a Buddha-looking Guy Gardner in Yellow Lantern Ball. And that was when, when we initially had gotten the books. I was paging through a bunch, and I saw that, and I actually thought that guy had turned into a yellow lantern, and that was how he got out of being uh, tortured, but no. Hey, he might, I mean, it looks it looks to me like, you know, Sinestro's dead, but the Sinestro Corps are still in charge of the universe, you know, yeah, for yeah, whatever we'll whatever that is. They're policing it, and they're probably going to have to go after the other yellow lanterns, and I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe they'll all go green. Maybe they'll all go yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't I know if they think, have the power to overcome great fear, Reg. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I, I just I, I think that those guys are, or something. Yeah. yeah, they're just they don't like the way that fucking Sinestro is running things, so they're just going to remain That's yellow liners. It, it almost seems to me because we have uh, coming up in a little bit, at least with the solicits, uh, we have uh, what's Rain his name, Walker, Kyle Rayner right? coming up. It's almost oh, like a gathering of the new Guardians again. You, you know, you have a bunch of Man, the colors together. Uh, would have been cool, and maybe that's going to be a little bit at play here. Uh, who knows? But it just this issue was a lot of nothing to me. It was a lot of recap, a lot of stuff. Yeah. But boy, if you just like the art and you're a fan Which of I art do. of the Green Lantern stuff, boy, you can probably justify getting this issue just for that. Just just read it at you know you're not going to get a lot though. I like pretty pictures. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, the art is is great. It really is. Uh, but yeah, like Eric said, I agree with him. You're waiting for this huge fight that never really happens. And then what does happen is so telegraphed, almost like a choo-choo train. You yeah, see it very coming. Good, very Coast good, very City good. choo-choo train right into you because you see it coming from a mile away. Uh, but yeah, Reggie, what did you give it? Well, you know, uh, like I said, I was really disappointed by it. I thought it was a ripoff, but the art is phenomenal. I really yeah, think Rafa Sandoval for this issue, he always does a great job. I think he has went even above and beyond on many of the pages. Yeah. So I gave, for that reason, for the art, I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'd probably give it a, a 6.5 uh, because I almost – I don't know. A lot of people like Ethan Van Skyver, who I do love, is like the be-all, end-all of the Green Lantern art for most people. I think Rafa well. Sandoval is just as good. I really do like his oh, yeah. art a lot. And uh, But what would you give it, Eric? Um, because they just told me everything that I already knew and disappointed me with the things I wanted to see, uh, I'd have to give it a 5.5. I did love the Ooh. art, and that score is like you know as high as it is just because of that. Yeah, uh, most of mine is art as well. And uh, I... 
seeing the core, I don't know. At least to me, if I I've could seen pretend, the core not doing anything, I, I'm telling sense. you, if I could pretend this was a number one issue, if this was actually the Hal Jordan the Green Lantern core number one after the rebirth, and we get this. Uh, I might have gone as high as an eight, but we've seen yeah, it every I probably would have gone higher cool. if it was number three. Still, yeah, you know, it's... yeah. Jeez. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but we're going to move on to your next book, Reggie, that I hope you remember what it was. I think I do. It was it Batgirl number it four. It was. I just looked. Yes. It All right. Yes. Written by Hope Larson, art by Raphael Albuquerque and Dave McCaig. Now, Jim, can you help me out? Give me a little beatbox for this one. Yeah. Do you want me to? Okay. Yeah. Batgirl, Batgirl, come get you. Batgirl, Babs and Kai, and Babs and Kai. Teacher, get yourself a brain drug. Biotech, teacher. I've lost my beat. Babs and Kai, and Babs and Kai. Some nice art, but the plot. Batgirl, number four. Just thanks oh, for ruining, so good. Thanks for ruining my voice completely now. Yeah, but you it's know, not the beatbox. It's the. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, the fat boys thing. I'm having, I always, you. I gotta go with the fat boys when I do that. <laughs> you have to. Yes. Ah <laughs> oh, yes. Ah, oh, Batgirl. You love the Batgirl, right? Was that oh, your? Yeah. Was that? That was your whole uh, intro, right? I could start talking about the book. Yeah, now. that was my blurb. That was my okay. entire. Although in uh, my blurb, I did explain what happened in the book. Yes, you did. I was too busy laughing and trying. To I was too busy practicing, trying to get a little bit of a uh, a Dougie Fresh beatbox that threw me off. I tried to get the clicks and the pops of it. I couldn't. Good luck with that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't. Please, can somebody send Barbara Gordon a fucking plane ticket? Get her ass back to fucking Burnside. Yeah, hey, all we've seen her is go on planes in the last yeah, two issues. Here's the thing: <laughs> we have the Beyond Burnside Part Four. I, I just, she has to get back. Uh, this book is. Can we get Beyond Burnside? I, 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 yes, really. The, the whole thing with this, and really, it's funny because if you want to go the play on words beyond Burnside, it's not as far beyond Burnside as I wish as well. No. Uh, a lot of people have been commenting on our site for that as well. Uh, but also, I, I had mentioned it on the spotlight when at the end. Uh, nobody's interested in this book. At least the people that we're dealing with and people who come to our site, uh, nobody cares. This is the no. book that had the least, I think Vigilante had more people checking it out <laughs> than this book. And I just, well, that, was, that was a number one, you know? Yeah. 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 But nobody still, even knew Vigilante was coming out. Vigilante. Though. Uh, seriously, people I think have decided, and this is where, when we were talking about the polis and all this and the more important books and the, you know, stuff like that and books that came out later. Um, the monthly, I think, are already looked at as kind of the, you know, second class citizens just because they're monthly. Um, when you have a whole thing set up with a rebirth and everything's back to legacy and everything's back to this classic stuff, like we just said, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, if anything, at least that has the characters that everybody wanted. Hal versus yeah. Sinestro, at least you have that. Batgirl is one of the only books, and really the other one that comes to mind right away uh, to me is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey as well. That is like you don't even get the idea that what what the fuck rebirth is this? You know, you can no, tell me. It's a continuation. Yeah, and you can tell me, oh, it's a Batgirl rebirth because she's learning about herself. No, she isn't. No, it, this not is, at all. This story is completely forgettable. 
and the characters are completely forgettable. These the fucking teacher and and the fucking that, sailor that's the clown. Thing. It's far it's far worse, I think, than and what preceded Kai. it because it's it's all these forgettable yes. crappy characters. Ever, and that Barbara is forgettable. Gordon doesn't act like Barbara Gordon well, does in any like, that's what plagued Batgirl when as soon as she went to uh, Burnside and we got the whole new Batgirling of the DCY. Actually, it was before the DCYU, but yeah. when Batgirl changed, uh, they got the creative really? change to the new I, costume. It seemed every that, that, that Batgirl, and it seemed like that Batgirl led into them creating the goddamn DCYOU as well. Yeah, and yeah, so. and uh, they did, when she first went to uh, Burnside, they did have a lot of people jump on the book. Uh, yeah. But oh, yeah. again, to me, the people that jumped on the book were, oh, my God, this looks neat, or this is my style. Oh, she does the social media. Oh, my God. The problem is these were not longtime fans, so they have gone. I, I look at the sales. I think the people that jumped on, for the most part, with Burnside just wanted a couple fucking arcs. They cut out. The people who are longtime background fans are still not back, and they don't, and they want to have her away from this nonsense. And this is even to me, I think this this story is more nonsense than the Burnside stuff. At least the Burnside stuff, it's, it's she seemed similar, a little right? bit more like Batgirl. This is not Batgirl to me. It, it's I nonsense. Think, I think Batgirl got worse over time too. That's another reason people drifted away. That yeah. last arc where it was like, oh, I don't even remember. Some some guy was like in her brain and her brain. Yeah, yeah, few. That's who they point out in this, too. And Pugh was supposedly an old friend who was sleeping on the couch. That's why we make the joke every goddamn time we talk about this, where we're like, oh, better check on Kai. Is this an old friend or is it like a Pugh situation? And we were right. It's funny. We were right. And in this issue, Frankie even calls it out. Uh, Because, yeah, Barbara should know. She's smart enough to know now. She didn't have any old-time friends that are any. They're all pieces of shit. Halfway across the world. Yeah. And but but Kai loves her. Kai loves her. But Kai, what do we know about him? And all of a sudden, that the story is so ridiculous. Basically, we have had four issues, and the story boils down to this Asian uh, bunch of kids who don't want to fail this big exam. That if they don't pass, they don't get to go to the colleges. So they want this crap. Why don't they do, drink a Red Bull and take some fucking mini thins like everybody I mean, else? There are so many. There are so many. You know, brain enhancing yes. drugs and study drugs out there. How about Why this? are they going for this? This thing can get a good night's sleep. Some guy's stomach. You know what I mean? Get, get their get their goddamn get their study techniques down a little better. Jesus Christ. All this is, yeah, all this is, is a goddamn drug that's being smuggled in Kai's stomach. I don't even, that's no mule I know. Every time I was a mule, right up the ass with the condoms. And then uh, why, why fucking, does the teacher beat the shit out of him? It doesn't move. Why? Know. There's no point in her doing that. They could just, I mean, they're all ninjas, aren't they? Can't they just go in while he's napping and fucking withdraw whatever, really, you know? Or, you know, you think there are other ways they could go around. And it doesn't it. seem like Kai is anything of anything, really. He is scared. He, yeah, they could probably no. say, you know, pull up your shirt. I don't even know how teacher knows about this drug that's inside of Kai. I don't remember seeing don't teacher know. before this fucking No, no, we, have, we haven't. And honestly, by the time that we're done, I'm not even certain that's teacher because no, it I looks don't like even know if it is out either. of nowhere, after all this stuff that we're dealing with, she's putting together these fucking kids that are somehow ninja fucking and assassins or whatever now and it's all because they want a drug that helps them study makes yep. them smarter they want to study and pass the test she 
she doesn't have this stuff yet. She doesn't even know if she could get this stuff. It looks like she's putting it together at the end of this issue, and we know nothing about Teacher, really, except that she's duping some kids into becoming assassins for her for some reason. Yeah, yeah, and we find out, we, we do find out that this drug is something that also causes aggression. It, it kills you with cancer. It gives it, you it, cancer. It, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. the worst. thing gives you cancer. This is the, this is the immediate <laughs> monkey paw. Like, you, hey, I'm smart. Oh, my God. I'm so smart. Well, I realize that I have a big tumor out the hey, fucking side of my face. Hey, I, I got a tumor in my face, but at least I got into college. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I'm in college well, now, baby. And I'm telling you, this dead. whole thing about this cram test, how you have to take a test to see how you're going to do the rest of your life. I can't relate to this at all because I'm not from this part of the world. I it's, don't it's, understand it. They even say they're trying to spell it out in a, in a well, way well, that we would with the SATs. Here, Eric, but you failed it. Yes, I did they, not fail. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know, Eric, all this night tonight in the podcast, that was the test. Oh, you God. Fail. <laughs> no, they're trying to say it's like the SATs. I know my yeah. mom, my mom in England had always told me they had a test that, like she said, if, if you if you failed, you're in the factories. Yeah, it's pass, much more strict over there here. And, I mean, yeah. especially today with the SATs, colleges barely give a shit at all. But, no. even, you know, back in the day, it wasn't always the be-all, end-all. Whereas in China, in the UK, even in a lot yeah. of Europe and possibly a lot of Asia, for all I know, a well, lot of these and, countries do have a countrywide test, a yes. standard test you have to pass. And the I way that know. we did it, Eric, remember it in, in Quakertown. At that one point, I think it was like ninth grade, where you can decide to go to college prep or you go to oh, the yeah, tech yeah. school, or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. have to take. They don't get to choose. They take a test. That's it's almost like a, a entrance exam, aptitude test type deal. And they you're made to do what the fuck. You know, you have one bad day. Next thing you know, you're fucking making Nikes. It does. It can decide your track after that. But I mean, yeah. it's almost like Futurama, where you are assigned a job with yeah. a little chip. You know. Yeah. That's what they're going with, and I think yeah, it is yeah. a little bit overblown here for effect, but it's still it's still something that does happen. But boy, that and what's weird to me is that I think it was Sailor Clown has failed like three times. So how about this, Sailor Clown? Just study next time. Yeah. I think Sailor Clown never studied, just keeps taking different drugs. Uh, if you can fucking pass. retake it, just keep retaking That's what it. I'm like, saying. What the hell's the deal? That, when they said that with the retaking it, it threw all of this out the window to me. It's like just a, a like driver's Adderall. test. Go it's like the driver's him. test. Yeah. Ask him to send you some Adderall, you know, and yeah. pay an international rate, you'll be fine. Yeah, now, I, I know, yeah. back in high school, my buddy Tuvu, I used to piss him off all the time. Here we go I, with I, the I, names. Tuvu. What's wrong, Tuvu? He was a, he was Tuvu. a Vietnamese guy, and I said, "Is it true that all Asian people like have to learn kung fu at an early age?" And it used to piss him off all the time. But here it seems that this, the people that need this brain boost, they all seem to know some kind of martial arts, and no, that's they maybe do. why they're not doing so well because that's why, all the time being well, that's why they're assassin. not doing well. They've been training too much with the kung fu. They, you know, they don't have any time to stop. Actually, have to do was two lying to me when he said no. Yeah, I, who knows? At one point, no, he, you he saw didn't want you to know that he could have shattered your spine if he was too moved. With the dim mock, he was too concerned with pot and mushrooms. Really? He know. didn't do the dim mock on your ass. I wanted him to do it all the Bottom time. Bottom brick. Yeah, even at the one point where uh, Barbara grabs Moth and starts screaming at her, "Was that book for real?" Oh, oh my like, god! I, is this story for real? And really, we're talking about this. I really was like, what the fuck am I am I looking at here? And and what's weird is, as we're talking about this, people listening may think, boy, they're not really going through the issue the way. Yes, we are. Because this is all that happens. It's Barbara fighting people and yelling at them if shit was real. Is that study guy? Yeah, yeah, the hard hat. She's yelling. That study guy in Moss Locker. 
Oh, are we, we going to talk about Frankie and her talking to Frankie? We yeah, did a little she, bit of that. Well, she airport. calls Frankie at the one point because she just yeah. she wants to hear her voice, and also she's trying to figure out the stuff with teacher, and also about Kai. And this Obviously, is where Frank tells her every Frankie tells her everything. But yeah, also Frankie can her, just hack into you know, anything. It seems. Watch, watch yourself out there. You, we, you, you know, you have a stupid brain. Then her whole scene in the hospital with Kai. Yeah. Who the fu- who 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 is that person? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't Kai know she's Batgirl? No. And if he didn't know before, how idiot. could he not know now? Yeah, I mean, he, now he's he, she knows his fucking first name. It's he, she's like she's like you know make sure nothing happens to Barbara Gordon. He's like, well, you're always protecting her. Wouldn't that doesn't that yeah seem odd to you, dude? Like what the it, hell's wrong? I'm with telling you, you, it always bothered me in like old just Spider-Man like, like comics where Spider-Man would go overseas, where like Peter Parker was assigned somewhere, yeah. and then Spider-Man would show up. Like, how is nobody putting this together? Yeah. That's it. You're busted. You're busted right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it, the whole the whole thing rang totally untrue to me, and like absolute bullshit. You know, I I could accept a lot of you know well. People, it, people pretending that all yes. egos don't exist. Well, even we, before, we play the game a little bit. Yeah, but this even is before that, the thing that I get, it's the fourth issue. We have yeah. been asking for some sort of like, what the fuck is going on here? And basically, Barbara just calls up Frankie out of nowhere. Frankie knows everything. And it's a, yep. it's a fucking info dump from Frankie yep. to the point where she's even talking about the experiments they did with this drug because she tapped into their mail room. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. And also, it's not, is it any surprise that Kai and the guy that, that she also knew before that, that started that company are pieces of shit? Cause no, it's not a surprise. Everybody used to, to me. know is a piece of shit. Yeah. Even and Frankie, that's when not. Frank, yeah, and Frankie even calls out, says, boy, when are you going to learn, uh, Barbara? You, Fugue was there. He was an old friend. Your friends suck. And yeah, and then it gets, it's so weird yeah. because you're getting this info dump and then all of a sudden, uh, a board meeting's going to happen and Frankie's like, Gotta go. I know. <laughs> what is going I on? I want you guys to realize something. This is issue four. Yeah. Last issue, we had Batgirl go to wherever she is now. I have no idea where, what part of the world it is. I just know she went on a plane and she went somewhere. It's in Korea. Now one, right? she has to go back to Shanghai. So we yeah. have spent two issues with Batgirl just being in airports going places. Yeah. 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 And what the remember fuck? in the remember in the airplane. But well, this is when she has her uh, Barbara Gordon thinking time because oh before. She had the idea of, uh, oh my God, I'm on a plane. Oh, it's techno fucking virus thing. Remember when this she just had the virus? This one. And, and this That's one, though. Those your time. Yeah. Well, this one is, you know what? I think that teacher is teaching some classes. So what I'll do is go online and see any ads for these classes out of nowhere. And she now, finds it. When when she go when, in the last issue when we found out that she had this epiphany that it's some kind of info virus that yeah. he's been like you know injected with information, I don't see how that correlates to a brain boost drug. Uh, Does anybody else? I'm well, and it's also I, hear, I think you pictured a nanites type situation, but I, I pictured like something where he was somehow he was somehow muling information like fucking you know like uh, trading secrets or well, some shit. Oh, here's the yeah. weird thing too that I when. What we who we think maybe teacher comes and she extracts it from him, correct? That's what you correct. think she does. Yeah. But then he has to point out later that oh, when I got the hospital and got these antibiotics, it destroyed everything. I was yep. I what? What are you talking about? You fucking idiot! It, 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 it's so yeah, stupid. It, it, yeah, I don't know how things work. I yeah, just... and then Barbara gives him a camera and off they go. She yeah. she flies off. 
Uh, she Don't goes bother back to Barbara Shang- Gordon anymore. You know, yeah. it's not me, though, even though I look exactly like her in a big old cow. But don't yeah. bother Barbara Gordon. Yeah, you're in love with a memory. That's something Batgirl would say to you. Like, what the, what the hell do you know, Batgirl? Look at yes. my face. And then I, what are you I, doing the, in Shanghai? Here was the best for me is she gets back. She goes back to Shanghai and she can't figure out what's going on. Some kid flashes a soda. And then to a yeah. cola thing, and yeah. then she realizes that's her epiphany. Oh my god! That's the ultimate Bill Dozier shit, yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, it soda. Really is. And she's like, "Oh, cola advertising. That's it." And then she sits See, down. Soda starts with an S. All right, yeah. I count. Yeah. An S, and so she when, goes when you to drink a, soda. You say, "Ah, now A starts with an A. Advertisement yeah. starts yeah. with an A." So she gets advertisement. <laughs> so she goes to a an internet cafe. Now the best thing to me is. This whole setup is Barbara Gordon should be realizing, oh, my God, these people are not, quote, unquote, villains, per se. They are kids, really, who just want to pass a test. Oh, my God. You know, it's led them to be villains. And they are bad people because they're doing it this way. But they still she knocks down the Internet in this cafe and this poor guy who was uploading his term paper now is going to fail. And now he's his life's ruined. And she's like at the. She's got we the had, craziest look on her face. We had this entire issue. I'm reading it, and the only thing I cared about, what, what, what was this guy's education now? Because yeah. she fucked him so yeah. bad by taking I'm the network you, away. We have been pushed, have been pushed so much during this whole issue about how the education system here is if you fail, you're done. This guy's done. He is yeah. done. He's ruined. That's yeah. all. He's a noodle because, salesman. Now. Because He's all yeah. I cared about. Yeah, because, and she's like, sorry, guys, but hey, it worked. I'm like, you bitch. I was you so fight. mad. And then she finds it. Oh, there it is. I found a teacher because it's the cram school. The last yep. chance cram school. Actually, last yeah. chance cram school was a gay porno I did once uh, after <laughs> oh, yeah. high school. I was I young and needed the money. I was fierce. young. I couldn't help it. But yeah, and I, it's me. That was the last chance. Oh, it was, I, I showed up in my scene. I show up and like, hey, who wants to cram? And all the guys <laughs> raise their hand. Come on, boys, let's rock. But yeah, it's so fucking stupid. But yeah, she and I also like too. She applies for the school. She actually it says click here for it. I guess maybe she doesn't. Maybe that's just to read it. Just get some information. I actually got the idea that she applied, but then just went as Batgirl to beat the shit out of people. Why not? Because she became an MMA fighter to find the goddamn moth. I'm like, why not? She goes to cram school. And there's Which, a by chemistry the way, I like set. That helpfully that it's it's labeled on the doorway yeah. in case you can't find it. Yeah. You're like, oh, here's your super secret assassin. School I like meeting. it too. You have last chance cram school on the door. That they must have spent all the money on that door because the whole thing is, is fucking bullshit. It's cracked walls. Oh yeah, it fucking yeah. It's looks like, it's like a bomb shelter or yeah, something. It, it looks know? to appear that it is cram school slash meth fucking hideout because <laughs> they're making shit right there and now, it's just stupid now when batgirl shows up she sees the teacher with a vial in her hand and she immediately throws a battering and breaks the vial yeah and all over the thing is though i gotta wonder because you know whenever i think of something like this it's something you have to ingest for it to work but now that like the teacher has the stuff on her hand she starts becoming i guess super smart she becomes different from whatever uh, thing she had but and kai had this inside of him like, yeah kai but had i think this he, i think he was a mule he had it in the condom eric it, it definitely yeah, it was, was something it, that a, was it was something like that although 
putting that in your stomach. In your stomach like is that, not the, the good worst route. Place. It's, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Whatever he added in, it's going to see where she yeah. had the stuff inside her, like stapled inside her stomach somehow. And yeah. I'm like, what? I don't understand. Well, the process really, here. like I've seen cops, those guys that have like shit in balloons and stuff. When they yeah. swallow them, you got to get their ass to the hospital because that balloon is going to fucking disintegrate in your stomach. Oh, acid, yeah. and That's you're why you tie OD. it to the back uh, tooth. You know, you get yeah. a little tie. A little well, I'll tell you, tied to the back. This reminds me of my my final scene in Last Chance. Cram school is what my character, <laughs> uh, Stud Walker, they called me. I oh, yeah. And I had to go up and I went up to the teacher and he's like, Hey, Stud, what's going on? I'm like, Listen, uh, do you have my test scores? And he's like, oh, You know what? You failed. I said, Listen, I'll do anything to pass. And he, So you shall. And that was the end. That was my final scene. Wow. I got out of the porn business. I like that. I, I like a cliffhanging ending like yes, that. Yes, it was. The, it just know, went. There was going to be Last Chance Cram School 2. Um, yeah. The funding didn't go well. Yeah, it it was not a very good no Well, first off, it was a gay porn starring me. So that that's, <laughs> that was the one, one bad strike against it right away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, it ends with this teacher just going insane. It's, yeah, her eyes become pink and she becomes menacing looking. All right. you know, I, you know, how did Batgirl know that there was this serum was in that vial? It could have been fucking nitroglycerin. It could have been, been anything. It could have been yeah. a, like, hydrochloric acid. Like, and really, it could have been too. her insulin. I don't and know. you know what else it could have been? It could have been some sort of formula that is going to make her insane and kill her. Why did she do it no matter what it was? If, if it was a fucking... since the fact that we find out that the guy who Kai was working for already promised the formula to this yeah. mob boss, and now since Kai doesn't have the formula anymore, the mob boss wants his money back, but the other guy yeah. took off the money. So now Barbara Gordon either has to get the fucking money, which she She's says she'll do, from the or, floor. you know, or get the formula, which yeah. she just destroyed here. She just destroyed, so... It's just, it's terrible. It really is. It's not good. I, I really, uh, I don't know. The art was okay in this issue. It was a little better, I thought. I love uh, the art a lot more than, than you guys. And, and I actually that, don't mind the art in this issue. And I, I, I agree that it was definitely better than last issue also, you know. Yeah. So well, I think we're, we're all in accord that it seems much more polished and, you know, stylistic in this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll and, tell you, uh, the, the best art that I think that this whole entire series has had and like we said before, we, me and Eric love Raphael Albuquerque. It's just an sure odd art. But when she actually fucks that guy with the term paper and then says, sorry, guys, but hey, it worked. Yeah. I thought that that page was awesome. I think that was really good. Uh, but really, well, and, hell, and even, even in when she costume, shows up in the hospital room, like besides for one yeah. panel, I think that whole thing looks great. She looks yeah. great in the Batgirl costume, yeah. except for when it's really close up. But she looks I agree. badass. Even, the, even though she's not acting like... You know, Batgirl as we know her, the the images are are great. Yeah. I, I thought it was spectacular. This yeah, time, I'm looking through it now. When she actually leaves the hospital, even it's awesome. Yeah, it when looks she cool. She flies off. The kids are looking. Looks really great. Oh yeah, yeah that looks that looks like a page. cover right there. Yeah, that's the awesome. Ben dots. It could be a cover, sure. Yeah, but the but, uh, uh, the story is just nonsense. It yeah, really it has is. it has problems. It has storytelling. Well, it, it's almost like issues. Uh, Hope Larson. Like wants to do something but can't figure it out and then loses track and then has to get back on track quick with these dumps and and these like you said Bill Dozier moments where she paints herself into a corner and then has to get yeah. out and it just it is not a great story at all. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it just like with uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, uh, mainly based on art. I gave it a six out of ten. Now I'm gonna go with you on this one, a six out of ten. I'm just so fed up with this story. 5.5 out of 10 cool. again. Yeah. It, it's weird. Usually, Reggie, you have all the positive books. Not yeah, this I know. 
Yeah, this week you got a bunch of crap. But uh, the next one, the last part of this section, actually, I did enjoy, but enjoyed it a little less than what we have been getting as well. But uh, what I would say that too. Uh, that one is Suicide Squad number five, written by Rob Williams, art by Jim Lee, Scott Williams, Jonathan Gladbeon, Sandra Hope, Alex Sinclair. Backup art by Stephen Byrne. Back at Bell Rev, the question of what to do with the gigantic raging Kryptonian comes up, and the solution is to worry about it later. Pack wants to be a member of the Suicide Squad, but lacks that certain cranium bomb that makes the club so exclusive. But the real story here is the budding relationship between June Moon and Killer Croc, which might answer some of the most intriguing and repulsive questions about just how much of Croc's body is covered by scales. Yes. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure, Reggie. I, I, do you think there's scales on his cock? Let's just, I mean. I definitely the think there of, are scales the on his cock. Yes. What does a lizard have for a dick? I've, That's well, not here's the deal. I've never out. seen a crocodile's cock. I've never yeah, seen it. That's never that's the question. It. Whatever cock a, croc, a crocodile has, that almost sounds like an old nursery rhyme. You know, whatever cock <laughs> what a crocodile What cock does a crocodile have? <laughs> uh, while you're talking, I'm looking it up. Well, yeah, uh, so a picture. I would say whatever whatever Killer Croc has would be a, an enlarged version of that. I'm thinking now on about the it list. enlarged. Did any of you fucks ever realize that General Zod was gigantic in the series? No, I, I, it was I weird. It was just, I, think, I thought it was a stylistic choice. So did I? They kind of spell it out that it's something that has happened. It's weird. They kind of spell it out that it's something. Oh, I put a crocodile cock. And it automatically gave me crocodile cocktail, and I was wondering what the fuck it was showing me. That's why oh, it didn't give you crocodile claw. Did you know that an alligator, it looks like, has a permanently erect penis, but that's not, you know, crocodile. Crocodile he penis eats his fish. Pe- his doctor. Crocodile. Cro- I'm done. I assume I, they're <laughs> sheathed until they have to mate, right? I mean, that's. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean, want to talk about I mean, crocodile cocks. another crocodile. You gotta I don't know. I, that's I, probably I, what the rolling around is for. We gotta learn more about this. We do. I think we, to SeaWorld, gentlemen. Yes, off we go. SeaWorld <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, the the thing about this issue is it is the start of a new arc that that we were talking about that that kind of surprised you. I think I you even mentioned it in your review. It was review. solicited. Yeah, it was yeah. solicited as part five of the Black Vault, but and it is be, not. Yes, it is because it of. is the first part of a new story. I don't know if we can give it a little benefit because it is a lot of setup and a lot of nothing. It really is. This whole thing is set up for Zod. They're trying to get him on the team and they want to put a fucking bomb in his head and whatever. Uh, but really not a lot else happens besides what you said. Well, Harley acts crazy. They, they, uh, Deadshot almost kills her and Amanda Waller has to remind him that they have bombs in their head, and basically then you get June Moon and Croc uh, kind of, you know, bonding together about stuff. And, and, get, and you get hack also. And you get yeah. hack, but everything I, 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 is kind I, of a this setup. Is, this, is, this is a, yeah, that's all it is. It, this is a characterization issue, and I definitely yeah. gave it the benefit of the doubt as the it's beginning okay. of, of a I, arc, I don't mind it. Like it. Remember, the beginning of uh, Suicide Squad, all they did was get launched up into space and come yeah. down and croc. I laughed and we my liked ass it. off. Yeah, and it, it was, was fun. And I enjoyed this, too, in the same way. I wouldn't say I, it was as good. Maybe it's not as exciting because it's not the first one. But, yeah. you know, it was the same thing. A lot of funny interactions. A lot of, like, I don't know, cool, mean Amanda Waller moments where she's basically, you know, showing how far yeah. she'll go to manipulate her uh, squad. Yeah, I, I'll um, tell God. you. 
the one thing that uh, puts me down in the score uh, rating for me is that I really don't care about Hack, and I really don't care about trying to force her into the team. Yeah. She's Jim, we know she's I know she's not a strong woman. Matter. Hack lives matter. <laughs> yes, hack lives. I, I just she's not very interesting to me. I thought that that was just a means of, to an end to get she, out. She wants of to be Harley prison. Quinn with us. She wants to be Harley downloads. Quinn. And I thought I, her backup was was pretty. Even though it kind of got a little like iffy. Where, you know, I guess we'll talk about that maybe in a minute. Yeah, but yeah, it, you know, that's, it, I but, thought her backup was a lot. And and her whole thing about I don't know the idea of Harley Quinn being a celebrity in this universe. Yeah. It's interesting. You it know is I mean? interesting because to me. I think that Hack is only here to further the notion that Harley isn't as crazy as we think and isn't as bad as we want her to be or, or think she would be because Hack wants to be a super villain with Harley. Hey, I'll get you out of here. We'll get it. You know, I'll take care of it. I can do all this stuff. Right? And her powers are kind of. I don't know, up in the air, she can kind of turn them into internet uh, fucking data and travel through that. Yeah. Uh, she has this crazy matrix thing with the spoon, Dalkinor. Uh But yeah, in the yeah, meantime... Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I don't either. But in the meantime, well, I think Harley... That, I, think that's, I think that's what's to be revealed, that Hack yeah. is yes. not as reliable as, as no. we might hope she is. And you know? she is seems like she's a little bit of a loose cannon, but this is where Harley is... We're getting the idea, I think, because she's the celebrity... Hack wants to be like her. This is giving you this whole thing where Harley is telling them, like, listen, you know, you're listening to the PR. This isn't really me. The shit that you think I did or how I am, that's not the real person. I'm the real person. I don't want to be that fucking caricature. caricature. I, that's not me anymore. And I don't mind that. But we've already had it in, in the old Suicide Squad book, and it's getting yeah. here. And just Hack with this. It just doesn't interest me. And well, even the, with the, I said we have the hack backup. We're going to her full backstory. Amanda Waller's talking to her like she is with yeah. every other character in the backstory. Yeah. But I, she wants to be Harley Quinn because her being crazy, the crazy equals chaos, which is freedom, and yeah. that's what she wants. But I don't really see that development in Hack's backstory where she became this crazy character. Yeah, she got some freaking diamonds to like tattooed on her face. But besides yeah. that, I don't see any correlation between I want to be a supervillain because Harley, because I don't see those two being anything alike. Basically, well, basically, she found the comic. To be in this gang, in this gang, you got to get a body, Holmes. You know what I mean? That's you got to right. bring a body. Are you doing? You had nothing. <laughs> you nothing, man. Uh, but yeah, it really is the whole thing. Like at her worst time, or she was down, and she found a Harley comic, and that made her dream of being something else. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And her brother got killed from an infection, getting fucking shot. And yeah, she had an awful deal. I'll tell you when. We went from the comic because the Zod stuff does interest me enough. We just don't get enough of it. No, uh, no. You know, I'm wanting to see what happens. I want him to go nuts. I want so to all see we if he's going to be have on the Zod team. Zod passed out and the scientist saying the magnetics are off the chart. Yeah, twice. Like, all right. Twice oh, yeah. or three all, times. All those guys are going to become wall paste next, Definitely. next yeah. issue. I guarantee And that's you what know, I wanted to see. And yeah. yeah, that's where even uh, that uh, Flag says, because this is the flag, Rick Flag's development is – that, yeah, he's the leader of a piece of shit suicide squad, but he's made the promise to himself. Nobody else is going to die like his old squad did, but yet Boomerang died. 
and he died because of Zod. And now he yep. sees Amanda Waller wanting to bring Zod in the team. He doesn't want anything with it. And basically, at the end, the cliffhanger of the regular deal looks to be him shooting Waller. He's like, I'm not going to let yeah. you do this. We obviously know that's not the case. Uh, whatever he's something shooting. Something will happen. But yeah. He's yeah, shooting awesome. something. Also, going back to that Zod bit, like I was telling you, I never got the idea before this that he was gigantic Well, for some reason doing with this Phantom Zone, but I also never got the idea that he killed Boomerang. I thought it was this Phantom Orb itself yeah. that killed him. Yeah, it but now that like, it's like, oh no, he's gigantic think, and he killed Boomerang. Hoped, I think you hoped, Eric, that he didn't yes. kill Boomerang. I didn't yeah. even get that idea reading the issues. Well, and again, like, if, if they are and using this book... Yes. If they're using we this book to set up the Suicide you. Squad versus the Justice League, then Zod makes complete sense. They need oh, yeah. some heavy hitter, uh, and that would make sense. I do think that Zod also may have an idea of how Boomerang's going to come back because he's in those solicits. At some point, it looks yeah. like he, he's going to come back, and you would think maybe Zod knows that. But, yeah, there's a weird thing that they even say about Zod being big because of this, you know, this mini Phantom Zone. And also they're like, oh, we thought Superman was the only one. It's very quick. And again, it's all just set up. And yeah, and it's, it's also it's great, though, I think. I mean, I, I think it's fine because obviously then you can it really depends how they want to write Zod. They can write yeah. Zod as a very fun, interesting, you know, violent and funny character, almost like yeah. a almost like a. I don't know, a uh, well-spoken Lobo, if they want to. Well, you know, I was, it it's funny you say that. I was thinking of him. It could be like Lobo joining, uh, you know, Stormwatch, where it seems cool, or it could go really bad. But uh, I do yeah. think if you play him like a Lobo, it uh, would work out for me. I think that would be pretty cool. I just don't know if we'll get that because all they keep telling us is how insane the Phantom Zone has made him, and he just yeah. fucking, like, you know, just yells out shit and tries to kill everything in sight. Yeah, but they have some sort of, they're doing some sort of experiment. I don't down. know. Yeah, I don't know. And then in the backup, like we said, I, when I saw the backup, because usually when I get these issues and I'm reading, I have no idea who the backup is. I don't think Eric does as well, right, when you're nope. reading it. No. So when we get there, a lot of times it's like, oh, man, that's cool. This was not cool for me. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, really? We're getting the backup of this? I, you know, I might want uh, Killer Croc. Way Damn right, June this. Moon. Yeah, or June Moon. I don't want hack, but it, it leads into what the story's gonna be. Obviously, yeah. this is setting up where she's gonna go nuts or whatever, and Harley is gonna be the one who probably stops her. Um, but yeah, it was okay. The big thing in that was the reveal of her, uh, hack has got all the info from Bell Rev and knows about some tragedy that happened with, uh, you know, Amanda Waller, which Amanda Waller shuts that down right away. Like, yeah, I, I like that. that. You know, interview Waller, over. Uh, uh, we got viruses too. Yeah. So. And I, I, also, I like I mean, it I though like because. The fact that she, she comes from like a horrible. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the international aspect of her background, she comes from a horrible slum and like uh, the general, the idea that she was able to trap her tormentors in a cell yeah. phone. Like, it kind of reminded me actually of like the Superman Phantom, Phantom Zone. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it reminded me of the Phantom Zone. Uh, even though, even though it's, it's incredibly stupid and it's obviously none of this would ever, would ever work, but that's the fantasy of it, you know? And, yeah. and I, I, I definitely wouldn't, you know, I definitely say this was probably the weakest backup in memory, uh, even art wise. The art is not bad, but it's not really yeah. anything that's too special. 
Yeah. But I did enjoy it. I thought it was cool. No, the be- the reason I liked it was because the others, like even when Boomerang, Boomerang had that funny one where he's Great. telling his superhero, yeah. you know, I was like James Bond. I like this because it kind of gets thrown in Waller's face and then she shuts it down and then mm-hmm. walks away. So I did like that also. Her shutting it down was cool. You know, I always yeah. like to see that. And yeah, it yeah. also, to me, it points out that like this means – that Waller now is going to take special attention to figure out what's going on with her. Also, I don't know. Did we? I want to see when she gets a neck bomb because she doesn't seem to have one yet. Yeah, that black man that. didn't have one. He was on the team in the previous I know. series. And again, she uh, this hack is very much like that because it seems like she wants to volunteer. She yeah. wants to, then the, that's hardly like you can't do that. Uh, but it seems that's where she wants to go. Uh, but again, it's a very quick read. The Suicide Squad book is probably one of the, it, you know, consistently quick reads of all yep. the ones that we do. Uh, but yet I look forward to it all the time. Me as this well. one was a little down for me though. It, it really well. was. It didn't Johnny, have. What's my favorite part of this book is when June Moon's just painting and she's talking to yeah. Waylon because he has a cell across the way. And my, they're like, I'm used to this book giving me funny lines that make me laugh out loud. And yeah. the only time I had this was with her interaction with Killer Croc. It's like, Croc, uh, why did you save me? It's like, like, uh, uh, I eat everything. That's all I do. I did not. I don't want to eat you. And she's like, you know what, Croc? I don't want to eat you either. Yeah. Oh, That's fucking I, good. I thought that was getting sexy. I, I thought that he, I know eat you. Listen, I heard about They're you not type into of oral. people. I, you're not into oral. Me. Crocodiles are That's not into breaker. oral sex. They, they just aren't. She knows That's that. Funny. She is a learned person. And uh, <laughs> she would know that. And it, she, I think that maybe she's a little upset about that. She's into that, but she knows Croc isn't. Who so. isn't? And, and then she returns the favor. Though. She's like, you don't know, know for me, no for you. There you go. Just like my marriage. But uh, uh, what did you give it, Reggie? <laughs> uh, I definitely gave it the benefit of the doubt being the opening of an arc, uh, and I did enjoy it a lot. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I actually would give it a 6.5. All right, I, I love the art still. I even like the backup art, even though I wasn't too keen on Hack getting, getting in spotlight so fast, but it is you know what we're dealing with going forward. But I would think I would give this a 7 out of 10. I just didn't have the okay. laughs that I wanted, no, except I didn't for either. that freaking Killer Croc and June Moon moment. Yeah. All right. But yeah, that I again, I didn't mind it. I maybe I'd even go as high as a seven. Actually, if I talk, I did like the art, but it just the whole time I I just didn't have the fun that I was having before. I'm gonna stay yeah. with the six five. Uh, okay. But we're gonna move off to our last bit of mail section and then come back with Reggie with three more of his books. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah! It's mail with Jim. Oh yeah! It's I would say if we were going to have a uh, a video of that at the end, that's a fist bump that explodes, Eric. <laughs> fist bumping. I don't know why you'd fist bump me because we don't need no Eric Shea, but still. Oh. 
I think we'd be dancing. Actually, I think through the whole video of that would be me and you running away from explosions. Like kind of jogging in place with, I, the thing with is, a green screen. That song, I just do the explosion like I'm doing my own fist bump explosion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Time. We would be running in place like really bad. And you'd see explosions <laughs> and shit behind us. And then at the end, we'd fist bump, explode, and then we would explode. And oh, even though great. we're just running in place, I am sweating profusely. Oh, yeah, sweating. And then for some reason, I'm eating fucking all dressed chips. Yeah, <laughs> shit all over me. <laughs> It'd be so good. So good. But this is mail section number four. We're going to start with a email from G. This is the second of the night. G says, hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I just finished Vigilante Southland number one. I'm sorry. I had to write in about it. I had a hard time believing that a pothead like Donnie, who loves shooting hoops, playing video games, and getting high, would get off his ass and start solving the murder of his girlfriend. I have friends that are potheads, and the only thing that motivates them to get off the couch is a taco More truck. pot. And so I have expected that after Donnie's girlfriend was murdered, within a few, for few first few pages of this issue, that he would start turning to much harder drugs like heroin <laughs> to get over his grief. However, he shaves his curls, starts going through the streets of L.A. to look for his girlfriend's killer, just like O.J., I thought yeah. Phillips did a nice job with the dialogue since Donnie's friends talk with a ghetto accent, but the professors at the school he worked at spoke more professionally, so the characters besides Donnie were well realized. Uh, the artwork also has a very urban feel, and living in L.A. myself, I have to say that still you looked and felt like South Central in L.A. It's a good setup issue, and depending on how the next issue goes, this issue can actually go up a half a point. Or drop a half a point for me. So if it went up a half a point for me, Eric, it would be a 4.5. Yeah. I think that's what I gave it. Maybe a 4.5 I, I can't remember. I gave it a 4. <sighs> Not good. Since I am at the point where the writer has to really convince me that Donnie could be a crime-fighting superhero someday, I would give it a 7 out of 10. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say <laughs> about it, too. You, you might not be happy, G. I fucking hated it. I, it's one of those where I was reading it when I got done, and I said, some people we talked to like that Dead Man yeah. uh, comic. Yeah, there was I another like one. Enough. When I get done, I'm like, why the fuck did I waste my time? <laughs> it's really, we get the book. I thought so when you I can't, got done, thank I'm, God yeah, that I'm you not, this. Yeah, I'm not going to fake it that I say, oh, I wasted my money. No, I didn't. I got it free, and I still was pissed that I read it. And that, yeah. That's when you know that we, we don't like a book. Uh, but thanks, G. I'm glad somebody likes it. Yeah. Somebody. I can't wait to see those sales numbers. Uh, the next one is Brian from Arkansas wrote in again. Hey, guys, what a week it was to be a Wonder Woman fan. What are you I know, talking right? about? 75th anniversary special was amazing. And Liam Sharp has become my new favorite artist after issue nine. Wonder Woman rules. That's all. Brian Weston, Conway, Arkansas. Thank and you, Brian. I, I thought the art was really good. So JT. Good. JT writes, what's cooking, guys? Hey, Jim What's Such going on, guys? Another great week of comics. I just got my Diamond Preview book, and I am already applying for a loan for the month of January. <laughs> DC is putting a shit ton of books out. It's insane, yet pleasing to me as a reader. I'm actually going to start dropping some Rebirth titles. I haven't dropped a single one yet, but this coming pre-order, I will, do dro I will be dropping some. Which titles am I dropping, Eric? You're asking me? What do me? you think? Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. No, he says, first title is Harley Quinn. Oh. Uh. Uh, I do have a lot of fun with this title, but I'm not a huge fan of Harley. I, I think that Harley, it sells tons. Yeah, but yeah. if you are going to have to, you know, really buckle down and pick one, it is kind of easy to give up because you do get a lot of the same. Oh, yeah, uh, Reggie, 
Reggie likes that. Reggie likes to know he's going to get a lot of the same. But when you're, you have books and you have to drop one, you kind of can just cut out of Harley for I'm say, six months and come back and you're, you're right in again. If, it, if I'm picking up Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn, I'm yeah. keeping Suicide Squad and dropping Harley. Yeah. I like that Harley better I'm over there. I'm telling you, he mentions one that I think is on everybody's list. This title doesn't do anything uh, that will move the DC universe forward. And he's right. It really isn't. It's, no. It doesn't seem like an essential title, Harley Quinn. This title is meant for Harley fans. Therefore, it will be my first drop. My second drop is a toss-up between Superwoman and Supergirl. Superwoman has got to be that on. I would know. drop that something fierce. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's just I can't see that surviving. I feel like Superwoman might have a bigger part to play than Supergirl. I'm not enjoying either. But if I had to choose between the two, just based on the mere quality of the book, it would be Supergirl. So he wants to drop Supergirl. I would, if you ask me... And I really had to pick. I, I'd drop them both, and I'd save a couple bucks. I really wouldn't. Maybe there's a book that you want to, you know, get into or, or try out. Uh, you know, like the new Superman book. Maybe people aren't. I'll say it seems that. right now that he's picking all this up. Yeah. What's that? He's, what, picking, he's picking up every issue. Everything. Yeah, it seems that. But yeah, he. But it's funny. I haven't heard anybody really say that they were reading the new Superman and dropping it because it's been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Supergirl is one of those that's just weird, but Super Superwoman is just not good. Yeah, I Which one would you guys choose? If I had to pick between the two, I would say drop Superwoman. Supergirl would be second. And uh, I don't think either of those are really uh, going to tie into anything important either. But uh, Cyborg seems to be dropping to a monthly shipment, according to the previews. Really? Hmm. So that's a good thing. We'll have to see. I didn't know that. That will free up some spot on my pull list. Hellblazer will be my third book I'm dropping. That's another. It's just nothing really is happening. Yeah. I'm picking up Constantine since the new 52, and I always thought it was a book that wouldn't be missed. Uh, I think I'm finally taking the necessary measures to drop. What the fuck, Blue Beetle? I don't want to drop this title, but Keith Giffen is poking me in the chest. I hate the heavy dialogue. It's boring and easily forgotten. The heavy dialogue takes away from the book. It is one of the biggest issues I have with Scooby Apocalypse. Batgirl versus Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Oh, Batgirl versus Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I am struggling with this one, too. I like the Birds of Prey more, but I can't see myself dropping Batgirl. I've been picking this title up since the New 52. I might be deciding on Batgirl by Hope Larson and hope that the writer might leave soon. I hate this idiotic, attention-seeking, social media addict Batgirl so much. Before you even ask, I'm not dropping the Justice League. Even though the story is messier than a monster destroying Gotham City, I can't see myself doing it. I might be thinking about some other titles, but this is what I have so far. I do hope some books would drop from bi-weekly to single shipment. And that's another one he says, such as Deathstroke. That really could be a monthly as well. Yeah, seriously. Well, we were talking about that earlier. Although he's one of my favorite characters, two books just don't make sense. Cyborg, which I believe it already happened. Harley Quinn, I'm dropping, though. Suicide Squad and Nightwing. Let me know which books you guys would drop from bi-weekly. A lot of people want to, you know, the bi-weekly yeah. books. I'm not enjoying Nightwing. Dick Grayson, favorite character. I forgot character. all about it, honestly. Uh, Nightwing, I would probably, I wouldn't be reading right now. No, I neither would, would I. That. I and would drop both Batgirl and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey at this moment. Yeah. It's where I just, I think that Batgirl better get her ass back to at least Burnside. I yeah. want her back in Gotham. Me as Gotham well. proper. I want to share some news with you guys about New York Comic Con. I meant to write this on my first email I sent to you guys, but totally forgot. I intended the Superman family panel. Peter J. Tomasi, Steve Orlando, Phil Jimenez, and I am forgetting the one artist's name, not Patrick Gleason. Well, anyway, these guys said some interesting stuff that Demon I'd like to share. 
Uh, it might be. Here it goes. Crypto. I remember one of you guys asking why Tomasi picks this crypto. Well, someone asked that very question, and Tomasi answered that it was simply because he wanted to. That was the crypto that he and everyone loved. Is that good uh, enough for you? I guess. I still okay. want to see that goddamn. I like that big wolf dog. You'll never see it again. I ever. know. He's gone. Is there a super crossover with all the super titles? They said no. Not even one in the talks. Uh, they know eventually it will happen, but not in the planned future. Last one. Where is Connor? They answered with, we have plans for him. And Good. that's all they'll say. I would like to see the return of Connor Kent. So would I. I only read one DC title this week, and that was Teen Titans number one. I did enjoy this book. The rebirth was a setup of recruiting the team, and this issue was a setup of making the team. I love when Damien said to the team that he doesn't have any friends. Looks like Damien has a soft spot. He is in need of some friends. Thank God he made that wish when he blew his birthday <laughs> candles. I also love how he got the team together and showed them that their true strengths is working with each other. How fucked up is Raja Ghoul? Happy birthday, Damien. Here's a dead Robin for you to play with. Or, and by the way, I'm going to kill you if you don't come visit me. Crazy shit. Well, guys, until next week, Grandpa's keep going true. Thank you for all of your hard work, JT. And he says, P.S. I would rather have baby shit on me than any other shit. I couldn't count the times I was covered in shit from my son while I was changing his messy diaper. I was so accustomed to it, it didn't bother me anymore. I think only parents would understand this shitty matter. It is true. It's, it's a weird shit. It doesn't stink fully. Did we talk about this? Before? No, no. He's just telling us. He, okay. he knows that we like this talk. Uh, I remember, Zach, whenever I think of baby shit, I have five boys. But yet, if I think baby shit, Zach, that's all I think of because, boy, the movie he theater? blew everywhere. He blew out so many goddamn diapers anywhere he was. I remember when we had Zach, Alex, I guess, would have been like four. Uh, so he was a little older. And for some reason, my wife, Tanya, she was really against leaving Zach with me alone. I don't know why. I had already been with Because you're a bad you know, father. It's weird. Like, it was one of those things like people uh, say they have that, uh, you know, postpartum depression. Yeah. She has a thing where she just doesn't want to leave. She thinks that if she leaves the baby, it's not even just me that, that is going to do something. It's just she thinks shit's going to go wrong. And shit went wrong the first time she did. I remember she, <laughs> we were sitting there and she's like, you know what? I'm going to go get some groceries or whatever. Are you going to be okay? And it was like one of these like, are you sure? I'm like, what do you mean? Am I sure? This is our second kid, you know? So she leaves immediately fucking Zach and probably was four months old fucking blew out his diaper so much that shit was coming out the fucking top <laughs> collar all over. So I had to, you know, and really, you can't do anything about it. You're going to get shit on you. So I'm, I'm fucking taking his stuff off. And the, the bad thing is, is you don't want to slip things off of the baby and get shit all over their face and stuff. So you're trying to get this thing. And then I was giving him a bath. And then she came home. And just went ballistic on me right? <laughs> that somehow I did it and I did something. But boy, and it wasn't. And I remember this story. And there's not any part in the story where I was like gagging or or stuff like that. Uh, at that same point, Alex had a big thing. It's funny if he would hear this, he'd kill me. But he had a big thing where he, when he first learned to go to the bathroom by himself, when it, you know he's yeah. going on the toilet. He, he got that very quick and Zach really did. Like Zach didn't like, if he had a little shit in his diaper, he'd cry and wanted it out. So he really, he was potty trick quick. But Alex had a thing where he learned to go to the bathroom very easily, 
wasn't a strong wiper. <laughs> so what he would do is he'd go to the bathroom for years at seemed. He'd go to the bathroom, and then he'd be at the top of the stairs. I'd be downstairs. He's like, Dad, Dad, come here. And as I'm walking up the stairs, he gets down and squats over and fucking spreads his butt cheeks. Am I clean? Am I clean? I'm like, God damn it. Jesus Christ. He, I, and I had to sit there and teach him how to read the paperwork. Afterwards, I'm like, you just cut fucking wipe until it's it, there's nothing there. He couldn't get it. Couldn't get the concept. But yeah, all my other kids, it's like a blur then. After Zach blowing out all those diapers, eh, then I had fucking three more kids. I don't know. I think that I was just going through the fucking motions. <laughs> it's like today. They're like, I love you, Dad. I'm like, which one are you? I, I got to get out of my rolling. Hey there, medium-sized boy. Hey there, champ. Way to go. Do you have fun at your ball game? Now, if I had, I if I had to, to be covered in shit, it would have to be my own. I'm like, for really? some reason, I'm telling you, I will gag at any kind of shit. If it's my own, no problem. I could cover myself head to toe. I don't know. I, I was in the okay. bathroom at work. Oh, you know what? I still have that. Uh, that time that we both had to go to the bathroom at the same time, and you said you were going to have diarrhea, and I taped it. I made a tape of it, and you hear you like, oh, God, and you hear you yelling. I don't know. It didn't sound very solid that day, so I don't know that I want to be bathing in your shit. It fucking stinks. It yeah, does. Baby, baby shit's probably probably the best, I would say. I don't know. Maybe bird shit. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I've gagged a lot changing diapers. Just imagine like a ton of bird shit. That'd be wonderful. Now, here's the thing, though. A newborn baby shit is, is a lot better than, you know, later on. Once they right. start making some real ass shit, then it, then shit gets wrong. But yeah, I, uh, I would stay away from that. But yeah, thank you, JT. That was a, uh, way to remind <laughs> me of a lot of shit. But we're going to go back to the, uh, bricks, butt cheeks. And then we'll see you in a second. I'm going to go get a drink. I'll be right back. And we're back. Hello. We're back, and I I told you guys when we went to a little break, I was going to get a drink. I did not. So my my throat. Nice. Still Why? Because I, I was too busy. Uh, damage control. <laughs> Tanya heard me say about my marriage and the the cost trouble. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and actually, uh, if you heard, uh, if you listen closely, when I say that, you hear her yell at me. But it was very, uh, she was very far away. So, <laughs> so you, you, if you want to listen uh, closely, you'll have that. But, uh, we have the other three books of Reggie's and it kind of continues the trend where there's, there's yeah. one that I like and two that I'm not so fond of. Uh, but yeah, yeah we'll but start... I'd say it really kind of falls off a cliff here, to be honest well, with you, for yeah. the old Regmeister. Yeah. That's the Reg, me. the Regmeister did not have great books this week. No. And I don't think fact, Regmeister had great books last week either. I don't know because when I did the picks of the week, they, he certainly thought he did. Jesus <laughs> Christ! But yeah, uh, when I was picking them this week or grabbing them because on the picks of the week on the website, it's eight and above. You still had more than me, Reggie. You, you still yeah. had a couple. Uh, you had a bad week. Yeah. So we're going to start though with one that you really love and actually is one of the, the quote unquote Reggie books supreme of the yeah. site. And yeah, you were, you were a little down on this one. And what was that? It was the Hellblazer number three written by Simon Oliver, art by Moritat, Moritat and Andrei Shamanovich. Oh yeah. What'd Mercurius, you call him? 
<laughs> Samovich. That's S- what I thought he said. Samanovich. Samanovich? Samanovich. Son of a bitch. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Samanowitz, maybe. Something How about like that? This. Samanowitz. Go on. Manischewitz. Mercury is falling hard for Swamp Thing, who has just one nagging flaw. He can't stop fucking talking about his ex-girlfriend, Abby. Mercury Mercury agrees to visit the rot with Swampy to find her, an act that will surely resign her to the friend zone. Meanwhile, a random crazy guy in a hard hat tells John Constantine that prehistoric Jin are looking to usurp humanity, which is sort of like telling an airline airline pilot the new regulations for deep-sea diving. (laughs) Is what the hell does he care? Yes. This is a guy who imperils humanity every issue, you know? Yeah. But like, as he tells the series, the guy who always keeps his promises, right, Reg? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> promises to constantly, constantly banish people to other dimensions in hell. It's a raven? Pretty yes. much, pretty much. <laughs> I'm not going to have a lot to say here. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm even paging through it right now, and there's a lot, a lot of talking in this here book. Yeah, and well, it's always I, it's always been a talky book, but, yeah. there, but at least there were scenes, you know, there should be scenes of him actually like doing magic every it's, every issue yeah. or something. But. It's weird in this book because I really like the new art we get here. I don't think that I Mercury, like the art. I, I can't remember that Mercury looked the way she does here in previous issues. I like the way she looks here though. Everything looks great except for Chaz for some reason. I don't yeah. know what the deal is if the artist didn't like Chaz because everybody else has decent cartoony detail. Chaz has two dots for eyes, and that's it. He really does seem almost like, yeah, under-detailed, but maybe he just felt like, you know, just banging the scene out. Uh, it's it's, there's it's so only much detail. Chaz, though. It's so weird. I know, because the guy with the red hair, the uh, the bookie, looks fine or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really strange. I think there's so much detail on the exterior shot in the first panel yeah. that his hand, his hand got tired. You know, <laughs> that happens. It got tired. I, I like do. every brick in the other. I the like the art a lot. So, and like Eric yeah. said, I think, and it's weird. There's the one panel where Mercury is in like a, a shadow and that looks a lot like the Mercury we have gotten in the last couple issues, but throughout the whole thing, she looks great. And yeah. I really like how Swamp Thing looks. I actually, beside, like you said, besides Chaz, the art in general is, is really, really I good. I dig the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah it, and it works in a way that I don't, I don't think I, I expected at least, but it really works well, uh, you know, it to, to convey maybe because this story is basically a lot of people standing around talking. Yeah. yeah. It, it can work fine. Uh, you know, I really want to see a little more motion going on. At least last issue, he spent half of it running away from two guys, so that yeah. was <laughs> The djinn. That's yeah. right. As we, as we learn now, they were the djinn, the genie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, you're going you're gonna to have to do most of the talking, I said. I'm gonna all right, sit, I'll tell you right I'm going to sit here yeah, and so, listen to you. So, you know, Swamp Thing, you know, and Abby have a deal that as long as Abby is sitting on her throne in the rot, he can go hang out in the rot unmolested. But uh, because... Because they've got this connection, she, she's he can sense that she's vanished, and he needs Mercury to help find her. Because I don't know, she has powers or something. I'm That's not really thing. sure. She, there is something to her. I was telling you, it's from yeah. the old goddamn Vertigo book. I don't know the character off the top of my head or what she. It seems like she can walk to, between worlds, like the fairy folk and whatnot. It, and it seems to also imply like she has a connection to the Red, which would kind of make. I don't know, maybe, you know, it, at one point he's telling her about the different, you know, the different worlds, the green, yeah. the red, the rot. And that's one thing, by the way, that did tremendously piss me off is th- they seem to have wiped away all of Charles Soule's yeah. thing about well, yeah, you had the gray. universe. Yeah, you know, yeah there, the there was gray. the gray, the fungus, the machine world. The and machine. There was like, 
the world of story, oh, and, he, and it also that, implied... He shut that shit down with the machines, though. That's, that's funny. I, for, I forgot <laughs> all true. about this story. I forgot all about that. It, I really, really liked it. It pissed me off. I was just like, oh, you're just going to like do away with that? Although he does sort of... There is a sentence that sort of leaves it open. That There you know, are other worlds. There yeah. are other... And know, here's so. the thing. Again, we are in Rebirth, so they want to focus on the... You know, the legacy of the things. Hopefully, though, it gets back to that. And that should be now, to me, that should be part of the legacy because it was so awesome. Uh, I I loved it. Uh, But, yeah, I think that, like you said, they mentioned that and aside, maybe for another writer down the road to explore it again. It's just uh, left open. I don't. We don't need to deal, deal with yeah. it right now. No, but you can put pieces together, realize this is what I'm talking about. To me, life. though, it all it, it pretty much spells out that uh, Simon Oliver is not interested in, in any of that. No. Yeah, might he, have gone he, a little he won't bit. be exploring no. those other worlds. <laughs> you know that that's fine. I mean, it didn't it didn't like break my. It pissed me off because I would have rather seen it be included in yeah. the canon. You no, know, I but. You know, it's not going to, like, ruin my day or anything. It's just, uh, no. I thought it was sort of lame, pissed me off a little bit. But, uh, so they go to the rot together, you know, apparently, even though now Swamp Thing can be molested, he seems totally unmolested by the rot, from what I can tell. Totally. Um, yeah. They, yeah. they head over to the Tate Club, which is where Clarice Stockton had told uh, John Constantine that he was uh, going to get, you know, his, his comeuppance for having tried to sell all of London's souls. Yeah, and then, yep. I don't know who this guy is. Who is this guy in the goatee? This, this guy in the goatee is that Jin, who I believe has to be a Jin, is the guy who started World War One. Yeah, the first he's issue. the World oh! War One guy. And he appears to be getting younger oh, oh, as it goes yeah, on I as see. well. Like, he's sucking souls to get younger or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that, that is him that started oh, yeah. the whole deal. And that that makes it. I'm, I'm like, where the hell did this guy come from? I, I didn't see a name anywhere, or maybe I didn't catch it. But now it makes sense that it's him and and his brother that he killed at the end of the first issue, right? That yes. they were like yes. like the two people shaping world history, and now yep. the violent one is the only one left. All right, yeah. So when he came back, he's years trying to later. take the world back yeah. for the gin. Yep, yeah. he's taking it back for them. He's taking it back to the streets. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, it was kind of fresh because he takes an old lover of hers who actually looks like an old ass guy, but I guess she's also got like the, uh, you know, youth, the ability to stay yes. young or, you know. See, now, do you uh, think it was a lover? I got the idea that this was a distant relative. Like for some, like she has been cast out and throughout the years, she, uh, like, uh, from her family, but throughout the years, she has kept in touch with some distant relatives and well, he's, no, he, uh, he, like, just he, destroying he the blood. Right here, he says, I do know that you've been friends for many, many years and, and once upon a time, I'm told, even lovers. Okay. Yeah. I must have so, that. Hey, that, that doesn't one. mean they're not related. That's Who true. knows what they're cousins, getting on with. You know, could, well, he goes, he goes on to say, though, he's talking about how, you know, she is so old, though, because we see her start, de- like, yeah, aging she, something fierce. Yeah, but really. How, like, she has, you know, kept, like, kind of from the distance, made sure she kept in, like, touch to a degree, like, made sure she knew what was going on with her bloodline. Yeah. And that's where I just got the idea. I, maybe it just overpowered everything else, but I'm like, okay, this is like a distant uncle, whatever. Or nephew yep. for how old she it's must be. It's funny at the at the end a part where she's you know getting real old and melting looks just like my mother. Spinning. Hey. I was like, Ma, it's you, what? Ma. And also yeah. with her, with her melting, juice, James. With her turning into <laughs> Mrs. Werner at the end, I was very confused. Though, like, why is this happening? It doesn't yeah. really tell me why. She just starts fucking melting away. It seems like I'm like, I, I don't get it, but I, I guess I'll have to go with it for now. Yeah, I don't know the seems to be some that sort guy of... in half did something, or maybe when she yeah. gets all nervous, I don't know what happened. Yeah, but... I just think he did She's got to maintain the glamour. He's yeah. got some hocus-pocus going on. But yeah, uh, keep going, she, Reggie. She yeah. gives up the name Chaz. She gives up the yep. name Chaz. 
And it turns out he knows it already. He was just fucking with her the whole time, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. Then uh, this whole scene was so stupid. John Constantine, like this weird under subterranean, like the spiritual network of London. And some guy in a hard hat maintains it. And he's going bonkers because things in London are going crazy. That's what I got out of this. I was yeah. waiting for him to tell Constantine he shouldn't have went to recall. That, that's all I kept. Re- re- that so, guy reminded me of that scene. I was like, oh, don't go to recall. Oz. Hey, John, just, don't, don't go to recall. They fuck with your mind over there. I told there. you they fuck with your mind. You shouldn't have went to recall. That's all I kept thinking he, he, He's the one that tells John about the gin after he sings, Do You Know the Muffin Man? So that yeah, was yeah, it was really prolonged to a point where I didn't think it needed to be as much as it was. Yeah. Like one yeah. line with him talking about the Muffin Man, John shaking the shit out of him should have got us right where we needed to yes. be. Now, yeah. in like a TV show or a movie, I think this scene works. But you're right. It's just too cinematic for as few pages as this comic contains. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. ends up being the, talking It just felt like filler. It really did for, like you said, it's not that long a comic. It's a standard comic, but you don't need that scene prolonged like that. It just, because a, a lot of, a lot of Constantine, a lot of what I like and I think what other people like is his like just assholeish dialogue. You know what I mean? His swag or whatever. Yeah. And you get a lot of that, but it's too much. It's like five or six pages of that. And finally, I'm telling you, if we would have cut this down at the end where he actually says it's the gin and Constantine looks at him and then just starts laughing, that would have been perfect because it yeah. is a Constantine move to start laughing at the idea of genies being the fucking big bad. I just yeah. laugh in someone's face too. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that does, he loves doing that. That works for me something uh, completely. It's just everything that we had to get to this point was ridiculous it was just yeah. overdrawn yeah i yep. agree uh I agree then we're back well. to the rot which actually looks just sort of like a uh, new england pond i don't it doesn't look that bad to me no, it doesn't look like, bad at all no it's no. like autumn you know usually the rot you expect to be full of bugs and like fetid just blackness and decay yeah this, this looks like new hampshire in uh, october it looks actually kind of nice yep, yep. um but Mercury opens up a wormhole that only she can see, and uh, she's going to use I, it. To, I, I don't to get the idea. That, I don't get the idea that she opens it. She sees it there, and that's how Abby escaped with that Swamp Thing knowing. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's, that whatever. Whatever it is, only you know she can see it, and Swamp Thing can't. And she, which means that only she can go through. Apparently, and she walks through it. I guess if he, if he tried to walk through it, he'd bump into the wall. Yeah, and the, the funniest thing so, too, because he tells her to go. Like, all right, look, if you if you can only see it, that means only you can go. I'll stay here. Wait, oh, but John, I mean, uh, Alec, you're not protected. It's okay, I'll be fine. As soon as she walks through the fucking wormhole, she's like, "Fuck, uh, I'm uh, yeah, they can no, see me in here now. I'm kind of screwed." I'm like, "What the fuck, man?" Sure. It's like, dude, but you know, nothing has happened to him so far. I, I really wonder: uh, are, are the, is it going to be sort of a you know, over time, he just gets weaker and weaker in that dimension, or they start rotting like, away. I don't know. Who knows? I, you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. But I really want these the three of these people to get together already. You know what I mean? This is what yeah. I wanted ever since the first issue to have the Dark Trinity with with Swamp Thing as the uh, you know Superman and et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, we'll see whether that happens or not. John Constantine crawls out of a manhole, hops on a bus. A double decker, eh? A double decker, eh? Over there, eh? Stupid. Um, takes it back to Chaz's house, and when he gets in there, Chaz is tied up, and his bookies are hanging around wondering why he uh, got such a huge payoff on the bet John Constantine told him to place on some horses. Yeah. yeah. Although he did tell he did tell Chaz, don't use your regular book. Don't bookie. use your regular book. He, he told, told him. Chaz. Yeah, now, I, I look at this final bit, though. I was wrong with the Chaz because Chaz had the dots rise earlier when he was counting his money yeah. at the bookies. Uh, but here we see that Constantine has dots rise in one panel, and then one of the thugs has dots rise. Yeah, as actually, well. so it's not I mean, just it's, Chaz. 
It's not just me, right, that that is a Steve Dillon freaking tribute, that last page, because they look exactly like it. The art is so different from anything yeah, else, and it the, looks the exactly like Steve, like Steve Dillon. I think they all look like Steve Maybe, Dillon yeah, characters. I could, I could see that to some extent. I mean, this would have been drawn, you know, months ago, obviously. Yeah, so but uh, I'm be. telling you, maybe they changed it up just at the last second because it, it, the art changes drastically from I think, anything before. I think Moritz has been kind of channeling that run. Yeah. That it just seemed weird to me time. that all of a yeah. sudden, out of nowhere, it just looked like Steve Dillon, especially the bookie. looks exactly like somebody that would be in a Steve Dillon book. And yeah, I can just, see that. Yeah, it seemed uh, pretty, uh, I don't know, not obvious to me, and I didn't hear anything about it. And, you know, sometimes they'll even have, like, a, you know, for you, Stevie Boy, or something that they don't have. But it just seemed weird to me that it looked that that close. Uh, but, yeah, like a... I didn't talk much about this issue because for half the issue, I was a bit confused. I didn't know what was going on, and I really I was not very pleased. I, I For all the excitement I had, when remember, with the Rebirth, it was like, oh, my God, this is the best Hellblazer issue that I've read because I don't really read a lot of Hellblazer, didn't read the original runs or anything like that, and I'm really not a fan, and I was kind of becoming a fan. This issue is not making me a fan. No, it really this bored is not me. a great one. It bored me. And it, it just, it was people just walking around, like you said, I want to see Constantine with Swamp Thing and even with Mercury, of the three of them doing something together, and yet we're just getting them, you know, going their and separate they, and ways they and talking. Bending, they're bending towards, you know, coming together. Yeah. You know, that guy tells John Constantine, you got to get together with the Swamp Thing. Yeah. He's going to use the Swamp Thing, something like this, some prophecy. Yeah. So it's going to happen. Yeah, I think the problem is going to be another, uh, you know, seven issues. And because it's a monthly, you're going to maybe have uh, over a half a year of them just going around and not doing anything interesting to me. But uh, I don't know what what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah, I think I'd give it probably a five point five. It just didn't hold my interest at all. But I'm not a fan, so yeah. other people I'm might saying, like it. I, more. I, re- I really like the way this book looked, except for the, like those few panels where people like weren't really detailed at all. But besides yeah. that, I really like the way everything looked in this book. I just don't get the idea. Like I, we don't know anything about this gin except for at the end we find out, you know, hey, it might be a gin. But yeah. uh, and even the other character, the lady, I can never remember her guy, uh, Clarice. I don't know anything about her, and things just happen here, and they're not explained, and I wish it would be explained a little bit more, but yeah. I don't know. I still look forward to this issue when I read it. It's just not the Constantine I kind of want It's yeah. uh, right now because it's boring, but I would probably give it a 6 out of 10 as well. All right. Well, the next one, uh, it's a double shot of Constantine, and the next one I did like Constantine. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love Constantine in this book. I yes. think it's hilarious the way they uh, deal with him. And that one, of course, is Six Pack and Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes number three, written by Garth Ennis, art by Russ Braun and John Kalitz. Yes. Fathers, talk to your children. No matter how awkward or uncomfortable it might be, you can do no less than shove your forearm up a dog's rectum and let it bark out your fatherly advice. Keep doing what you do. Keep doing also what you do. Also in this issue, mummies. Yeah, mummies. And, and a and a continuing uh, infatuation of guts with Constantine that is continuously <laughs> and more and more fucking Bueno Excelente will end up killing oh, Constantine. Yeah. He is going be a, to go. There's going to be a fight. It's going to yeah, be a. Bunch he is going to yeah. go ballistic. And yeah, we got uh, Steve Dillon on the cover of this book, Jim. Yeah, 
Yep, yeah. He's, he's did doing the all of them, I believe. He did all of them, yeah. obviously, already. And yeah. I love the art in this book uh, in general. I love the cover. I love the art inside. And I'll, I'll tell you, this. I didn't get as many laugh-out-loud moments in this issue. Neither did I. Um, but I still really enjoyed it. Issue. It's weird because this was probably the most like legit issue of this book forward. ever yeah. uh, because you get back you get a really good uh, reggie said a touching backstory with dog welder uh where he just wants his his wife and kids back he ain't getting them back he did now do he awful things a dog's ass he could talk to him <laughs> he did he did some bad things but yeah it makes sense I, that the I, minute he realizes he can talk he goes back to tell them and he's kind of it's weird it's like a combination of going back to take what's his and being a little apologetic about it but it's it's more i don't know he's still kind of a piece of shit but I, yeah, go, well, I, think, I think he's driven mad by the uh, welding mask. You know, the ancient yeah. mask of welding yeah. has has turned him into some sort of a dog welding demigod or something yeah. like that. But <laughs> of course, uh, I thought I thought I I have to disagree. There were a couple of moments in this I really did laugh out loud. The whole really? idea, well, the whole idea of going back like his kids are playing in the pool. Oh, you can the see pool. the scars on the yes. side of their face yeah, yeah. when he welded dogs. To yeah, them. it's funny. They and make sure that you always see those scars. With his hand up a dog's ass, and yeah. the dog says, Daddy's home. Home. It's all <laughs> slow and creepy and shit. Uh, yeah. that, that, that I'll give you that. That's that goddamn so funny. funny. You, you get the idea that either the the wife uh, has warned the kids about dog, like, hey, no, if no, you ever see warned. this kid. No. Oh, I don't think you have to. It, any man that does this would scare the life out of yeah, anybody. But they say, Not even that. They know the man who welded a dog to their face. Yeah, but I'm saying, but they they don't seem to know that that is their dad because they don't say, hey, dad, it's mommy, it's the man. So when he did do the welding, they have no idea that it was him. Uh, And it's funny that he says daddy's home and they don't even know that that was their dad at that point. And yeah, she comes out. It's like a here's Johnny line. You don't need yeah. to, you know, understand, hey, uh, this is your dad because he says daddy's I'm telling you, I even got, to me, yeah. I got the idea that those kids were too young to even remember. And she has told them, if you ever see a guy like this, you yell to me and I will kill him because I don't know when or they may, welded or maybe, those faces. No, they don't know who he is because he's got the mask down. Yeah. And, you know, his, his, he let his Yeah, uh, but hair like I said, it's not mommy. It's a strange guy. It's, it's the man. And, and they, they keep yelling it. when he welded dogs to their face. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I got the idea that they were too young to remember no, that. No, that was like three months ago. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think it was. You think, I, all, you think all time between story arcs is three months? No, I'm arcs. telling you, I think that I think like, that he's been he did that a long time ago. I, that guy who's moved in with them seems to have been involved with them for more than three months. If, if you ask me, that you know, fucking Uncle Phil. Uh, yeah. And they they really do treat him as the father, even when he comes out. So I'm telling you, I really don't think that they put two and two together and even know that that's their dad. It just doesn't the feel like there's act. been a whole lot of time between All-Star Section 8 and this. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I think he did that way before All-Star Section 8. I, Wait, he I was think, made no, no, All-Star that, Section that was the last issue of All-Star Section 8. He did it. Yeah, really? Came, it just doesn't seem the right. the last issue, and Maybe I thought that that was... Maybe what, I thought that was a flashback was, then, because I'm telling you, it doesn't seem like they knew it was their dad then, because they don't say at one point at all, like, oh, my God, it's our dad. He's back or whatever. They're fucking oh, scared. Well, Jesus. And they what go happened? behind Uncle Not Phil. Sort of pop over. <laughs> but yeah, that really it, all that is, is to show that he it's to set up that he has nothing to go back to. 
Yeah, and that, and that he's meant to. I mean, you know, he's like, I would never hurt them. And it's like, you fucking welded yeah. dogs to yeah. their faces, dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, how much more do you, you want to You went about showing your love the wrong way, buddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, and then Uncle Phil comes out, and then he pops on the welding thing. And then this whole shit with Constantine is one of the funniest fucking things I've read in so long. It, them, like, making him out to be the Silver Surfer, this, like, galactic <laughs> cruiser, because he's basically been stripped of all his mystery and, you know, gravitas he used he's to have. He's not even allowed now. to smoke anymore. He can't even, yeah, every time he tries to smoke it. And the fact that the whole idea of the Silver Surfer board is hilarious because yeah. it's like the most hokey, silly comic book thing you can pretty much apply to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they show up, <laughs> Six Pack springs into action by immediately drinking vodka and puking into their pool. Yes, that's, into that's the, the pool. First the first and only thing he does, Bator is just screaming, I am Bator. Like, you got to imagine the mom and dad. Like, <laughs> and, and even Uncle Phil is like, who the hell are these yeah, guys? Yeah, what the fuck? I love guns well, I will say, at one point, yeah. it did look like they put out, a, like, a, a missing persons deal for dog water. So maybe the kids just never did know that that was maybe. their dad. Because they do yeah. have that on the phone, that they, they were that, yeah, reporting that's how they were missing. able to, like, ge- like, locate her house yeah, and find out yeah. where she's So at house. some point, he did disappear, and they didn't know, and that the picture is not of Dog. That's him before, you know, Dog. And he's grown an afro since. So I'm yeah. telling you, I do think a bit of time has passed. But, uh, you know, who knows? It's not really that big. Uh, no, it's not yeah. super relevant. This is the worst pool party that there's ever been because <laughs> yeah the Poor best fans. is the best is freaking six pack just up chucking in the pool and the, the art where you see that section of pool having throw up in it is, is so good yeah, later on I'm looking mean, at it now. there forever yeah. even when, you know even when they leave and constitute like makes them forget what happened yeah they're gonna they're gonna wonder where the hell this fucking yeah who threw up yep and then constantine goes and talks to the police and through the whole thing Constantine keeps saying and doing things through the whole thing that basically he is so pissed that this is not a Vertigo book anymore in the old school yeah. days when he could curse and smoke and be an asshole. It, it's all toned down. And then, yeah, at that point, he even pulls out the Hellblazer yeah, uh, his gun. <laughs> yeah, the Hellblazer. And he's got to use it. He's like, I can't believe I fight. And it's great because it's that breaking the fourth wall, but not to us, but as a character in a comic not wanting to do what he's going to do. Yeah. And just like, Jesus Christ. You know, it's not like he's like to us, like, hey, guys, what's going on? It's more of the playing a part that he doesn't want to be involved with. But, yeah, it's almost like an he's actor. It's like acknowledging a, yes. a larger, you know, universe, but he's not yeah. really, like, winking no, to us or anything. It's more of the, like, I Jesus Christ, his, I can't like, believe I have to do this. His over-the-top <laughs> British accent in this. I mean, his Cockney yeah. accent, it's almost, like it. it's almost as good as yours, Jim. Yes. And uh, loaf. Exactly. He tells it, it. Look, you know, fucking wooden it's, tops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so nothing good. to see here. You know, yeah, nothing to see here. Why don't you just fucking off and stop? <laughs> I like that. He's yelling for the gun, but yeah, he he doesn't want to have to use that gun because it's just fucking ridiculous. He's like, okay, I'm gonna be using me L blazer. And then fires and even it up. Later on, when he sets it to like to amnesia, when he takes yeah. care of him, like. Does that do that? Or are you just going to blow them to hell too? Yeah, because it's funny it's, because it, the Hellblazer gun could do anything apparently. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, what I'm cool. saying. It's, you yeah. just it's say it and it does it. It's crazy. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's the MacGuffin gun. You know, yeah. it's like whatever you want it to be. He goes Hellblazer to amnesia, and yeah, yeah. And then, easy then, stuff. 
And really, well, well he, finally does realize though that he is frightening the children, and that's yes. that's the that's the sad scene where he realizes he's gone too far. He may not yep, be yep. able to stop being a dog welder. No, no, uh, but that's, yet they head off to Egypt, and you you even see you know we're gonna get the deal, but you see the hieroglyphics of yeah. fucking dog welder on there, and Bador sees Basically it. Basically creates cool. the the god of death Anubis, you know what yeah. I mean in, in yeah. Egyptian uh, lore. So I was yeah. just like, that's kind of crazy, you know? This yeah, movie that's crazy. Cool. Yep. Uh, but then they get attacked by a bunch of mummies, including a dog mummy. Why not? Yeah. And because even, you need and, something to weld. And even through that whole thing, Constantine's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, what the fuck yeah. am I doing I here? I used to be bloody somebody. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I, I didn't have to be involved in this goddamn shit. Oh, I used to be fucking popular. So yeah, he's so upset. <laughs> he's like, oh, God, I used to bloody be someone. He's, he's so there with that, these people. It. Yeah, and they, even then you still see Guts. Like, Guts is very into him. Uh, which yeah. makes me laugh. And yeah, every time Bueno kind of has, and I, uh, you know, I'll offend everyone, but he, he has this progressive retarded smile on his face. <laughs> and, and now this issue, he realizes that Guts scowl. wants him yeah. and it's turned into like, before it was like, kind of like a half laugh. <laughs> now it's not. He's pissed. And I think that's why, that's how you get Constantine out of this book is by Bueno just trying to kill him. But Fuck I do. I do like the fact that we're not getting like we did. If this would have been in the last series, the the uh, section eight that we had in the DCYOU, Constantine would have been gone two issues ago, and we would have mm-hmm. moved on to these other characters. I like that we're getting Constantine more and more because we're you know he he settled into the book and he he does. I said I didn't have any laugh out loud moments. But Constantine did crack me up the whole time. That's the fu- that, that's the funniest part, and it definitely this whole book is meant to be sort of a commentary on the weakening of his character by, yeah. yep. you know, Garth well, Ennis, who wrote his character for yeah. such a long time. Yep, uh, and even the point where he's not, you know, even if he wanted to write him like he did before, he's not allowed because yeah. that's not what's going on now. And uh, you know, I'm actually more surprised that we don't have more of uh, rebirth jokes going on continuing. They did at the beginning. Uh, but this is just, like I said, it's more of a legit issue. You have, you know, character moments and stuff like that. It's not all just for, it, it's, it's a lot of gross out humor and the humor, but it's also leading to something. I don't know what, but, uh, I really like it still. This just was probably the, the most down I was on an issue since even section eight. Me uh, as well. Just because it, it just kind of just happened and some well, of the things just seemed like it was like- old hat. I go to this book looking for like laugh out loud moments yeah. we were talking about. Like I said about Suicide Squad before too, but we're just getting the same jokes we've had throughout yeah, the series. Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. Far. It's like, kind you know, of old hat. It, exactly. Like Vader else. yells Bator, freaking Constantine yep. can't smoke, but like and it's, and, and six like pack, uh, fucking throws up. And, yeah, it's and what's weird. The same things over and over and again. maybe maybe it's the problem that I said that I like that we're getting Constantine because you're getting more of an overall story. Maybe that is the problem. Maybe we're used to having, like, this would have been uh, fucking Batman showing up this issue, like we had in the old yeah. one, or, or Swamp Thing shows up, and now we're going to make fun of him. And we're yeah. because we of that, to play on. we're just having the same kind of sort. Though I think that this one really, really went to the, you know, extra level of showing Constantine you know, pissed that he isn't as big a character and they they fucked him over his character and he can't be himself anymore. But we did get that last issue as well. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, I think the funniest to me was just Bueno getting more and more pissed. But you, yeah. you did have that dog welder moment. That like dog where daddy's home was that's yeah. very that's <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, it was crazy. That is so creepy and great. And, but even like the whole thing with the Silver Surfer surfboard, that was hilarious to see last issue when it showed up here. It you know it's not well, this played for fun. That's what like, I'm saying. It's like not played for jokes. It's actually out. being used now. Yeah, but again, it didn't make me. You know what I mean? It didn't make me like laugh. It's just yeah, they were yeah. using it to get to. And it makes sense. They're they're going to go to Egypt. How else are these fuckers going to go to Egypt? And uh, but that's also the other thing that I did like. They're moving around a little more than they did. Yeah. In, it basically just not in, in the other bar. They were just yeah. around Newton's bar and kind of looking out, and going on the roof or whatever. So uh, I think it might lead to a pretty cool issue next issue. I hope more characters show up though. You have this where you were three issues in, and I do love to see the interaction of them with the rest of the DC. Uh, what I was going to say, DCYOU, the rest <laughs> of the DCU. So I hope that other characters, and maybe even have some people that hate Constantine or friend. You know, yeah. you know what like I'm Dr. saying. Like from the dark yeah, Doctor Fate, like and maybe you know, uh, I was actually thinking Black Adam or yeah, uh, or Doctor Fate would be actually Dr. a pretty Fate, cool so thing. And even if Dr. Fate shows up and it's like that combo of Dr. Fate realizing, hey, you know what? I have a fucked up helmet, too, like you, Doug Wilder, and kind of, hey, you know. I used to be something big. Now there's a kid in a hoodie taking yeah, my place. Yeah, something like that. You could have a lot of fun. But, yeah, it seems like at this this middle issue, it always seems this way with the six issues. That number three issue is always a little bit down for us because it's the one that right before you set up the big finale, you know, yeah. with the four and five for the big finale. but. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Now, I will say well, also, I love the art. I thought the art was is always good in this. It's so yeah. good. And for whatever reason, and I wouldn't even say it by a lot, I thought it was a little tighter in this issue than the last one. But, yeah. but the, again, uh, I'd say if if there is any difference, it's you know incremental. They're both it, consistently good. It looks perfect for the series. looks like something you would see right out of Mad Magazine, which is yeah. what I expect to see. I obviously yep. liked it more than you guys, but I did think it was – Definitely the the weakest one in this mini series, yeah. but I still gave it an eight point five out of ten. I would probably go. I'm I'm deciding. I'm saying that Eric will probably give it a seven, so I'm going to go seven as well. I give it a seven. One thing I want to point out though, too, I it's like it. <laughs> it's one thing that I actually found really funny. Like I was complaining about how we're getting the same jokes that like Constantine can't smoke, but when he tries to here and his mask clicks down, yeah. and the smoke starts filling the mask. It really looks like they're saying something about the 90s with the anti-smoking as these seven comics. It looks yeah. exact to me with a kid surrounded by smoke coughing out the cigarette. Nice. Mm. With like I don't know. Nicotine. It, 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 it wasn't even that. Sires. It was just something. Sliders. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Sliders. You realize you had the soundboard? I gave it a 7 out of 10. Yep, you did, Eric. But yeah. But no, I, I, I like actually, the art. I like that. The, the smoking thing was funny to me. Like you said, I, I kind of get that same vibe, but that that joke is kind of overplayed now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if that would have been the first time and it really filled up like that, yeah, then it was over the top. It was pretty funny, but yeah, we've seen that joke over. And I actually liked how you said the last time where it really was like the editor slamming it shut and not letting yeah. him go with it. That to me was the better joke. Yeah, they like, uh, they like cut it off. They like, yeah, they like yeah. chopped it off at the end. Yeah. yeah, but it is funny. Like you said, it does look like it also even is like one of those like, oh, you want to smoke? Well, you're going to smoke this whole cart. Like they were, they're <laughs> punishing him as well in that. But, uh, I, yeah, I did like it. But, uh, 
Anything else, Aaron? I just thought the humor was just down. I was not laughing like I did every other issue. And even All-Star Section 8, it was just down all around. Sliders. the middle. 7 out of 10. <laughs> that's going to be my new, uh, that's the horn now. Sliders. Sliders. <laughs> I gave it a 7 out of 10. Would you give it a 7 out of 10, really? A 6.8 out of 10, honestly. Really? Oh, man, now it's going down. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Eric, you're a flip-flopper. A 6.8 out of 10, honestly. Really? Why would you do this to people? (laughs) That's not funny. That's not funny at all, Eric. Now we're going to move on to the last book of this section. And boy, this is probably my least favorite book of the week, easily. The the weakest for last. This was really a weak-ass book. Does this come out weekly? Because this issue came out very weekly. Sliders. Sliders. That was you. That was pretty good, Eric. Sliders. Say say that again. (laughs) Do you do it, and then I'm going to play it. Sliders. Sliders. Boy, that is good. You do an awesome Eric Shea impersonation. Thank you. I don't, I, I don't know how you can do that. Yeah, that sounds good. awesome. It does sound awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is what Eric's going to say about this book. This is terrible. <laughs> All right. What is it, Reggie? It's uh, Vigilante Southland Number 1, written by Carrie Phillips, art by Elena Casagrande it's and Julia Brusco. <laughs> Life ain't all about listen. Listen there. Um, I hit the wrong thing. Sliders. I'm listening. listening. (laughs) Life ain't all about weed and video games. Sometimes it's about attending your girlfriend's funeral. Seems like she was killed on her bicycle after a hit and run, but that sounds sounds awfully suspicious. Donnie is his estranged pimp father take to the street to uncover the mystery of whatever his girlfriend was going on about, which could be a decent premise if the story was told a little better. And there's the problem with this book, I think. It's just, it's a flat-out storytelling is clunky and poorly handled. It's very yeah. clunky. I'm telling you, right away, I was telling you earlier, right away, I was confused about what's going on. Because you start the issue Oosh. out with Vigilante kicking the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And it, it just, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have to, I'm trying to pick up. I'm so down on this book. But yeah, it, it, keep going there. Because, yeah. The, I it, mean, you're right. There should have been a caption that said something like, I don't know, today. And then, you know, as we go into Donnie's life, you know, three weeks ago, whatever the hell it was. It's not know, even like, that. It's just the progression of events. Because when we start, we have this panel where a dude's getting kicked in the face. Next panel where Vigilante's behind something taking cover because there's blam, blam, blam. And uh, then he throws a bomb. Dude blows up. And there's some dude just standing there with a goddamn, like, teardrop tattoo. Yeah. And Vigilante has his fucking, like, uh, electro bola, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm Again, just like, what's it, going on? I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. Later, but, I'll know. play devil's advocate because they do, uh, you get that whole thing where he is the quote-unquote vigilante and he's going to town. He has that electric bowl or whatever it is. And it's that same, uh, you know, the same stance as you turn where he's with the basketball and you get the whole idea of the whole, whoa, that was him now. Well, See, you I know, then, but you don't know that. But it is kind well, of that whole thing. Like, though. And, and, and I know if, if, if you decided, OK, we don't want to have captions. We don't want captions. OK, that's fine. But obviously they didn't decide that because it fucking says South Los Angeles right here in a caption. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, yeah, so it's, all you got to do is write then now. Yes. Or now, and then, whatever it and is, then after that, the campus of Del Pueblo University yeah. Also in South LA, I'm like, okay, oh, I know. It's no, like, and again, frankly, you uh, you, you tell us that, but you tell us nothing about when these events 
you know, are, what order they're happening. And, and it's like, why? Yeah. I don't understand. Well, I had, I had told, I had told you, Reggie, when we were doing the spotlight that I thought I was going to have to review this. And thank God I did. But so you reviewed it. But I did say the reason I said originally, oh, I'll take this is because I was reviewing Nighthawk for Marvel, which David F. Walker does. And yeah. I've enjoyed it. it. It's kind of he it's canceled now. I think this issue this week came out. I think it might be the last issue or it, it's, so it he's is had to, he's had to have forced the ending a little bit, but at one point it was really good. It's very similar to this book, but if you like the concept of this book, I would tell you to go read that. Uh, that one of my first times ever to say, you know, hey, go read that Marvel book because it has the same kind of concept, but he can tell a story. Uh, because yeah. this one, like you said, it's a number one issue. It's confusing. Uh, we we even said to each other, like, can you name any of the characters? You know, these side characters. It, at no, one point, get, this yeah, actually right. reminds me. I'll, I'll tell you, if any book that this reminds me of, and it's not content or subject, but the confusion that we had, it's like that goddamn wacky Raceland. Because <laughs> we, the three of us, read the book. Before we started recording, we were talking the most about this book because each of us had different ideas and were confused whether the the one person was his sister, his girlfriend, uh, you know, was his dad a pimp? Did he do this? That we each of <laughs> us had a, a different hobby idea. Did he have a private eye? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we yeah, Eric thought he was a pimp turned private eye, which sounds like an awesome TV show to me. Yeah. Uh but That's yeah, fine. nobody take that. Yeah. And the thing is, and the thing is that could, you know, all those things really, you know, could be true about his father. That's what it's I'm not saying. Clear it, it what the hell he like is, we you were... know, or even what his goddamn name is. It's so yeah. All I know annoying. is that he's estranged from his uh, his son. That's it. Yeah, they were estranged, and and you know, again, we, you know, I don't, it's I don't Pops. expect to learn about everything. The pimp you know, detective in this, but. <laughs> well, you know, give us something, you know, give us a little something that give us a clue. Why were they estranged? What happened? Even just like name the incident, you know, yeah. well, I'll never, I'll never, uh, you know, spray salt on a, on a gravel driveway again. I learned my lesson or whatever the hell it was. Uh, the whole Is that thing, a thing? With, I don't even know what you're talking about. The whole thing with his girlfriend, uh, you know, breaking into that, whatever it is, the, yeah. the um, place. And what did she find? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, it was the, the Premex construction company. And also because of the whole thing where she is dressed as vigilante. That's where he mm-hmm. got the outfit. But you really never get the idea that she, like, she is what we think is a professor at the university who or likes to protest. Why is she or doing she what she's a, doing? She could be a teacher. She could be a student. She, she could be a yeah. teacher. That her dad might be a private dick. Well, I'm telling you, by the way, that's, I didn't get the connection with Vigilante doing his whole thing and then going right into Donnie dunking that basketball because I see Vigilante kicking some ass and all of a sudden this woman is Vigilante. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And that was why he found, but again, if you think about it, you can piece it together yourself somewhat. But why are we made to I, do I'm that? I'm just lost throughout. To the point like, even the where you, you have your hero, Donnie, who really at the beginning is one of the – he's a stereotypical 
piece of shit. He sits yeah. and smokes pot on his girlfriend slash whatever's fucking things and sh- plays basketball during the day while she's out protesting. protesting. She seems to be a professor, and he is a janitor who doesn't want to do anything. Used to be a uh, you know a professional yeah, basketball player in Europe. Basically. He's gone around, but yeah, he is basically a freeloader with his girlfriend. And the big line is she comes back. Hey, you weren't at the protest. Sorry, babe, but you know what? The police are going to be mean to black people from now on. I'll have plenty of time to protest. And this is one of those where it's so weird to me that that is kind of the moment. Like if if you have a TV series and or a movie or whatever, and you like say it's me, I'm the dad, and my kid mm-hmm. says, "Hey, we should go and, and throw the ball." No, no, no! Freaking cat, cats in the cradles playing in the background. I'm like, no, we're not going. <laughs> the kid goes out and gets hit by a car. So I'm like, oh my god. I, I should have taken time for my kid. This is, you know, he's smoking pot, didn't go to a protest, and that's when she dies. And I got this vibe of like, oh, I should have known what I had, but he is such a piece of shit. It's not even like. No one seems upset by this. No. I mean, maybe, uh, again, this is just a matter of art and the way they're depicted, but uh, this woman who I think is her mother. Yeah, she doesn't, uh, doesn't seem, upset. seem to give a she shit. She actually you know? seems to me, I, quite frankly, I actually thought it was leading because of exactly what you're saying. I thought she was involved. I thought that she, yeah, I thought that she was because just, she just looks pissed and she just looks like almost pissed off that people are even around her at the, after the funeral. And even you get this whole thing where he's, uh, uh, Donnie's there and he looks up and sees this guy at the, you know, the typical stereotypical guy who's hanging outside the funeral. And yet you, later you find out that, but it, that's his dad, right? Yeah, but you, yeah. you don't even know. I didn't have that idea. I Nothing set up. It. It's, be, no, no, you, it's you, because you he's have, smoking the same it cigar. It's because of the cigar. Yeah, yeah you mentioned it's the it later cigar. On, but at first you, you didn't think that at all. No. Also, at, at the wake or whatever. Is this a wake after the funeral? When, yeah, when they yeah. receive everyone, yeah. what do they call that? A wake? It's a yeah, wake. No, no, it's a fuck. I thought a wake was before the funeral. Yeah, the wake is different. This is like a reception almost. It's the after party. Yeah. So at at the reception, he meets a guy in a wheelchair who's who was on Nina's board. It was in yeah. the college. His name is Mike Regalado. Why mm. do we get his full name? We do not get one fucking full name the entire book. Nope. But this Mike is because the only important he's important character important. apparently. Apparently, uh, even more important than than uh, the, the girlfriend dad. who died. His name, you know, we don't know any well, of these people's last names. That's okay. When we got to the funeral in the first place. Donnie, I guess, cut his hair to look half oh, decent God. for the funeral. Yeah. I thought we were looking at uh, her father the entire time. Yeah, that and I said, I kind of got that. Uh, but again, that's where I thought it was like this one thing of like, oh, you know, I've been a piece of shit. I got to get my shit together. But you never get that progression. You don't even get the idea. Yes, the girlfriend came home and was kind of upset he didn't go to the the, the protest. But then he goes off and starts talking with a coworker about, oh, she's fucking giving this shit, and I got other ladies. He's like so much of a piece of shit. Yeah. Like at right. the one point, he's like, he seems like he's a gigolo, and he's he even says, "You better not let Dory hear you talking like that, Playboy." That's what it's one, think, you know. It's so I think weird. I think he's talking a big game, but the whole thing about him cutting his hair, even though that is something that somebody might actually do in real yeah. life, or even they in don't a movie, really spell it out for the well. for the visual storytelling. It's a bad idea because you want these, you know, you want to keep these yeah. characters looking as similar as possible. I, I just was character. introduced to the guy. So yeah, he was literally just met him. I mean, he had that hair, that other haircut 
fucking two panels or three pa- yep. or three pages. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, then they they take it away. That I I I say I read this book almost through the reception before I was like, oh, that's fucking Donnie. You know, like I was almost, yeah. I was I, I had to go back. I was like, oh, I, I didn't even realize who the hell I, I was looking at. I think that Mike guy said Donnie, so I had to put it together yeah. at that point. That yeah, I kind of knew that was the, yeah. the deal that they were going with. The only thing I was upset was when she got that's hit by the car. Uh, her her bike helmet came off, but her shoes didn't come off. I wanted her shoes to come off when she got hit by the car. Your, your shoes don't come off when you're on a bike. I, I don't, really, she should have had that helmet on a little more. I, I, I don't know. And then you, you get this whole drawn-out thing where there was a witness, and Donnie and his dad go to talk about this witness, and it's the weirdest sort of thing with the witness then telling more because it's just – there, there is nothing. Maybe this is just. It not goes hard. on and on. I mean, oh this my is God. one. Too. I kind of so checked out long. at this point. Yeah, it was I so don't... many pages, and before that, the conversation with his dad—that's like two and a half pages. It yeah. goes on. The one thing I also hated too was was Donnie goes up into his girlfriend's uh, personal things and he finds a vigilante thing yeah, in the electric follows, and he says. Was she taking kinky kung fu lessons? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Who would say that? Why would know. you say that? That's so. That's such a retarded. Yeah. It's so stupid. stupid. It. I. I, re- I hated it. You know what I mean? No, it just and again, seemed like so uh, inauthentic. It, yeah. Well, we find out that the girlfriend was killed. She was killed. Uh, the guy. They did it because of what she was. You know, getting her nose into. And well, it seemed like right her away, even. Might be in charge well, of that's it. I don't the know. thing. They're like. It looks you, like it. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, do you think that you know her piece of shit boyfriend knows? No, he's just he's always at the marijuana dispensary. Well, maybe we'll find out if the mother's involved. She probably told somebody. And then you cut to the mother, and again you have this scene where she does not look upset uh, at all. And she she's looks finding pissed. all the information. Yeah, she know, has all the information, information like is. she was given it before. It's at a desk. She's going through it, and she just looks pissed and not upset. Like there's no, there's she no actually seems here. like she actually seems like a psycho killer. Like she has no emotions whatsoever, and that's where you go back to Donnie, who's going to figure shit out for himself. And you get this whole roundabout way of like, hey, you know what? I can't go to the police. The police aren't there for me. I'm going to be really. You think Ice, Iceberg Slim the Second can help? I'm like, what the hell is going on? Iceberg oh. Slim the Second. Well- well, fucking, when he finds his uh, girlfriend's vigilante supplies, he realizes that some shit is up because it t- turns electrified and he drops it. Yeah. And then after his father and him, him interrogate this fucking witness, he, they get in the car and he's like, you've been practicing with those electric dealers? I'm like, when is this happening? Right, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. What, you, in the is two he hours? training? What the hell happened? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, here, I'm, I'm even looking at this thing where they go to this witness who they, they said this guy saw – a fancy car run over and they're like listen i know you got an angle you're waiting for that guy to come back here and offer you money for not talking i'm like first off you just saw somebody kill somebody if they come back they're coming back to kill you so right there that's off to me but maybe i'm wrong and then all of a sudden that the the guy donnie he just pulls up what is that does he have one of those wires? Is he going to choke him? I, I don't know. And he's like, you know, yeah, he's going to choke him out. He's going to kill you him. You heard the man. Next thing, the guy's singing like a fucking canary. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? That what is going on? But yeah, he's going around with his pimp slash fucking private eye dad, and they the start kicking page, ass. Second panel from the bottom is a caption that says two days later." Yeah. So they yeah, they are it. using it to tell you what yeah, things are yeah, happening. Like what they're, happened in yeah. the beginning? 
Yep. And then you, you have there. I give and up. then so I, I don't know. It's possible that uh, the street urchin version of fucking uh, Marco Polo sees them. <laughs> I don't know what this guy is. He's got a fucking uh, Well, that's the bur- same guy they roughed up. That's the informant. Look, yeah, look at him. Them. Look at him with this beret slash what is fucking. That hat? I don't know what What is he hat? doing? What is he goddamn fucking Michelangelo there? It's it's almost Marco. looks like one of those old timey sleeping cats. That's cats what put I, I don't know. I think he looks like Marco Polo. And then he's like, hey, you guys said that guy, Spectros. What the fuck are you talking Spectros. Spectros. And yes, Donnie goes back and his his apartment blows up. And then the worst part of it, it says to be continued. I was hoping this was a one and done. It is not good. This is not. Oh, vigilante, we barely knew you. It has so many problems. It's, it's it's fundamental storytelling problems is what it yes. is. I mean, I, on the surface, even though the story isn't that unique or like fascinating, it's got the nuts and bolts of a decent story. You know, that pimp dad. No, I'm telling you, it, it does. You know, there's, there's stuff in there that you know, and, going on. You, know, you don't you, get you enough do, of it. You don't get it told correctly no. or you know enough and, of it to make it is. It, it it's it starts to to dip its foot into the social justice warrior pool oh, yeah. a bit as well. Uh, but that's fine if you do it in a good way around a good story. This is not yeah. a good story. So everything else just seems I'm not hokey even sure to me and what pushed. the cause was. There's a you know there, it seems like she was protesting against police violence. Yeah, yeah it, it, you had you know, that. I can't cops. breathe and that 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 and which, that's which, why which, he okay, says that makes sense. But then what did she find in the construction company? Did she find know. like the that her mother plans? apparently fucking owns? I guess I don't know. No, yeah, well, it just uh, looks to me. It just looks like they did say. She's like gonna. Blueprint. She had to have told somebody, and that's when the the mother pulls it. But doesn't seem like like I would have liked to have seen like that. Why not? Why not have an issue first where you kind of get a little more of what the girlfriend was doing or yeah. into, and you know instead. It's like three panels. She gets hit by a car, and then you're backtracking and all over the goddamn place. And really, at the end, I could care less. I could care less. Yeah, she's into some True. kinky kung fu. Hey, what the hell is that? Also, I don't understand why everyone thought this hit and run was so unbelievably suspicious. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. know maybe you shouldn't just it shouldn't be so cut and dry, but everyone seems to be like, oh, that. "Quote unquote accident." Like, yeah. how do you know? That seems like white riders get hit like all the that. time. And yeah. and really, you, you have like it was a fancy car. Well, yeah, the, the fancy car hit him. Like Jesus Christ, I don't want to lose my fucking money. I'm out. Oh, I'm rich. It goes I got off. shit to lose. Yeah, yeah, you would think that that would be very, you know, like yeah. There, there's a lot of that shit happening, but yeah, nobody believes it. They they're all against it and. That right away. And again, it, it is so quickly shown but that what happened there and really that the whole if the whole series is vigilante going to get justice for his girlfriend. But I don't care. I really no. don't. I don't. Especially if it's told the way this one is. Yeah, it is. It's more confusing than anything. It's... And the art is not great. It See, doesn't, I don't mind the art as it like a whole. You, like, but I think, it, to I think me, it, it doesn't. Okay. It, can't it tell doesn't story. elevate the story, sure. though. It doesn't yeah. elevate it at all. Like we've had times where we we've said, "Hey, you know what? The story." So we said it tonight that the art's really great. The problem is, is number one, I am a guy, and Eric, you've said the same to you. I don't know about Reggie, but I will take a 
fucking incredible story with shitty art well, oh, yeah. way before vice versa. If, Usually. If you don't have the, a story. The art here isn't it. so bad that if the story was great, it would have, you know what I mean? We would have just uh, said, To me, it's very, it's very it's, basic. It, it's yeah, not it going to help it or hurt it. It's just there. It's telling a story, but the story itself is not telling itself. So yeah. you have a lot of issues. Uh, but, yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, but we'll keep talking about it, I guess, unless I can convince you, Reggie, to not. But uh, <laughs> because we talk see, about we'll everything see. else, this is this is a step above the Hanna Barbera books. Uh, can't we just lump this into the Hanna Barbera's? Can we? Never, yeah, we can pretend it's we can pretend it's Vertigo. Uh, I'm, I'm down with that as well. I can play play along with uh, Hal Jordan in the fourth issue. You know, what I mean? be. this could be this is all DCU. No, stuff, actually, brother. I love Vigilante. Now I want him in Six Pack and Dogwilder. He's there. You show go. Up. Bring him in. That'd be great. Boom. Next issue, Swamp Thing shows up in this book for no reason. Like they already <laughs> realized this first issue is nonsense. This is the the return of Animal Man. Uh, next issue and Shazam. They they Wonder both Woman. show up just to <laughs> hang be out. Hilarious. That'd be great. Katana trains them with this new yeah. fucking kinky kung fu. Uh, you have that. <laughs> you have Swamp Thing show up because uh, the the marijuana dispensary. He kind of pops <laughs> up in a pot. Like, you, it it all ties in. Yeah, it works out so well. Uh, yeah. And then you have these pieces of shit. I I could care less. What'd you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, uh, I think this thing was an editorial flub from top to bottom. Uh, that person needs to go back to editorial school. But yeah. I am always more lenient on the first issue of any arc or run. I gave yeah. it a 5.5 5 out of 10. Did you? Yeah. Yep. I actually thought you went a lot lower. 5.5 5 is low for you. Uh, I'm going lower. I'm going to go. It's. I'm so close to giving a fuck you five. Uh, but Did it's I not actually, like I might have given it. Let me, let me it's funny though. It's it's weird. I didn't like it, but it didn't upset me like a fuck you five would upset no. me. I'm gonna go a four point five. I'm gonna go a four out of ten myself. Okay, I was gonna go four out of ten. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty I much. Just spent, I just spent most of the issue being confused as yeah. fuck, and I don't care about the story from what they've given us here. I gave it a seven out of ten. Oh, a set, you changed your mind. Oh, he changed now, his mind. Really? And if if people know people who know Eric and listen <laughs> to the podcast, really, Eric's four out of ten is pretty much a zero. That is the worst that you really go down. There no, are I've, very I've rare occasions. Two, uh, point five very rare occasions, but you you really that is the bottom of the barrel for you and. Yeah, it was confusing. It was, and it just. Oh, you know what? I did. I, in the end, I did give it a four point five. I thought you did. That's what I, I'm saying. I, I looked. I looked up my because you know I usually give the score when I write it first in uh, yeah. um, Word, and then sometimes at the end I'm like, no, I gotta, I gotta. You know what that. happened? I thought I when you said five point five, I was like, I thought because that's why I kept pushing. I even said to you before, like uh, even Eric at work, like man, Reggie must have hated because he went down another level. And uh, yeah. when you said 5.5, I five. thought maybe I'd looked at somebody else's score. <laughs> so here, I'm going to have to go 4.5 as well. I don't want to be the most positive for this book with my 4.5. You gave it a 4 or 4.5? 4. 4.5. Okay, I'll, I'll stick with you. 4.5. 4 out of 10. It's just, it's it's not good. No. <laughs> and really, right. what, what is the most important thing for a number one issue? Uh, teach Get us. Get you invested in the character. Let us know the characters. Tell us what the story's going to be about and make us want to buy the second issue. Failed in every point. It, it really did. Point, so. uh, speaking of failures, 
I, I'm not going to say that, Reggie. You'll get mad at me. I was going to make, make a joke about the cosmic trend. Yeah, the failure no, that is. Actually, I was going to I was going to tie it back to me and my voice because I've completely lost it now. But I have no idea what is the cosmic treadmill about tonight. Cosmic treadmill this week is Plastic Man number one, really, 1943 by Jack Cole. Nice. Yeah, Eric's a big fan. Now it's I'm a, uh, a decent fan. Yeah. yeah. You you always like to see him though. He always makes you. I jump. do. I get a, I get a giggle out of Plastic Man. Was Plastic Man smile. when Plastic Man first showed up? Was he as lighthearted and funny, or was it more serious? Well, actually, when he first ever showed up, it was pretty crazy because you know he, he was a super gangster. He wasn't you know polished at all. Okay. Uh, the Eel O'Brien. But by the time by the time you know Plastic Man number, he actually debuted in a comic called a Police Story. Okay. So this this is his first. By the time he had this comic, he was Jackie already Chan in that one. Very popular. No, but let me tell you, the second story in Plastic Man number one, which we don't do, is one of the more racist things I've read in comics. Really? Do you ever see Jackie Chan's police some. story? That's the only reason I said it, it was a Jackie oh, no. Chan movie. No, a I, movie. I thought you said Charlie Chan. No, was I it, said was no. it more racist than uh, Pie Face? <laughs> Charlie Chan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Oh, really? Way more racist than Pie Face. Really. That's yeah, crazy. and I've, I've seen some racist comics and this shit. It was a wartime thing. Yeah. But anyway, so. we didn't even get into that. We only do the first story, which is okay. uh, called The Game of Death. Really? And we do a bio on Jack Cole, which I think everyone will find very interesting. Is there any kinky kung fu in this? Mm, I'm not going to reveal that. You're going to have to listen oh, to find out. Come on. Eric will never hear it. He'll never know never, ever if it'll it. have kinky kung fu eric does half of what we said tonight eric didn't hear and will never go back to revisit. <laughs> and the other half i'll just forget yeah he has no <laughs> idea we sit at work and wonder what the hell we talked about people will mention stuff like oh my god when you said this we're like who the fuck said when the that fuck did we bring that up yeah really but well, yeah. i said i sent eric a uh, a message this week telling him that they you know they are collecting chuck dixon's run on robin and nightwing and i was yeah, sure that's he cool had- as hell which is something he, he had talked about on the podcast, yeah. but I was sure that by the time I wrote that, he had no memory of No, no idea. No, he just I, thought I you were dropping him a note I that was something first, cool. You jogged my memory. I did. It's that funny. I, say, I was like, I heard it on the podcast. You were like, oh, all right. Yeah. Like what you could do, it really, if everybody listening, if you want to be friends with Eric, just send him messages like that, and he'll automatically assume that you like what he likes because he can't remember Ooh. saying that. So he's like, ooh, I, I really like that Chuck Dixon run. Thanks a lot, Reggie. Has no <laughs> idea that he talked about it. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're going to go off to the Cosmic Treadmill, and then I believe we'll be back after that with uh, the last three books of the podcast, including sure a last one with Reggie. What do you think of that, Reggie? Because we already ooh, talked exciting. about Wonder Woman. It'll be the anniversary uh, special of Wonder Woman. Oh. But right, we're cool. gonna, yeah. Reggie actually thought we were gonna talk some more tonight, but no, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be doing that. Uh, the the magic of editing will allow you to return with us. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go to the cosmic treadmill now. The cosmic treadmill is really fun. Reggie and Chris are number one. I'm a big Blondie fan, so this is my favorite song. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back, back to, the to the past the and read a DC comic from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. And today we have a very spooky Halloween-themed comic, don't we, Chris? 
Absolutely. It's the scariest book I've read in a long time. <laughs> well, you've, been, you've been reading some scary books all month, so that says yes. uh, that says a lot about it. It actually is not a Halloween comic, but there is a skull on the cover. There it's, is a skull. It's Plastic Man number one, The Game of Death. Uh, it's actually a four-story comic, but we're only reading the first one because this is a beast of a comic. So if you love it, uh, let us know. We'll try to do the other stories in the comic but maybe maybe not one of them one of them we won't do and if you want to know which one that is you can figure it out pretty quickly if you buy this on comiXology or you know pick it up somewhere uh actually if you do pick up plastic man somewhere in physical form uh let us know because we want to go into business with you Mm -hmm. uh this was released june 2nd 1943 cover dated january february 1944 cover price was 10 centavos published by quality Mm -hmm. comics this later folded into national dc comics and we'll uh talk a little bit about that much later on cover story and art by jack cole so this is going to be easy right just one bio yeah, just one guy, so, and he had a very boring life. Oh yeah, there's really not much to say <laughs> about him. So we'll just we'll dive right into uh, Jack Ralph Cole. He was born December 14th, 1914, in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Died August 13th, 1958, in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Uh, didn't have a long life, as you will come to f- find out why later on. His father, DeLace Cole, was a dry goods salesman who also performed in a variety of shows in the Newcastle area. He gave young Jack the idea that he could entertain people for a living. Uh, Jack was an inventive and creative boy. He built furniture and published his own newspaper called The Scoop, which got him in some trouble as he would mock Lampoon and gossip about his classmates. Uh, Jack saved up enough money to take the Landon School of Cartooning Correspondence course by saving up his school lunch money. To fool his parents, he hollowed out a book where he would sneak his real homemade lunch. This is a real Tom Sawyer type answer. I was going to say, he seems very Tom Sawyer. Kind of an idyllic childhood, it sounds like, so far. Now, in 1934, Jack would marry Dorothy Mahoney. They married out of town, and for a time, he kept their marriage a secret. The Coles would move to New York, and Jack became a shop employee of Harry A. Chesler, who was instrumental in a lot of early comics. He was a broker for, uh, you know, comics work, basically. Uh, he would work alongside guys like Charles Byro, Bob Wood, and Mort Meskin, among many other guys, uh, went through that shop over time. He left the Chesler shop in 1939 and began freelancing, worked for Hillman Publications, Novelty Publications, and MLJ, which is now Archie Comics. Uh, he wound up, along with several of his Chesler mates, at Your Guide Publications, which would become Lev Gleason Publications. Uh, he created The Claw, Silver Streak, and arguably the Golden Age uh, Daredevil, not the blind lawyer, but the two-tone one with the spiky belt and... Uh, spiky wrists and i think he was also australian he had a boomerang i think so yeah um jack <laughs> close Bin- enough jack jack binder i want to say was I, I think binder's good would actually draw the first daredevil story though um it's funny I, I mentioned this i heard that that bill everett had invented that daredevil but i could be wrong uh it's hard to say it all went around probably in a loop back in uh, those shop yeah. days Jack began working at Quality Comics in 1940, where he initially worked on humor features and on Midnight, a clear knockoff of Will Eisner's The Spirit. Some months, have you ever seen Midnight? I have not. It looks very, very much like The Spirit. Is it like The Spirit, but not quite as well executed? Pretty, it, it's, yeah, it's it's like the, the one you find in the dollar store. Right, the it does, yeah. does good enough, you know. I bet a lot of this stuff actually is uh, in the public domain, so... If, uh, you do a search for it, you probably, you know, I'd say you definitely can find a couple of pages oh, of it. Yeah. But a lot of times we talk about these Golden Age books, I find out, I know you can get a lot of this Lev Gleason 
uh, the original Daredevil stuff is for free. The first the first yeah. issue is available for free. You can get a PDF and read all about Daredevil smacking the crap out of Hitler in about five or six stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, come to think of it, I even reviewed that on the website a long time ago. Anyway, some months later, quality quality publisher Everett Busy Arnold told Cole that he was launching a new anthology title called Police Comics. Cole handed in the first completed Plastic Man story for this issue, and he wrote, drew, and lettered it, a one-man show. Uh, Reed Crandall's Firebrand was, at the start, the headliner of Police Comics, but Plas proved to be the most popular feature and would take over the headlining role four issues later. Plastic Man would ultimately become the second highest-selling quality superhero after Black Hawk in military comics, uh, which is fun. I didn't know that Black Hawk was originally a quality comics until we did this uh, research yeah. thing, but there it is. Um, during World War II, many of his colleagues went to fight in the war. Unfortunately, Jack was labeled 4F and rejected from military service. Uh, the term 4F originated in the United States Civil War, and it was a disqualifier for military service based on not having the four front teeth in with which to tear open gunpowder packages. The definition is changed to someone medically unfit is essentially what it means, right? Yeah. Uh, but the descriptor still remains that you're 4F. So Plastic Man became its ongoing series in 1943, which would be this very book that we're about to go through right now. Uh, it was no longer possible at that point for Jack to do all the work on the series, so other writers would submit stories and even ape uh, Jack Cole's art style. Yeah, because like we said, this is this was a beast. I mean, this was what fifty-four pages. Yeah, it's it's like massive. That? You know, we're gonna do yeah. just the first story, and it's basically the length of a of a regular of comic. a regular comic. So this, yeah. you're not missing out <laughs> too much here. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the man himself, Plastic Man. Uh, like we said, his first appearance was Police Comics number one, August 1941. Uh, his real name is Eel O'Brien. He's a former criminal, now stretchy superhero. Uh, Jack Cole based Plastic Man's origin uh, in part on uh, Humphrey Bogart's character in a film called Brother Orchid from 1940. This is where Bogie played a reformed crook who hid in a monastery while the heat was on. Which is basically his origin. He goes to a Pretty much. right there. <laughs> Uh, now, this uh, he was not the first stretchy superhero. Uh, that title goes to a timely-slash-Marvel character called Flexo the Rubber Man, and he appeared in Mystic Comics number 1, March 1940. Uh, this is a character that actually still shows up sometimes. I think he showed up uh, during the Marvel Zombies, and I think they did like a, a Mystic Comics special. Yeah. Uh, it usually seems like he gets mentioned whenever a creator wants to show off how knowledgeable they are about obscure characters. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> Here's a crappy character that no one cares about. Uh, let me yes. drag it out to the spotlight. <laughs> but by the time we're done with it, there'll be four podcasts. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, Plastic Man number one. Uh, on the cover, uh, atop the cover, it says, A Vital Book, V-I-T-A-L. Uh, looks to us like the Vital Publishing may have been the parent company. Uh, quality was just the comics division of Vital. Uh, we're guessing pop, uh, Plastic Man's popularity and the length of this book put it somewhat under uh, Vital's purview. Yeah, well, I mean, what I'm wondering is since it's obviously thicker than your average comic on the shelf, yes. and I'm not, I don't know if every issue was this thick. This might have just been a, an issue one, specially you know boosted one, but it might they might have sold it alongside the pulps or closer to the pulps. And the, and the bigger magazines, uh, who knows? Uh, it's just kind of a guess of mine. Yeah, they might have just—they might have put uh, all their uh, all their chickens behind this one or something. Yeah. Uh, now he stretches, he shrinks, he bends. 
This is a uh, prime Jack Cole scene. Plastic Man with his limbs stretched through the eye sockets and jaw of that giant skull we mentioned. Uh, <laughs> some limbs are snaking around the hoods, hoods like uh, tentacles. One of them is socking a high-flying one right in the kisser. The skull is on a small pedestal, uh, which is set within a lake of fire. Uh, the scene actually doesn't appear in the book, but it probably will appear in your nightmares. This sort of appears, but not this exact scene. But I yeah. do want to warn everyone the following story will contain pointless cruelty to animals. Yes. Uh, this, the first story, and uh, the only one of the four we'll be doing this episode, is called The Game of Death. Uh, here's another expressive title page. Plastic Man and his sidekick, Woozy Winks, looking at a panel depicting Plastic Man punching and kicking, ho- kicking hoodlums while balanced atop some giant dice that have been thrown by a skeleton-faced demon ghost. I mean, I love the fact that they're looking at their own action. They're actually, yes. like, gazing on the comic with us, you know, like they're sort of taken out of it. And that skull-headed monster wizard throwing the dice looks just like something you would see airbrushed on the side of a custom van in 1978, just like a total, like, heavy metal, you know pseudo-psychedelic shot, but here it is all the way back in 43. Yeah, the other side is a uh, warlock standing in a lake of fire. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, down at the uh, super-secretive chance club, some illegal gambling is going down. And in the basement, a man lies murdered. We get a caption that says, Now, before we go any further, get a pencil and scan the crowd above, for the murderer is among them. Can you pick him or her out? We'll give you a hint. The guilty one is not this one. And the arrow points to a, a stout gentleman who uh, who was identified as Mr. King. It looks like he's just entering the scene. Yeah, he sort of has a Groucho Marx uh, haircut and mustache, yeah. but he's a lot chubbier. But he's plump, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Sharp now, who looks like he's trying to swallow the upper half of his face, is enthusiastic <laughs> to show off the unique casino. Now, instead of cockfighting, they bet on Siamese fish fighting, which is superior because the winner devours the loser. So cruel, but yet so earth-friendly. That's true. You know, I think in this day and age, this would probably people would appreciate that. Uh, hmm. There's also this is amazing. There's also a game where people blow darts at a flying canary, and whatever number it drops on dead is the winner. And Mr. Sharp goes, "You ought to hear the mob holler when it convulses from one number to another. It's terrific." Mr. King replies, "Ingenious indeed, but I still prefer roulette." Ha! Same old King. We've made a few changes in the game, but I think you'll—I I don't think you'll object. Cigarette. So they've changed the <laughs> roulette table from using baby turtles to frogs. Is the change that they made? So I didn't is, know you ever used baby turtles. I didn't, I didn't know that was regulation. <laughs> I didn't realize that, you know. So whatever hole the frog hops into becomes the winner. And then to make things even more exciting, because that's you know not going to do it for you. All the odd numbers are electrified, and the even ones are not, and that adds to the fun for some reason. Yes. So, now, like you said, they used to use baby turtles. Yeah. <laughs> what did murdering baby turtles provide to the gambling experience that a regular, regular marble didn't? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you were just spinning a baby turtle around, you know, as you would a ball. They probably, every one of them died. And then why switch to frogs? Couldn't they just jump into any numbers hutch like that? This actually takes away the, the regular chance of roulette. Now you're leaving it up to the whim of a, of a dizzy frog. Yes, uh, and then, <laughs> why even spin him around? He's gonna he's gonna just jump wherever the hell he wants to anyway. And then you're electrifying half the board, so, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't understand. laughs> which increases. You know, if he if he jumps into an odd number, wouldn't wouldn't he just jump out? Yeah, <laughs> that's so you've effectively eliminated half the wheel right there. You know, just like pretty much. Up. 
Uh, it did that. That one really struck me as probably the worst, <laughs> worst gambling enhancement, even worse than blowing a dart at a canary or whatever it was. So, yes. uh, anyway, Mr. Mr. King does not share our compunctions about the frog roulette, and uh, <laughs> he's happy to he's happy to play. He pulls together quite a pile of chips. He wins so much that Mr. Sharp must have him cash out in his office. Mr. Mr. King says. $20,000! Imagine my winning all that! How well, how did I ever do it? Precisely what I was about to ask you. Uh, Mr. King reveals he had a magnet in his pocket all along. A frog-attracting magnet. <laughs> this is great. It's like, it's like, that's a lie. It's like, no, I, I fed it buckshot before yeah. earlier in the day. I mean, the magnet would work if it was a ball. I, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I mean, the whole thing is just so crazy. I don't... <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, it, he fed a, he fed the frog buckshot, which I, I guess they only used the one frog. I thought it would die. You would think Eventually. so, I guess. Maybe they maybe they're able to keep it moist as it goes into its little number hutch. You know, they uh... <laughs> the even numbers are all full of water. That's right. That helps conduct the electricity. <laughs> now, now a, a guy drops in on Mister King from a trap door in the ceiling, but bounces off King and back through the hole. I think Mr. King might not be who we think he is. Mm. I think he might be Plastic Man. <laughs> you know, he's got that magnet with which he uh, attracted the uh, the frog. Now he turns it on uh, on the thug in hopes uh, that he that he actually goes to the dentist and has uh, fillings in his teeth. Yeah, and, and, and it works. <laughs> yes, somehow. <laughs> he actually, even I mean, fillings are usually. I mean, in those days, they would have definitely been silver. They're specifically sure. made of nog magnetic material for just this reason. Otherwise, yes. you would just you would just lose them all the time. Every time you walked past a magnetic field, yeah, you, you'd be your face would be slammed into walls. <laughs> be quite the scene. Anywho, meanwhile, Woozy Winks is outside trying to get into the Chance Club through the front door. There's a bouncer who's talking to him uh, through a large circular hole. Woozy goes, "What do you mean I'm not I'm not allowed inside? This is a free country, ain't it? As a taxpayer, I demand scram." Woozy leans on the wall near the back of the house and falls into the club's basement, where he sees the corpse from the beginning of the story. Woozy assumes that he killed the guy by landing on him, <laughs> and he runs out of the basement looking for Plastic Man. Club chance clears out. We got Woozy running through this place. Plas! 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 And then the uh, crowd there all murmuring, Did he say police? What else? It's a raid! Let me out of here! Gangway! And then uh, Woozy ends up trampled and covered in footprints after the mass exodus. Now, Woozy, who's probably concussed, he, and, looks uh, <laughs> he might have a few missing teeth himself. Yeah, he, he says, uh, New Year's Eve at Times Square, how I love it! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Plastic Man shows up and he snaps Woozy back to reality. Woozy immediately confesses to killing the man in the club cellar. That's the end. Oh, no. No, they, they go to investigate, Just and the sir, body... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, they go to investigate, and the body is gone. Woozy is stunned. This interlude has allowed Mr. Sharp and his goons to escape, which uh, doesn't really seem to bother Plastic Man all that much. He, he, doesn't he seem kind of nonchalant about it? Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, well. Eh, well, let's go back to the office. So they, they return to the FBI, who are actually the employers of Plastic Man as a special agent. And I, I guess Woozy, I think it is sort of a package deal. Yes, and he probably thought he was applying to be a female body inspector. Well, you know, those T-shirts they sell at the Jersey Shore. Spencer's Gifts, yeah. Yeah, they look, they look pretty official, so I could definitely, you know, I, did, I think I wanted to be that when I was 12 as well, but they weren't hiring. 
No. Uh, Woozy and Plastic Man enter their boss's office arguing over the murder. Have a heart, Plast. I swear he was dead. Why his body was icy cold. In the first place, if you had just killed him, the body'd be warm. If there was a body. A woozy accepts the blame for letting the Chance Club gang escape, rearranges Plastic Man's face to look like the one of the dead body in the basement. Yeah, so you can, this is something I guess you can do. You just grab Plastic Man's arm and, and stretch it out against his will. He's just, uh, he's like a stretch Armstrong? Yeah, basically. He's just like a, a malleable lump of clay. You can probably use him to transfer printed comics while you're at it. Too. Yes, get the uh, Sunday funnies on his back. It's also a recurring uh, joke in here that I'm probably not going to mention, but Woozy, but the, the Woozy's boss. Hates it when he calls him chief. So that don't call me chief. That happens uh, routinely. So uh, that wasn't that wasn't invented in. Uh, actually, that might have been invented in Superman. Who the hell? Knows? In the George Reeves show. Yeah, yeah. No one knows. <laughs> uh, Plastic Man's face looks exactly like James Town, who was reported as missing by his mother that morning. Woozy goes. See, see, what's I tell you? Kick me, where's Woozy? Good and hard. <laughs> Plast realizes that Jamestown's killer was in the Chance Club, and they let him go free. But luckily, he has photos of nearly everyone at the club last night for some reason. I didn't. Did you see him snapping pictures? I don't remember. I did not. Uh, yeah. So he has them developed. He also sent. Only takes ten minutes back in the forties. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the FBI, so they just you know hop right to it. I guess. <laughs> he also sends Woozy and some agents down to the club to show them the crime scene, and Woozy calls the boss chief and pisses him off. <laughs> Yes. Now, a plastic man heads to Mrs. Town's house to show her the photos from the Chance Club. Do you recognize anyone in these photos who might be associated with your son, Mrs. Town? That woman, his fiance. I warned him to stay away from her. She, she wrecked his life. Know where she lives? And what's her name? And uh, are you friendly with your son? Have you seen each other recently? I mean, you know, this is her fiance. <laughs> What kind yes. of mother were you to James growing up? You know, you absolutely don't know a shit about him. You know, don't know a thing. She says, Yvette Larue, twenty-five Park Lane. Oh, if anything's happened to my son, I'll never forgive her. And uh, Plastic Man heads right over, and the car speeds out the front gate just as he arrives. So Plastic Man grabs onto the bumper and lets the car drag him along like a, like a windsock. Yeah. <laughs> Plastic Man crawls over uh, the roof and to the front of the car, and he hangs his head over the windshield, and he accuses her of killing Jamestown. I'm shocked she didn't just, like, freak out and crash the minute he peeked his... I mean, if that happened to you while you were driving, you would, yeah. you would probably just, you know... Need to change my pants. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. You, know, you, you <laughs> would be terrified, and, and with good reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I freak out if there's a moth in the car with me. I couldn't imagine a face that went <laughs> Now, uh, Yvette's about to reveal James's real killers, but a car drives by spraying gunfire. And this actually does make Yvette veer off the road and crash into a tree. She's she's okay. She seems fine. And uh, she leaves the uh, wreck to find civilization. Yvette comes uh, near a construction site where, curiously, a late-night construction is going on. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the... It's like one in the morning right now. What There's no on? noise ordinances in uh, <laughs> no. Plastic Town here. Uh, the sound of a riveter uh, freaks her out because she thinks it's the sound of the gunfire, and I think they use the same uh, sound effect. They do. rat tat tat rat rat yeah. And I think it's Rosie. It's a lady riveter up there. Yep. Riveter says, Smatter, Miss Nylons. Riveter ain't good enough for you. 
And, you know, this is that interesting contextual uh, reference here. You know, we had men drafted to fight in the war, and women, uh, they turned into uh, up to upwards of 65% of the workforce. Yeah, I mean, um, this is the year after we entered the war, too. So it's, sure. this is how rapid that change was. We're already seeing yes. it in reference in a comic book. Yes, this is very fresh. Um, now, a menacing shadow looms over Yvette, and she shrieks. But it's just some playboy in a checkered sports coat catcalling her from a convertible car. How is that less menacing? I mean, that's pretty bad too. I don't know. You you won't you won't get killed. You'll just get assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, Yvette gets uh, snatched off the street by a guy in an alleyway, and she's hustled into a waiting car. Uh, a thug says, "All right, Jody, headquarters." And now at headquarters, there's a guy in a white robe sitting on a throne surrounded by fire. And, uh, and embedded in the mouth of a giant skull, much like the one on the cover. Wait, what happened? The, <laughs> the, a guy sitting in a giant skull? You know, what, what happened this, to the thugs in the casino? This is... Uh, <laughs> this is the other side of the tracks. Yeah, really, this is, this is taking a crazy <laughs> turn right here. Yes. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have guessed this one in the pool. <laughs> that Tony says, There she is, old mystic one. And there's a guy who's uh, wearing, like, a clan robe here. He says, excellent. Leave it with me and join the others in the arena. Now, this guy in the clan robe, he explains to Yvette that he's upset that she's left the secret society of blood worshippers behind. <laughs> and, and worse, convinced Jamestown, a charter member, to resign. Turns out the only way to leave the blood worshippers is by a violent death. Yes, our, our main man here continues... But before you uh, resign, I, I shall grant you the right of all new members to participate in the annual Game of Death. Come. This really seems like a bad way to increase membership. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is this isn't something you put on your uh, on the thing you you know you hammer into the exactly. telephone. Exactly. Yeah, you know you, gotta, you gotta, <laughs> pull you gotta, a number like, off this. Drinks, socializing, possible death, possible yes. violent death. Yeah. <laughs> yes, guitar tutor. Death. <laughs> uh, our man continues. Each contestant is given a whip, men against men, women against women, and the first to fall is sacrificed to the goddess of blood. And people start a whipping, boy. They are just whipping each other good. And Yvette, they're happy about it. Yeah, they're they, all into it. They look pretty. They look pretty excited. It's. It almost seems like <laughs> some of them have gotten some whip training, which I definitely should be uh, reviewed by the board. But I think so. uh, as you might have expected, Yvette is the first to fall. Congratulations, Miss LaRue. Clear the area and dress your wounds. All except you, Miss LaRue. The game of death is all only beginning. Which is a this game is worse than baseball. I know. It goes on and on. What kind of a game is this? You know, to be <laughs> start with the whips and then move on to, well, now it gets even crazier. Yvette is placed under a spotlight in an arena and a tiger is released to maul her. And somehow this is—I I guess there's a theatrical aspect of this, but wouldn't it just be more expedient just to kill her? I mean, it's cost. This must cost a ton of money. You know what I mean? They got yeah, the you whips, need like permits, the arena. Yeah. They got a tiger. This is big government all over it. I'm telling you. You know what I mean? This yeah. is why we need to curtail the spending. People, this is ridiculous. Well, they're probably not feeding the tiger or anything though. So there's That's, that. That I guess that they are saving <laughs> on that. But you know, just even the waste removal. Anyway, I'll, I'll, sure. We can talk about that another time. Uh, the, Tiger is released, and Yvette is revealed to be Plastic Man all along. Now, while Plastic Man wrestles the tiger, he explains his position. How such a barbaric cult ever took root is more than a sane mind can imagine. But I do know this. A creed of torture and death is doomed at its birth. Like a plague, it runs its short course, does its damage, and then kicks the bucket. 
The world is too small and life too short to tolerate any such murderous clique as yours. When a guy has to live with a knife at his back, the time has come to trade the golden rule for the Marquis of Queensberry rules. See what I mean? And before I describe what the Marquis of Queensberry rules are, we got to keep in mind he's wrestling a tiger. The whole while time. He's, oh, yeah. While he's giving this soliloquy here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Marquis of Queensberry rules are it's, they're the generally accepted rules for, for boxing, uh, named for John Douglas, the ninth Marquis of Queen, Queensberry, who endorsed them. Though they are, were written by a sportsman named John Graham Chambers. Yep, just like those English bastards to give the name of the guy that you know ratified it instead of the guy that wrote it the credit. Yes. But uh, the Earl of Sandwich. But through that whole through that whole uh, speech, Plastic Man was wrestling a tiger, and in the end, he ties the tiger's tail to his neck, thereby immobilizing him. <laughs> uh, right after that, a glass tube is dropped around Plas as thugs start to pour into the arena to kill him. Our main man goes, "Stop! I've just received word that the police are headed here." All of you go to 620 Main Street. I'll dispose of Plastic Man myself. And now, Mr. Plastic Man, you're at my mercy. And I love this. Plastic Man just raises the dome off his head and punches the guy in a clan robe in the face just by stretching his arms, standing sure. in place. It's so it's, It takes him <laughs> literally 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, he, he leaps up there, to, pulls off the hood to reveal it's Woozy Winks. What? Aw, oh, you never let me have any fun. How long have you been in that rig? And what was the bright idea in letting them get away? Don't get all heated up. If you, if you weren't punch drunk from that tiger, you'd have realized the address I sent them to right across, is right across the street from the FBI offices. Now, it'll be simple to have the boys go pick them up. Uh, Woozy actually identifies his white robe as a KKK evening gown. <laughs> we gotta wonder if the blood worshippers are a veiled reference to the clan. I mean, it, they would have been a poorly. I mean, I really, I, I meant this almost as like a small discussion. I don't think, I don't think so. They would have been a very poor <laughs> reference. Yes. But I mean, they they got the clan robe. They got the stupid, you know, phony, you know, mystic baloney that the clan has. I don't know. I I, I don't know what what Cole's position was in that. And I think, as you see from another story in here, that he wasn't against bigotry. But uh, no. I don't know. No, but he actually says, "I conked the leader. I, I conked the leader on his on the bean and slipped on his KKK evening gown." Yeah, that's what I, you know what I mean. So it's like, <laughs> but but are they just saying it like we were calling it a clan robe? I don't know. It's it Maybe. seems it seems weird, and I don't. I wouldn't expect uh, things to get this politicized, except against Germans and Japanese in during this time period. During this time, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, only Jack Hall <laughs> would know, and he cannot tell us. So. Nope. Uh, it, as Chris said, Woozy knocked out the real leader and sold their outfit while Plastic Man was fighting the tiger, and Plastic Man is proud of him. Turns mm-hmm. out the leader isn't a man. It's a non-man. Or or a woman. We call them women. I knew that. I think that's what we call them. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was actually Mrs. Town all along. Wow. Then she mm. condemned her own son to death. Yeah, back at FBI headquarters, they've already gotten full confessions from all the cult members uh, who admit that the Chance Club was a front to recruit for the blood worshippers. They work fast, let me tell you. They, they don't mess around. <laughs> uh, the, the animal cruelty was a good test to gauge uh, people's tolerance to torture and death. As well as being very instructive in biology. Yes, buckshot. No <laughs> and now we get a page of exposition. <laughs> Which is not uncommon for uh, books no, of this vintage. This is what we call the old wrap-up. Yes. Uh, Jamestown was condemned to die by general vote, 
So basically, anybody you circled with that pencil on the front page, you were right. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the blood cult, everyone in the blood cult was uh, guilty. Uh, the boss asked Plass about Yvette LaRue being found in an auto accident riddled with bullets. Plass says he was in that car when it crashed, and she revealed that she was there when James resigned from the blood worshippers right before she died. They lured him downstairs and knifed him to death and were about to kill Yvette when Woozy burst into the chance club, causing a stampede for the exits, and she escaped in the excitement. So they just killed him, but Woozy said the body was cold. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And also, then, what was the whole point of her putting on that show of being scared by a riveter and that menacing figure from the convertible? Yeah, and, and why would she report her son missing if she was instrumental in killing him? Yeah, that that also doesn't... So there's some... <laughs> Loose sentence here. Also, I got a bit of lapses of logic. I I also want to point out. So Jamestown was condemned to die by general vote, but it was a vote. So really, only the people that voted for his death would be complicit, right? I mean, we we don't we don't usually arraign people in a democratic sense, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, most of you committed the crime, so you all go to jail. You know, it doesn't really work that way. That that hasn't worked since like sixth grade. No. You know, who, who wrote this on the wall? Oh, no one's going to say it? You're all in trouble. Exactly, yeah. That doesn't quite work when it comes down to manslaughter or first-degree murder. But anyway, maybe maybe things were different in those days. They were working on an amendment, yeah. Definitely different in, in the uh, Plastic Man <laughs> universe, yeah. <laughs> so Plastic Man made himself look like Yvette, obviously, and subjected himself to torture in order to find the inner sanctum of blood worshippers. Meanwhile... He might have dug it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, he is plastic, so he could handle yeah. it. But, I, you know, I like I love, on the other hand, Woozy found it because the address was printed on a business card he found at the Chance Club. I mean, it's much easier. And, and I mean, the word chance is right there, so exactly. <laughs> it's a hell of a chance. Yeah, just, as a matter of fact, as I recall, it's actually, isn't it like behind the Chance Club anyway? anyway so, I think so, uh, yeah. Uh, the boss's myth that Woozy went on his own without alerting the FBI, and then Woozy calls him chief again. Again, uh, the boss kicks him out forcefully, and Plastic Man suggests they go to a movie. Woozy goes, maybe you're right. This whole gory case has my nerves frazzled. What's showing at the Strand? A swell picture. The bloody hand. No, no, I couldn't stand it. I tell you, if I ever hear or see the word blood again, I'll scream. And then Woozy, he unwittingly leans against a uh, poster for a Red Cross blood drive. And Plastic Man says, <laughs> well, you'd better start tuning up your vocal cords. And then we get our nice little caption ended up here. And so, dear Rita, no matter which person you selected as the killer at the beginning of the story, you were right, for they were all guilty. And this was the worst murder mystery written this year because it was very stupid but uh, still very enjoyable and, you know, definitely you see that Jack Cole's art is kind of out there, you know? His, it is, yeah. His mind is both uh, dark and fun, I guess would be a way to put it, you know? Yes. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot to say about it, but uh, we'll probably save that for talking about Jack Cole. First, we'll talk about the publication history of Plastic Man. Uh, Quality Comics ran Plastic Man for 64 issues. Last issue was cover dated November 1956. Now, Quality closed shop in 56, partly due to the near collapse of the comics industry after the imposition of the Comics Code, and partly due to a long and costly legal battle with national publications which became DC Comics over Captain Marvel's similarity to Superman. That's pretty uh, publicized. Quality lost that battle. Uh, DC, you know, I, I, I've always heard that, that DC, this they folded them all in, but apparently DC actually purchased only some of their characters, a lot of them, yeah. but they left others on the table. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else owns them, but they, they did purchase the characters specifically 
uh, during the quality's liquidation, including Plastic Man and Captain Marvel. And a couple others I, I was surprised I didn't know were Uncle Sam, Human Bomb, Black Hawk we mentioned, Quicksilver, who would become Max Mercury, and a handful of others that you see usually kind of lurking around the JSA. Uh, or you see them during crisis time, but uh, but they're 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 in there, you know. They they they're used. Yeah, because they were uh, part of that convergence, Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters. Right, that was pretty much all the quality characters. Which I you know I really, I didn't know that that was originally quality. I guess I never really thought mm-hmm. about it, you know, like wh- where they those characters they've been DC characters for so long to me, you know, especially Plastic Man, which I knew yeah. was you know <laughs> folded in, but yeah, because uh, weren't they changed to like Earth? It was it was originally Earth uh, swastika because the well, during quality or at least uh, you know especially after here I guess Hitler won World War Two yeah was uh, what they did with the quality books and I think I think there was even a yeah there was a quality chapter in the multiversity uh, that Grant Morrison did uh, a oh, year or two ago no no what yeah it's got like it's got like a overman I guess Superman landed in in Nazi Germany. And the cover is uh, is Overman or whatever whatever they called it. Overmention, whatever, yeah. Yeah, and he was like arm wrestling Uncle Sam on the cover. That's right, that's right. You're, you're that was the one correct. drawn by Jim Lee. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah, that's right. I had Hitler uh, on the on, on the, the can in the first yeah. page. Uh, that's true. I think that's Earth 19 now or something like that, right? Uh, okay. I don't know. I think I you might be right. I don't know if it really matters when you put a number to it. It's it's one of the many yeah. Earths, but uh, yeah, because it was actually Earth X because they put the swastika on the side. Ah. So it was it was originally Earth swastika and then it turned to Earth X. They just knocked they knocked off the feet. Yes, <laughs> they can't <laughs> dance anymore. <laughs> now uh, the first DC publication of uh, Plastic Man is in the House of Mystery number 160, uh, July 1966, written by Dave Wood and with art by uh, Jim Mooney. The cover advertises him as a new old hero. Uh, Plastic Man Volume Two ran for 20 issues. Uh, cover dated December 1966 to November 1967, drawn by Gil Kane and written by our old pal Arnold Drake. Yeah, which I didn't know either until we looked into this. Yeah, I didn't either. Cool. Uh, we're going to jump ahead a few decades to the post-crisis. He was brought into the mainstream DC Universe, was featured in a miniseries written and uh, drawn by Phil Foglio. That was four issues, November of 88 to February of 89. Phil Foglio was doing these weird four-parters around this point. Oh, yeah. Because he, uh, he did an Angel and the Ape one. He did the Stanley and his monster. Uh, he was uh, he was picking some of the obscure ones. Out. Yeah, he was, looks like he was grabbing from the weird Silver Age, which bless he his was. heart for trying. Bless his heart Absolutely. for that. <laughs> and uh, he began a guest. Uh, uh, he, he got it. He began appearing as a guest star in a lot of DC books, including uh, there was a particular issue of Action Comics. I think Jimmy Olsen started turning into his Elastic Lad or Elastic Boy uh, oh, yeah. persona again, and Plastic Man was part of that, or he was at least present for it. When I, when I was a kid, this is this is a huge aside, but when I was a kid, I could swear I saw a house ad for a comic that was Elastic, elastic Lad, Elongated Man, and, and Plastic Man on a team together, mm-hmm. and they were going to be called the Rubber Band. Wow, but I must have I must have been imagining it because I've never seen it mentioned elsewhere, and it actually sounds like a very stupid idea. And <laughs> it, it, it sounds, sounds like, like an idea shot. like a nine year old <laughs> or a ten year old might have. So I don't know, but I but it's always something that's lingered in there. Like I could swear I saw that. But anyway, <laughs> we're gonna jump ahead uh, about a decade. He was part of uh, Grant Morrison's JLA run in the late nineties, and uh, Frank Miller used him in the Dark Knight Strikes Again. And the less said about that is, uh, the better. Yeah, we'll, we'll go beyond that. So Plastic Man Volume 4 ran for 20 issues, plus an 80-page giant, which is very beloved. Uh, February 2004 to March 2006, all by Kyle, Kyle Baker, 
Mm-hmm. He also appeared in Wednesday Comics. I think Kyle Baker did those as well. Uh, New 52, he appeared in one panel of Justice League International. I think it was the very first issue, if not the second, written by Dan Jurgens and drawn by Aaron Lopresti. He's being considered for membership into the JLI, but he's turned down. And then, and this was a big internet kerfuffle, big, big thing for some reason, but during Forever Evil, a hood named Eel is liquefied during the events that I can't quite exactly, something, some toxic spill, something, he gets, yeah. li- he gets liquefied. And it definitely implies, and this was by Jeff Johns and David Finch, definitely implies Plastic Man's origin, but nothing ever comes of it. Nothing happens. As, a, all, yeah. as far as we know, a guy named Eel died that day. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. They did a lot of breadcrumbs in yeah. those early years of the New 52. Where it, was, seemed like a lot, it seemed like a lot came from Mr. Johns and didn't get uh, picked up. But that's uh, yes. maybe topic for another another podcast entirely. <laughs> uh in the animated series, he made his small screen debut during a 1973 episode of Super Friends called Professor Goodfellow's GEEC, where he was voiced by the prolific, uh, by these standards, Super Friends standards, Norman Alden, or, or Alden. Uh, he, this this was pretty popular. This actually ran in reruns when I was a kid. He received his own series, The Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show, which ran from 1979 to 1981. And he was voiced by Michael Bell, who still does voice work to this day. He's also the godfather of Steve Gutenberg. So next time you watch Police Academy, which, if you're me, is about once every other week, mm-hmm. uh, just know that the man from Police Academy, from Police Comics is Guts' godfather. <laughs> uh, or the Goot, as we like to call the him. Goot. So uh, he also showed up in Justice League, Justice League Unlimited and Batman the Brave and the Bold series quite a couple times in the second one. Uh, but really now, who didn't? Everyone. Every DC character was in that at some point or another. Um, and he also appeared on the cover of The New Yorker for the April 9th, 19th, 1999 issue. Uh, the image was painted by Art Spiegelman, who would have been the art director, as we know now, at The New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And who also contributed an essay about Jack Cole for the issue. Yeah, it seems like uh, Mr. Spiegelman is the, he's almost the archivist for, yeah. uh, for Jack Cole here. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. A lot of the information we found about his life uh, came from him. Um, speaking of his life, let's continue it. The uh, Coles would move to Connecticut and then to Massachusetts. Jack became withdrawn and lost his trademark sense of humor. He would rarely visit quality offices, and he would instead instead simply mail his work in, which was now just the pencils and writing. He had others do the inks uh, and lettering. Uh, Gil Fox, one of his co-workers, was quoted as saying, That's Jack. When he wants to be by himself, he wants to be way by himself. So I guess he was becoming more uh, notorious for disappearing acts or yeah. just being less sociable. Uh, Plastic Man, as we said, was canceled in 56 after struggling with sales for several years and relying on reprinting uh, Cole's earlier stories to stay afloat. Cole would leave quality comics in the mid-50s under somewhat mysterious circumstances and not mysterious as in nefarious or controversial, just no one seems yeah. to know why he left. No one can agree on it. He almost just walked away as far as I as far as I heard it. Like, yeah. yeah, he, he just he left. Gave his notice or just not even just walked away. That was goodbye. Yeah. And uh, he would, uh, ironically, he would visit D.C. looking for work, and he was turned away. Um, He worked on staff for uh, Charlton Comics for three whole weeks before leaving due to their notoriously low pay. Yeah, I can't blame him there, although he would have been right there living in Massachusetts now. In 1955, Mm -hmm. New England experienced catastrophic flooding, which we both think must be the same flood that affected Charlton Comics in the same year. Uh, It actually had a name that I can't remember now, but it was a huge hurricane, a huge... uh, deluge and it it devastated uh, new england 
Uh, this caused the Calls home to be ruined, along with all their belongings, including home movies, jacket film throughout the years on his video camera. So there goes his whole past, you know. Yes. Jack wound up joining Playboy magazine as a cartoonist under using the pen name Jake. And at the assistance of Hugh Hefner, moved to his house to Chicago, or he moved the, his wife and himself to Chicago. He would submit both black and white illustrations and painted cartoons to the magazine. You see his stuff in Playboy? It's, it's some really great stuff. I have, and I, sh- I, sh- I should check it out. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, by this time, he would have been real well-suited to this kind of work. So Absolutely. It, it would have been uh, perfection. Oh, no, there's some in that book, right, in the uh, Jack Cole, Art Spiegelman book? I think so. Yeah, I yeah, think so. I think I maybe took a, took a look at some of it. Uh, in 1958, Cole approached the Chicago Sun-Times about starting a newspaper strip, which led to his four-panel humor strip, Betsy and Me, which I have seen and isn't that funny for a humor no. strip. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, this would feature a far different art style from those would expect from Cole and the stories, if we can call them that, were based on a verbal back and forth between he and his wife. Yeah, it's very uh, very sparsely lined. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's very dulled down from uh, what we would expect. Now... On August 13th, 1958, the day after attending a large Playboy party and an apparent argument with his wife, uh, Jack Cole committed suicide by shooting himself in the head with a 22 caliber single-shot Marlin rifle while pulled off on a gravel road near Crystal Lake, Illinois. He would write three suicide notes, one laid beside his body for whoever found him, uh, one was mailed to his wife, and the third was mailed to Hugh Hefner. The uh, note beside his body asked the uh, reader to notify Cole's wife, it also asked them to make sure that they uh, knocked on a neighbor's door first so she would have someone to console her. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the note ended with, please forgive me, hun. Uh, the note to Hefner was written to absolve him of any blame, which is fairly cryptic. Um, I guess maybe he didn't want him to feel like he was responsible for pulling him away from his home, even yeah. though he didn't seem too close with the family. Um, now, of Hefner, in the note, he said, he called him the best guy I ever worked for in all these years. And he also included a line that says, I cannot go on living with myself and hurting those dear to me. And this line fed a whole lot of speculation about a potential extramarital affair. The Coles had no children, so people latched onto the quote-unquote those dear as meaning that there were other people yeah, involved. a mistress or perhaps a bow or some bow or something like yes, that. Yes, perhaps. Now, uh, in Art Spiegelman's book, it's called uh, Jack Cole and Plastic Man, Forms Stretched to Their Limits. He suggests that Cole's problem was impotence. Um, I don't know if we have anything to substantiate that, but worth mentioning because Spiegelman did. Yeah. Um, now, drug abuse was a theme in a lot of Cole's work. However, no observer has suggested that this was drug-related. Um, I, I don't think you can prove or disprove that at this no, point. But, but, I mean, uh, but, you know, the, the, that could be something that would hurt those dear to you. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it's, it, could, it's It could be almost anything, you know, when you really think yeah. about it. It's very, very uh, nebulous. And uh, another piece of conjecture is that the argument they had the night before was due to him finding out that his wife had an affair on him due to his lack of time or attention to her. Uh, He was taking on work from Playboy and the newspaper, so he was a pretty busy dude. Mm. Um, There's nothing to confirm this, of course, but it is usually bandied about when the subject arises, uh, perhaps due to the quickness in which his widow remarried. Um, The suicide note sent to Dorothy Cole... Nobody knows what that says. Uh, Hugh Hefner was quoted as saying, Dorothy had a note that she wouldn't give the police. Wow. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't share the contents with anybody, not Jack's family. I guess Jack might have been close with his brother Dick because it was mentioned that he that she didn't share it with him in particular. Hmm. Uh, she remarried fairly quickly, about a year later. 
And she moved away from the area and broke contact with all of Jack's family and uh, never spoke to Hugh Hefner again. Wow. I mean, this is yeah. really a comics mystery, you know? Like It is. And if we and just to know what's what's in that note, you know, it definitely tickles my salacious, yes. uh, you know, National it's, Enquirer type senses. But Absolutely. Uh, there is a bit of a, yeah, there is one of the, <laughs> some of that, uh, some of that black curiosity, you know. Definitely, uh, but I can't, I can't deny. I would, you know, if that those contents got released, I would read them. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, a life cut too short and a kind of a wild ending for someone that made such a crazy, you know, character that we associate so much with fun and with fun and humor, whimsy and these happiness. days. Happiness. Yeah. Uh, that's not where he was at. But you know, uh, that's where we're at. And if you would like to write to us and join in on the fun, that is the. Uh, Cosmic Treadmill. You can write to us at our direct email. That's weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. We're still taking suggestions, and uh, there is going to be a format change coming soon that's going to blow your ever-loving mind. So uh, feel free to expand those suggestions, or if you just want to talk comics or whatever. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And uh, we both do contribute reviews and other articles to WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And Chris has a personal blog called Chris is an Infinite Earth dot blogspot dot com that uh, you update every single day with a DC Comics review, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you got? You got yeah. Batman is a vampire today again, or something? Yeah, like there's that. a, a three parter from the uh, from 1982, a Jerry Conway story, uh, where Batman. He is. He becomes a vampire, and he actually feeds off a human being, which uh, surprised the hell out of me. Well, you know, that's when you know when in Rome. That's what they say. That's what you do. But uh, yeah, it's funny because you know we were talking about these last few weeks. It almost seems like you, all you do is review horror themed comics. But that's just for yes. this month, folks. Just this uh, month. He, he's he's going back to his <laughs> usual thing, in just a few days. That's the not soon thing. enough. So yeah, <laughs> definitely go check it out. Always very well written, very funny. I haven't been retweeting them because I have been. Too busy to see him, but go check him out uh, and enjoy that blog. Um, and I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. You got anything else? I think I think we are good. Well, then I'd like everyone to please keep it on the treadmill elastically. See, he's a real good guy in a bright red suit, and he always wears goggles and a belt that's a beaut. He was a crook, but he reformed and then he reformed and reformed and reformed again. Plastic Man, Plastic Man, the one, the original Elastic Man, always in great shape for the shape he's in, the fantastic Plastic Man. The Wonder Woman 75th Anniversary Special, number one, written by a ton of people, with art by even more. I put even in my notes because there are a ton of people on this. Yeah, all uh, big names, too, Yeah, Oh, much. yeah, yeah. It's Wonder Woman's 75th anniversary. I personally think that DC has been dropping the ball a bit on these other anniversaries. This is one fine issue. While I do think it ties a bit too much into existing books, it's a great celebration of Wonder Woman for those who love her by those who also love her. While the $7.99 price tag may be too steep for some, I do think that anyone picking up this book will find more than one thing that they love. And that is my blurb that I wrote while in full concussion mode. That was earlier. Right, I, couldn't right. even, I couldn't even make sentences then, I, but I could still write. It's weird. You did I'd a have good to look, job. I'm going to have to look into that. I, I think I might be dying 
The part uh, <laughs> written in Chinese was a little weird. But yes, it was weird, good. but I translated. It's weird. I didn't even speak Chinese before this. Now yeah. I can. I hit the Chinese part of my brain. Now I'm good. Uh, the late driving Chinese. Like yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Ooh, go. that is offensive. Where is my yeah. sound board? Now, uh, this issue, we're not going to go tit for tat, you know, page for page. Um, but, but just pages. in general, it definitely is one of those where if you like Wonder Woman, I think you'll love every bit of this. If you yeah. if you kind of like Wonder Woman or maybe have just jumped on with Wonder Woman, I will say this is not a book for somebody who says, oh, 75th anniversary. I want to know her origin or no, I want to no. know her history. That's not this book at all. And actually, I kind of I would was, have expected to see, you know, some a golden age reprints yes. and maybe, you know, some yeah. during the through the years. This, time, like, this is all new stuff. No, it's all new. And I said to Eric, the only thing that I think they did that for is you're already confusing people with the year one. It's yeah. not, you know, Greg Rucka's story is not really straightforward. Well, Why we got, they're not going to. What's that? We have we have two Greg Ruckus stories going on right now. We have the Wonder Woman Year One. We have the Legends of Wonder Woman. We have another Wonder Woman book coming out. So if you're like you know just jumping around, you're going to be confused right from the get go. Yeah, and I just I don't think that they want you to go into this. And really, the 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 big thing in the rebirth with Wonder Woman is her not knowing her history. So yeah. to actually give a book that's going to spell out like here's how it was here how it is even if it's and somebody's interpretation you it, too because yeah because yeah, he may not use those it, it no. would confuse the hell out of you because yes. her origin has changed so many it's times over the years. uh so yeah. this is even like the way they did it they never really spell out like this is in continuity this isn't uh and i think that the stories themselves do a really good uh deal of just kind of Going with the flow and, and leading in. Some of them do seem to address the whole Wonder Woman not knowing her history, uh, things like that. What this whole book reminds me of, if you read the Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman uh, Weekly Digital, this yeah. is almost like a big big version of it. A bunch one of one-off stories. And yes, I think that if, if you are just a fan of Wonder Woman in general, like, you know, you know, you know, her basic power set, yeah. you know, she's got the lasso of truth. You can pick this up cold oh, yeah. and start reading. Yeah, it's, it's a celebration. That's all it is. It's a celebration. I will say it starts off a little darker than I thought it was uh, going to be. Uh, but it gets it gets a little more lighthearted and it's fun. But yeah, you have Nazis at the beginning. You have a fucking poacher. Uh, but even that, I liked going through this and seeing the different artists, especially, and saying like, boy, I'd like to see a book with them on it. Because when Carl Kershaw, who was on oh, Gotham man, Academy, awesome. yeah. I, I'm not exactly fully in with the whole story. It was very heavy-handed. It was a story about a poacher and these yeah. animals. But boy, it when I, when we would say that Carl Kershaw's uh, art in Gotham Academy looked like a Disney movie, this is a Disney movie. I mean, this is, it's yeah. Snow White right there. And it is Wonder Woman is Snow White. All the animals. Oh yeah, and the art is is incredible. It looks it so good. Actually, reminds of a Wonder Woman '77 story a little yeah. bit with the poacher. You know, that's yep. sort of one thing she would do there. Yeah. See that now, does. my my favorite parts of the book are actually they have this one page where it's the covers of Brian Below in the 90s. And I, these, this is the Wonder Woman era that I remember looking at the most, and I love these covers. Yeah. And then yeah. for the story aspect, it's the one with her versus Gigana talking about justice and what it means to different people. Yeah, That was the strongest story in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite part of the whole – and it's parts of the whole – were just those one-page you know, drawings yeah. of, of the different Wonder Woman, like the uh, – 
Amy Wu or what? Who was it? Uh, am I saying the name wrong? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Annie Wu. Uh, yeah. Even just it's all, all of them I'm, are I'm awesome. I'm looking at it right now. It's an awesome yeah. freaking. There are some unbelievable pinups. I yes. mean, some great yeah, artwork. They are so good. And I I was asked on the site, and I will say, if you do have the choice of digital or print, you go print. Here, you really should. Yeah, it, it is so good. And I, I brought it in. We actually got it for free. So I'm saying all this. If you don't have $8, you know, you can tell me to go fuck myself. But when it came in the mail, I, I took it in. The, I didn't take any other books in and rarely do to work. I wanted to show Eric uh, it. And we were paging through it. it it's awesome like some of hell. this stuff just looks so good. Uh, I do realize I, I don't want to use this celebration of an issue to badmouth anybody, but I realize that I am fully checked out on Riley Rossmo's art. I, I'm sorry <laughs> if Riley <laughs> listens. I'm sorry if you're a fan. I, I'm out. Riley Rossmo's art really now. I really liked him on Constantine the Hellblazer, but like I weird. said, he does, seems he like does that my was favorite the one story book. in this. Yeah, he does this, like, uh, my favorite story in the yes. CBC art. And oh that's God. the biggest killer to me because it, I don't like him doing Wonder Woman. At yeah, one point, I thought, right. looks, I thought somebody was going to come out. At the same time, I do still, I, I don't hate it, but it's not oh the worst of the book. I sure. was waiting for one of the people because that's the story that Eric was saying that he liked was the story of uh, justice and what people think is Giganta. justice. And, and Wonder Woman Giganta. pretty much standing up for Giganta's rights to a trial uh, and stuff like that. And it has some pretty cool. for big women. I was going to say, at one point, I think somebody was going to yell, that's a man, because there are points where Wonder Woman looks like Wonder Man, and yeah. it scared me. And I just, Riley Rossimo, the, the only thing I can say is it's very distinct art, and it doesn't yes. change much, and it's it's Get back crazy. on a dark book, Riley. But Let's yeah, get but back my, on a magic book. My, I, favorite, my favorite one was, uh, was Gail Simone and Colleen Doran. That was Doran really good. The, yeah. I think that was the most lighthearted to me. Like that was the one that seemed to be – it was a girl power uh, kind of story. They gave her a little yeah, extra a pages uh, for that. It a looked new like Moon Girl. A, little, a new silly fun character. I thought yeah. the art though was just unbelievable. Like yeah. it's so yeah. good. I, the I would love to see more. The girl in looked like a combination of Power Girl from uh, Teen Titans oh, yeah, 4 so. and looked exact, but looked exactly like Moon Girl in Marvel. Exactly. In fact, yeah. I went. Moon Girl even wears the same kind of goggles as that girl. I, I didn't know what they were playing at. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny because the Greg. There's a a full out written interview of Lois Lane interviewing Wonder Woman. I think that they were kind of pushing that to be the big draw. And to me, it was okay. It, it was yeah. fine. But I just wanted to see the art of the other things. My favorite part, and it's no big. Fucking surprise of anybody who, who has heard me talk or whatever was the legend of Wonder Woman story, not just yeah. the story. The story actually led it. It was again, it was a little heavy handed. Um, it was just that I've been waiting for the volume two of that to come out. And this at least shows me it's coming out soon because this is yeah. kind of a, a little bridge. I wouldn't even say before I was saying that it, it kind of looked like a, a prequel story or kind of, but it's not. It just seems to be just a side story there. I always of just thought of it happening. as like a, a prologue to volume yeah, two. A prologue. Uh, it's, it's, to me, it wasn't exactly that because you didn't get all the characters. And I do think that uh, Renee Delise and Ray Dillon, who did it, I do think that they, on purpose, did not feature Etta Candy, who is the best character in the book because right. this isn't a book about Etta Candy. It's a book about Wonder Woman. I'm yeah. telling you, in that Legend of Wonder Woman, any time that Etta shows up, steals the whole issue. 
every <laughs> single time. So they, they played it very well by having her. She is in the newspaper. If you saw when they had the newspaper of the yeah. holiday girls, that's her singing group. And the holiday girls take over German things by, uh, you know, masquerading as German band. And there she is. But they did a really good job of not showing. And you see Wonder Woman even just looking at that page and she's so happy and that the art that, that they do in that book is so awesome. And it just makes me want to freaking read that book uh, right now. I, to be continued. I need it to be continued right now. But even like even after that, they have a Sebastian, what is it, Fuyumara? I don't even know who that is. Awesome page. Uh, I'm like, God oh, this damn guy, this uh, yeah, man, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I've it's never like heard. Issue of heavy metal from back yeah. in the day with Wonder Woman. It looks so good, and everyone is like that. It is a different style. Everybody has their style, but it's like it's such a celebration of it that they all do tie in together. It's so good. And, a close, uh, a close second of my favorite. So it's like, uh, actually, it probably is the second, but it's Wonder Woman's ordeals through IKEA and the hell that yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah like that, uh, that made me too. laugh was, my ass off. Yeah, it was, was very hilarious. lighthearted, but I, yeah. I loved the hell out of it. And uh, you do get if uh, people had uh, wanted to check out that Joel Thompson uh, book, The Wonder Woman, The True Amazon, the graphic novel, they actually have a chapter kind of lifted right from there. It's directly from the book, and you can check it out. And the art in that is really impressive. It yeah, looks really cool, and it made me want to go and buy that book. So they, they solved that right there or whatever. <laughs> then you have you also have uh, Marguerite Benet, who's doing a slightly it, – it is a, uh, a bombshells uh, thing yep. where it's the song of one cool, it's just, yeah, it's just no, like one page no spread deal uh, Marguerite Savage is the art awesome art it looks really good but yeah like I said a lot of this does kind of on a base level kind of feel like okay uh, we want to push this book and this book but they, it's still really good and yeah the uh, the one in the Ikea called the idea the is, yeah. Hope, is Hope Larson and, uh, I like that. Yeah, it was really She's good. And the art back. there. Uh, she also has a lot of inking. Yeah, and the art was very, uh, it was cartoony, but it fit the story. And it was yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I liked it. Sure. I'm telling yeah. you, I have always compared walking through Ikea like being like in purgatory where you look at people and they're just wandering around yeah. with blank faces yeah, like they don't know where is. they're going. It's funny. It's a little like social commentary in there. Seriously. Uh, That's seri- how the speeds like it. Yeah. And, as, and I'm paging <laughs> through this. I'm getting near the end. And I do have to say that my favorite, actual favorite part of the entire issue is the Marseille Takara uh, picture with all like Wonder Girl and Wonder Woman. They're like all yeah. flying oh, together. Yeah, I great. think that is the best one. I think that looks so goddamn good. Uh, but yeah, that leads into the Gail Simone story, I believe. Superman's there at the beginning. Uh, Titan- Titano or Titano. Titano. I, I'm fucking all fucking my head spinning. They even uh, kind of address them that like they established, which we know now that they're not dating. You know, yeah, we know that yeah. already. But the, just in case you were like wondering if they were going to get back together, if a certain uh, Wonder yep. Woman fan on Twitter thought they might know, they're not going to yeah. get back together. Yeah, there's um, that certain Wonder Woman fan. It's there's certain, there's a certain uh, page. I forgot to tell Eric. There's a certain page that pretty much goes by just Wonder Woman and Superman being together. Uh, yeah. They they dropped us. <laughs> Oh God! I don't know why they dro- they dropped this because we're we're reviewing the other books. I don't know, but I noticed that the other day. They're <laughs> bailing. They bailed on us. But yeah, that's the Gail Simone story. It's very fun. It, it is a girl power story, which is good. And it, it's sure. kind of you know Wonder Woman to me. I I really hate any book that like a Midnighter. Midnighter is not a book for for homosexual men. 
it, it's a book for everyone. You, you want yeah. Wonder Woman is not just having to be a book for little girls, but it's nice when you see this as well. But yeah, I actually but I still if like I, the story. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, she 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 oh, cures Titano of his rage. I'm a little girl in yeah, art. I like I like the new rage. the enthusiasm of the new character. She's yep. uh, you know she's cool and cute and whatever. And I I really did genuinely enjoy the hell out of it. I still think it's Moon Girl. Devil dinosaurs. Not only is it girl power, but it's flower power. It's flower there power. You go. And really, like, like you said, it is funny because when you're watching, or watching it, you're even paging through it, it does get you like all happy, like all yeah. the shit going on or whatever. And then, it's yeah, a bright it all ends. To do for you. Yep. And it all ends with a really cool uh, Phil Jimenez 75th anniversary freaking picture that, again, is awesome. Uh, the art yeah. is really good in this. Uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, the hell out of it. And I didn't even realize when it was coming out. I knew eventually it was going to come out, and this is one of those that kind of surprised me. And I really, last uh, podcast, I kind of hinted at it, but I really wanted to just tell everybody, if you love Wonder Woman, just go get this. But, you know, yeah. we're not supposed to fucking spoil things ahead of time or whatever. But, yeah, if, if I'll say it now. If, if you like Wonder Woman and have any interest in her, uh, it may be $8. It's well worth it. Just page, it's worth just eight a page bucks. through and just get it yeah. and, and, you know, keep it aside. Uh, I loved it. I gave it a 9.5 on the site and really – there's a couple things in here. I said the Rossimo, but there's other things aren't, I don't think are the greatest, but I can't see somebody not finding something here that they, that they don't oh, like. Oh, even got more Liam Sharp, thing. like writing and drawing yeah. one little section. I, I forgot awesome. to even mention that. that and Raphael beautiful. Albuquerque. He oh, yeah, did the same thing. Nice. And I love when these guys get to, and, and, the other thing about it is a lot of these stories are one page, one, two pages, and then you move on to the next. But I really did like Liam Sharp and Raphael Albuquerque where you're used to just seeing them drawing stuff to be able to write and you see, you know, their stories too. And they were both pretty good. You know, yeah. they weren't the, the, my favorite, but they were great. And everything in this I thought was really good. But yeah, I give it a nine five. What would you give it, Reggie? I think, uh, you know, I'd give it a nine. Definitely worth okay. eight bucks. Uh, yeah. Even if, uh, only way I could see you not getting it is if you absolutely don't give a crap yeah, about one woman care, at all. This isn't going to make you give a, give a crap. But if you think no. she's cool or you like her, obviously a lot. Well, that, yeah. That's what I said that. at the beginning. This isn't a book that's going to convince you to be a Wonder Woman fan. No. This is a book for Wonder Woman fans. If you exactly. like Wonder Woman, this book's for you. It's not going to sit there and tell you why she's great, though it has that, but it's not going to give you an origin. It's not going to tell you what happened before. It's just these stories. And, but if you're any sort of interest, I think you'll love it. But what did you give it her? I'd give it a nine out of 10 yeah. as well. I think it's so good. So, so good. Oh, you're getting, early onset. Ago? getting early onset Alzheimer's. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. Reg, Reggie hasn't even gone. He just was, uh, he's sitting here. Hey, Reggie, I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, yes, Reggie. You know, you, you liked that, right, Reggie? <laughs> see, Reggie liked it. He's like, Very did you like that, it? Reggie. It was good. I liked it. Okay, good. Reggie. Well, I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> there he goes. He just Bye, Reggie. Left. He left the house. He didn't say anything to you. He doesn't like you. Well, he was talking does. to me, not you. But we're going to finish up the podcast with three more books, all of them stellar in their own way, Eric. Oh, yeah. Stellar in their own way. It's like when my You know what? Actually, I can give me, it to you. But there are well, aspects that are all stellar in their own way. I will give that well, to you. My, it's like when my mom used to say, Jimmy, little Jimmy, you are one of the cutest kids that I've ever seen in my life. And she didn't really say that. That was no. a, That was a dream. <laughs> was a cute kid. I don't that know what happened. a beautiful dream. Yes. Deathstroke number five, Eric. 
death stroke number five, written by Christopher Priest. Uh, Is that brain damage coming back? I, I don't know. I wish I said my voice is going. I think I have to put into play my uh, voice box that does people, famous people's voices, so we can do that. How about that? I'm going to be. And uh, this is this goes out because you were telling me this when you said you were having trouble completing sentences. I'm like, this is not going to work, Jim. It's this going to be celebrity voices? No, because what I would be doing then. No, what I would be doing is typing it in then. I'd have oh, this little okay. type That's thing. I'd Stephen type Hawking it, type of thing. And then, right. it, yeah, it'd be like a Stephen Hawking thing. In my mind, like, it's like you got tuberculosis. No, like, no, 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 not no. to be tuberculosis. Yeah, it's the wrong thing completely. No, I um, haven't had tracheotomy. a tracheotomy or yeah. anything. No. When I say a voice box, for the most part, I want more of the, like, hello, Geraldo, shit like that. You know, when you, you're on you want Joshua from fucking uh, yes. the war games. Are you ready? Would you like to play a game? Mom, don't come in here. I am using the sink. Shit like I'm, that. I'm brushing my hair. Oh, no. We're out of toilet paper, and I just shit my pants. Stuff like that. You know, All right. just normal. Oh, you want celebrity voices going on. Yeah. Oh, no. Now I have to take a shower because I forgot to buy toilet paper today when I went food shopping. That happens. It happens. It happened today. I was like, God damn it, I got to take a shower. So I get in the shower. I'm like, let's go. I'm fucking drying off. I'm like, guys, back to the fucking Walmart. We got to get toilet paper. Go walk down to the dollar store. Uh, Yeah. Well, in all of this sort of thing going on, you have to also remember of all the times we've taken showers in the past two days with that fucking lice shampoo burns the fuck out of your scalp. Honestly, hey. the light shampoo, I would be upset if it didn't burn. I want to know that yeah. it's doing something. Yeah, burn. I, I wanted to set my fucking head on fire. You're I damn right. I have the goddamn lice. It's so funny. The one thing that it says in all these things that I looked up, do not use a uh, hair dryer after using any of that light shampoo because that could be flammable. I'm like, what the fuck is it? What's in here? Kerosene? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I thought. And what do I hear? I go down. Logan. Now, you have to also realize, too, that I'm so paranoid about this lice shit that everybody shaved their head, but I'm still making them shower with this goddamn lice shampoo like seven times. Now, I, I'm there. I, I shave my head. I wash my hair. I get out. Logan gets in. I walk downstairs. Next thing I hear, fucking hair dryer. I go run up. Ah, don't use the hair dryer. Tanya was mad at me. She was giving the hair dryer. And then today, Logan, who's almost 11, can you come up and put the shampoo on my head? No. How, how old are you? I was getting so mad. So then he went upstairs to take a shower. I didn't see him for a while. Tanya was actually at the store. She comes home, and I hear Logan, Mom, get... he just sat up there on the <laughs> toilet waiting for somebody to come home Jesus. so that they can do it. Did, did yeah, you hit him? No, I was mad. I was so mad. <laughs> hey, what what voice would you like? You want a little Mae West? I, I got a uh, Robert Clark. Lewis. Robert Lewis was on uh, Twitter in between the break, and he was hoping that Mae West would make an appearance on the podcast. So if I would, hey, just stroke. Hey, what are you uh, reading? I can't do it. My voice is shot. I cannot do <laughs> Mae West. Come up and see me sometime, big boy. How's that? Yeah, it was okay. It hurts. It hurts. And don't do it, Dopey. Hey, hey, just stroke number five. Oh, I, I can't yell at you. It's very late. <laughs> Deathstroke number five, written by Christopher Priest, art by Joe Bennett, Mark Morales, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert. Willie Schubert. 
This series is all about crosses and double crosses, and that continues in this issue. Geraldo. Oh, goody. While Rose may seem like the only one who doesn't understand her dad, looks may be deceiving, Eric. The real star of this issue for me was Damien, and I could read a whole series of him and Deathstroke going back and forth with each other. While I am enjoying the series, enough, and like this issue, Deathstroke is still a book I forget about the minute I'm done with it. Me as well. And I have I have one fucking note of this whole book, but I do I I'll tell you, I love Damien, and because I love Damien, I, I wanna fucking slap Batman right upside the fucking head. And I don't care such a bad father. I don't care what you tell me that oh, he's just playing. He's just saying that to throw Rose off. No, nope. I think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> and and really basically at one point says, Listen, if he dies, so be it, because you know him. what? A needy partner is no partner for me. It's so bad. Uh, Really, I think when he says to Rose later, hey, you take the wheel, and she drives, she's just trying him out in case Damien dies. This is an interview right now. Yeah, I think it is. She's like, when's the interview? The interview's already over. Yeah, when's the test? The test is already over. The test is already over. At one point, I wish, though, that Batman would have gotten a, a coffee and then put it on the thing like uh, fucking <laughs> like in, Uncle uh, Phil in License to Drive, to drive Uncle yeah. Phil. I would have loved that. That would have been so good. Uh, the I issues... actually threaten that to Jess all the time because of how yeah, herky jerky she is with her. I'm like, I'm gonna put this coffee right here, and if you spill yeah, this, that's the thing. Remember, he, throw, he throws the fucking forms out the window. His yeah. only his only thing is that goddamn fucking coffee. Uh, the first bit of uh, thing that we're called the chapter it's lost. And I might say that I was throughout this whole issue. So was I. Uh, this issue, it's not bad. No. Uh, it, the thing is, reading Deathstroke, and I don't know how many people who listen actually read this book, but reading Deathstroke, you definitely get into a weird mode when you start this book because you're expecting craziness. You're expecting everything that people say is a fucking bunch of bullshit, and you'll find out. You're expecting a lot of crazy stuff. I'm expecting to jump around a lot, too. Well, jump around, all right. But, yeah, yeah. You, you get all that here. You really do. Uh, the one good thing, though, is you really you have two stories going on. You have Rose and Batman, and you have Deathstroke and uh, Damien. Now, the thing that's weird to me is that Deathstroke is pretty much trying to kill Damien. Yeah, it's all this. But they never really say that to Batman. They, all they say to Batman is, you know, if you help us, we'll show you where he is. Yeah, never, there's, a, like, there's a time limit on Damien. Yeah, there's no time limit, though, to Batman. No, he's like, not ex- Batman, he's not, it's not explained. No, Batman's never told, like, if you don't tell us now, you're going to die. So I really don't know if Destro, whatever game he's playing, is he making it so Damien? It's weird. Like, the whole Batman and Robin thing here, Batman and Damien, it, it doesn't really mean anything. No. It, it, it comes to be that really nothing that I can tell is going on except possibly that Deathstroke wants Rose to learn a little from Batman and get a little training from him and maybe, I don't know, learn See, don't a e- better way of living. That. The only thing that I get from this is that Deathstroke wanted everyone to believe that he was in Gotham, and that's yeah. it. But the, why set it up so much that Rose ends up with Batman? 
Just and because ba- Rose, would, you know, she's talking to freaking Richard this whole time. She can't say, oh, yeah, my dad left to go back. Yeah, but you know what I mean? The problem being, though, is that Rose, the whole thing, like you're saying, the whole thing Deathstroke doesn't want anybody to know. He wants them all. Hey, we're in Gotham. We're doing this. That would mean to me that you'd want him with Rose. But in the meantime, he's not in fucking Gotham. He's nope. left. And so it's really hokey to me that she's stuck with Batman because when she calls Richard, she'd be like, you know what? I don't know where he is. He's with Damien, whatever. I'm with Batman. Like right away, you'd be like, oh, shit. You know, he's not in. You can't see him. He might not be around. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those. It's like a, a cross to a double cross to a triple cross, whatever. But in the meantime, yeah, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> they uh Batman and Rose are going around, and Batman is a piece of shit to Damien. I'm he saying, doesn't Damien, care anything Damien about him. Damien is kidnapped. He's in a death trap, and Batman's going about like it's normal night in Gotham where I yeah. got shit to do, and I can't worry about the boy. Not even like that. It's almost like he's like, I know. Well, Deathstroke may kill Damien, but you know what? It's almost like we said with the Joker, with the uh, when he, the Joker killed him. He is going to play this game with Deathstroke. Uh, till the nth degree, exactly. and it doesn't matter who dies. Like he's like, you know what? All Deathstroke wants dies, to do. If Damien dies, he wasn't worth being yeah. a sidekick to begin yeah, with. Yeah, he wasn't worth it. He even what? says a partner, a needy partner's no partner you need, and it's fucked up because Damien is and gonna end up dead. Well, Batman's right. Damien can take care of himself, but in the meantime, Batman's whole concern really it's like a schoolyard thing with Deathstroke. He does not want Deathstroke to know that. He is trying to figure out his plan. Like, it all comes down to that. Like, yep, all your dad wants to, to do is to make us wondering what he's doing. And I'm and not going to fall for that trap. That, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to fucking make him happy with that. So what he does instead is take Rose out on patrol and basically tells her, too, listen, you're a piece of shit. You're a, it's weird. He goes, you've killed people. You might even be a murderer. <laughs> okay, I, I don't really know the full difference there, Batman, but uh, yeah, I think she's both. And uh, he goes, and there's a weird little thing that he's involved with where he gets a, a bag that has a fucking nuclear bomb yeah. in it that can Which level he just throws Gotham. on the goddamn yeah, ground. He, thro- he throws out the window, and there's Rose. He tells Rose, hey, take the wheel. So he lets Rose drive the Batmobile, which to well, me is huge. Well, he does something to – I guess he disarms this bomb. Yeah, he's, he's either disarming the bomb, whatever. Then they go to this next place where Batman is going to beat the shit out of kids. I swear to and, God, I'm telling you. I, later on when they start fighting the ones with the guns, they yeah. seem to be like maybe in their 20s, something, something like that in my mind. That initial kid who's upstairs is playing video games. Yeah. He is 12 years old in yep. my mind. Yeah. And he Batman looks 12. Just beats the He's shit just out playing of him. video games. Batman jumps in, fucking strangles him. There's kids downstairs like, oh my God, upstairs. They have guns, but they don't. I mean, I'm looking at them now. They look 16 at the most. And the weird yeah, thing is, yeah, is right. you, you lead into this by him basically telling Batman, telling Rose how much of a piece of shit she is for killing and she could be better, whatever she said. Uh, Rose comes in fucking guns a blazing and throws, throws a grenades. Ninja star and a kid's yeah, eye. There's a ninja star. It's like she is, and then basically. The other one is the kid's neck, it looks like. Yeah, and, and is going to go and fucking slice this one guy's head off, and Batman blocks the, the sword. But still, she is doing major damage. I don't know why she would go in like that. And to the point also, Batman didn't tell her to go in. No. She just decides to go in. 
I do, he didn't want help. Was this part of his, like, is now the lesson continuing? I don't know. The thing is, we keep jumping around in this book. We don't even know why Batman's there or what he no, told Rose. Things just kind of progress yeah. without telling us. It's just weird, but he does, he says, he, they get to there and he says, hey, he wants us to try to figure out what's going on. And then Rose says, hey, what's in the bag? A low yield, uh, nuclear device that could level Gotham. Keep the car running. Don't touch anything. That's yeah. him going into this house. He tells her, just keep the car running. Don't touch anything. She just takes it on herself to go and start shooting and, and blowing up grenades. And it's weird. He doesn't really call her out until the end where she's going to slice the fuck out the guy's head. And then he says to her, no, never, not even my enemies. And it's very, it's just weird. And where you Maybe get my to the end, kicks, but not my enemies. Yeah. When you can't yeah, really, when you get to the end, all this just seems worthless. Yeah. Uh, in the There's meantime, no you had Damien. And Damien was in that silo where we saw it's Wintergreen. constantly filling up with water. Yeah, when Wintergreen was talking to Rose last issue about, you know, that's what, that's just code. Fucking yeah. when Deathstroke talks, while well, he was there, he was screwing together a, a video screen to a ladder and whatever. And I said, the way this has been going, it will come back to that. It came back right away. That's oh, yeah. where they have stored Damien. It's going to fill up with water. In the meantime, Damien is just a fucking asshole to Deathstroke, and it's <laughs> That's so good. He fucking goes to town. He calls him a freak show. He goes, and really, it's one of those where I think Damien, the way Christopher Priest writes this, is he tries, he, he's like got levels of assholeness where he's going to try the first thing. Like, hey, the last time I defeated you was well, my checkbook. He was in Robin's Son of yeah. Batman. He got paid off. I, I like that callback, too. Yeah, it is. It's a pretty cool callback. And he's like, hey, what? I'll give you a nickel. We'll call the whole thing off. And it, it's really, he just goes, what, what ends up happening at the one point then is really good because we finally get some solid info about his kids. Yeah. We, we, have, we know that, uh, what Grant happened. Grant joined Hive. But yeah, we didn't know that Grant joined Hive. All we knew was Grant ran away and died. Now we know he joined Hive, got himself killed. And then they have Joey Jericho, who basically, we, we know the jackal showed up, sliced his throat, but I yeah. like seeing it. It's spelled out. And really, this is the bullshit that Deathstroke has. Like, this should hit a nerve. Because Damien is just an ass, and really, but Damien is also wise beyond his ears for the shit he's throwing out there. Oh, like yeah. said, Boy, Thanksgiving must be a real hoot at the Wilson oh, house. Yeah. See no evil, speak no evil, and then there's Maud. I'm like, you making yeah. Maud references? Yeah, Maud. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Then there's Maud, and he's so. But again, he studies everything and knows that he is he very smart. But yeah, Maud's shows. crazy. Maud is crazy. But even that, he he yells to Deathstroke. He's the water's filling up, and he's like, hey. We need more Mr. Bubble in here. And then Deathstroke's just like, ah, just shut up and drown. And uh, Damien just goes to town. He's like, yeah, you lost your wife. He knows all about this. And it's really good. But to the point where uh, at this point, I think Damien wants the water to fill up so he could so he could do his plan. Like everybody's playing each other. Yeah. I don't know that at a point maybe Deathstroke was going to stop this. But after what Damien says, he's fucked this. Guy. Batman does is not concerned. Batman well, it's is so not weird concerned with the reveal too, because it seems to be that this thing that he's talking to is just kind of like a robot or whatever. Yeah, it's a but robot. It, like throughout the series, the series, throughout the issue, we see that like Deathstroke doing something on the controls, which is like, is he going back to where they started while like at, doing this robot bit? It's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, and even they said that he was talking to Damien uh, remotely and whatever. It's funny because what you see with Deathstroke later, he's like a Johnny Cab. 
Yeah. He's like half of a torso and stuff like that. A great but really, though, right there, Johnny Cab. at, the, at the, the end of it, though, it just doesn't – all of this is so that people think he's in Gotham. And yeah. it just seems weird. It's like it seems to me now it goes from something that seemed really cool to just a cheap way to get people to jump on the book quick to see Batman and Destro. Oh, how, how weird and, is it that Damien has a fucking explosive device as a piece of fake hair. hair on the side yeah. of his head that he can explode? Well, that's why I thought at a point like he really was going to town on Destro because he needs that water to fill up. So when it does explode, it kind of, you know – it's not going to be a full out, and the impact's a little different and goes out. That's what it seemed to me. Again, like everybody's playing a whole no, deal. I, I'm just saying it's so fucking weird it's for crazy. him to have this. It's fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, and then it's like it's part of his hair there. You go through your day-to-day life like that? Damn yeah. shit. He's just crazy. He actually looks a lot like uh, Harper Rowe with that shaved side hair. Yeah. But yeah, he uses that. It blows up. They go out, and there's Batman and Rose. And it seemed weird to me even that they were there right away. I have no idea why they're there, how anything that we had led to went to this. And uh, the the other thing, I like the art in this issue. Damien changes so much throughout the issue. At one point, he looks like a chubby eight-year-old. Uh, <laughs> at points, he looks right on, spot Some on. At points, he looks just like and Tim then, Drake. Uh, yeah, and then Tim other Drake, times, yeah. he looks like a 17-year-old Tim Drake. And it really seemed off. Uh, but yeah. This leads to them trying to figure out what's going on, and that's where they find the Johnny Cab there, Deathstroke there. They're going. And, Hi, I'm Johnny Cab. And this is where Batman says, like, hey, I, I can put you in a safe house. Like, Batman, overall, though he is awful to Damien, he's a good bad to Rose. No, he's very good to Rose, and I think he feels very bad for her dealing with this. And I think also, if you really want to spell it out, I do think that he also sees her as almost like Damien, like she's been trained as an assassin uh, and all this, though he doesn't feel bad for Damien. Maybe he's like, I can't help that boy. Yeah, but, that boy's you know, lost Rose is there. But then Rose goes home and calls, and then you realize that she is fully involved in this, that she was part of the whole thing. Her, her boyfriend, Richard, is really named Louise. Uh, they did all this. We find out that Ricky was indeed a woman, Eric. <laughs> we, so we weren't weird. sure. And she wanted that money. I still don't. I can't really wrap my head fully around what's going on. You know what I mean? The hit was put out and then it was accepted, but she was going to take the money. Was she going to fake her death and do something? I don't know. Uh, but it's like a triple cross applesauce. And the whole thing was. Deathstroke was doing all this to find out what was happening, and it leads him right to Luis slash Richard, Richard and uh-huh. he has him by the neck. And, yeah, he's going to find out that, you know, and the next issue is lies and liars lying. That's been the whole series. Uh, it's okay. It's a crazy issue. It's I, a crazy I like it issue. Enough. It's just that I like it enough all too. the Batman parts did not seem necessary. No, it seemed weird, and even to the point where – you know that Batman's so smart. He prepares for everything. He knows everything. He does say at the one point where everybody keeps saying to Rose as well, like, hey, if you if you don't think Deathstroke already knows who the, the would-be killer is, you're fucking fooling yourself. It ends up pretty much seeming to be Rose. Yeah. So he knew all along. So he's been doing all this stuff to try to get to Ricky, Richard, who, whatever. Whatever he's trying to do. Rose has walked right into it, it seems, though you don't know. I no. thought going into all this, especially this issue, that I did think that Rose was up to doing it. 
I do think, though, that overall, she just wanted her dad to be with her. That she wanted yeah. to fake something so that her dad came to protect her. This was her way to get close to him, uh, and it's backfired on her. Now, I do not think Deathstroke's going to kill Luis, especially in the way that Jericho got it. It'd be I think fucked he might. Up. I don't know. It'd be fucked up. Uh, but we'll see. But again, it's, I sit there and read it, but to me, for me to really sit down and go like, okay, step one to two to three to four, I don't care that much about it. So I read it. I'm like, okay, I kind of understand what's going on. Let's move on. The worst part is most times we have to read it more than once just to get a general idea of what's going on. This one was different though. This, this issue was not as, uh, not like a, a reveal of reading it a couple times, like, oh, my God, I missed that. There's just a lot of people being assholes to each other and whatnot. And, you know, that shit is happening for some reason. Uh, like I said, I do like the art. And I actually saw something that I didn't even see before that I really like. Uh, I like when Damien is blowing out of the silo and his mask is coming off. Yeah, it looks and cool. And it fully really looks like scene. it came off when he's there at the one point. He might have it. And then the next panel, when he finds Deathstroke, he's actually putting the mask on then. I think it was a pretty good progression. It's kind of nothing, but yeah. I did like that. But that's where he looks like Tim Drake. And even like that's what I was looking at too. Yeah, at one point it's funny too because Damien, who's thirteen, is getting all horned up for Rose. He's it like, was. "How many, how many hot ass fucking silver hair girl are around? She doesn't even need that." And then we we talked about this before. At one point, uh, Batman says to Rose, "Like, don't call me Batman. I, I that's not my name." So weird. It, it's very weird. He, he's not going to tell her his secret book. identity. Uh, it leads to Rose taking off her mask to Batman and saying, listen, they call me Rose. And I said to you, it was almost like Rose did that thinking that Batman was, okay, well, was I'm be Bruce. Reciprocation. That is not happening, Rose. It is not happening. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, the issue. I liked it enough. I gave it an 8-3. And I do like it. It's just when I, I said in my intro, when I get done, I'm done. I'll yeah. see you in two weeks. Exactly. See you in 14. And we'll see what's going on then. I'll be confused, but I did like it. What would you I, give I like this enough. Was, though, I really like the art, but overall, I'm just a little down on the story because I thought we were getting somewhere. Like, I yeah. thought I cracked the code and I could really understand each issue. This one did not work that well, but yeah. I'd still give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, the, the code kind of fell apart here. Yeah. It really did. Except Batman's code error. That never <laughs> falls apart. But we're no, going to move never. on. never. We're going to move on to a book that I, me and you have hated the first two issues. This one's a little better, but that is a backhanded compliment sure is. because it's not great. Blue Beetle number two, written by Keith Giffen with art by Scott Collins, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Blue Beetle and the posse are going to work together to find out who's kidnapping families in El Paso. The first time he has to deal with one of the posse members, Blair, hitting on him hardcore and the fact that his mother is playing private doctor to the metahuman gangbangers in the area. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, um, it's weird you, that I, she works for Ted Cord too. Really? Just so that's the thing. Off. Ted Cord has hired her to work with the metahumans as a doctor. I'm like, we're going down levels here. Yeah, you know, because yeah. she wants to help people, but she doesn't want to do it directly. She wants to have a buffer, a middleman. Yeah, and you uh, know, uh, she could get a, a crazy ass job that you'd be rich, but she's going to work for me. You know, he's paying her so much. So oh, I know. He even spells that out. I'm like, why? Where are you keeping that money, woman? Because that house is not fancy. That's good. What are you doing with that money? College fund. Yeah, but still, it seems like, really, also, 
it seems like that was like one of the full things like, okay, I'll do this, but first you have to give me all the, cause even Ted Court says she really can fucking bargain. Like oh. that money's already done. That money's away or it's one of those wherever they want to go, I will pay for it. Uh, but really get, get a better house. Jesus Christ. She, she wants to be Jenny from the block, Eric. Jenny from I the don't block. Mind that house. But we started this issue out. I was this issue's better. I was really confused though when we started this out because when we left with the cliffhanger last one, Blue Beetle had just got done fighting Black. Posse showed up and it seemed like all man Blue Beetle. Oh, it it seemed like shit was gonna go wrong, right? Yeah, open up this issue. They're immediately working together, and for some reason, there's a thirty foot hole we're now investigating in this house. And and the the problem is, I I think I remember something with a hole. (laughs) But but the worst was. You really, you, you're missing a scene. You need that scene where they start fighting and then realize that, or hey, you know what? Say, we're here hey, for the we're, same we're here thing. To help. Yeah, we're here to help whatever. But here, they, they are already full out involved. Yep. Um, I, the dialogue wasn't as bad this issue, though. Yeah, I think it's because Ted Cord was barely in it. it. It was weird, though. Anytime Ted was involved, or I still got confused of who was talking half the time in this yeah. issue, and it's still a problem. But yeah, Ted's just zipping around the bug. He's just going back and forth, and now, we find that, out what's before, that. Before that, though, one thing, when you first open this issue, they do something here that I always appreciate, and they lay out everybody who's in the posse and what their yep, names are. That's and why I said set. this is exactly what I said that I wish they would do, which I know they won't in Detective Comics, yeah. where you have the villains, the... Uh, the what's it called victim the, syndicate. the victim syndicate yeah. and i wish they would do this but they're not going to because they're not going to even tell us the powers so i do like this and and really if you want to say anything having that and seeing that right away on the first page you kind of get the idea that yeah you know what introducing the posse and they're them i can say okay they're they're kind of good guys that yeah. you know they're misunderstood whatever and that's why Jaime's with them but you never get that whole thing even if no. they were fighting and Jaime hits somebody, and they're like, oh, my God, we're going to have to go to Dr. Reyes now. She's going to be pissed. And then he stopped like, what? And that was where you got them together and yeah. saying, like, you know, but you never got that. You never got that at all, and it just seemed weird because which, he was there. It threw me off. What you did get is Jaime investigating this hole, which the posse well, have already found in other places. They've you know what's weird, There's too. nothing there. You know what I'm remembering? It wasn't the whole lot. I'm remembering – Thinking that when he went into that blackness, shadow plane, the shadow, that that was the hole. And yeah. I don't know if what they're saying here is that when that shadow plane thing happens, it kind of creates a hole. I don't know because don't that seemed know. to happen with Blot, and this happens in other places that yeah. it seems where, like whoever's stealing these families. Yeah. And it, the thing, I do like the team. And you said you get this whole root sending it foiled, yeah. you get a whole deal blur. Uh, all these, so, and that's the only hook, thing. Catchers, what other book swish, do we have lots, that we just smoky. did these things where I say to you before we start recording? Yeah, when Blur was doing this, because I remember it, it was because of that. It wasn't yeah. because of what happened in the issue. It was because of the beginning yeah. reading those, and I always do love that. Uh, they just again, you you get a bit of the snarky back and forth between the the posse. It's not bad though. It's not it's bad. Not no. horrible. Uh, it's better than it was before, but I still, once they tell you, oh, Dr. Reyes, and that's where, you know, what, Dr. Reyes, and he automatically, it's like, that was my mom, and then Ted gets involved, and he's talking, and Ted has to say, like, you know, it sounds like you're talking to yourself, you're cuckoo, uh, it just seemed weird, the whole thing, because then Ted gets, uh, what's her name? 
Terry, uh, Terry Magnus. Gets Terry to call ahead. Hey, tell him about – and this dinner, this whole thing confused me. It really did. The, the whole thing with the dinner and everybody involved, I just – I don't know. It, it was just nonsense. Uh, in the meantime, you get Blur – and she's going to hit on – everybody else is going to go. They're going to go to Dr. Reyes and then check yeah. out some other places and see yeah. if everybody's okay. They leave but Blur with him. has to go and check out this hole because maybe he'll see something that yeah, nobody else can. He thinks that there's a scene that he didn't see or and something And the thing like is, that. though, we spend a lot of pages, like nine pages with Jaime like going in this hole and checking shit out. Yeah. And nothing comes of it except for Blur coming down saying – I'm supposed to hang here with you. Hey, you want to make out? You want to make out? And she just keeps going on, and it's over the top, and it gets annoying because she just – it's like all she had to do was come down one time like, hey, you know what? We're we're alone. You know what? I'm a hot chick. She just keeps going over and over like, what? You don't like me? What? I'm not good. And then she gets crazier and crazier. See, and I actually started nuts. getting – I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. I actually like seeing Jaime all like upset. Like, I just thought it was too – it just kept going though. Well, that's all that really goes on in this issue. Yeah, I, I actually, what I did really like, I like Jaime's uh, the headlight vision going yeah. when he's looking. I fucking thought, and really, I said to you, I I'd seen the issue. I paged through it uh, before I read it, and I said to you, boy, the fucking art in this issue was great, and I thought it was a different artist, and it's not, right? No. And but for some reason, I don't know if it's this team, the posse, you're getting more of them, but even Jaime. It just looked awesome. I, I agree. Thought the I, I love so the art good. issue, and yeah, I think this is the best looking issue we've had so, so do far. I. I think it's great. Even at like the one point when Jaime goes to fly, and he's like, "I'm on it." It's fucking awesome. But yeah, he's trying to get away from Blur, and she just keeps going. I swear you were trying to lose me. What? Not your type. What makes you think you're my type? And then she wants to make out again. She's yeah. like, "You know, I'm pretty good looking. I have a lot of boys after me." And it's weird. It's like I know I I like it as well that Jaime's very uncomfortable. But even Jaime at a point goes from being uncomfortable to being fucking annoyed. He he is fucking looking well, at her that's like the he's thing so too, bad. Is that I like that too because he is annoyed, but then he has to get all upset because. Blur doesn't understand personal space, and Scarab no. don't like being touched. So the defenses activate, and she gets yeah. fucking blasted. Yeah, I even like, oh she, my god, oh my god. She calls him the Blue Beagle. <laughs> but yeah, he's mad. It, like you said, the, the Scarab kind of comes to be, uh, makes him crash into a fucking truck. The guy's pissed, and then he's like, what? You work for Ted Cord? Can he get me a job? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there are points where shit veers off into Keith Giffen land. Yeah, you and don't I need get, any of that. Yeah, I get very upset. Now, also, you have Paco, and I always forget uh, Brenda. Brenda, right? It's Brenda and Paco. They're walking. I do not know what's going on with Brenda. She has some fucked up face going on, and it seems to change every fucking issue. Like we were talking Sometimes about it's bad. We thought it was freckles, and then it was bad yeah. acting. Now it's skin tags, it seems. Yeah. It, that's what it looks like, and All I don't understand. It. Face. They're walking down the street. They're kind of with their stupid back and forth again, and uh, all of a sudden, this guy kind of vibrates up to them and disappears. And yep. yeah, that's going to lead into something, but it was just odd. And I'm like, okay, we'll go from there. Well, that's the thing. When they see this, they're like, oh, we better go tell Jaime. And I'm expecting, okay, next page. It's never brought up no, again. This it's issue. It's never brought up. And like, even to the damn. point where it kind of looks like it's like blur, and then he looks like. He's caught on fire, this kid, and he just disappears. And that's when there's that guy, that, that trucker. He's like, oh, man. And uh, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Keith Giffen has to be the funny guy again. 
where Blur is still just concerned about Jaime not wanting to make out and just says, oh, I get it, you're gay. I'm like, really? This is, this it just keeps going on? She's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, no gaydar, know what I mean? And in the meantime, this guy's yelling, what are you going to do about my truck? Oh, you work for Ted Cord, can you put in a word for me? There you go. They blast around, they're fighting. Now Blur and fucking Jaime are fighting. And I don't know, Blur gets shocked because Jaime, the, the scarab again, activates. The defense is activated. Yeah, defense hits there. She kind of comes to. And I did expect him to say, like, man, she was kind of hot because yeah. she did say that. Uh, but then she, like, wakes up and kisses him. She got what she wanted. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, fucking Root is looking with from the tree. And giving some know. weird-ass fucking hand signals. Yeah, he makes hand signals. It looks like she's pissed, like, sorry. Master's calling, I gotta go. And then you get to this dinner where Jaime shows up, everybody's there. I, it just, I'm, I just, I don't understand. I, I didn't like it at all. And they ended up almost like fighting and then realizing what's going on and hugging each other and loving each other. You gotta hug other. it out, yeah. Yeah, they hug it out. But what went on in this dinner? I don't understand. Everybody's there and they're like, yep, well, I love you, mom. Damn well better. And, and it just, what is going on in this book? It's like Keith Giffen wants to prove more that he can write this dialogue and be quirky than actually tell a story because I didn't mind this issue as much. Me either. Nothing, nothing happens. No. We really don't weird, get anything. It's a weird place to have that low-key issue where not a yeah. lot goes on except yeah. for a day in the life. We're on issue number two where we had a rebirth and a number one that we didn't get anywhere. This, we have the posse. I learned a little about Blur. But nothing I liked. She's and all horned up. Really, the main thing was to show that Jaime's mom is involved. She's involved with the posse. She's their doctor. Ted um, Cord is paying her. Fine. That that is okay. That you know, I would guess this is going to lead at some point to her. But you know, everything leads to me thinking somebody's going to die. Johnny, but I do reading, think she's going to be in trouble. After reading this issue, though, I realize that the biggest problem I have with this year, but besides for the overall dialogue. Is Ted Cord? He fucking throws a monkey wrench at this whole thing where it, he makes it not fun to read. Now, yeah. you you got a little annoyed with Blur and Jaime's interaction. I found it fun and a different change of pace than what we've gotten in the last yeah. two issues. Yeah, and I'm, but it he was seems okay. to be the biggest problem to me is Ted Cord. And since he wasn't really in this issue, I had more fun. It's so funny. I'm looking here. I just wanted to see in general, uh, quick. I think that Blur and and Jaime going back and forth with this. Two, three, four, five. It's like 12 pages. Though. Oh, yeah, it's mostly It just book. keeps going and going. And did you think she might have been American Indian? Um, No. It's weird because when she's blur, looks like she has a headdress on. And it really threw me off. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But yet with her and her gait, it's not that that was bad. But when she's not blur, she just has that ponytail and nothing. I, I guess no. At one point. She doesn't have, but yeah, she has two feathers sticking up out of her hair. I didn't even see them in half the panels. I don't know. I don't know why that bothered me. It just <laughs> seemed weird. It seems like a weird Lousy fashion Native choice. Americans coming yeah, out in my comic yeah, books. what are they doing? Uh, but yeah. But I, I love the art in this issue. I, I had a good I time with that. Too. I like Other the change of that. pace just because I have not liked this series yet. It's really. so weird, though. Change of pace. It's the second issue. Oh, I know. I just didn't. I don't so want to be weird. anything like the last two issues. And where, like, the, the thing that got me is, first off, having the end at the end threw me off. 
Yeah. You don't even have a, you know, next issue, Jaime learns this or Jaime that. It just you, says end. You didn't realize, Jim. It's already been canceled. I actually thought, what, is this canceled already? <laughs> uh, it's just weird. And really from this, where do you, what does the story continue? Next yeah, we issue. Gotta some, we got to get some posse going I, I, on. We it's gotta find weird out because posse going. just left. Yeah. And they didn't even say, like, what is going on? I, and you get this guy disappearing in front of yeah. Paco and Brenda. It's, and Ted Cord zipping around. I don't know where this any focus of this book is going. So weird. What did you give? I gave it a 6.8 out of 10. And I'd probably give it a 6. Yeah. I, I just, it's... <laughs> I, I was actually telling you, 6.8 is a little high. I was just yeah. very pleasantly surprised when I was done reading yeah, that I, I didn't yeah. hate it. I know that you liked it a little more than me. Obviously, you gave it a little higher score, and you did have some positives. Yeah. Would this be an issue if you were buying this? Would this make you keep reading if you kept going to this See, point? the thing is, I would have already dropped it at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. I'm saying if you were on the verge of dropping and you said, one more issue, I'm giving you Keith Giffen. If you don't give me what I want, I'm out. Would this actually keep you at least one more issue? Thing is, if I bought this issue, which I did enjoy more than the rest, I I'm think it would keep you going to one more. No, wouldn't I'm too used to Keith Giffen to let me down because I don't okay. like what he writes most of the time. So I would drop it here. If you I was still would have dropped it again. Oh yeah, okay. definitely. I, for some reason, I thought you were getting so pot. Like you liked some of the direction. You'd be like, okay. No, like, I'm telling like, you, I, I like this issue more. I would have already dropped this. Now, book granted, I, I know your game, my man. I've heard you say that about issues and go to 17 you issues. About and I'm talking about World's Finest where <laughs> every week you would – and you would really be so specific about what this next issue better have. And yep. then you'd read it and I'd go, well, did it have it? No, no. not even close. Well, then at least you saved some bucks. Yep, next time, yeah, I got World's Finest. It just kept going. So I'm, you telling me you would drop it, it's bullshit. It might but be bullshit, but I don't like think might. I dropped it. Yeah, world's finest. You just and even you know Earth Two. Uh, after all the crazy oh, shit God. happened in society, I still think you would have bought that whole run. You wouldn't have dropped it because you were already so invested. You never would have dropped. It. I'm but, telling you, I think I would. Oh fuck, I probably would have dropped it halfway through Earth Two society. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that, that you're one of those where you'd be like, well, I might. The, the best would have been. And I wish this would have happened. I wish we never started anything and we were just sitting there getting them because I would have loved – I'd like to go to an alternate reality where it happened because I'd love hearing you go, well, I dropped it, but I see that it's continuing to issue 20. I already got all these objects because oh, that's yeah. all you would stop now. Yeah, you would have said, oh, I always make fun of people who drop things when it's can- – because uh, it's not that it's canceled, but eventually leading into Rebirth, it kind of – means that you know that run is canceled they're starting up a new one uh though you would have been right there with the rebirth as well i would there's just certain books you would i want uh, that goddamn book to be good speaking of which the next book and the final book of the podcast is something that i say all this in my heart of hearts i know you would have dropped by now you would have dropped this book this is issue and we're talking about dr fate but this is issue 17 i do not think you would have made it past issue six in I, honestly, in my mind, six was the number. Yeah. I'm like, after yeah, six, I, I, I actually think done. you would have you would have tried to go a full arc to and see is, what would happen. I this first arc went like nine issues I know, or something. But it's, there's no way you would have went past no, six not issues. not at all. I hate no this way. fucking book. Well, tell us what it is. I Dr. already did, but go. Dr. Fate, number 17, written by Paul Levitz with art by Brendan McCarthy, Mark Harrison, and Seda Temafante. If you've been reading Dr. Fate up to this point, well, you know what to expect. 
Things happen out of nowhere, and Khalid has no idea how to deal with it. This instance being his neighbor girl, Akilah, on the verge of death because her life threat is burning up. So it's up to Khalid to change her fate by going to the source, which is a big-ass worm named Kothoris. Yeah, yeah. There you it's, go. It's so funny. He has been 17 issues. He's been avoiding this woman for 17 issues. Seriously. And it just happens that the one time, because she's gone to a trillion fucking That's all she's doing. goddamn protests all the time. Hey, we're protesting this. We're protesting hey, that. Hey, where's Kalita? I'm going to a protest. Yeah, Every I think that she, pro- she, she went to a protest protesting herself at one point, I'm sure. It's funny, too, because it's such a generic protest. It looks like there's the, uh, at one point, right when it starts, rally against and you would think it might say racism, but it doesn't spell it out. So you don't have that. Dude, she I have has, no idea what they're protesting. She just has a circle with a line through it. With an exclamation you know, point at the fucking yeah, upper left. There's of the one guy with an exclamation And one guy never again. Yeah. <laughs> they won't tell you what it is. But she's going to change the world. She always has. Well, he's been ignoring her. Honestly, I mean, dude, really. I don't know what they're protesting. And I don't know why he's here. He's talking yeah. about how he doesn't want to be here. Well, that's he has what's weird. He needs to do with medical school. And it just and happens like that he has yeah. a crush on her. And it just happens that the one time that he decides to go there and still bitch about it oh, he is where he's going to find out that her life is in peril. And yeah, they are at Ground Zero. Uh, yeah, they're at Freedom the, Tower. Yeah, at the Freedom Tower. It's kind of in there. I see a humophobe. Like nothing, and there's the racism, but nothing will be spelled out. You know, no. they're they're protesting just to protest. Uh, but yeah, he looks into the the whole uh, the pool the reflection there at the pool. Freedom Tower, the f- reflection pool, and it looks weird. You got a smell going. You got all this crazy stuff, and it's funny because he's like, I don't know if anybody else sees this. Well, no, you you should know I, by I, now. I don't even when know why you're wrong. seeing it. Yeah, when shit goes wrong, though, he should realize that it has to do with just him and this craziness. Uh, he puts on the helm and off he goes. And it, we get an issue that I think looks pretty cool. It has I, some I very unique art. Uh, but this other issue, than that, not this book, this issue. Yeah, this issue I, I think looked great. And, usually, uh, usually it's Sonny Lou on this book. This issue it's Brendan McCarthy. Yeah, and Brendan McCarthy, I told you, was one that had a really cool uh, Batman and Robin Eternal cover. That looked like a uh, like a '60s fucking uh, psychedelic tour poster for yeah. a band. I really liked it. I really liked the way this is, and it, it makes sense. The art with him here, I like that he has the psychedelic looking art where you're getting kind of a psychedelic kind of issue. So the art does really for a stand-in artist. The art really does fit the artist, the story, all that is good, to leading me to believe that maybe when this was written. They kind of said, you know, Sonny, take it, take a break. We want to get this brand in here because I think it fits well. But the story itself, I don't know what the fuck's going on at one point. I don't know why he starts seeing these life threads out of nowhere. It really feels to me like Paul Levitz, before he wrote this issue, he just got done reading Stephen King's Insomnia because they had the same concept in that where these things would come along and cut your life thread with this line coming out of your head. Yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's some kind of ancient goddamn thing, but that's all it made me think of. So. He, for some reason, sees these life threads coming out on, oh, shit, look at Akilah. Her fucking one's burning up for some reason. Better put on this helmet and go fucking follow this up to wherever it goes into infinity. Yeah. What's what's funny to me, because he makes a call out later as we go on. Later on, he ends up in a kind of a weird version of ancient Egypt, which was weird because it seemed to kind of of even tie in a little to the – 
the Blue Beetle book that you won it with Dr. Fate and the craziness. Yeah. But, you know, there, it's in ancient Egypt. The pyramids look to be uh, they're being built by a crazy alien race type thing, mechanic fucking, you know, rockets. And it's funny because he goes, man, this looks like something straight out of aliens. And the weird thing is, I think that that was supposed to be before because this alien, that this fucking thing that he goes to looks like an alien. Like, yeah, it looks like the alien that the, the fucking jumps out of the chest uh, of the, the one guy. Chestburster. Yeah, it looks like a chestburster. And I think that the reference was late because when he says it, it looks like fucking Stargate. Sure does I, look like Stargate. Star, yeah, so it's very weird. Speaking of alien, Ethan watched the first alien oh, yeah? Uh, yesterday. Yeah, and uh, because of that, Eric, I made spaghetti for dinner. <laughs> And I, I laughed the whole time, and he's like, I don't think I want to eat this. He, Did he like it? Alien? He loved yeah. it. He nice. thought it was great. He wants to watch Aliens next, obviously, but he does want to watch the whole series. I said they get a little so wonky near the with end. Alien 3. That's what I'm saying. I said they start getting a little wonky. Uh, and Alien Resurrection. And, re- and Alien, Alien Resurrection. versus Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that he's even going to go as far as Alien versus Predator, but speaking of which, we're going to watch Predator tomorrow, so we'll nice. see how that goes. Uh, but back to the issue. That shows you how much we love this issue. I'd rather talk about movies than, than this. Uh, really, he goes to this pseudo, you know, made up version well, of Egypt. There's fucking alien ships, it seems, flying. Oh, even bricks before to all that, though, pyramid. I was saying, like, when he sees Cothorus, this worm creature that seems to be fate itself, he's, we- yeah. he's pulling out all the threads of people's fate, and these dream weavers or uh, spinners. Are actually making like maintaining them, make sure they all stay together. Yeah. And uh, it seems that Cothorus has had run-ins with Doctor Fates of the past, and he does not like them. So he's going to go and kill this Doctor Fate to show you know maybe make up for lost time because he never yeah. got to kill the old ones. And Khalid is able to break free instantly, and he goes to this other like you know Egypt, which I don't even want to yeah. think is ancient Egypt. It seems no. like another dimension because you have... No, it's, it's the, made the, up. It's a different deal. He even says it. It's like, this yeah. isn't the way it's well, supposed be, to be. Well, because he comes across the Sphinx that gives him the riddle that we've had before. This is the, the Sphinx that gave him the idea of how to uh, defeat Anubis earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And we just get more of the same, though, where, okay, here's the Sphinx. He's going to tell me something, but I'm not going to understand exactly what he means yeah. right away. It's so and funny because he kind of calls him out on it. I'm like, no, that's his thing. You know this. You yeah. know what's going to happen. Him, him and Naboo ain't giving you shit. But really, the whole thing with Akila, uh, the girl, it just, to me, it's so weird. because All of he this really, is to save her life. Yeah, and he really, I know that he wants to save anybody's life, and this is a friend of the family. Uh, but really, he has avoided her like the plague since this thing started to the well, point where... he doesn't where, want to be inside of her, but he doesn't no, want anything bad to happen to yeah, her. He, yeah, but he also just didn't want any part. He was hiding from her. But I just, it's weird because it seems to me... That something else was going to happen with this Aquila, but the, the, it's ending. The, yeah. the series ends next issue. One more issue. And yeah. I think this was the force way to get her thing resolved. I actually thought that she was going to end up being a goddess or something that was looking after him, almost like, you know, the cats and all that. Yeah. Uh, but because she's kind of was out there and nothing was resolved, I think this was just because this does seem very forced. Like you said, why all of a sudden is he? Going to a protest with her. He never wanted to before, but he no, does. He didn't just, want to be there at the time. Just happens that he finds this out. And I think these, this issue and maybe what ends next is just basically we're going to tie this up and that's one loose end that, uh, Phil, uh, wanted to get done. Phil, uh, uh, 
yeah, Levitz wanted to get done. Paul Levitz. This, Paul Levitz. I, I, I almost said Phil Jimenez. Uh, but <laughs> Paul Levitz, he, for some reason, he wants to tie that up because it does seem very forced. And to the point, like you're saying, when he goes to the Sphinx, that's even like retread. We, yeah, we've seen that's, all this That's all before. we do, though, in the series. And, yeah, well, it is. And everywhere he goes, he has to say, you know what, I, I beat this guy, but I can't do this, and it just nothing happens. And I just, it's nonsense. Now, I will tell you, though, at the end of this issue, I was intrigued, and I was actually a bit happy because I liked the art in this, and the end of this book actually got me thinking, which made me realize I care a little bit. But he goes to the Sphinx, he wants to save Aquila, and it seems the only way he can do that is if he kills Cthulhu. And yeah. the Sphinx tells him, if you would defeat the mother... You must embrace her and all of her children. And this means if he goes to save Aquila, he has to go and like fight Cthulhuus. And if he wins, he then has to become fate itself yeah, and stay he'll be there. Fate himself. And yep. exactly, he will not be able to come back. He will have to stay in that fate realm yeah, and make yeah. sure that everybody's like lifelines are going out there and be like all and, together. So it gets him out of the DCU while the yeah, I was going to say still out there and. We we've seen you know Doctor Fate show up in Blue Beetle. It was not freaking. It was not Khalid. Yeah, it was not Khalid. So maybe that's like almost leads into a thing where uh, maybe he'll be saved later. Uh, Things like that. Almost like, uh, you know, Ray Palmer. He's kind of that's his own little thing that he's stuck in. But boy, I I have not enjoyed this. And it's really you say maybe that shows you that you're more interested than you. I think it it finally gave me something that I was interested in. That's the problem. I just, I think though, all of that though is also that you've had 17 issues that you've read and reviewed where you've gone through this whole, you've been in the shit with this book. So yeah, even if you're not interested in something, you're going to have an investment only because you have been there this whole time. And it's nonsense. It really is. I, I dread reading this book every time it pops up. I know there are some people that are fans. Uh, I am not. And it has nothing to do with Khalid anymore. Remember, people had the issue, oh, look at me. I don't want a, a Dr. Fate with the hoodie. I kind of like the look. I was intrigued with what I've gotten we were going to do. Now. Uh, but now it's just a shitty story yeah. with nothing well, it's happening. It's been a shitty character where he never yeah. can do anything. No, that's the weird thing. We're at issue 17. I can't say that he's a hero yet. He no. still doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He happens to have he's, a helmet and goes around He's places. still arguing with the helmet half the time. Like, nothing is him just going off and doing anything super heroic. He just, now, him saving a life and submitting himself to be a fate itself, that is the heroic moment. The thing is, but he doesn't 18 issues, what that means at that no. point, so he doesn't even know what he's about to do. Yeah, I'm saying, he's not really become a hero yet, and we're this far in. It's nonsense. What did you give it? I give it a 5.1 out of 10 yeah, just I know. because I, I couldn't give it the fuck you 5. I saw because... it. I'm like, yeah, the, the fuck you 5 screwed you because you probably would have given it a 5 yeah, uh, but if I, not. I was interested at the end of what yeah, was coming not, next, and I like the art in this book. It's weird. I don't care enough to give this a fuck you 5. I really don't. I'll give it a 4.9. I'll go the opposite way, one down. I just don't care enough to get that angry at it to give you a fuck you 5. I'm just glad I don't review it. Because I just don't like it. There One it more is. issue I, left. I'm looking. And I was like, this looks like an erector set from an Aliens movie. Wild. What, what does that, does that mean? mean? I don't know. <sighs> I guess we need the helm of fate to know what it means. All right. What was your pick of the week, Eric? Wonder Shit. Woman number nine. Mine was Wonder Woman uh, 75th anniversary, which I believe you gave the same score as. No, World I gave. The, I know. I actually did. I guess you're right. I did give that a nine. Yeah, I think you gave it a nine. So, so yeah, a tie. Oh, it's a tie. But I did. Wonder Woman all the way. Lot. 
I love that 75th anniversary and because I give it a 9.5. I went high. Uh, I'll also give an honorary mention, which I've never given to Teen Titans, that if you aren't reading Teen Titans, uh, I would say pick up the Rebirth and that number one to see if you like I would it. Because say that I, as really, well. I really do like it. Uh, here's what we're going to be talking about next week, Aaron. All right. We have Aquaman number 10. I, I don't even remember what's going on there. Batman number 10, which is going to continue the I Am Suicide story, uh, Batman taking it to Bane. Boosh. Uh, I did read it, Eric. I did read it. Catwoman, election night number one. I that saw also, that earlier today. I'm like, I yeah. forgot that was coming out. I don't even know. I mean, is that going to be our spotlight? That seems like it'd be it, prime it for like a it. spotlight. Yeah. Uh, it also has a prez backup. Fuck. Uh, it's never been said who was reviewing this. Reggie's hinting that I am. Uh, maybe we'll do a dual review because I don't want to touch prez. Uh, Cyborg number four. Uh, it's weird. The app that I use does not have – I took the variant covers out of the mix. Right. Somehow this week they're back in. Oh, good. And it's nothing to do with my settings, so I have to go well, through I used these. To, I used to use that app too, and like, it seemed like every week I had to reset the settings. Yeah, it's weird. I looked, and it's still the settings correct. It's just all of a sudden these variant covers. But, yeah, Green Arrow number 10, Green Lantern's number 10. That's going to be the Phantom Ring Continuation. Sure is. I'm looking forward to that. Green so Arrow, hard. number 10. I don't really know what's going on, but I am glad Juan Ferrer is listed as art, so we'll have Juan back. There was a train tonight. coming at our heroes yeah. last we saw him. Yeah, they were heading back to Seattle, though, so I, I expect them to just be in Seattle. I have not read that yet. Harley Quinn, number 7. Okay. Hawkman and Adam Strange, out of time, number so 2. So Death of Hawkman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it lists, it doesn't even say it. It still has the old deal. <laughs> Death I of Hawkman like, number two. Yeah, it's funny. Death of Hawkman number two. You're right. Justice League number eight. I did read that. I will not say anything. Midnighter and Apollo number two. Nightwing number eight. Superman number ten. Uh, the Flintstones number five, which Reggie will fucking force us to talk a couple sentences about. Oh, he really yeah. likes that. Uh, and that seems to be it. There's also Wonder Woman 75 box set. I have no idea what that is, but it looks like it's like a, a collection of 700 books. I want to see how much that would be. That is 50 bucks, Eric. So I All don't right. know what that is. But yeah, uh, a little less uh, in the book area next week. I got week. five books. Yeah, I, well, you have five. I have one because that's what? all I'm doing. One. Oh, really? I'm going to check now. I have a bunch. I'm going to check because I have, I have Batman. I have possibly Catwoman Election Night. I have Green Arrow. I have Justice, Justice League. League. I yeah. have Midnighter and Apollo. I have five. I have yeah. five if I'm doing the Catwoman. I think Reggie. Reggie has Aquaman. And he has, what was the other one? Harley. Harley and Flintstones. And the Flintstones. But yeah, we rarely talk about that. So we have like 13 bucks. Still yeah. less. It's good. Good stuff. Me and you better get on the ball. I can't Boosh. do five reviews in one night ever again, so I better do some a little ahead of time. Five I is doubt, my limit. I doubt I will. I don't like doing it, but yeah, five did, is my limit. The most I've done since we've had the books early or whatever was six, yeah. and boy, it took a lot out of me. Uh, five is a lot, especially when, when whenever – I have the weirdest thing. When I have that many books, I end up stalling and procrastinating on Tuesday when we're supposed to do them. Like, I should get home from work and start right away. For some reason, I fucking start farting around and looking at clickbait and taking a nap. See, you have that. That's the thing. As I get home, I know. I'm like, I'm going to get home. I'm going to do my shit right away. I fall asleep just take a nap until yeah. yeah. 6 o'clock. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. So hopefully I get on it and I don't fall asleep in the middle of a review like last week. That was the worst. I woke up. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I had to go and look back at the review. Shit was not making sense. <laughs> Just no sense at all. Uh, but, yeah, that's the podcast. Uh, I apologize for all the fans of the soundboard. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the soundboard tonight. I really yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know. LeBron James. Sometimes you feel like. LeBron James. And you might have to call. LeBron James. And see what. LeBron James. Is up to. And then I, it's like a Mad Libs. That is my least favorite fucking soundboard. I know. That's why I lay on it. LeBron I know. James. But Rafe would do it to me. And now I become, uh, I'm, I'm in love with it now. But, but Rafe, when I first heard it, Rafe had it on his phone and right. he would do exactly what I was doing. He would follow me around and go, Hey, Dad, you know who should come over for dinner? LeBron James. But if he does, you know that LeBron doesn't James. like spaghetti. He'd just go on and on like that. And it would drive me nuts. Uh, Did you hit him? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I kicked him. Uh, okay. Actually, I, I took my shoe off and hit him with my shoe. I don't want to break my hand. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I get, it makes me happy. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it why a girl yelling, look at all these chickens, makes me so happy. Except the fact that I see the joy that I never knew. That she is so happy. She is never, tapped into something you will never I've understand. I've never known that happiness in my life. And someday I'll I will. You don't understand that. It should make you fearful and angry. Look at all those chickens. She is so happy. So happy of those chickens. They're not chickens, little girl. They're not chickens. You, you don't care. You're still happy. You're so happy that you think they're chickens. They're not chickens. The guy is drunk. Yes, he is. He's drunk. Any guy in your life is going to be drunk. That little girl is going to marry a drunk, Eric. There oh my is. god, no. Spoiler alert. You know what? If she doesn't marry a drunk, she's gonna marry LeBron James. That's gonna be a crazy one. Oh, isn't she's, she a little young for LeBron? She's a lot younger, but LeBron James is gonna have a lot of money and he's gonna get himself a young uh piece of butt. I can't even say ass. Piece she's of a young girl. Butt. Piece of butt. That, that doesn't make it better if you're talking about a minor. Look at all those chicks. She's not gonna be a minor then, but she is gonna marry LeBron James. You are right. She is going to marry LeBron James, and I just have cracked the code. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. You are correct, sir. Oh, I'm tired, Eric. Oh, I'm my. so tired. What, what, i got to get to the side. I want to yell for what do we say at the end, but i got to get everything ready. What do we say, Eric? Everybody have a happy Halloween. Happy have a great Halloween. week. We're in a great way. It's still the weekend of Halloween. Seems yeah. like that was like five years ago. Yep. It's getting there. Uh, have a great week. Keep great it weird. Week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven.